Can you hear that? It's the sound of things about to get weird in here. This is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to episode number 122. 122. What is... Uh, things getting spooky up in here. I don't you, know. You, re- you uh, watching all them goosebumps? I got I got, I got, got a headband back scared. on. I think it's squashing off the oxygen in my brain. I actually just comb my hair back in like a slick oh, look like you do sometimes. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that in my life. I, I don't. It was getting. It was getting here. at my goddamn friggin' face. Ah, hello and welcome, one and all, to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of May sixth, two thousand seventeen. Eric, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network. Oh, geeks! I forgot what I was going to say. The Batman Podcast Network and the Tangent Mountain Podcast Network. Eric, can you find us? You can find us everywhere. At the street corner, at the Five and Dime, at the rec center, playing some ping pong, trying at to keep that rec center uh, taken away by that nefarious businessman who wants to turn it into a gas station. Mr. Johnson's an evil, evil man. He is. But, Eric, you can't shut down the rec center. It's our most busiest weekend of the year. Facebook, we're on. Uh, you can like us at Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean. Papa Twitter at Weird oh. Science DC. We're I also think I know at twa, why you're having twa, problems with twa, words. Twa, 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 Podbean at Weird yeah. Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. And we do have a website, which is wha, 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 Weird Science DC Comics.com. Eric, that is award winning. That is uh, an, the right an impersonation. Sound starting out that time. Well, yeah, that was an impersonation of one of the guys that you went to school with. That had so a stutter. my bus, Stuttering yeah. Steve. Stuttering Steve, who'd go, hey, j- 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 Eric. God damn it, Steve. I, I think I know why you stutter. You're not, you're saying yeah. the words wrong to begin with. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the problem. He he had a very odd stutter, Eric. You can also email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. You can tell us anything, Eric. You can tell me how your free comic book day was because we're going to be talking about that in the news section. That's news, Eric. The Adventures of Us at free comic book day but we also have a rent rate i'm also i'll just mention we're also on itunes stitcher cb radio and if you do get us at any of those things and you can rate and review us uh we'd appreciate it we would appreciate it eric have you CB radio i'll be interested reviewed, in that have you rated and reviewed our podcast have you no. done that? you don't even have a itunes account I do, do you not no no i you may either when you when you apply for an account on itunes they either ask you do you have a license or no. do you have glasses that aren't broken? You said no. no to each, and they send you away. They do not need you on iTunes. Segregation, they don't like Jim. You. Apple hates you, Eric. They don't Everybody like you me. at all. They're jerks. Segregation, right? There you go. <laughs> I was just trying to get to that. But we also have a rent and rave line, which you can call at 641-715-3900, and an extension of 452328, followed by the pound sign... It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy. And we have a bunch of rant and raves tonight. And I'll tell you, I was going to take people's advice, and I was going to get a gong. I was going to get the gong sound effect. Now, I also thought, you know what, I could use the the pop culture's flush, the toilet flush to crap these things. I don't think I'm going to have to use it tonight. I actually am very happy with what we got in the rant and raves, and I think that people have stepped it up. 
No, I'm not really happy. I'm uh, happy with the Rant Raves. That's different. I can say, oh, man, you know what? I'm happy to hear that news. I'm still a miserable prick. Uh, but we're going to start the Rant Raves with the first one uh, from Chris from the DC Squadcast podcast. Ooh. And I, I talk to him a lot now. I will yes. mention on his podcast, he has the mouth of an angel, Eric. And I don't mean that in a sexual way at all. I he it, Now, all of a sudden... Cursing like a teamster here. The reins have been taken off. You, you get, I'm telling you, you get on our podcast, shit gets real. You know what I mean? But here he is. Here we go. Richard, Richardson here. <laughs> oh, God. I don't Richard, like Chris. Richardson. I'm just kidding. I'm not Thank Richard Richardson. God. Thank fucking God. Listen to that voice. Of because me. if I was, I would fucking jump off a goddamn cliff. So would I. I hear that. Uh, no, hello. This is Chris. Hi, Chris. I've never done a rent and rave, and yeah. for the fucking life of me, I cannot remember the team number or the Eric. extension that you give. It's just that to easy. To call into the rent and rave, and so now I'm just going to do this via email because what else do I have to do on it's a Sunday easy, night Chris. after I've been drinking with friends all day and <laughs> editing my own podcast yep. leisurely, I guess, if you will. Leisurely. But leisurely. you know, I figured I would, I would send you guys this and maybe talk about. The end of Justice League, uh, Timeless. Part, oh, I was just hoping it was the end of the Justice League. I mean, it might League. as well be part 25. I don't fucking know. I, I don't know either. One of the worst things that's ever happened to DC Comics in a long time. What the hell is going on with this Timeless, Tempest, Vincent, like me, Big like baby. my father? It's like this, and now I'm going to bleed on the machines, and all of a sudden I'm hacking in. Can anyone tell me what the fuck is going on? Because no. I have no answers, and I'm, I'm trying to talk about this in my own podcast, and, and we don't have answers. Nope, nobody says. And it's just complete nonsense, and Brian Hitch needs to get fucking fired and be sent off get gone. into maybe uh, Scott Snyder's writing class. Hallelujah! There. And learn how to write. <laughs> A fucking cohesive story for once in his life. Don't, I don't say know. that to dance. Maybe mind. that's the solution. But no, we've got him selling comics off yep. the shelves somehow. On the anyway, streets for some reason. I'll try to wrap it up. I don't want this to be a, a long ordeal. This is no toilet, Alan Moore. But <laughs> I will say, um, are there any rumblings? Are we hearing any rumors? Is there anything to give us hope? That there is change coming. No, something yeah, in the wind. A, a sparrow, maybe a, a dove, with a message tied to pigeon. its Mike Tyson's pigeon claw told me to just let us know that uh, there is hope on the horizon. Because yeah. as of right now, it just looks like a shitstorm of more Brian Hitch Justice League. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of shout out about that. Just a little bit you of complaining about that and. Yeah. uh Maybe you can shed some light on the future of that nope. book for me because, my God, I thought I was going to get it in Trinity. I'm not getting it in nope. Trinity. Nope. I thought I might get it in JLA. Nope. It's not nope. happening there either. Uh, so where where are we going to get this fix, the team-up fix? I, I'm enjoying Suicide Squad for all of its fun and its flaws. What we're getting is, you know, hit or miss. Yep. And thank God the last issue – we uh Romeo yeah, one whole was story, right? that because my god, it was like a breath of fresh fucking air mm -hmm. and having one cohesive of story. A teamster. Thank God for that as well. Always been drinking all day. I could actually read it without breaking my fingers back <laughs> and uh ripping my fingernails off at the same time. Don't do that, so, man. Anyway, cool. just wanted to send this out. 
waste of your time, waste of your listeners' no. time, which is also my time. So, <laughs> guys, keep up the good work. And as far as I know, I'm not part of the Get Fresh. Yes, you are. But I would like to give a shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Adieu. Adieu. Ah, yes. The guy is drunk. The guy is drunk. No, thank you, Chris. And that, uh, I agree with him. The thing is, though, today I went out to my car. We were going to go to Free Comic Book Day, and I forgot my keys in the house, so I just slipped my wrist and bled on the steering wheel, and off we went. Huh? It actually, Fucking blood technology. It actually got in us. It's, it's blood tech. I am fully into blood tech. It's nonsense. And we will be talking about Justice League later again uh, like this week. you got iPhones, iPads, iBleeds. I bleeds. Uh, yeah, Just League later. I think that I was a little harsh on it, but I'm harsh on it because I just hate everything about it. It's and, just beating uh, you down. Yeah, it does beat me down. Weeks, but this issue, I said, I, I have a note in my thing. I only have one real note after my blurb, and I just Fancy. said, reading Justice League has become my fucked up version of Groundhog Day. Because every fucking two weeks I wake up, uh, you know, and I, I get that book and I want to kill myself. I only have one note for Justice League as well. It's Justice League gives me AIDS. Oh, Jesus Christ. You got the AIDS? I got the AIDS big uh, time. I just, I, I hate it. And even the story, like I said, it's hard. We'll get into it later, but it's hard to really rate this issue because nothing fucking happens and it doesn't make sense and it doesn't no. even grab it doesn't even grab me at all uh, I, he can't and chris said it fully correct he just doesn't have the concept of how to write a real story he really no. doesn't he's so off on every bit of story technique yet he seems to be a big movie fan eric every issue has invokes a movie but yet he can't yet one of the things in a movie is a villain or a character you, you want to be invested in these uh, things you want to know about them you want to know why they you, you can't just yell things and have me be happy about it and go oh my god yeah i see yeah what was the kid's name what was his daughter uh, actually how many kids did the guy have that's the as far villain as i know he had one kid now it looks like he had two possibly yeah. then yeah. because then they like mentioned two later yes and what were their names no idea no idea what was his name no idea. No. No. That, did you know the minute you were done? No. No. And you're just like, how could you actually be like, oh, man, I feel bad. You know what? I understand his. Man, look at that his, boy with his zero I understand his. Yeah, I understand his, his pain. I don't even understand. Shit, he's just all over the place. It, it I'm wasn't just really even like. Hoping, though, I'm telling you, I, in my mind right now, well, it, the hope in my mind is that Brian yes. Hitch is just watching like a Bill Murray movie marathon, and the next art we get all about like, what about Bob? No, what the if, whole thing is I think Aquaman? he is the man who knew too little. That's who he is. <laughs> he boy. should fucking just go out. I'm sick of it. But here's the next one. This Garfield. is the return of a – it's a callback, Eric. And I, I saw in the Slack chat with the Get Fresh crew, by the way, and I'm telling you, Chris, you're in the Get Fresh crew. I don't give a fuck what you say. You talk to me all the time. You just have to get in that Slack chat, and then you're in. Yeah. Uh, the Slack chat, there was just a lot of talk. Cool. There was a lot of talk of this guy, and amazingly, he's returned, Eric. Shit, like risen from the Hello, Jim and Eric. This is Michael. Oh, God, Michael. <laughs> Thanks for another great podcast last week. The only comic book I bought this week was Batman number 22. I love Flashpoint, and seeing the Flashpoint universe again was cool, and there were a lot of good emotional moments between Bruce and Thomas Wayne. But ultimately, it didn't matter or add to the story. Nope. The only part of the issue that mattered was the interaction with Eobard Thawne, which could have been accomplished without going to the Flashpoint universe. Yeah. 
But the art was great, so I give it a 6 out of 10. Looking right. forward to the next episode, and hope you guys have a great week. There's Michael. There I'm just dancing, Michael. Mike. Actually, Michael did kind of really, uh, I have to give Michael credit. The way he just said that was a lot better than what I'll say later, yelling and screaming, because it's true. When when even Brett has been arguing with me fucking nonstop about the Flashpoint universe, how big this is and how whatever, the, the, it does boil down to Flashpoint they didn't even need to line. be there. They didn't even need to be there. Yeah, time, they didn't even need to go there. It really did not affect the story at all. It just no. gave Bruce the moment that he could talk to his father. That's all it did. You know, it's funny. That, I could have actually like guessed that Michael was going to call in today because there was a comment on the website like that said Michael, and I was talking about Batman. Oh, shit, is Dancing Mike depressed again? What happened? <laughs> I think that what uh, Brett was actually depressed because, Brett, I'll tell you, no emails from Brett this week. There was a little bit of a, uh, I, I don't know what it was. It wasn't a... Uh, he doesn't like robots. Yeah, he kind of, he might have been a little upset at us, but it was more that he just is afraid that people don't like him. So he said he's going to step back a little. Uh, but in the meantime, I said, hey, listen, Brett, you, you think that these people didn't like because we did get some mail last week. I said, boy, at points... Dancing Mike was the most hated guy on the you, Some of our freaking emails were just hate mail and, on and Dancing I, Mike. Yeah, and I think that Dancing Mike took that to heart. Uh, now, Dancing Mike has to realize we are, uh, you know, 75 to 80 episodes past that nonsense. Yeah. Now, he kind of comes and goes. You know, my, Mike likes it. Dancing Mike speaks his mind. Michael, he's a little lobotomized. He, he just, dude. He, Michael does tell the truth. But I don't know that he speaks his mind. And sometimes Dancing Mike speaks his mind, Harper and Cohen, and it leads him in the hot water. But Michael was back. I hope that Michael is gone. I, I want Dancing Mike back. So I, I love that. Dancing Mike. Now, the next uh, rant and rave is from somebody that is very, very near and dear to you, Eric. All right. Jim, Eric, this is Richard Richardson. It's Richard Richardson, Eric. Oh, yeah, oh yes. I know this. I, I don't. Chris just said he'd jump off a fucking building if it was if he was Richard Richardson. Oh, he had a pole. I heard. I saw. He worked the pole. That's why I don't vote. Things don't ever go my way. And Richard Richardson won. Yes, he won. I want to see the end results. I think he's lying. I want to recap. No, no, people. People voted for to just goddamn kill us. Well, I'll be doing a comic book review now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about my superpower. Yes, Richard Richardson has a superpower. Like knives in my ear holes. Yes. Yes. Yes, and I'm yep. going to try it out. Today. Does he give you hearing aids? <laughs> this is Richard Richardson, and. Let's try it out on Jim first. Okay. And my superpower is reading mind. Oh. <laughs> yes, Richard Richardson can read your mind. First up, Jim, I'm going to read your mind. Free your I'm mind. going to tell you what your Quanto favorite foods not. are, Jim. Here's are my you favorite ready? foods. I'm are ready. Are you ready for this? Richard Richardson. Ah. Your two favorite foods are Twizzlers <laughs> and Crave cereal. You fucking Am bitch. Right? Twizzlers no. are good, Jim. Am I, I right? Eric, yeah. <laughs> I hate Twizzlers. Twizzlers. I know they're so good, man. Delicious. I fucking hate Twizzlers. Are Red your vine. Favorite. You know. No. <laughs> I don't like those wrong. either. And then I'm gonna tell you 
what your favorite movie my is. My favorite movie. Star Wars? This is Richard Richardson. Your favorite movie is... I almost is punched the a microphone. Element. You just Fifth love element. that movie. <laughs> I know how much you love it because I, I hate just that movie read so your mind. I hate that movie. Richardson. I hate that fucking movie. Now, Eric, you're next. Now, I am getting this feeling on a personal level with you, Eric. It's going to get really Richard Richardson, personal level. And I'm going to tell you some things that are just going to blow you away. This is Richard Richardson, the mind reader. And I know you wanted to be a horror host. Yeah, a horror host. I know it. I just read your mind. (laughs) Yep. And the other two things that are going to blow you away, this is Richard Richardson. Okay. Is Eric. Your father used to play college football. So about my yes, dad. Yes, college football. Daddy. And your sister is in the Marines. <laughs> uh-huh. He's a stalker. Oh, yeah, I know that. Look, I'm a mind reader. He's a stalker. Richard Richardson, mind reader. <laughs> I will see you later. <laughs> Richard Richardson. This is why you <laughs> Yeah, so here's the thing. <laughs> Obviously, he must listen a lot, Eric, and yeah. he must be stalking you. <laughs> uh, he's just gone to creep level 10. <laughs> uh, what, what the fuck? I'm telling you, at one point, Richard Richardson actually sent me a, a, a message, a direct message on goddamn Twitter, and said that, hey, you know who I am, right? I'm like, I have my theories. Who are you? And then fucking was sending goddamn pictures of uh, freaking Jim Carrey. <laughs> it sees people hate it when you hear. I have to deal with the guy all week now. <sighs> Richard Richardson, Eric, he is a mind reader. Ah, uh, yes. The next mind raper. <laughs> the next rant and rave is from Alex M. Eric, we like Alex M. So we're going to go back to people that we like. Here's Alex M. Hello, Jim. Hello, Hello. Eric. Hello, so Reggie and the Get Bears. Um, this is Alex M. I'm calling because I've been going through some of your reviews today on New Comic Book Day. Boop, boop. And, um, I don't know why. I, yeah, I, 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 I got sort of your uh, writing style. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the structure of it, uh, how you came up with it, the whole uh, summary of the top, explain it. And then at the bottom, the bits and pieces. Um, also, I had a question about the last paragraph before the bits and pieces and the bits and pieces. Specifically, what's the difference between those two paragraphs? It seems to me that bits and pieces is almost like a shortened version of the last paragraph. You are correct. I, mean, I don't know if there's Not really spoiler. a difference. Um, yes. Maybe you can elaborate on that. Thank you, and have a good one. <laughs> Uh, basically that last paragraph is a non-spot now i don't really spoil my deal yeah basically the last paragraph is the summary of what we thought of the issue before we give the the uh score 
and with Eric's reviews and Reggie's even, you don't you do spoil some things in your review a little more than me, and that is a non-spoiler thing. So people and that's just, why we have it. And top, basically, and it's and yeah, score at the bottom. And it's basically a quick two set. We realize, and I realize right away, most people, including myself, when I would go to video game sites like IGN and, and GameStop or GameSpot like that, I would usually just look at the score at the bottom right. because. I don't I don't have enough attention to read two pages of shit. So I figured, and you did, we both thought this right away, that you put that little thing, some people might only read those two, three sentences and the score, and they'll get a gist of what we thought of it. Not yeah. just a six out of ten, you'll, you'll get that little bit. Plus, uh, when we first got the site together, we wanted to get it on the comic book roundup, and we want to have that so then somebody can look at the comic book roundup and see that blurb. And know exactly what we thought, and if they're interested, go into there. Go to the whole the, review. Uh, the whole thing yeah, with explaining it was just a line from Weird Science, which we based the freaking site on. Explain it. Explain it. And I don't you know. do. I don't use that. I don't use the explain it. You yeah, do. you don't spoil it. I no, just I do. I liked it, so I went with. We it. both have separate ideas. You like to tell what happened and then go. Yeah. I like to to go like a paragraph, then kind of say what I thought of that part. And the, you know, we have different ways of doing it, but we wanted to have a basic format. So it, that if somebody it's comes at it, you're something fierce. We did like when yeah. we started. We didn't know what the hell we were doing at but all. Yeah, I think basically, we had maybe one paragraph and then a score. The bits and pieces we just called our, you know, final blurb was yeah, what it really is. Bits and pieces is. was from the, you know, the uh, I can't even think of the name right now. Freaking, uh, goddamn, the song. The bits and pieces weird from the like, Weird Science theme. The, yeah, that's like, what bits it is. And pieces weird and bits and pieces. I can't think yeah, of the yeah. so name of the band though. It's killing me. Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Thank God. But yeah, really. We, we did the whole format we've had since pretty much the beginning, that sort of format where we have a blurb at the end. We always have that just to give you a quick summary of what we thought. But yeah, it is. If you're reading the whole review, it kind of is a redundant thing. But, you know, we, well, that's we put the thing that is, I, the I actually stuff. ended up putting up that last paragraph there before the bits and pieces because I got called out. Like, I think it was within the first year of doing reviews for like, like, because I used to talk about my opinions throughout the explain it section. People were like, oh, you're just recapping the book. I could have read it and just got the same yeah, thing. Somebody which, said that like, you were, a, what, it was this guy at the comic book store and given the uh, the voice to text? To text? Or, yeah, shit like that. So I <laughs> ended up putting this best. last paragraph to tell exactly what's like, you know, complete with spoilers, what I felt about it and what I liked, oh. didn't like, shit like that. So then I had the bits and pieces where I keep it spoiler free and give you the gist of what I thought yeah, about no, the book. Yeah, and also, that blurb is just like the, you know, it's the perfect meeting of pictures and fucking words like yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that that's all it is just so you know a little bit more about our uh why we gave the score but yeah if you read the whole thing you can kind of skip that even if you wanted to right eric you could just skip it all just skip everything keep away here is the next rent rape from monty i say monty but it is montague oh monty you'll see fancy hello mrs james werner and eric follow shay oh this is Montague Thropfordshire of Sputum-on-Avon in the United Kingdom. Right. Regarding your most recent Unusual Science popular culture podcast, in which you did detail intentions of a Ms. Beyonce Knowles <laughs> to release a collection of long-playing vinyl records detailing the creation of her smash album from... The Year of Our Lord, 2016, entitled Lemonade. Lemonade. And it was Mr. Shea who commented, and I apologize, I do not have the comment verbatim, but it was to the effect of, 
what sort of consumer in this day and age would prefer to purchase long-playing vinyl records for their Hipsters. music listening? I, I just said who had a I turntable. I will have you know, Mr. Shea, this past weekend was a record store day. And it was a, a smashing day? success for all of over at the fucking Vir- Many store? units of vinyl yeah. long-playing records were sold and moved Tower and the records? interest in vinyl has increased exponentially in the last decade. Indeed, it is a superior format <laughs> upon which Keep up to character. listen to your music, for it is the truest representation of the recording as done in studio. You need all them pop Yeah. Although, I suppose, with the music you listen to, being cacophonous flatulence and gunshots, it shan't make nary a difference. Thank you very much, fellows, for your time and for your podcast. <laughs> this is Montague Thropfordshire signing off, and don't call me Monty. I'm pretty sure I just said who has a <laughs> turntable still. I already said Monty. Uh, yes, yeah. Tower Records has uh, gone bankrupt, and they do not have uh, brick-and-mortar shops anymore, Eric. They're only online. So, uh, but no, you, I'm telling you, where would I go to find a fucking record needle? You go find Monty. He knows where. I don't know. They, like the, he's talking about old Monty there. Somehow it's weird. Monty sounds like he's uh, British, he's telling us. Sounds like some guy I know from New York. But if you're in New York, I'm sure that they have a lot of those, you know, mom and pop type uh, well, records. We are still can't be from fucking New York. I, I went to now. the flea market the other day, the place that we used to go to. They still have LPs. I saw them. I saw them right there and then, Eric, just sitting there in a fucking bin for like 10 cents. Uh, but yes, I do not have a uh, turntable. I have another turntable. I don't have two turntables, but I have a microphone. Eric, I do have a microphone. Yeah, I'm going to use that to announce this next rant and rave is from St. Patreon. St. Patreon. It, you, are you aware of that saint? Saint The patron saint of Patreons? It is the saint uh, the patron saint of Patreon. Here we go. Oh! <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Oh. Hello, Jim and Eric. Hello. This is St. Patreon, <laughs> the patron saint of all Patreons. And I'm here to say, have you two been good little boys this Is it weird year? that I'm getting an Indian vibe from I this? I think you have. Yeah, it is. I I'm getting more of a jolly have, vibe here. Which is why I want you to get a Patreon account. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's stuck in a bear trap. You've had such a I great like, show ah, this ah, year. Ah, you ah, deserve ah, to ah. get a little bit of money for all the time and effort and little. hard work you put into well, this show. Anyone who devotes as many hours to something as you two do, <laughs> he's going to say it's useless. Papa needs a new pair. Everything. Wait. Oh, God. Excuse me. St. Patreon forgot to drink his cold brew and to take his medication. Don't shoot him next time, man. He's losing. (laughs) Well, I just have one more thing to tell you. Whoop, whoop. Uh, (laughs) I thought it was going to be hello, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, that is Sam Patreon. Eric, he wants us to start a Patreon, but he's scaring me. He's a scary fellow. Eventually, well, eventually, when nobody listens to us, is if when I'll be like, Patreon "Yeah, let's do that Patreon now." To blow me, oh, <laughs> Eric Shea, you fucking asshole! Oh, 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 oh! We have one last rant and rave, Eric. I think this is going to be your favorite of all time. You like Greg Capullo? Are you a big Greg Capullo fan? Uh, Sure, he's all right. Okay. Well, I think you're going to like him a little more now, Eric. Here we go. (laughs) Greg. Greg. Jamie. What the fuck? I'm working out. What did I tell you? I'm going to go to the store and get some Hawaiian tropics. We're all out. <laughs> yeah, that's in my goddamn podcast. I'm listening to my favorite one, bro. It's called Mom, I'm Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are so funny. Before you go, let's sit down and talk for a little bit. Oh, Why are you in such a hurry? I got to get me some Hawaiian tropics. Oh, let's talk about some people that are lame. <laughs> okay. You know who's at the top of the list? Hmm. <laughs> Jim Burner. Yeah. Up there at the... Shame. Weird. Shame. Whatever the fuck podcast. <laughs> I hate that, dude. Hey, fuck. I, I just... Oh. <laughs> Shame him. Shame him, Jamie. Shame. Shame. All right, bitch. Go get your Hawaiian tropics. I'll deal with you later. Oh, seems you like every time it? I'm sitting talking with my wife. I always mention people that are lame. I think I left someone out. Oh, oh no. Eric Strait. Oh. oh, Jesus Christ. Eric. I was crying. I was left torn. I, I didn't listen to the whole thing. And then it got better. Uh, yes, that's the rant race. I love Greg. They see that's the thing now. I love Greg Capullo. Uh, but that's it, Eric. That is the rant raves. We're gonna take a break now, and we're gonna go off to the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. Hi, Eric. Hi, how's it this, going, Jim? Great. This is the news section. So nice. We're going to do it twice, Eric, because we already recorded this and I fucked up and it didn't No, record. we didn't. <laughs> we didn't? As no. this, I, I thought we were going back in time and this is a Groundhog's Day version made by Brian Hitch that's forcing oh. us into this. But this is the news for the week. There is one news item, not very exciting. No. Especially reading it the second time, Eric. Well, I'm going to try to play this, so enlighten me, Jim. 
Okay, I will enlighten you. And, and unfortunately, every time this happens, it's never as good as the first time. No. And I'll tell you that first time, Eric. Mwah! The gem. <laughs> Perfecto! Hey, what are you doing, Eric? DC shakes up the editorial leadership team. See, I, I didn't use that voice the last time, and the last time you would have understood what I said. Yeah. DC, as in DC Comics, oh, all right. shakes oh, up, as in shuffles some things. Editorial, right. which is the editorial leadership <laughs> of the hires up, team, a bunch of people. There. Right. Did that explain it a little better for you? I'm still Did... kind of confused on editorial. Editorial. Uh, you, we said earlier before uh that we actually thought this was to do with the uh shitty fucking editorial shit that's been going on i mean there is so many crazy things that have been going on in books that we can nitpick about that i thought jesus christ if this happens there what are we going to talk about on this podcast will, will they actually know the sector that earth is in now Hopefully. will that be possible Shameful. will we find out if the extremist world was destroyed or not, or if the Valthum actually created this or that. Is that what we're talking about? Because I don't think we are. No, Basically, no, no, no. this is more of a higher-ups being shuffled around, getting promotions, things like that. And you know what that is, Eric? You know what that is to me? Yeah, that's pretty boring. Yeah. But, we're gonna, but it's the news. It's the news, Eric. The news that is you, you can't say, no, we can't do this news because it's boring or else then we'll be TMZ, Eric, and we don't want that. Bleeding Cool already does that for us, Eric. Ooh, boom! <laughs> ah, yes. DC shakes up editorial leadership team. DC Entertainment Today announced the expansion of its publishing group's leadership team. And I'll tell you, if this seems very dry, this is DC's uh, the press release. So it's Fancy. straight from that. Executive editor Pat McCallum will oversee the DC Universe's superhero comic book titles. I love these things. They're so generic. Pat McCallum, the Pat McCallum, will oversee the DC Universe's superhero comic book titles. Oh, the superhero comic book titles, really? Do you consider Constantine a superhero, Eric? Yes, I do. Do you? Do you consider – I'm trying to think of a character that we'd have he a book. He might not consider himself. Well, I, I, I just – I'm trying to think of a character that we'd have a book on that we, you wouldn't consider a superhero, and I would wonder if Pat McCallum Destro. is dealing with that. Do you think he is a superhero? Destro. No. So do you think Pat McCallum is not dealing with just Deathstroke? Somebody else no, He's gone it. now. Get out of here, Deathstroke. Newly promoted executive editor Mark Doyle will oversee Vertigo. DC Young Animal and select new projects. Sounds select like a very boring desk job overseeing yeah, Vertigo. Really, it's Vertigo. He's just sitting there watching it fucking crumble. Twiddling his thumbs. <laughs> He's like, this is like watching a Life After People. This fucking imprint. <laughs> Nobody's here. Vice President and Executive Editor Bobby Chase. Bobby <laughs> Chase. Right, Bobby Chase. Will oversee the balance of DC's publishing imprints, including a new Young Readers imprint, while continuing to oversee DC talent development. Bobby Chase, Eric. I like that name. Bobby Chase. So you, do I. Have you? Growing up, did you know any Bobbies as you grew up? Yeah, I know a Bobby who was a guy, though, not a girl. Really? Yeah, this is a girl. I know a Bobby who was a guy as well. This kid, uh, now this was in Warminster before I moved Me to too. Quaker Town. And maybe it's, a, did this, did your Bobby like to go around and think he was a dog? Was, no, is that no, possible? no. Mine was a really good yeah. uh, hockey player who was a couple oh. years older than us that we used to have on our like street hockey team. Really? We used to go to other streets and play other streets. He wasn't. He was our ringer. He wasn't as good as me. But uh, Bobby that I knew, we we would. My mom would babysit all these kids, and Bobby was the kid who would just 
go around on all fours and bark and would think that he was a dog. No, uh, he, he wished was, he was a dog. It's an easier life, Jim. No, really. No, well, it is an easier life. Uh, can a dog live in the ceiling? Is that possible? Uh, sure, the, the weirdest part of this is there was nothing really wrong with him except that. Like, this kid was a smart kid. He, we played around. You know, everybody would go out Smelt and play. Each other, everybody's at asses. Points, no, at points, he would just go and he'd just have fun by himself. Uh, I guess he might have licked his balls if he could have, but he would just go around on all fours and pretend he's a dog. This is the guy also that my mom yelled at because my mom's an awful cook and uh-huh. he would he oh, like yeah, cream of wheat. It was yeah, the cream, cream of wheat that yeah, she yeah. didn't cook. She just poured milk in it like it was cereal and made you, him you eat it. I'm saying that and you don't cook shit for dogs. You just put it in a bowl. That's true. And unfortunately, this dog fucking had claws, Eric. Meow! <laughs> what that means. McCallum Doyle and Chase will report to senior vice president and editor-in-chief Bob Harris. So you have McCallum Doyle and Chase. That is the uh, that does sound like a law firm, right? Tony, we had a great bit about a law firm. I don't even want to do it anymore. Uh, you he don't want to do a smear it. campaign for fucking politicians. Yeah, you wanted them to be against each other. I said they sound like personal uh, injury lawyers that Did might you? help you out if you were driving a Ford truck drunk and hit somebody. Yeah, that's when they I step in. Smear campaign anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It was something about McCallum not liking Doyle or Doyle not liking McCallum because he let the sector of Earth be changed. Would you want to live wanna... in a world where McCallum doesn't know that Sector 2814 is not the pro- – I can't even do it anymore. Of course you I, don't. It was did so you know, the first do, time. Did you know Doyle allegedly knew about 9-11 three weeks after it happened? Does that seem like a guy you want around <laughs> three weeks after it happened? Eric. <laughs> DC, here's the quote. DC experienced tremendous growth over the past year. And by putting this new leadership team in place, a, we are poised to continue the momentum that began with DC Universe Rebirth and DC Young Animals, stated DC publishers Dan DiDio and Jim Lee in unison, I guess. God they talking together. A wet bit about this whole it thing is. Called. It's a thing we have to hold it, uh, it got ruined, Eric. I'm sorry. It did not record. Fuck. I'm trying to, to capture the recapture of the magic. Can. It's impossible. No, it is not. We got to make our own new magic, Eric. How about if I said Dan DiDio and Jim Lee were just like uh, those couples that used to have the dual answering machine messages? That's new. I didn't say that last no, time. You, didn't. you, you didn't like that? that? You like this that one? Jim, it's like this, this is, is Jim. This is Jim. See? Yeah, no, it's this is Dan and this is Jim, and you've reached the DC offices. How about that? That's some new magic. You like that one? <laughs> we're excited to work Believe with this it new. Or not, I'm not at home. <laughs> right now uh yes we're excited to work with this new editorial leadership team to explore new genres reach new readers and ultimately grow our publishing slate to begin dc's unmatched characters and stories to an even even broader audience it's just nonsense all these i don't even understand really who is interested in this story tell me uh, it's McCallum? one of those that they, they let this out, but that, that's what I'm saying. They Chase? let it out as almost like a celebration of McCallum, Doyle, and Chase that might have been last year's winners in Running Man. There you go, Eric. That's some new magic, right? Last year's losers. Last year's wieners. There you go. <laughs> Why in Running Man did they keep the skeletons at the exact fucking lockers and have a camera filming it, Eric. Why? That is never going to help you. 
God damn it. it. It gets me mad so much. Like, there's last year's winners. Dispose of the bodies. You can't have them there for people to see. I know they were in the game zone, Eric. Why was the locker room in the game zone I, and, and there and let people die? And how did they die in the locker room? You would have thought guess. they would have killed them. They were just there, just skeletons over a year. Last year's, look at last year's wieners. <laughs> drove me nuts so much in that movie but i love that fucking movie hey christmas tree hey hey christmas tree hey light bulb <laughs> fucking love it hey sub-zero <laughs> now plane sub-zero now plane zero i also i really really like when he kills sub-zero and then they have that uh dance number and the whole thing, Sub-Zero. I think it was Sub-Zero that they did it for, right? It's like, Sub-Zero, so. a hero of the people. <laughs> they have that dance routine for him. Oh, it's the best. Uh, I love that movie. We ended up watching that twice in the past month. And every time I'm like, why didn't they get rid of those bodies? They, they can go into the game zone. <sighs> God damn. Damn it, I get mad at that. See, Eric, that's, this is new magic. Pat McCallum is a DC veteran spending several years as an editor of DC titles. Most recently, he was instrumental in DC Universe Rebirth rollout. Newly promoted Mark Doyle began his career at DC on the Vertigo editorial team. Overseeing. See, I, had, I, I had a really bad joke there that I got no reaction from you. It was great. What was it? Tell me, because I probably didn't hear it. Come on. Give it to me. Give it to no, me. Was no, it a knock-knock no, no, no. joke? Knock-knock. Uh, oh, no, knock. I'm done now. I'm done. I'm done. Knock-knock. Who's there? Mark. Mark who? Mark Doyle. Overseeing hit titles including yeah. American Vampire, yeah. 100 Bullets. Who wrote 100 Bullets, Eric? Who wrote? Oh, I don't know. Scott Snyder? That's a Brian Azzarello joint, I believe. Azzarello joint. DMZ Good. Azzarello did, uh, or uh, Scott Snyder did American Vampire with That's right. Albuquerque, I believe. DMZ and Scalped. Is, is it, is it uh, you know, bad to say that I think Scout might involve some American Indians. Is that, I think it does. No, you called him American Indians. It's good. No, I'm saying, is that, I don't know. I've never read Scout. I've you seen DMZ. DMZ, bad. isn't that that goddamn rapper that turned to an actor? Isn't that DMZ? <laughs> Wasn't he in that, you know? <laughs> You're supposed to tell me it's DMX, Eric. See, I'm leading you into new jokes. DMX not became going. an actor? Yeah, I think he was in a bunch of movies. Didn't oh, you know DMX him. was in some fucking movies? That guy was a good-looking know, man, fellow. Like you can't keep him ago. down. What are you trying to keep him down? Most recently, he was group editor. Uh, we're, we're still talking about Mark Doyle. Sure. Uh, for the best-selling Batman family of comic titles. Uh, a, a position I could run. Batman yeah, sells. You, it's a no win. I mean, it's a no lose situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm in charge of Batman. Everything's selling great. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, it's like, oh man, Mark Doyle, you, you're kicking ass. Those, those Bat Family titles are really selling. Oh yeah, it, it's my change. Oh, I, yeah. Bobby Chase is an accomplished comic industry veteran. Over the past several years, Bobby and her team built DC's acclaimed talent development program from the ground up. Did anybody build something from like the the sky down? Her editorial oversight, yeah, fucking black magic there. Her editorial oversight will include such titles as, or such uh, titles such as, Wild Storm, mm -hmm. Milestone. Eric. Bitches, now, now was there anybody ever who might have combined those into one name? Is that Only possible? If he was really drunk, really drunk, and the Milestorm comes out. The Milestorm comes out. Bobby Chase just said. Not on her watch. Hanna-Barbera. Bobby's a stickler like that. I hope she's the first thing she's like, okay, bitches, new sheriff in town. This Hanna-Barbera shit's ending now. Yeah. 
kids just says kids she's in charge of kids that actually it's the daycare for dan didio and jim lee's kids jim lee has a lot of kids he needs somebody to watch them fucking digital first time opening up a daycare yes uh digital first titles which we would hope would be more that that actually is has kind of been in a shambles lately if you ask me and custom comics Custom. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I, I I make it. It seems like it'd be something like uh, fashion plates. You ever have those as a kid? This was a very like the back long of my time. bike. No, no. These were things where you'd get these. Uh, I didn't have. I had a superhero thing where you get these plates and you All can right. combine them into making different looking superheroes, and then you kind of do like. Oh yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. There was actually even action figures that you can yeah, combine yeah, them like and show. Them. They have them so out now. Custom comics. In addition to brand new Young Readers imprint scheduled to launch in 2018. And I hope that Young Readers, I hope that they do that and the digital first. I do hope that they get something better going with that because I, I used to like the digital first when the New 52 oh, started. They had a big push because really when the New 52 started as well, that was the big thing that DC was then suddenly they were allowing uh, or publishing digital at the same day as the regular comics but they also had a digital first line which they, it does continue and just but is, they had a book for every day of the yeah week every day really you cool. had a book so every day of the week you had a book and i really like you had adventures of superman the legend of the dark knight stuff like that uh, later on you had uh, sensation comics featuring wonder woman like there were a lot of good ones and i really did enjoy them and injustice was the big hit out oh, of yeah. all of them. But if you talk to people who were getting things back then, people loved that Adventures of Superman. I really did. And we talked about it last week when I was talking about Akeem's letter about Throwing not liking Max Landis. Max Landis. And Max Landis, that was when he was doing an Adventures of Superman and fucking called me a dick or whatever he did. Uh, but yeah, that is the news, Eric. I do believe that I am recording, but also we wanted to talk a little about Free Comic Book Day. Uh, I went to our quote-unquote our Don't comic book ours. store i'm never going there again it's no longer my comic book store the guy who runs it is a fucking asshole we went in there was nobody there we went at about quarter after 12 uh he had up. shit that shit was just thrown willy-nilly out there the guy was just talking shade on everything and while i was there because i was trying to find traits i did go in with the intention of finally going buying something, on free, buying something on free day. comic book day so yeah. i was looking for things and i had grabbed the Saga of the Swamp Thing, the Alan Moore Swamp nice. Thing, Volume 1, I was going to get that. And I wanted to get the uh, new Teen Titans uh, Judas, contract. Judas Contract. But I also then, I was like, you know what? We were talking this week about the Flashpoint, not the main story, but those side ones. And I wanted right. to get the Tiny Batman issues. story. I wanted to get the things about Martha Wayne as Joker and shit like that. I wanted to get involved with that. So I was looking for that. And as I was going, my kids were picking their books. And really, this year's slate of free comic book day books was nonsense but they know, they grabbed brick and morty mostly on the dc side cause like no it was nonsense overall i'm telling you these compared to other years it didn't even seem like unless this book or you know even you said i heard the ones you said they had there no everybody was going over i'm telling you there were people going and this guy's yelling as you come in you go you gotta buy something to get the free stuff i'm like oh, jesus christ this is not fun already and then he's like oh and then he kind of he didn't mean that fully because then he's like, you get four, but if you want to get more, you got to buy something. God damn it. But yeah, people you are going over. Stuff. I legitimately saw people go to the table because he just had a table with shit thrown out there. Go to the table and walk up and down twice and leave it with one book that they there was nothing else they wanted. And I grab, I only grabbed three. I grabbed the DC Supergirl, Superhero Girls 
I grabbed Riverdale for Tanya, and I grabbed the Exo Manowar uh, preview right, prequel right. thing, that that thing. And I went, and my kids grabbed uh, Rick and Morty. They they were just grabbing shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at one point, it seemed like the guy was then getting those essentials, those dollar comics, and throwing them up there because I'm telling you, people were there, and you want like how he's spelling it out. If you want to get eight comics. Or, or unlimited free comics. You have to buy something. But people are going over to the table and like only grabbing two and then leaving. And I think the guy freaked out and started grabbing comics off the shelf and putting them there for free so that you could entice people to buy stuff. Because some people like me are pieces of shit. They're just going to grab two and leave. But I was looking for some stuff. And as I'm going, I hear this guy. The one thing somebody said, hey, uh, What's this rebirth about? I, I heard about DC. Like, is that like a new thing? Is it a reboot? Are they doing something new? Is it, a, you know, Elseworld? The guy didn't say Elseworld, but it kind of, as you like, is that the real stuff or is that something on the side? Shit like that. This guy probably hasn't been in a comic book stuff, yeah. store in a year and he had heard about something. So he asked, and the guy's like, yeah, that's just, if you like the 70s stuff, that, that's just uh, them retelling 70s stories. And, you know, it's like a reboot, but you don't like those 70s stories. You ain't going to like it. I'm like, you what? dumb bastard. Like, you fucking fat prick. You are now just, I don't understand this guy's concept. He's a fucking asshole. In the meantime, this one girl's there who works there who's really nice, and she's telling people. People are coming up to her and like, hey, uh, is there any other Wonder Woman? Because I see – because there was the Wonder Woman number one. Rebirth. Uh, yeah. Rebirth deal. And hey, is there any other one? Oh, yeah, it's over here. We have some of the back issues, whatever. And this guy is just yelling shit to her like, hey, you know, you got to get that. This guy wants the, the conspiracy, the Spider-Man conspiracy. And then she's like, uh, the trade – the old trade or, or the new stuff? The trade. What are you talking about, new stuff? And he's, yeah, and, and I was right there because I was look actually at that point, I was looking at some Marvel stuff, maybe grab a trade or so. And uh, she's just there and she's like, fucking asshole. And I heard her, but then she goes up with this. She goes up and gives them whatever they were looking for. And I hear the guy say, hey, yeah, she's only, this is her second to last day, last day tomorrow because she's leaving. She's graduating college. And then the one guy at the at the thing says, uh, the, the guy buying stuff is like, oh, man, congratulations. And he's like, yeah, she's going to be back in two weeks. There's no way she's going to be able to get a job. <laughs> Dick, I fucking hate him. So the whole story ends where I have the two trades. I'm still looking for this uh, Flashpoint one. And my kids... They wanted to leave. They were already ready to leave, and they're standing next to the shelf. Now, this is an enclosed glass shelf type thing with all these crazy statues. And I'm telling you, they have they have prices on these things. It's like four hundred bucks. Oh yeah, the crazy. There is nobody fucking buying this stuff, and so they're just standing there. And I I saw them. I was right near them. And the guy, all of a sudden, I hear, "Hey, hey, kids, stop playing around near that shelf. That stuff's expensive." Something like that. And I'm like, I'm that. Are they talking to you? And I said to, to Logan, he's like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I said, what were you guys doing? Because now I'm, I'm actually, if they, if I looked over and they were fucking around doing, I would be pissed. Yeah. But they weren't. They were just standing there. And he's like, I don't know. Rafe kind of grabbed me by from behind. And I'm like, okay. Well, and then I well, told him to walk away. I said, come on over here. I was where you would understand the store. I'm in those front shelves, and then there's right. these these uh there's like a table with like games like board games and card games or something so there and I, i'm looking I, I finally found the flashpoint thing and, I'm like, uh, and then he goes hey kids i told you not to stand around and play around in here this is a store 
And I walked up. I had these things. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? Uh, can I help you? Something, whatever. And I fucking slammed the things down. I'm like, fuck you, you asshole. Oh, what, what's the matter? I said, my kids were doing nothing. I said something. I, I'm like, fuck you. And then we, I said, the let's go. Took over. I don't know. I was I so mad. I, I'm telling you, I said something like, you know, you don't yell at my kids. They weren't doing anything. He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And I'm like, let's go, kids. We're leaving. Now, in the meantime, we have all the free comics. We get the fuck out. <laughs> and I said to them afterwards, like, who knows if we actually had shit from like single issues and stuff yeah. because I was looking for a green uh, arrow number 21 I was going to buy another one of those but they were sold out and then the guy starts yelling because the other thing is I see all these guys in the Get Fresh crew boop boop they're going oh my the one I forget who it was it was like 60% off trades at their store and, and buy two get three free of, of single sure. issues and stuff this guy had I think it was five it, it might have been five percent off trades if any, but then I, I planned and he's like oh man you can come back I'll give you like 20 percent off of those I'm, fuck you and we left I was so angry so angry Aaron. but yeah I didn't get anything trades or anything I got these fucking free comic book day fucking <laughs> things that I didn't care about I'm never going to that store again I'm yeah, fucking I'd... sick of it this guy's a fucking dick I I promise you I will never go again but tell me about your free comic book day in a better store well, the, the store I go to is New Wave Comics and Skip Back PA. And at this, you know, in Free Comic Book Day, Koi Fam, the artist on Teen Titans, he was supposed to be there. So, like, I woke up this morning. I'm like, you know what? Reggie was talking to me last night because it's been a while since I've been to Free Comic Book Day. He's like, you know, if you don't get there before 11 or shit like that, you know, all the shit's picked through. I'm like, well, I better get there kind of early. So we got there around 12 o'clock. I had no idea when Koi was supposed to be there. And I was looking around. And I'm like, I don't see Koi here. The thing is, I don't really know what Koi looks like. Yeah. But it was really fucking packed. My claustrophobia was taking over. But they had some nice shit. They had popcorn laid out. They had a guy in a big t- yeah, like inflatable T-Rex costume, Stormtrooper cosplay, bunch of kids all over dressed as like Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman. Like it was actually a really nice experience of like a, a decent community feeling going on here. Yeah. And I just needed to get out because there was too many fucking people. But – I picked up the Blackest Night trade and just got a bunch of free comic books. And I'm walking out. Sta- well, I'm standing in line. I'm waiting because there's a long-ass line. I'm getting even more jittery because of how long this line is. People are just around me trying to get by because it's a small shop. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm kind of dis- disappointed. I didn't see Koi. <laughs> Fuck me. I hate <laughs> you and Reggie so much for this whole Asian thing. But a guy walks into the shop then right by the counter. Oh, what kind of guy, Eric? What, what nationality? <laughs> He's an Asian guy, and he's holding a kid. Um, I don't know what Koi looks like. I better hedge my bets. So when he walks past me, I give him a little head nod. Like, I know what's yeah. up, possibly. Yeah, it was not him. It was not <laughs> him. Segregation, Reggie! Yeah, you're, you're racist. I, like, I get, you hate those back, Asians. They all look alike. You, you were like, I'm surprised you're not there with you. Jess. And you Jess, Jackie Chan's here. <laughs> it's It's Bruce Lee. You piece of crap. But, I but yeah, you found out he I, wasn't I checked, there. Yeah, I checked Koi's uh, Facebook page after I got home, and he was there from like 2 to 6, and I was like 3 o'clock when I got yeah, like, I was looking on Facebook. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going back. But yeah, yeah it, it seemed like a really good experience here, though. Like, I, I can't be around people anymore because I'm terrible and I just claustrophobic. But for when I was there, it was decent. I picked up Blackest Night. I like that story. So I'm happy I got that at least. Yeah. Just yeah. got some free popcorn, got some comic books. Nice. Yeah, I, I got Blackest Night a couple weeks ago. I, I'm actually I'm into getting some trades now, and that guy that guy ruined it for me. I'm just gonna go on Amazon. I know a lot of people have been going on uh, eBay. People in the Get Fresh crew, and they uh, they're getting like five dollar trades. Like the the new Fifty Two trades all seem to be five dollars on eBay, oh, nice. shit like that. So we'll see how that goes. But Eric, that is the news for the the second time. 
Not as magical as the first. I, no, I will have first to admit. Time. I'm sorry, people. First time, it. yeah, it was pretty good. That is lost in the ether, Eric. But we're going to stop now and go off to mail section number one. It's mail with you. Mail section number one, Eric. Boom. How about that news? Woo-wee! <laughs> yeah, I fucked up. But people listening to the news, that'll be the second run through because it wasn't fucking recording. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, anybody out there who has a podcast, because we seem to have a bunch of people who have podcasts that listen, know it. It's such a pain in the ass to do this shit. Ay, ay, ay. But this is mail section number one. If you want to be involved in the mail, you can mail us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. It's going to take me a little bit to get back on my game now. I'm oh, so depressed that we just wasted fucking a half hour of fucking nothing. Time's of the essence, Eric. Sure we got is. shit to do tomorrow. Uh, the first mail is from Manship. Manship has not mailed us in a while, and he says, hey, bros... I see that you guys are still ranting over your favorite coworker, Wrong Turn. And I want to join in the fun with my version of what is Wrong Turn saying or doing. (laughs) First off, I want to tell you, Wrong Turn, we're not sure if he's going to be working with us much longer. He claims that he's got a new job. Uh, but yet he doesn't have a new job, no. and he hasn't even applied for said nope. new job. Uh, and the job, when he asked about it at one point, because this job seems to jump back and forth of what it really is. Job has changed three times. Yeah, he tells me it's one place and it's doing something, then he tells Eric something else. But he did uh, say that you had to read a tape measure for this job. He told that to a girl he works with, and she responded with, you can't. And he yeah. said, yeah, they'll probably teach me. And then actually blamed her for not teaching him how to fuck? read a tape measure. I, said, I, I don't think he can get past the application process because he can't read, write, or no, count. That, well, no, he's going to take it and go home and, and his girl. And and also, he almost, got kicked, he almost got kicked out of his house the, last week because his – sister-in-law i'm just gonna pretend that he's married because i really have problems even talking about this goddamn family it's a goddamn family of 17 people there i don't even know who's who but his sister-in-law comes home uh with his son with wrong turn son got out of the car and wrong turn said to his girl hey look at those two fucking assholes when was his little kid (laughs) and she's like what the hell are you saying and he's like Oh, well, you know, the, the assholes. And she's like, that's your son. What What the fuck did he do? And then he's like, oh, I don't know. And then I'm he got joking. mad. He got mad, and I don't know what happened. It seems like things got physical, possibly. He got kicked out of the house. He got kicked out of the house. And then he had to ride his bike to and from the house. He had to take – he missed two days of work because of this, even though his parents, where he went to live, live right around the block. Right down the street. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right down the street, but he couldn't get to work, but we saw him riding his bike. Then he came back, and in the meantime, Wrong Turn comes up and talks to Eric all the time. He comes Not up, no hey, and, hey, Eric, uh, when's that new uh, Friday, the, when's that new Jason movie coming out? And Eric has told him a hundred times, listen, there's nothing coming out right now. They had a problem. They're, they're, they've stopped they production on the shit. They've shut down the shit because of, uh, what's it called, The Ring Rings. 3. Right? Rings. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was. But it, it, they shut it down. You keep telling them the same thing. I hear it seven times a week. But this is his – this is basically Wrong Turn's version of, hey, working harder, hardly – you know, he needs Kill something that he can talk to people about but has nothing to say. So he keeps telling you this. You keep getting mad. And finally you're just like, listen, are you a fucking moron? Just stop. Well, he ended up the the last week – he ended up, uh, you went into the bathroom. He yeah. really seemed to be jerking off in the bathroom. And you All called I him out is, on it. Look, I walked into the bathroom, and he was in a stall. And he got up right away and fucking walked out real fast. And he was breathing really heavy. I'm like, what the fuck are you breathing so heavy for? He's like, I'm not. I'm like, I can still hear it. What the hell? And then he walked back to the freaking stall, looked in there to make sure like he flushed or something like that, and then walked out. I'm like, yeah. it's a fucking odd thing. So when yeah, we saw yeah. him later on, I just kept making the thing. Like, what, you just you kept making fun of him. There? Like, yeah, you're you yelling. Off, hey, what, what? You jerking off in there? We were leaving. We were leaving yeah. for the week. Yeah, this was Friday, I believe. And we were leaving for the weekend or whenever it was. But we're like, hey, you kept saying it. I had no idea what you guys were talking about. And then I think I said the something thing, like, I always said it twice. Once yeah. to him in the bathroom and, and, and once as we were yeah, walking out. When we were walking, you said that. And I just heard you say, and he's like, oh, man. That's not what I did. I said, oh, what? What, you jerk off in the back room then? You know, I just was joking. And then he must have went in and told the girl that he worked with, I'm not going to talk to those fucking douchebags anymore, which he used the term douchebag because I had been calling him that earlier oh, when so he was vaping. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's like, I'm not going to talk to them douchebags anymore. Well, she told us he said that, and I told you. Fuck him. I'm not talking to him. So wrong-turn stories may end uh, because I don't want to fucking hear a peep from him because he's a dick, and this is what he does. He ends up going – Again, because he doesn't have anything to say, he has to say shit. He'll say to you all the time, oh, you know, I'm going to be a better person now. You're right. I am an asshole. I'm going to be a better person. I'm not going to come up and scream things at you. And then does the thing that he said he wasn't going to do 10 minutes before. So he's he's saying he's getting this fucking job. Good riddance. Good riddance, Eric, because no job is going to put up with that fucking retard. Well, for the most part, I'm telling you, I froze him out because you had this whole declaration of we're not going to talk. Oh, yeah, I told you. I said it. And when I tell you what we're not talking or to, you don't do it, Eric, because I look at you. I fucking give you the evil eye. uh, (laughs) You walk right by him. I, I froze him out earlier, and then he yeah. walked up to me while I was doing my job and started telling me about this new job he's going to get. And I says, I don't fucking care. And then yeah. he's like, what do you mean? I don't fucking care. Like, why not? Because why do I care about something's going on with your life? Do I come to you with yeah. my fucking daily problems no. and woes and shit like that? No, no we don't. I don't no, we fucking never care. Do. I can't, I can't stand. Then he came over. I saw him walk up to you, and you just walked by, and I saw oh, I him talking. You just walked right by him, and then he came up to me, and I walked right by him. And then he kind of, like, looked. Then, it's funny, he looked angry, and then he, like, stormed off. And fuck you, you fucking asshole. Here's Manship's version of his. Right. First, a brief, brief preview of my wrong turn. He goes by bro. Hey, bro, whose real name is Christopher. And I had the privilege of growing up next door to a bro, during my high school years in Marion, Indiana. At the time, Bro was a 27-year-old with the mind of a 7-year-old who lived with his grandparents with the best damn basketball goal. He said, I don't know how you play shit in Indiana there. That's a basketball net. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Goal. He plays the sports ball, Eric. (laughs) Let's begin. What is Bro saying? 
It's this long. I'm telling you, it's like five lines of dialogue. It's just this you. This is bros greeting every time you see him. Of course, you have to reply back with the same call sign with emphasis, or else you will not be you. allowed to play on their height-adjustable breakaway basketball goal. Nice. You nice. drive me nuts, man, ship with that goal. What is bro saying? 45. What's that mean? 45! <laughs> After replying to his call sign, it was a neighborhood tradition to then ask him how many beers in a 24-pack. His answer always changes, but he does really like the number 45 for some reason. <laughs> it's like, that, that's perfect wrong turn. How do you spell UFC? What is bro doing? <laughs> Standing in his driveway, holding his basketball. What's that? What is, what is he doing here? You guys guessed playing basketball, didn't you? Bro no, was would, unable yeah. to play basketball. The only thing he ever did with the ball was give it to whoever wanted to play or throw it at your face if he didn't like it. <laughs> yes, it's true. Bro has crazy strength but terrible aim. Due to the next item, a ball to the face happened quite frequently. What is Bro doing? Always holding a can in his other hand. What's that? I don't know, spitting his fucking shoes nope. back As bro it? loiters in his driveway, there's always a beer in hand with an iced cooler close by with plenty more. The more bro drank, the more a basketball to the face occurred. <laughs> Whenever the ball ended up in bro's hand during a game, he would make all any new players ask for it back. They had no clue what was about to happen to them, but damn, that shit was fun to watch. Not <laughs> sure how bro was allowed to drink alcohol, at least he couldn't drive. Uh, bro was able to ride his bike, though, circling our neighborhood all day yelling, you and 40 <laughs> Five. Never asked Bro how fast he was riding his bike, or else you received a how fast every time he passed by your house. So, if you, how fast are you driving? How fast? I'm not timing you, motherfucker. So, this sounds a lot like a, a wrong turn. I'm telling you. And at one point, he was had a bit of a drinking problem, mm -hmm. and his family had to stop him doing that. He's now vaping nonstop because he wants to do tricks on YouTube. That's wrong turn manship and the next email and thanks manship. thanks manship yeah i haven't i haven't gotten to talk a lot to manship that guy's busier than a, a one-legged guy at a ass kicking contest there oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah he one, is busy one -legged guy ass -kicking contest. he is busy at his work and has a lot of uh fucking paperwork and shit to do but i talk to yeah. him occasionally i'm glad uh we heard from him. uh the next email is from michael and you may have heard this before i do you ever hear this hello jim and eric this is michael Thanks for another great podcast last week. The only comic book I bought this week was Batman number 22. I love I love Flashpoint, and seeing the Flashpoint universe again was cool. And there were a lot of good emotional moments between Bruce and Thomas Wayne, but ultimately it didn't matter or add to the story. The only part of the issue that mattered was matter the interaction with Gia Barthon, which could have been accomplished without going to the Flashpoint, Flashpoint universe. universe. But the art was great, so I give it a... Six out of ten. Six Looking out forward of ten. to the next episode. Looking forward to the next week. episode and hope you guys have a great week. And no, Eric does not have the email. Yes, that that is a prime deal of Michael. He always does that. He doubles up all the time. No, That's no, one you, of the no, no. He tripled up because I'm reading the comments section on the website. Okay, well there you go. So he does that as well. <laughs> I'm like, I, okay. know this. I was going to say, I, I thought you were just going from uh, you know memory. I thought, boy, that guy has a eidetic memory, and now he is hyper focusing. Oh shit. Uh, the next 
next email, and I think the last of the section is Ray. And Ray says, I wonder if Ray minds being called Ray Ray. You like Ray I, Ray? I love Ray Ray. If I, I know you anybody do. named Ray, his name's Ray Ray now. Ray Ray uh, says, Jim, good morning. On my drive to work today, I'm trying to figure out all this button mystery, and I've been rereading some of the older Rebirth titles to look for clues. Rebirth DC Universe book that catapulted this series is a year old. I'm not sure if you guys have, have this planned or even if it's something you would consider, but doing a review of the first book again. Go over what we found out, what we still don't know, and what has changed. I don't buy all the books, and maybe I miss clues, or maybe things weren't yet explained, or maybe things just don't make sense. Thanks again, thanks again guys, and that's from Ray, and I told you we will do that for Ray. Uh, you, you ask and you shall receive. I think we're going to do that during the annuals week at the end makes of this sense. month. We don't have a lot of things to do with that. We're also going to redo our $25 do-or-die pull list as well. Uh, and that'll be fun, too. <laughs> Free comic book day, Eric. Boop, boop. You're your own wrong turn. You just ride around on a bike. Hey, free comic book day. Doop, doop. Deepy-doo. Ah, uh, yes. But that is mail section number one. And we're going to go off to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we crave. All right, and it's time for the books. Of course, you can go and read our full reviews at our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Award-winning. 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 Uh, but, yes, this is the meat and cheese of the podcast, and there's some pretty big books this week, Eric. Sure pretty are. big indeed. Pretty not but so big, too, though. I don't know. I, I'm i in the middle of some uh, fatigue again, I think. Uh, we had this a couple months ago where all of a sudden I was really starting to get worn down by a lot of the books and even the ones that I like. I, I don't know what it is. I want something new. I want something exciting, something fresh. You want to feel like it's your first love again. I do. I want to think that this is the first comic I ever read. I want to be able to go out of a comic soon and say, that is the best goddamn bizarro story I've ever read. <laughs> I need that. But uh, all this goes in. I, I've been busy doing stupid shit. I got cats in the goddamn ceiling, all this nonsense. Cats in and the cradle. Cat in the cradle thinking about my daddy. Daddy! But yeah, yeah uh, just this week, starting with the reviews, when the we had the books and going, I just... I don't know. Sometimes you just sit down and you're like, I, I really don't want to review these books. And the, the first book that we're going to talk about, obviously, Batman, is the big book of the week. Sure. And is. it is the button store. We already did it on the 
the uh, spotlight. spotlight. But just sitting down with a book like that, and I know you've had times when this is the case as well, when you know that it's the big book, you know that you know the spotlight is on you and this review that you're going to do, and when you come out of it not liking it as much as you pretty much believe others will like, oh, I'm going to kiss some shit for or this. others will fake the funk that they like. But yes, I I really came out of that. And usually, and this is the thing, sometimes I'll read a book that I fucking hate, Justice League. But at least I'm like, okay, I'm going. But when I read Batman, it just kind of threw me back a little because I, I just want, I want so much from that button story that I'm not getting. And I know other people, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm thinking too much uh, is needed or I've been wanting too much, but it ha- it did get me down. So I did that earlier. That was the first review I did on Monday. And I just stopped. I was actually going to do a couple. I was going to try to get all my reviews done on Monday at one right. point. And I just was like, nope. And I put that down. And then Tuesday came. And I was still kind of like, eh, it was taking me a while to get going. And the I, thing I had about six it reviews is, on Tuesday. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Down. I freaking just had to work all goddamn night to get And I had, I had five, including Injustice, which yeah. I do the Injustice. And actually, Injustice, I love. So that kind of picked it up. But even you said, because usually I try to get my shit done. And I hadn't even started on Deathstroke, and it was like 10.30. I know. I hadn't done. And I was just like, "Ah." and I I have tried to get all my rebirth stuff, not have any, you know, past Tuesday. I almost did just because I was just saying, I just don't, I wasn't feeling it as much. Right. Uh, Now we have to talk about them, and we've talked about a bunch of books already. It's a little more fun sometimes to talk about. And then when you don't like it, at least you can just fucking have fun and and whatever. But I hope that people don't yell at me about Batman. I've already had people yelling at me all week. So they're they're pissed off that I gave it a shitty score in their opinion. They think it's more important and things like that. It it was okay. Uh, But, yeah, we're going to go off to that first. But... Uh, I just want to tell you, Eric, I'm just a little depressed right now. You got to oh, hold cheer me. Up, baby. Hold me. I'll hold you, tiny dancer. <laughs> right, here we go. Batman number 22. How about that? How about that, Eric? <laughs> now about? I'm ruining it. Batman number 22, written by Joshua Williamson and plotted also by Tom King. I want to mention that. Uh, art by Jason Fawak, Brad Anderson, and D. Ron Bennett. The penultimate issue of the button is here, and we get a cool trip to the Flashpoint universe that may last all of four minutes. It yep. all feels like a force bit to get Bruce face-to-face with his father, Thomas Wayne, but without enough explanation, I ended up with more questions than answers. It does show that the big bad can manipulate timelines, and we get a good father-son scene that may change Batman forever. But when Bruce and Barry jump back in the Speed Force and see Reverse Flash running to his death, I felt like we were back to step one of the story. I did love the art, but the delayed issue of the Flash better kick total ass, or I'll be very upset. And that's the other thing. If I'm going to say to you right now, hey, you know what, I talked to, and I haven't. If I said, oh, I talked to Joshua Williamson, and he assured me that we're going to get all of our answers next issue, I'm going to tell you that that would be the biggest info dump issue, to take Reggie's favorite phrase that I love. But it would be. There's no way that if you're going to get all the answers next issue, uh, it would be nothing but a constant fucking and this and th- you know it, it'd be hard to actually tell a story and not just be exposition of what happened. I don't right. think that's going to happen. I do think that we're going to get a hint at the end. Well, we'll go into it. And I'll set. We'll talk at the end what we think's going forward. But the one thing that threw me off, uh, and I have to admit, I 
didn't realize that I wanted it as much as I thought, but when it started, I actually did want to see a little more to, of Saturn Girl. Now, I know that where we left off, she said, you know, the whole thing, and I'm expecting possibly to get more of her next issue and Johnny Thunder, just a little bit of page or I so. Don't. But if we don't, then really what we said earlier, I'll stand by it. All that was to re- remind you of the characters because oh, yeah. Rebirth was a year ago, and that's bullshit. That, to me, why even throw it in there? Why throw it in? Because you, you have this third issue, and what gets me upset here, too, is that you're in Flashpoint. We ended up with them in Flashpoint. So I guess you have to give a little background of what Flashpoint is for people who haven't read. But the thing about it is if they haven't read it, this whole issue really, to me, must be confusing anyway. Uh, but yeah, you get a little background, and the the weird thing about this is it tells you. It says all about it, that Flash came to this universe, things were messed up because of him, and, you know, I put my faith in Flash. You see Flash going off. There's Thomas. He's all hurt. Everybody's in. He's going into the explosion, whatever. He's and about then to there's jump the on the cosmic treadmill and get the fuck out. Yes, and that's where we would have ended. And uh, But then he says, continue, this is the kicker. But something put the world on life support, and the nightmare didn't stop. Now, the problem with me is, how is he alive? He, oh. in Flashpoint, he looked like he was just about to die, and along with every that. major player. Not only was player. he just about to die, but the world around him, the ground beneath him, was breaking yeah. open in giant yeah, booms. Because Aquaman, freaking, Aquaman, yeah, because Aquaman had set up, was about to destroy he set up bombs all over. Yeah, it was going to sink England. They, they were going to nuke them with scarab. The and events Europe. that was going to destroy, it was going to break the world and half the entire world was going to be destroyed yeah. from this Aquaman yeah. weapon. Yeah. So you say the thing, but we kind of see it happening in that last panel before we get to him, Thomas, in the cave. So it's just the fact that Thomas Wayne, half dead, maybe more than half. I mean, he really was fucked up he by was on the way out. He was fucked up. And that's where Flash went off, and it was, you know, give him the letter, you know, all that nonsense. Not nonsense. I loved it. I, I am a huge fan of Flashpoint, so don't think that I'm getting upset at anything about going back to Flashpoint. It's that I don't think we get enough. Because then he says, you know, the world was put on support. He has the whole thing. I was, you know, he was a doctor. The patient on my table was too far gone. We let it go. So I understand that. But he said the war continued. The fights, the floods, and the death of millions. And this is the thing. When Barry went before he left, he did go back to his mom. Yeah. Uh, before he left the Flashpoint universe and it's like, I really don't want to go. And she's like, well, what's going to go on? Well, millions will die. And then he's, she's like, you know what? You have to go. You, you, you have to yeah, do you the gotta right go, thing. You gotta so basically, to save everyone. that millions makes sense. If it did continue, shit would have happened. But then he's like, that's when Thomas is like, you know, I, I was a fool to hope to think I could do anything to save my son. And now Wonder Woman and Aquaman agreed on something and have sent their soldiers to put me down. And so you get the idea. They have, they have agreed on something is we have to kill Batman. But and I don't understand the freaking turn of events here because no. when we last left these characters, everybody was dead pretty much from this goddamn Atlantean weapon, and the world should be destroyed at this point. Yeah. There is no way for him to get back to Gotham, the Batcave, and no, the, everything that's the thing I'm getting at. Because that, the world was over at the yeah. end of Flashpoint. And like you're saying, this is the most uh, you know important thing to me is that he was in England. He has to get from England all the way back to Gotham when he was dying, and he has pretty much all of his enemies around him. If he survived, they should have they would have killed him then. There, yeah. There's no way. What did he crawl back home? What did he the take that thing, trans fucking trans fucking transatlantic train? Well, I was trying yeah, to think because yeah. the other was the trans Pacific. Yeah. yeah, was this the transatlantic train? He got a ticket, went back. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. And the point where you'll go later 
where Barry does say that he was just there months ago. So in a couple months, a complete world war has ended, even though he just said the continued fighting, floods, the death of millions. They just, what, at the end, they, Aquaman and Wonder Woman were actually still alive and just said, you know what, everybody's dead now. We need to fight somebody else. Let's fight Batman. It's just, I don't understand the whole thing, but I want to see more of that. I want to know more about that. We're never going to find out. I no, want to no. know about that. That's very the interesting to me. The only thing I can take from this is actually, and it's a weird thing since we we just had the freaking Superman convergence like storyline like disappear yeah. because of Reborn, so we have a whole new origin yep. for John's birth and shit like that. But the events of this seem to be taking place after Convergence, when Telos sent all of the freaking timelines gotcha, back yeah. to where they but were even supposed then, to be. You would think he would and say this was something. plucked out of time and yeah. kept there because, you know, we had the freaking, you know, Flashpoint was going to be destroyed. Telos saved it, pulled it out of the timeline yeah, and put it on the then, planet Telos. Yeah, but Aquaman and Wonder Woman wouldn't just go back and start con- – because they, they continued their fight then, and it just doesn't make sense. It does Oh, I, and, I understand. And really, the they're never – All we had on Convergence was Gotham City Flashpoint, yeah, yeah, where Aquaman yeah. was there, so was Thomas. And we don't see any of these characters. We're no. told that well, no, and that's another thing. Together. I wish but all that, we see is Thomas. Yeah, I, there's no way they're they're playing around with anything with convergence. They're already fucking having problems trying to explain what happened in Flashpoint. If they throw that in, and then really the you would make sense at this I point. Know, but to they, have them but, here and still alive. But there's, I'm telling you, all they're trying to do is hope that people don't care. Because when Convergence happened, we thought, we, we didn't even think it. You just wanted to see it. I think that they're counting on people just wanting to see Batman and Thomas Wayne talk to each other. So they're going to assume that nobody's going to care that Thomas should be dead or these people should be dead or this world should cares. be dead. Yeah, he does. But you can't even tell me if without them saying like, and then we ended up on this weird planet where we were in a uh, bubble and then the bubble hey, was out. We did this. We only had a minute to talk. No, he, he was doing fucking rundown before that. No, the only thing this is to me is they want to get Batman and Tom, uh, Batman, uh, Bruce and Thomas face to face, and yeah. you have to have something that causes a little tension. The tension is a forced deal where the Atlanteans and the Amazonians are showing up, and again, it's going to mirror when Reverse Flash fought Batman, where you need they only have a minute. I need a right. minute. Oh, I don't think we're going to have that now because the problem is you really do end up with some tension when the world starts falling apart the problem is nobody knows that's coming so you can't have that be the tension like i don't know it seems like the world's falling apart so they have these amazonians and atlanteans show up to take care of thomas at the exact moment that bruce and barry show up and it's just a forced way to make it like oh my god they have to fight them off because what happens then they go and you do have thomas and Bruce face to face, but Thomas well, the, thinks the it's a fuck. He thinks the, it's fucked up. It's I'm all saying, the recap. First, the first five pages of this is recap of Flashpoint, and then the recap of the ending of yeah, Last Issue. Yeah, so right there, we're getting five pages out the way, yep, so we're not I, dealing with anything going forward. Yep. And even then, when Thomas is there, and Barry says, you know, no, no, this is your son. This is your dad. You know, he's trying to get them both together because they don't. They both of them don't want to believe it. Thomas flips out. This isn't real, and grabs Barry by the neck and is going to punch him. But it ends up. It's weird because he's like, you're fucking with me. He's like, you know, you're you're saying this. This isn't real. This is the continued cruel joke on me. And basically, Barry ends up. How does he convince him it's not? Because if I, I, Barry and Bruce are fake and they're fucking with them, there's nothing here that Barry says that, that that I think Thomas would be like, huh, 
You're right, because all he says is, listen, something's gone wrong. It's been months since the timeline was repaired, since I left you and changed all back. Something else, something kept Flashpoint going. Thomas knows this. Thawne, maybe. The, hey, remember Thawne, that guy killed? He maybe did it. Yeah, Thawne, maybe. But yeah, even then. But how would this be like then Thomas would be like, huh, you're right. Yeah, it's it's so. But you have the Atlanteans and the Amazonians there now, yeah, we so they don't they shit. don't have a lot of time to be like, let's sort this out. They kind of are forced into, okay, let's go with it, let's go. It really it goes from like big moments here that don't seem to jive with me in a fluid deal because Thomas thinking it's a fucked up thing that pe- somebody the whoever did this is fucking with me. Uh, you know, he wouldn't just stop because Barry just says, hey, listen, it's been months since I've been gone. Yeah. I don't. So, but then that's when the Amazonians and the well, Atlanteans have. Maybe it's arrived. like in Back to the Future when Doc didn't believe Marty came back. No, I came back from no, the future. I'm telling you, it, it, this isn't one of those like, like great Scott hey, fucking passes you know, out. Hey, if you're real, tell me what I wrote in that letter. And then Bruce says it. There you go. That'd be a, a pretty cool moment where you'd get a little recap because if you didn't read Flashpoint and needed that that recap at the beginning. You're also missing out on the best part of it, which was the end with the letter, when Barry delivered the letter that Thomas wrote to him. And it does play big in this issue. Uh, I wish that they actually would have had at least the letter on the page so we can read it again and things like that. But you're not going to get that. But then that's when Barry has to tell the reader that this is, in fact, also because, again, Thomas thinks they're, they're fucking with him. If you're reading it, you may think, you know what? This is bullshit. Yeah, fucking, fucking, you know, them. Manhattan. If it is Dr. Manhattan, he's made this up. This isn't even real. They're fucking with him. That's where Barry says. Also, you have a Which, very honestly, important part I'd also. I go with that too because the fact that they're back in Flashpoint doesn't make a goddamn lick I know. of sense. Well, that's why when Barry – I think Barry then has to be like, hey, I know it's hard to accept. Whatever's going on, this is your son, Bruce. This is your father. And he says the vibrational frequencies, which all of a sudden we're seeing every goddamn issue, they're right here. This isn't an alternate world or timeline. This is ours. We're home. And I think a lot of people might have been confused. And I think that this is the only, they had to spell it out very quick to people. This is, Flashpoint is not a multiverse. This no. is the R, this is their timeline gone bad that was changed. So when they go back to this, I wouldn't call it home. It's That's an odd thing. way to call it home. It's so it's so weird though because he actually says uh, like this isn't an alternate world or timeline. Yeah, but, but it is. is. It is an alternate timeline. Yeah, it the is next an alternate goes, timeline. But how is that possible? Flashpoint was never an alternate world. It was an alternate history. An alternate yeah. history is an alternate. It's an timeline. alternate timeline. Yep. Because how is this possible? Flashpoint was never an alternate world. It's an alternate history. And yeah, there's there's a little snafu there in in a page, two panels in a row, pretty much. But it, it comes down to it shouldn't exist anymore. Which no, it shouldn't. It, right, as it long shouldn't. as their world is there, like this is to me. I'd be like, what the fuck is? Does this mean we have no timeline to go back to ourselves? Like this could be something. Does this mean that I go back and save my mom again? Yeah, this is yeah, even that. And the whole thing with it is, and it's going fast and furious while the, like I said, the Atlanteans and the Amazonians are going down. But I do, like we said, I do want to point out to everyone fully that this is their timeline. It's just the one that was altered. So this Thomas Wayne. Is Bruce's biological father? This is yes. not. I've I've heard podcast already. Oh, you know, it's great. Bruce gets to talk to an alternate version of his dad. No, this no, is this his is dad. His father. This is his father. As if he never died. In fact, even the whole spell out of Thawne and all that, like this is yeah. If his father never died, this is his father that didn't die. So them talking is him legitimately talking to his father, which yes. there's no, there's not many opportunities for the writers at DC to have this actually happen. So I do think that this whole thing going back to F- Flashpoint here 
It was very, uh, it was forced. It was very forced to make this work so that Bruce could talk to his bio, you know, his real father. Right. Uh, but the the thing about it is just him saying we're home seemed very odd to me. And like I said, Flash going through this before and having all this problem, uh, I think that he would react a little different, like, holy shit, you know, th- th- I fucked up again or whatever, what happened? But the other thing I want to go back, because we went past, uh, as I was yelling, we went past a very important part where Barry says, listen, Thomas, I was here months ago. That's when I left to change the timeline. And people, I knew it, I even put in my review that, listen, when Barry left Flashpoint and changed the timeline and went, this is not necessarily saying that the new 52 was months old. Now, we no. did see that Steve Orlando kind of did say that in Steve Supergirl. Steve Orlando fucks up all kinds of I know. Well, he said in Supergirl, in the Supergirl Rebirth number one, uh, I think it was uh, Chase. Uh, what's her name? What, uh, uh, Cameron Chase. Cameron Chase said to her, like, you've only been here a couple months and you're already fucking up. Like, shit like that. So we were like, wait a minute. Everything that happened to Supergirl, which was a, an original book, that, you know, that it didn't make sense. But the thing you have to remember, when Barry left Flashpoint and put the, the shit together, when he left, when he woke up at his desk, he already knew Batman. This oh, yeah. was not the beginning of the New 52. The beginning of the New 52 would be, even if you said that it was when all the super, you know, even before the Justice League book, bef- that was five years before all the regular books, he had already done things with Hal and things like that. Right. But, so to to figure out where this is, me and you were talking, and if I had to guess, and now this isn't the definitive answer. I've heard people making guesses and all over the place. I really do think that what happened when Barry woke up, because all you see is him kind of waking up and like, hey, Singh's going to be pissed about these cold cases. Oh, yeah, I got to go see a friend. And he went off to give Bruce the letter. He already knew Bruce, knew he was Batman, was in the cave, all that. You know, you had all that. Uh, to me, that was kind of around near the end of the DCYOU, maybe even before. It's like around that area. Like in, we in said, mind, it must it be right before that, Endgame. Like- I'm saying it, it has to be before Endgame because when Barry goes back to Bruce and gives him the letter, it is you know the old Bruce Batman costume. It's not the purple cape and yeah, all that yeah. shit. So that happened after he came back from the dead, after Endgame, after heavy, now, uh, again, super heavy. I know that you know Dancing Mike's probably like, oh, I fucking hate that costume. Just to go with an artist's rendition of a new yeah. costume, I can't say that that was planned ahead at the time no, when they made that all. costume. So you can go with the costume. I'm just saying that it was later on and that – People could get mad, whatever. It makes total sense to me because yeah. you had a whole new 52 that the the biggest problem I had was when Flash in issue 15 of The Flash, when, when I, I can't remember exactly when he started fighting Reverse Flash. And now this was Daniel West Reverse Flash, all this right. stuff. There was never any time that he remembered Flashpoint. There was no. never a time in the new 52 that he said, oh, you know what? That Flashpoint was pretty fucking crazy, wasn't it? Or, you know, Batman. The only thing that I said, I don't know, and people may know, somebody may know this already, if you did see the letter at certain points, that throws off everything, but I'm still going. I don't care because I'm going that this was later on near the end of the new 52 and into uh, DCYOU and then into Rebirth, and that makes more sense to me of where because he would have come you got to think about this whole thing. When Flashpoint started, Flash had been the Flash for a long time. Yes. He'd been dead for an even longer time, it seems like. But yes. he came back, had his adventures, had Flashpoint, and then when he created the freaking the New 52 world, yes. 
that was there was ten years taken out during that time. So when he came back, he's not you know just become the Flash and shit well, like and, that. And in fact, he here's has had the deal, a whole yeah. freaking you know situation. Like he, he has fought the rogues and all well, this shit already. Yeah, so when he well, comes you back, know it because even when he goes into the Flashpoint deal, the big thing is he goes to use the ring. The the suit's not in there. He falls. I mean, when he goes back and he leaves, he's at his desk. He wakes up in Flashpoint at his desk, and, and the whole thing. Oh, you know, Citizen Cold and all this stuff, and it doesn't make it makes fully sense. It makes a lot of sense to him when he goes back to the new 52 they actually recreate it's basically the recreated scene of when he first woke up in flashpoint in a better universe that he has put together so whatever you can go and say the experiences and all that that he had up until then it's that point in his career in the new 52 right and because and just that he knew bruce and and was able to just "Hey, hey you're a hell of a delivery person you know there barry and you know like that and this was later on, and we don't know when, but I, I like to think that it was later on only because all of a sudden they remembered Flashpoint once Rebirth started and didn't seem to remember it before. So, right. And I even said, you can even play around that when Wally came back and came through the Speed Force, some things were jarred as well. But Bruce had the letter by then, and it just – it is a weird thing to spell out you know, when he says. And this is the other thing that I said where a lot of people were saying, listen, uh, the Thawne himself is in the Speed Force, and – they say, like even Batman hinted at it. It's it was such a, a force foreshadowing because Batman, you don't know how long he thinks he's been in there or the time. And when you go through a time, shit doesn't work the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a that's few what ends up for me happening. Could have been freaking you know days yes. or weeks. So for him. you so when Barry says like I just left a few months ago, it, you could say, oh, you know what? Maybe it was longer in this universe, and that's why you know Thomas is healed and all this. But the problem is Thomas doesn't react to that. He doesn't no. go months. You've been gone five years, or what? You know what I mean? He goes yeah. with it. So I can only assume that's what they were saying. But just the whole new fifty two. The only thing I can go with is like you know he's healed and all this shit because he was healed in Convergence. His timeline was plucked no, out beforehand, I'm and he's telling spent you, that you say that. I'm dome. never gonna go with that because they're never gonna say that. There's no inkling. That's the only thing that makes sense. Though. But I know. But you're saying an, an event that probably two percent of the people listening read, and they don't mention it here. They mention all that stuff with Flashpoint. All they have to say is, and then at one point our whole timeline was plucked out he doesn't say this so I'm i can't sorry. ever and what go we saw with before like uh in convergence where we had all these timelines plucked out and we saw like you know when barry's talking to flash i mean when barry's talking when barry's talking to bruce and thomas he's talking about you know this place is being held together and st- like like uh as like you know photo kind of like we saw as we're going through the time we saw the freaking pre-crisis we saw the post-crisis and so like all those timelines seem to still be there but being held in stasis like the flashpoint throughout the timelines a lot like convergence yeah but like, again where they that, were yeah. where they were put back in time at the end of that it seems like they did not end up meeting their like their doom like they were supposed to they were held off by some yeah. higher force again though you say that and that doesn't make sense then that any amazonians are in gotham because that it was only gotham that would have been saved this seems like the whole world save and Agreed. it just was gotham so uh, again you're opening a can of worms if they're talking anything convergence because there's no way they're going to be able to, to tell people about that whole goddamn event anyway and they don't even mention it at all so we'll have mm-hmm. to 
see. If, if they ended up, I'll owe you $5 if they right. ever mention Convergence. Also, the whole thing is we had the Superman that seemed to pretty much erase all that anyway in our minds. Right. And also, like, Thomas then would know Superman, the pre-Flashpoint Superman. Pre-Flashpoint Superman would have mentioned Lois and then would have mentioned at least once since they came back, Convergence and all, which they never did, even in their Lois and Clark book before Rebirth. So I, I Well, just, they, they talked about that time where uh, Superman was, you know, didn't have powers and fought like Batman for a year. I no, that was just how. Yeah, they did, but that was a redone version of him in in the the regular universe. They weren't talking about convergence. No, no, they were point. talking about convergence. They were talking about like that's where he was in that costume that he was in during convergence, and he was like had to learn how to be a superhero oh, well, that, without powers. Yeah, that was in convergence though. Yes, yeah, and they talked about that like at the like in Action Comics, I think. No, I don't. Like when when remember. when it's when he when it was during the freaking whole like. Uh, Exol and uh, I can't think of the fucking name now. It was the intergalactic bounty hunters, and when Superman didn't have powers, and Lex is like, "Wow, you're pretty good without powers." Like, yeah, I, I had to do stuff for a little while like that. Yeah, I actually didn't even think that they were even gonna that they didn't even mean that. I'm telling you, now that it's going here, if you want to say anything, I think that convergence is completely wiped out, and maybe that's just why these timelines are hanging because that's a new version of convergence maybe. that has changed around because of Superman. I'm just telling. You, if they wanted to have anything with convergence, to me, they would have spelled it out. I'm just saying it's the only thing right now that makes sense. Because also, if that's the case, convergence would have happened within the last couple months in this universe. Because mm -hmm. they've only been, it's only been a couple months. I think they would have, you know, when he says, the war raged on, millions are dead, I think he might have said something like, yeah, and then we were gone for a year. And, you right. know, I know timing is weird, but that was a year under that dome and convergence. So, you know, shit's a little wonky there. Well, they, I think they might have had their memories erased to put, be put back in time right before they were, uh, like, destroyed. Yeah, because that's the way to make it so it didn't yeah. mean anything. It's nonsense, that convergence. I, You and Manship, I'm I telling you, if it ends up convergence, I'll owe you five bucks. But yeah, now, now we've gone too far into convergence, and nobody that's listening knows what we're talking about. And if it is, you'll find out later. But yeah, uh, the the Amazonians and the Atlanteans are coming down to fight. In the meantime, Flash has to put together the uh, cosmic treadmill, re-put it together. He needs a minute, which is just aping exactly the reverse Flash deal. And uh, I don't understand how he knows how to put together and tear apart the cosmic treadmill. I just don't know why he would know in a minute how to do this. But again, it is a very force. I, did you have any tension at all? That the Amazonians and the Atlanteans would win this battle. No, not at all. No. And did you think at any point that Flash would not be able to put together the cosmic treadmill? No. No. So he there was could. nothing. He needs this a was just, okay. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was cool to see Thomas and Bruce fight against a, an enemy together, but it didn't mean anything to me no. because I knew that this was just filler to me. It was nice. It was cool. In the meantime, right before, Batman brings up Bruce. I, I just want to keep saying Batman. Bruce keeps bringing, hey, you know that letter that was the best thing I ever got? I had so many questions. And Thomas, hold on to them. I'm like, you motherfucker, we don't get that much time. <laughs> even so, you have that. And at the beginning, Thomas is like badass too. Let him come. Let's go. We'll hold him off. I'll hold him off while you do this treadmill. And he has the gun comes out. And Batman, it's funny too. Batman throws a battering at him. Like he doesn't even like, Dad. No, don't do that. But he's like, Hey, we're, we're you know, look. This is this is the weapon I use. That's the weapon you use. Mine's better. We don't kill people. Come yeah, on, yeah. Dad. It does. He all he says though, he hits it out of his hand and just says, We're all leaving together. 
almost like, hey, I'm fighting with you, never really says, I guess he doesn't want to yell at his father. But And that's where uh, Thomas is like, no, you got to leave, Bruce. You got to get out of here. And then you Bruce. Don't, you don't want to meet up with your dead father that you've been pining to talk to your entire life and then yeah. yell at him. Yeah, and yell at him and then realize he's a stone cold killer. But yeah, that, that, yeah, that's when Bruce like, off, hey, dead, dead. Yeah, he's like, hey, listen, uh, Dad, you, you got any of these, you know, shit that I would have defenses, you know, no, electric no. shockwaves? He's like, no, your mother was more of the plan ahead type. And I was like, God damn it, you say that and not through this thing. And I know that this is only a couple minutes, but not once has Bruce asked about his mother. And even then, they're fighting. There is it. They're, they're talking now. Oh yeah. Why doesn't Bruce like? Where is she? Where's mom? Is mom alive? You, I got I to gotta go with just the whole world's greatest detective thing. He knows what happened for him yeah. to become Batman and shit well, like that. even that. He's like, your mother was uh, planning. And that's where you get the wonky thing of, you know, is he it, the whole Joker thing and all that. Whatever the case may right. be. But it, it's just very weird that Bruce doesn't bring it up at all. And the, the thing that only I can say is because... We've dealt so much with him talking to his mother in the regular Batman book. Right. So leading up to this, he's always been talking he to his mother. He could never mom. talk to his father. He and he couldn't talk chance. to his father. Now he does. And they do kind of play with that earlier when his dad would look at me, Bruce. But uh, that even so, uh, it's just weird because that seems like all through the Tom King deal, it was always his mom. Oh, my mom. And then really at the end of I Am Bane, you can say that maybe he was in heaven talking or, or it may have been him that's what I kind of dying that's and why thinking. Tom King, that's why Tom King kind of left this title for Joshua Williams because look – I only deal with Batman talking yeah, to his mom. I don't I know only what to deal do with, with him talking mom. to his dad. He's a mama's boy. But yeah, and all of a sudden you have this. And I, I will point out uh, as well, though, I didn't love this issue. There's nothing wrong with it. You no, know what I'm saying? The, the dialogue, the dialogue's good. There, yeah. There's some wonky things no, in I'm it. Saying, you know, there, there's but no, I'm saying when, there, but... when Bruce, I'm saying like just the voices. I'm not right. saying like, you. yeah, you have some snafus thrown in there. But the voice of Batman, Thomas, they're all fine. Uh, Joshua Williamson does a fine job of what he's doing here, except there's nothing to it. I am a Flashpoint fan. We're only there for four minutes. I, you know, I, I, And I love, and what I'll get to, because they're fighting off, Flash is putting together the uh, cosmic treadmill and then just does. And yep. they're going to leave. You know, And, and the, the worst part is, to make it even more so, you have two things happen as this goes they have to get the fuck out because the world's falling apart uh but also the cosmic treadmill is revved up and ready to go eric and he doesn't make like you need yeah. a speedster to activate this fucking Maybe thing it's he, just not revved up he put it together wrong i, I don't know he, he had he's like when people do things that i care has three pieces left over he doesn't know what he did you but have he, three pieces uh, left yeah over. i know but he's like hey uh, it's it, the Batman. The treadmill's at full power without me running on it. It's gonna leave with or without us. Makes no sense. And I don't know why Thomas wouldn't go with them. But they end up with this whole thing with the letter. And Batman's like, you know what? I I, the, I never thought that I was gonna be able to talk to you about this stuff uh, because I got the you know obviously he was dead. And he's like, listen, you're a grandfather. I had a kid. And it was funny because I thought like this was a thing that he thought that his dad thought he'd never get laid. Like, Listen, dad, you were such a sissy boy. You, you were a sissy. No, no, dad. I got laid. I had a kid. Dad, and flashes I remember there. why we couldn't talk when I, we were a, when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah really. Sure. It's like, this is why I always talk to mom, you son of a bitch. But you also have the whole thing about when he went down in the cave and what they said. And it was a nice thing. It's like, hey, do you remember what I said when we went down the cave to get, when I went to get you? And he's like, ah, you were whispering because you didn't. And then that's when Thomas finishes not want to scare the bats. And then that's when he says, dad, you know, whatever. And he does tell them then about the grandfather. He's like, you're a grandfather. I have a son. And then I was waiting for Thomas to say, like, 
I, I wanted to tell you something too. Don't name the kid Damien. I hate that name. But no, I saw it, the Omen once. Totally ruined yeah. me for that name. And and it's weird because Thomas is there. This is when Flash is like, we gotta get going. I really don't know why Thomas just doesn't go with him. But again, I'm it's you, fine. I gotta go with this whole thing with the narration in the beginning when he's sitting at you know his table talking about what happened to Flashpoint to catch everybody up. He's talking about our world was saved and like you know kept on life support. I know from being a surgeon, there's, there's a point where you can't go past yeah. and keep cutting. You have to let it die. Yeah, but and it's just he he's the finally point where, there with his son. He can exactly. actually what he says to back. Batman. He's Listen, too far gone to be with his I'm son telling you, though, then he needs. says, as they're going, he says to basically, and it's a great moment. This is the best moment to me, is when Thomas then wants to, to talk and says, Listen, Flash, you told me you'd save my son before. Do it now. Just take him away. Don't let him jump off because he's afraid Batman's just going to jump off and die right. with him. And, and that is a good death there. But he says to him, Listen, son, you're in my world. I delivered you. I did all this. And you know what? Everything led to me being Batman. But I want to tell you, uh, don't be Batman. You know, yeah. find happiness, please. You have, you know, just don't be it. Be a good dad to your son instead of this. And he says, don't do it for me. Don't do it for your mother. Be a father for your son in a way I never could be for you. Let the Batman die with me. And it's a big moment. That's a and great this line. Is, I'm telling you, this, I yeah, really it's love great. this line. I'm telling you, you can say all you want. I still think the letter in Flashpoint was better. This ends up changing. Like, this is the moment now. Because the letter's destroyed. It's gone. Now this is the moment. I do like it, but it's like, don't be Batman. The problem is, now people, and I will just discuss this right now, people are like, holy shit, this is awesome. Uh, Batman's going to retire. He's going to go. And I'll, I'll tell you, number one, we had Bruce Wayne die and then come back and not be yeah. Batman at the end of the DCYOU right before Rebirth. It was not great. It really no. wasn't. And in fact, DC Gordon kind Batman of, doesn't do it for me. No, and DC kind of, uh, kind of pussyfooted around and and brought Bruce back right away to lead to him being Batman again. I don't know. My dog's fucking going nuts down there. But uh, in the meantime, you have this where you go and say you have Batman. I I just said to people, listen, I hear what you're saying. You're saying this would be very interesting. A bat, no Batman, no Bruce Wayne. The problem is number one, what is Damian going to do? You exactly. think Damien's going to retire? Damien's already said. Bat. Yeah, Damien's already said that he's going to be the Batman. So if Bruce says, okay, I'll retire to raise my son, unfortunately now my son's Batman. And he will die. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Okay, then you or have Dick. Or the interim fucking Dick you might have become Dick. Batman. You Jason have... might become Batman. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd have Dick Grayson first. Dick Grayson would be Batman again. Probably a Batman and Robin title with Damien. You'd ha you had that set up in Nightwing. Oh, yeah. uh, because of this, Dick will die. He's not going to, you know, all of these guys will eventually die. So him retiring, it's not, hey, everybody, let's have a picnic. The whole Bat family's done. You the have, whole, first off. The whole point of the matter was Batman wanted to retire or die because he knows if he keeps up, he will die. He needed Gotham yes. and Gotham Girl to be this And Gotham and Gotham Girl were the it best thing out. to him. And that's what Tom King has already told us, that when Gotham and Gotham Girl saved him on that plane, he realized, you know what? The deaths end now. Yeah. With these super, basically a Superman as Batman, Dick Grayson doesn't die. Damien doesn't die. Jason Todd doesn't die. These are superheroes now. This is At not the time, non power. Tim Drake doesn't die. Yeah, Tim Drake doesn't die, which, you know, he still thinks that he's yeah, dead. Yeah. Uh, but the, the case is, or the point of the matter to me is, his dad saying this, it's very, it's, it's a shame 
that this isn't something that he could have taught him before or said. But even if he, even if it was at the point when the letter came back, I, I still don't think that Batman in his right mind, because this is where we were talking about earlier when I was talking about the spotlight being on. You want Batman to sit in the, the fucking, you know, be in a rocking chair on the, on the Wayne Manor porch no. and he sees the bat signal and it's like, yeah. I remember when that meant something, and then sip lemonade. I said, "Do you want a Batman Beyond last week?" We don't want that again anyway. Do you want a six months of Batman teaching Damien how to fucking throw a curveball? You know, no. Damien has this. This is the other thing: is people are like, "This is going to happen." So you're going to throw all of these books in a fucking tizzy because of that. And I really, I don't want that. I don't want to see. A Batman book without Batman. I've already or Bruce Wayne. I've already seen it. I really have. Now again, they really are pushing for th- that Dick and Damien combo again. I don't know. I don't even want to see that. Night- I get in enough this of them already. Nightwing, though, it kind of it kind of solidifies the fact that you know Nightwing is better at being Nightwing than he was ever at being yeah, Batman. He, just, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't want to be so Batman. Are you so gonna have, to worry about. are we going to have another uh, battle for the cow? Are we going to do not. this again? No, let's have, you know, you say, and I'm saying this, and I'm going to say, let's have some new stories, and somebody's, oh, well, it is new with Bruce. Now. No, it isn't. We just had that. That is one of the main reasons we got a rebirth, because of that and the Superman nonsense, that all the books were getting away from what they said was legacy. This would get away from it again. You're going to have, yeah. you know, just nonsense. I, I just, but again, I really like them. I like it I'm as... Saying, it's a nice sentiment, but the thing is, Batman knows that he is the best candidate to be Batman. Yeah. Nobody else and really if he doesn't him. do it, somebody will die. Yeah, and maybe more people, and just innocent people might die. But I also I like it as a way where Batman goes back, and this does give him a thing like you know what? Maybe I was, and we saw this. It's weird because I go with Batman Beyond, which is in the future, where he's like he at that point in the future. What is it? Thirty five years yeah. more. He's upset in the current issues. He's upset that he didn't you know, have time for Damien or he didn't do this enough. I do like the idea of maybe this will lead to a couple more scenes of them in the fast food restaurants. Maybe I'm this is you, him it getting Jason him on that goddamn it, painting. It could just lead to him being a better father while being yeah, Batman that's what I trying mean. to make it so this Damien is I mean. isn't Robin anymore, yeah. which makes him, you know, resent his father for taking yeah, his life away from that. It. He is or, only known. Like I said, maybe all of a sudden we're going to have where he hangs out a little more with Jason Todd. Or Dick Grayson, or all of them. Maybe they, like I said, that scene, people love that scene when they were in the fast food restaurant. Maybe we'll get more of that stuff more. It's and I'd Jason love that. We'll get on that because I, do, painting. I do think that it would be Batman now. It's solidified, too, because his dad does say, like, don't do, don't be Batman for me and your mom. You know, you don't have to do this. His mom, in whatever way it was, already told him he doesn't have to die a good death for them. That You know, get past that. And he even said then, it's not just for you anymore. It's to do good. It's to save people. I'm not yeah. here just to die. I want to save people. So I do hope that what we get is a better, more open Batman, which we're already getting. Like I said, we're already seeing stuff like this in Detective and JLA where he's trying to be more open. He's trying to be more, you know, not the Batman who sits there and knows that the Joker knows all of the, the Bat family's identities and where they live and shit and doesn't tell them. 
You know what I mean? He's learned yeah. these lessons. And even in uh, the whole thing with Harper Rowe and all that shit with Mother in Batman and Robin Eternal that he kept from everyone. He really going into Rebirth, it really seemed to have affected him to realize I got to be a better person, not just a better Batman. I think that this is what continues here. And he realizes that, no, I, I don't need to be Batman for my mom and dad. I, again, maybe this is where when somebody has a gun, he doesn't look off into the distance and sees their goddamn gravestones every time. <laughs> that he's like, okay, they're dead. I can get past this because really he's an emotionally stunted guy. He, he you know, if, at, right now if he's 31, 30, 28, whatever, he is he's an emotional wreck. Maybe this gets him over that as well, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're gonna have a book without Batman, and I'm gonna fucking yell and scream because. Well, I'm we not know gonna that's like not it. gonna be the case because we have some of the fucking Bane aftermath issues, yeah. and then we go into fucking the. Uh, I know, but that's I mean, the, the thing. That I, I still want to call it the shits and giggles. I know, I uh, know Batman, I Batman shits and giggles. But when we have that, that's in the past. So yeah. it, 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 they are people are pointing like, look, that, and that is a tell. Of shit going wrong, but I look. Detective Comics seems to be fucking all hands on deck still, and Justice League of America, and Justice League of America. Yeah, all those yeah. seem okay. And yeah, you get rid of Batman, you're getting rid of a lot of money because yeah. people will be like, okay, I'll check back in September or where, you know, uh, Batman next year. Makes us a lot of money. Let's not yeah. make a lot of money. Yeah, for Yeah, let's a while. not do this. And that's kind of what they did at the end of the New Fifty Two with, uh, yeah, with with Gordon. It didn't really work, though. Some people liked it a little more than you are. I liked it okay. It just got boring. I just wanted Bruce. Fucking nonsense. Yeah, I just wanted. Yeah, but that was the villain. So, but yeah, then they go. The the cosmic treadmill leaves. Uh, with uh, Bruce or Thomas saying that, and then Bruce just yelling, "We can save you!" And I'm like, "I know. Grab him. Just take him." And that's where we forgot to mention at the beginning when the forces the amazonians and the atlanteans were coming bruce was just or thomas was going through the cave just putting bombs oh, and yeah. i actually really like that like this was him ready to die and that's the only thing that i can explain here but i really no the guy could... is totally ready to die he wanted to die at the end of flashpoint and something saved it's, him yeah. he is one of the die it's weird time. to be here he wants because... a good death jim i'm telling you it's weird to be here that I guess maybe he doesn't want to commit suicide, but it's weird to me that he just doesn't press that button. Almost like the fact because the universe, the the timeline is falling apart. It's falling apart. It's disappearing. Now, uh, now that freaking Batman and Flash have gotten there, now the universe isn't holding anymore, and it's just dissipating yeah, into nothingness. Yeah. And I would, I would have actually, if I was Thomas, I'd press that fucking button and say, "You, you think you're going to kill me? You think you're going to wipe me out? No!" And just blow it up. Uh, but he doesn't do that. He throws the the thing against the uh, the, trigger the trigger against yeah. the wall. Now, the other thing I want to ask you uh, as we go, because this is where Thomas thinks back at when Bruce was a kid and fell in the cave, and he does say the whole thing that he did whisper was that uh, the Waynes, Waynes never, you know, Waynes might fall. Uh, but remember, Wayne's never stayed down. We rise. And he runs off into what he seems to be like he's attacking the destruction of the timeline. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows if that's it and it ends with just white. Now, the thing is, if we think Dr. Manhattan is behind all this, right? We, right. We're like, yeah, you think it's Dr. Manhattan. What is he really doing? Is he just fucking with Bruce? Is he just having a chuckle? That he does, oh, I'm going to get, because it really does seem, and I will point out that at one point, Brett had mentioned in his rants and yelling at me that 
it did seem to spell out that that button did lead them to Flashpoint. While I thought that it really was when he did that there was a turbulence when they were there on the cosmic treadmill. It's there was a turbulence there. and they fell out, out and off yeah. of the cosmic treadmill. So them going back and saying the the button led us here. Fucking nonsense to me. It, it did not look that way. It doesn't make goddamn sense no, for that to so, happen because the goddamn Cosmic Treadwell fell from where it yes. was going and shattered. They were so, not supposed to go I there. I think that what happened then, it, it had to be that it meant like you had to twist it around that something, whoever was doing this, drew them there. So it did. It did. They got to Flashpoint and they're doing all this. I just want to know what the end game of the bad guy is. If it's Dr. Manhattan, you said that you thought it was he was he wants to lessen Batman. He right. wants to make Batman it's the same less way with, it's to give like, up hope. The same thing with Superman, where you know Superman came out in the New Fifty Two, and he was splitting the two to weaken him. And they're like, you know, we got rid of hope to weaken. They're yes. like, take away the, uh, the ten years to take away experience and hope and all the stuff to weaken our heroes. Yeah. And like, um, even Pandora at the end of Flashpoint, when she's putting together the world, she's like, somebody has shattered our worlds. We have to put them together. Yeah. To, like, it's this this ominous figure has trying to weaken us. Okay. And it's so the whole long, the this same is my point, my though. My my question is. Wouldn't it have been better or easier for a, say, Dr. Manhattan? If Dr. Manhattan grabbed, like, they're in the Speed Force and he forced them into the Flashpoint universe, why not force them into some fucking timeline that's fucking nothing and they're stuck and they're gone? Now yeah, you I don't, don't have, have Batman or Flash. This. That's what I'm saying. But the whole thing of, like, having it that it makes him weaker, you could get rid of him here. He could be gone. Or, oh, yeah. and also, you are really rolling the dice. There's Dr. Manhattan. It's like, is he that, like, He's going to let shit play out because if he goes and Thomas Wayne says, hey, uh, son, you know what? Somebody's fucking with us. He's already said it at the beginning. Somebody's fucking with us. Go fucking get them now. And Batman is – that now that becomes Batman's mission. You, you haven't get, gotten hope from him. Now you fucking pissed him off. Or if Thomas Wayne right now said – Hey, I'm coming with you. We're going to go and fucking get this person. I think it's God. We're going to heaven and we're fucking bringing it down. You are, you are really rolling the dice. It does end up in the way, like you said, that it means like he's a little less or he's given up hope or his right. hope with it. But to me, you are really rolling the dice when he does this. So at the end, there's too many variables that I would think that that would be the plan. Plus, like I said, you can end up taking batman and just making him disappear you could put I'm him in, you, a, in in my mind it's the thing is if you think of dr manhattan if, if we are going to say that he is the big bad of this whole thing yeah he see he knows everything that he's going to from the past to his ultimate future he knows how everything's going to play out this might be something that just had to play out a certain well, way to again, get him to where he that, ends up and when you do that now you're you're giving me a story that i i'm now don't care about because whatever the bad guy does he's already seen it play out and yeah. it just i lose complete interest in the overall story because now you've taken any sort of you know questions or fate out of it he knows exactly what's going to happen and do it yes. and i've lost interest i i really don't and care that's anymore though, that's only if this is dr manhattan yeah i know i'm not but that's really, what I'm you know, saying. It's, it's the, too it's too much right there it seems like too much on the nose for everything yeah. they're throwing at us it i can't just, say yeah, for certain yeah. it's dr manhattan it's just weird though of what the end game of doing this flashpoint except for a forced way to get batman to talk to his real father and have his father say don't be batman and see how it goes from there again is this where the button is only a setup for the batman books going forward just like justice league versus suicide squad right. was just a setup for the jla or where even you can even say in a weird way that the monster men was even a bit of a setup for the batwoman book like you right. know what i mean like they have all these setups i don't want setups i want answers i want things and uh, they do go off and they they get away and this 
is where Flash pretty much says, listen, we can never go back there. It's almost like it's he's gone. the yeah. editor and saying, like, listen, guys, uh, we promise we're, we're not going to go back to this again. Uh, we can never go back. It's gone. It's completely gone. Uh, and that's where you see. And it's a pretty cool panel because that's where Bruce says, uh, the button came to my cave and brought my father and me. But why? And I, I want to know why as well. But as the next panel goes, you see reverse flash in the distance catching yeah. up to him. And I thought that was really fucking I cool. love that too. Like, yeah, how the fuck did really you get in cool. front of me? Yeah, yeah. And he does. And I, I said to you when I read it, where they even start talking about the stolen time. Like, this is starting to be, to me, it's weird. Like, they're really wrapping up some things right here that makes me worry about the next issue. Because he's like, I don't know. Wally told me someone stole time from us to hurt us. Maybe they sent us to Flashpoint for the same reason. Maybe. Right. I'm like, okay, that, that's the answer. That's all Maybe. we're really going to get. That's all we're going to get now. But the best thing is when Reverse Flash then runs past him and he has the button. And again, the button now seems to be a fucking, you know, a trigger so that you're like, oh, this is before he died. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, all yeah. it is, in this, it's an accessory now. Uh, but they're there. And I really love the way Joshua Williamson writes the, the Reverse Flash because, like he says at, at the next couple panels, He's pretty much seems to be in the Speed Force for years upon years, right? He has gone world after world. I don't know how world. long it's been. I just know he's he's just done some shit and seen some shit. I'm telling you, he's, he's basically through. to me, he's just like the things that I have seen. He says, "You have no idea the things I've seen, Alan. The places I've been. The the thing that I love now. He's not mad at anybody. No. He, it's not like he's like, oh, Batman, I thought I killed he's got you. A new hobby. I, I'm going to do this or hey, Flash, you son of a bitch. He is. It's almost to me is like. He now has seen things that makes him like above all that. Like it to me, like when we talk about Dr. Manhattan, people say, listen, Dr. Manhattan's above shit. You know, he doesn't care about, you know, what me and Eric Shea do right. in one day. That's he's way above. He's become a god. And uh that's kind of the thing. Like the shit that it seems that Reverse Flash has seen seems to just with the dialogue, he's not he even seems to be like chummy with with oh, yeah. flash and to me it's like the shit that he has seen and done puts him above the normal like he has already realized this stupid shit with the flash oh, yeah, that yeah, doesn't make bigger sh- things than all yeah, of us going this on doesn't right here i have found out about matter. Matter. yeah about and he really see- and guys the anymore. thing is though at this point he seems giddy because then he says hey i know who the power of the button belongs to and then he says and they'll they never face someone like me so where you go what's weird to me is whatever he's seen and knows he really is confident that i mean yeah. this is this is where when people thought that uh, tim drake saw dr manhattan it's, i can't believe it I, if it's dr manhattan that he is legitimately talking about he knows dr manhattan he seems to know what this is all about and he thinks that he's can can kill him or he can do something. You know what I mean? He's yeah. very confident. This isn't like, oh, yeah, I think I know what's going on and I'm going to see what I can do. This is a guy who is going off to what we know should be his death, thinking that he could be the big bad, that he could be a number one. And it really shocks me if that would be Dr. Manhattan because I don't think anybody would think of Dr. Manhattan and say he's never faced someone like me. Well, I he just, has. They haven't because I'm telling you, in the whole Watchmen world, Doctor Manhattan was the only person there with superpowers that yeah. they would not have faced anybody like him at but that again, point. But again, if he's going to Doctor Manhattan, he's going against a god. 
Yeah. I don't know why. And he says, I know the, you know, I know the power, the who the power of the button belongs to. We assume that he doesn't mean, say, the comedian, since yeah. it was the, we're assuming that as everything we got, Dr. Manhattan. And it just seems very odd that, that Reverse Flash would think that he is the bigger bad than somebody like that, that he knows that. It oh, just, great. Yeah. To I, me, I have I, no that's idea why. what things you've seen or done at this point. I'm actually really yeah. interested. Once we get into the time stream again through the Speed Force, this is where the book really picks up for me, and yeah, I well, really and have a only, lot of interest and excitement like about pages. what's going on. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like three but pages, I, I'm so we really get it. Getting back into where no, we're yeah. Well, well this is the problem, though. I'm getting back into it the same as I got back into it when uh, Reverse Flash showed up dead with right. uh, I seen God and going. We only have one issue left. Uh, we all and also the way these things have been playing out. We've started things with you know Saturn, uh, yeah, Saturn Girl and. Uh, Johnny Thunder, which I was actually upset. I wanted to see more of them. But, you know, the next issue, say we have a little recap. Like, there's not a lot of space no. to find out all the things. Like, I actually want to know where the fuck he's been. I want – I. And if, but if they save him, if they actually stop Reverse Flash, that is what it seems like Flash wants to do. It does cause maybe a paradox. Oh, That's it does one cause thing. a paradox. But it you don't also go into is, the, you don't go into the Speed Force and do all the shit yeah, they've done and, if but it, Reverse yeah, Flash is And it's died. also then that they say to Reverse Flash, "Oh, you know who uh, who it is? Who is it? Oh, it's this big blue guy. Yeah, Manhattan. I think that's what they called him. Like, I don't think you're going to get that either. So yeah. I think that they're going to try to follow him, try to get there. I don't know that we're going to see. Like, people are already saying we're going to see Dr. Manhattan at the end of the issue. I, I'm not sure that that's going to be. Maybe we see the you, the Watchmen universe. Maybe we see, I said even, that it'd be funny to me and all of this, it ends with the Charlton heroes being the bad guys because they're pissed that the Watchmen <laughs> stole their thunder. They're fucking irritated. And then we get meta to the point where it pulls back and now you have Superboy Prime who's fucking drawing shit now. Oh, I told you, it's one of my theories going yeah. on where Superboy Prime is now working at DC Comics in the Earth Prime and he's fucking with the heroes this way to weaken them so when he finally gets back he can defeat them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm starting to think it's the Charlton guys who are are going full out. And I'm telling you, the the plan, not the Captain Adam in our universe or no, the, no, you the know, original Blue Beetle. fucking Yeah, we're talking the universe, the multiverse planet of the Charlton heroes. They're yeah, yeah. pissed. They're fucking completely pissed, and they're coming to Wreck House now to show that they're the originals. But yeah, that'd be kind of a weird deal. But yeah, I, I have all you know. I just don't think. That the way this is going, that it's leading to Dr. Manhattan at the end. I don't think that he's the bad guy, though. It's somebody who can do crazy shit. So I'm telling I you, I have know. a lot of theories. I'm telling you, like the Superboy Prime actually affecting the universe because in his world, DC Comics are just comics. And he's the only one with superpowers that he actually entered this world yeah. when crisis happened. And uh, now that he's like, you know, grown up a bit and now he's working for DC Comics, he's affecting the entire world from the outside in. Or it's fucking the uh, Thunderbolt Wise you know, something that Johnny saw, uh, Johnny saw, Johnny Thunder did by mistake, yeah. wishing for something, and it affected the entire universe. We got a lot of stuff that we're playing with right now. Not Superboy Prime, obviously not happening right now, but that's just something, a weird theory I like throwing yeah. out there. But we have something else going on because when we see the Flashpoint universe being destroyed, it is very reminiscent of Crisis on Infinite Earths when the antimatter is wiping through each Earth going through. And instead of like going through the multiverse now, wiping out world after world, it seems it's like it could be going through time. So yeah. we, there was a thing earlier in the rebirth where brian hitch was talking about time crisis being this big event coming up so this could be the like the beginning of the events of the time crisis was yeah if the rest of these timelines like i'm saying say we like i know you don't like the idea but 
convergence. You know, Telos was going to put all the timelines back right before the dot, and then some higher power stopped it from happening. They're sitting there in static motion, not being destroyed or whatever, you know. If this thing is going through and wiping out, like, you know, like pre-crisis, post-crisis and shit like that, and then Flashpoint, all these other timelines, it could be wiping through and eventually get to the main timeline and wipe it out. We're dealing with time now instead of multiverse, which is an interesting idea, but this is very reminiscent to me of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and yeah. I think that might be the path they're going. I just, I, I'm telling you, for them to throw Convergence in would take so much explaining to explain what that was and what it means and what happened that I, I don't think they'll ever go that route. It'd just take too much explanation. They'll just go with it. You know, they're writing it now. They can write it any goddamn way they want. They'll explain in a different way, like just the timelines like being even, wiped out. Like even when Thomas Wayne runs into the nothingness and like attacks, it's kind of like yeah. what Ultraman did at the beginning when Earth 3 was being yeah, wiped I out. Yeah, I think that, crisis. like you said, I think you're more on, on the nose with Crisis than anything that they'd bring back from Convergence because number right. one, nobody That's the only liked way it. I have set up it was, it was a bomb. Um, people were so pissed off and really to me that was the beginning of the end of the new 52 and really it was because they started the dcyou but that was that that two months when dc was moving across the country to the west coast and they had convergence that really to me was the beginning of the death of the new 52 that people fucking bailed then and after two months didn't come back and then they tried to get people back with this oh the dcyou we have everything for everyone and nobody liked it and then it was a disaster and then we went to rebirth so uh i don't think that they're gonna even mention that but i do think that what you're saying with crisis i do think you're going in this issue uh just to end this is that i do think that one of the biggest things that this issue did was to show you now that the timelines are up for grabs that whoever the bad guy is whether uh, you know it is dr manhattan maybe whatever the case may be uh they can also grab dead timelines. They can grab things out of anywhere. You're not just talking the, the multiverse. Too, we, we could go back to the before Watchmen. Like we had, like yeah. you know, during the New Fifty Two, they went back and did before Watchmen and shit like that to tell you yeah. a little bit of stuff that happened before the actual Watchmen uh, book. And if we can go back before the point of like you know the comedian dying, before everything went to fucking hell, and Osmodeus fucking created yeah. the goddamn squid face vagina monsters, yeah. we he could bring that timeline well, back. Well, I'm too. telling you, this is the perfect thing for when we're saying like. Rorschach and the committee, they're dead. They're dead, well, yeah. now they don't have to be. Or yeah. also, your favorite, the crime syndicate. You want them involved in this story? The they syndicate. can be. And this could be where, you know, the if you want to get rid of hope and shit like that, the crime syndicate coming back and, the you know, just imagine Ultraman comes back and the, the Justice League is like, not you again. You're fucking dead. Jesus Christ. It would kind of put everybody down. But you you can just grab because of this timeline thing to me is more interesting than than the whole multiverse because really it opens everything. Because if you can do timelines, then the multiverse is still open. And now you have timelines that you can grab from and crazy shit like that. Yeah, we, are, you, we already saw in the Superman series where Superman and the Justice Incarnate had to go through because – and so like you know, because all these Supermen were being taken throughout the multiverse because some big bad is coming throughout the multiverse. So we're dealing with the multiverse and time now. It yeah, seems and like, time now. And it's crazy. And, and you have the whole thing that's the, the thing, the, the cherry on top is that if this is the case, your t- the regular timeline could just be fucking snap. It's gone. Like, yep. You know, you are fighting something that is way past just the normal villain. It really is. To have Flashpoint still in existence, that is some crazy-ass shit. And it was, and Batman and Flash saw it. So, And now they'll go back eventually in Batman. 
I think we shouldn't tell anybody. That's Batman just doesn't want to tell people anything. Yeah. So, but no, this is crazy. He's a know it all. And, and you go with this and just tie it in with what's happened with Superman. Like you are getting bits and pieces of putting something together here. I just want more. That's the problem. At the end of the day, with this issue, we're at the third issue of a four issue, issue event that DC is telling us is basically the biggest thing since rebirth and the next step of the rebirth story from the rebirth special number one and i'm not getting enough i'm getting a decent uh, actually a good issue here for batman like what what has changed or done with flash flash is only there as a goddamn it's driving miss fucking batman exit is what he is he's a driver that's all he is he's the only he's to get batman from point a to point b here he does nothing except be the thing to say, oh, the vibration is the same. Hey, I left two months ago. But other than that, he doesn't even need to be in this story. Yeah. And that kind of bothers me in, in general. And so you get a Batman story here that may affect Batman going on. But that's not the big part I want. I don't want to see something that might affect the Batman books. I want to see what we got in Rebirth. And I, like I said, I wanted to see more Saturn Girl, maybe Johnny Thunder. Go back to them and see a little bit more of that because t- – an issue ago, we thought that by now we might have the JSA back. You know what right. I mean? Like you had that issue that seemed to be JSA heavy. Oh, if you like JSA, you'll love this one. But now, hey, if you like Flashpoint and love Batman, get it, you'll love this one. But as a whole, everything together, I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything leading to any, except that I think that next issue is going to be a little hint of what is happening so that we have to wait again. Uh, I know I can't rate this because of that, but I'm also not going to rate this. I hear people and talk to people that you got to give this a good review because look what's going to happen next issue. No, I'm I'm going to rate it for this. That's next issue. What are you talking about? As a Flashpoint fan, I got four minutes of Flashpoint. That's all I got. And And a Flashpoint doesn't make sense I got a confusing Flashpoint that I want to know more. If if you're a Flashpoint fan, you want to know how Aquaman and Wonder Woman came to a truce and with, know how the every, fuck Thomas Wayne with all this stuff going and how he survived and how they decided to go. And I, here's a nitpick. I said to you, the way that they get together, they have Aquaman and Wonder Woman's forces get together. Really, to me, is if the allies went in and the Nazis just said, hey, we give up. And the, hey, join with us. We're going to go fight this other guy now. Because these two, they were going against each other, killing everyone. And now they're just together to go fight. Why? You know, Aquaman and Wonder Woman may hate Tom, uh, Thomas Wayne. I don't think the general Atlantean and the, the wonder, you know, the Amazonians care. They just, you know, it just ends up more fighting and it's just forced. It's just yeah. a forced way to get something tension-wise and I didn't get that. And uh, so I gave it a 6-9. I was going to give it a 7. I love the art and I know maybe I'm a little negative on it, but I'm at the point where on the third issue of a four-issue uh, big event thing, big crossover, I want it more and I got nothing. I, I really I said on my my review when you go and you see flat uh, reverse flash catch up to them you really are That's resetting so cool. the whole goddamn story back to the beginning you really are and You're so getting now back to the story you want to see though yeah but see we have one issue and yeah. I have what did we get have you gotten anything in these issues that led you to think oh man we're getting some big big answers here all we're getting is more questions so I can't say that one issue later we're gonna see I'm telling you at one point reverse flash is gonna disappear and he's gonna die and then we're just gonna be left with our dick in our hand i just i can't count on this is the oh man this is what we're gonna see because that's not just what i want to see i wanted to see a bunch of things i want to know why those shit and things were in the 
that lost and found in, in the Justice League or in right. the Watchtower. We're never going to get that. I want to know like a bunch of those things. Now it just boils down to, hey, we're gonna we might get to see who the big bad is. I don't think we're going to. So uh, that's just the deal. But you liked it a little more than me. I'm telling you, yeah, I love the art in this issue, and that that puts us like higher than you just from the get go for how much I love the art in this. And I'm telling you, the first five pages, it's all recap of Flashpoint and what we got at the end of the last uh, issue. So that's a nitpick for me there. And like you said, we get this Flashpoint back, which everybody's talking about how great this is and shit like that. But like you said, we get four minutes maybe, and like we have to get out right away because as soon as they show up, oh, the universe is being destroyed now. Uh, okay, we gotta go. And it's this kind of disappointing because you get to Flashpoint, but you don't get any answers about why or how that's happening. It's just, oh, this has been plucked out of time. It's just sitting here like, what does that mean to me? Like, I'm telling you, I am jumping to all these conclusions for it to make sense with convergence and shit like yeah, that yeah. just because I need something to grab a hold of. But because of this whole thing, I do really love the point where we get out of Flashpoint and see reverse Flash because it gets me excited because, okay, we're getting back on track. We had to fuck a little speed bump here. It was okay. The art fucking helped right. out a lot, but we're getting back on track with what I want to see of the button. And so because of that, I would give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking through this, and you have that five pages at the beginning that's recap. Yeah. Then they talk about why this is really Flashpoint for a couple more pages. Then you get five pages of fighting between Bruce and, the, and Thomas and the Amazonians, and then you get the scene with Bruce and Thomas and then you go that's it that's all yep. you get and then you get flash uh and reverse flash for three pages at the end yep. it's just there is not much to this issue there really isn't a lot but yeah it ends pretty cool like yeah you want to see who the big bad is so and yeah, I'm you're you, excited. I got really excited too when I saw the world disappearing too because I'm like my god this it looks almost exactly like yeah, the fucking yeah. anti-matter again, coming that's, through that's cool but yeah I have to know that again that just poses more questions is it right. like that or is it just that they went with that art style because it is a timeline disappearing and it doesn't really mean anything in the long run like I said at one point you even get the idea that maybe Thomas knows something this is why he doesn't go back with Batman on the uh, trip because he's done something and realizes that he can survive this ending of this timeline somehow and he runs into it because he does end up saying we rise he's just there with himself and right. he says hey wayne's never stayed down we rise and then he runs into the disappearing timeline deal right so i don't know if that means anything to him and that's why like he knows like you said that dr manhattan knows the end game maybe thomas knows a little more than he's uh, letting on and this is leading to that i don't know uh but yeah, just the whole thing is a lot, and I'll just go with everything we've seen with these events and these crossovers and a lot of these stories in uh, Rebirth, they're never sticking the landing. They're never giving us an ending that means anything going forward except some setup for the next event or, or book. So I can only say until I see different that we're going to get the same thing here. So it actually, when we say, when he's like, hey, I know who's uh, behind this and they've never seen me, you know, the likes of me, I, I actually am like, you know, fuck you. You better show us because if you don't, I'm going to be fucking furious. But yeah, that that's it. But yeah, you gave it a seven. I gave it a six, nine. So I wasn't yeah. that much uh, more no. negative. But on the book roundup i'm like the worst of the worst people are fucking throwing shade at me but hey that's what you get <laughs> I, I i stick by my deal I, I was gonna give it a seven but i i it was one of those that we've talked about like seven is the next rung up and right. i just wanted to let everybody know that i'm a little pissed off at this story and not getting any more getting more questions than answers like we have uh this is what though eric we're gonna have in the regular podcast you want to hear all these books we're gonna talk about oh the books we've read i'm like oh. reverse flash 
Ah, you and that convergence. Uh, you mentioned convergence. It, it fucking makes me miserable. I want to jump off a bridge. I'm telling you, I didn't like convergence either. I'm trying to make a reason for all yeah, this to a, make sense. But here's the promise. Uh, you say that, and I wish that you would think right now and think and, and put your score down to 5-5. Five, five, because you had to actually make up a continuity that makes sense to you. Not them. They I didn't was thinking write what that. they gave me and what we've seen previously yeah, to but make they, it make they, sense. You can't, that could be me saying, you know what, with timelines out, this is a lot like a, a Batman story I read in 1952. It, it, without them saying it, which you know they want to tell you everything, and they have to because people are jumping on this that, that never read anything beyond Rebirth. So right. for them to say that, you are actually writing the story for them to make sense in your mind. Because not one thing we saw here pointed to any of that. So you're trying to you're, – you're actually had to do work in your mind to make this story make sense to you. No, and to I, me, that's we bullshit. We saw some stuff that pointed out, like the, having the freaking different timelines that they saw going through the Speed Force. So, you know, being like, yeah, but you know, those, out they there said, well. No, that's the problem though. They already said that those were part of their universe. Batman said, oh, this is part of our universe. That and wasn't so was just, Flashpoint. Yeah, but I'm saying that wasn't saying that that wouldn't have been convergence, though. That's just them saying this happened. They're pointing towards those missing years. Yeah. So it is. And the, Flash you, says it at the end. All the, all the stuff is timelines that have disappeared because things have changed during different crises, but it was all the same universe and timeline. Yeah, but I'm saying it's not like you're, they said, oh, this, this is weird, and you saw them in a bubble. There was no hint that that was ever convergence, though. And they give hints. They actually have Flashpoint. They used five pages to explain what Flashpoint was to people so you realize what was going on in the story. So right. if they're thinking Convergence, we would have gotten a Convergence rundown. They would have told us, oh, this was a weird thing. And you had it where Thomas, you'd say, Thomas was there. He would have yeah. explained it, I think. And he didn't. So we'll see. I'm telling you, we will never hear about Convergence again. That, okay. is, my, that is my deal only because we've never heard of it now in a year. Uh, Aquaman number 22. You love that. Bane Conquest number one, Batman number 22, Cyborg number 12. Uh, what else do we have? Deathstroke number 18. I'm just going to go through these, Eric. I'm reading these things. And I'm like, eh. Green <laughs> Arrow number 22, Green Lantern's number 22 that you have a big problem with. You're, you're a little oh, ticked off. Oh, blatant fucking mistake right from the get-go yes. in the goddamn book. Yeah. Harley Quinn number 19, Injustice 2 number one. Then We did get a request uh, to read that, and I said it was from uh, – I think it was Josh Real, his name is. I, I okay. might be wrong. I know it's keeping it real, though. He wanted to know if we were going to talk about that. We have uh, Justice League number 20, Nightwing number 20, Superman number 22, The Fallen Rise of Captain Adam number 5, and Wonder Oh, no. They have the Wonder Woman number 1 here because that's what you get for the free, yeah, free comic book yeah, day. Yeah, free comic day. We will not be talking about that again. But no, yeah, we'll we be talking that. about all of those books on the podcast this week. And I hope that I forget all about convergence by then, because that just it just upsets me. And it just upsets me that if they are doing that, that they're they're fucking playing coy with it at least. Right. But yeah. I, here's the thing: is they they that is not a Jeff Johns store. Like you know what I'm saying? If that was a Jeff Johns joint, I'd mm -hmm. say, boy, they're gonna go back to that. They had nothing to do with that. that uh, just there's no connection that any of these writers have with convergence that they'd want to bring that back. I and it was a bomb. People hated it, and they really seemed like all the things that you got, you got in your action comics, you got Death of Superman, you had, uh, you know, they were playing off a lot of the stuff that 
was what they thought the hits of the past. To oh, go yeah, in. all the stuff that Little Eric yeah. Shea loved from the we 90s. Got, and it, the only thing we've got really of anything of convergence was Superman showing that it, it didn't exist for him at least. Uh, right, so, at that point. I'm telling yeah. you, I, I still hold it up and tell you, I think it was a race from the Superman continuity for the most part because of what happened in Reborn. But I'm saying we did have that scene in the freaking, you know, when they were on the alien planet with Exal and Zade where he talked about his time in convergence when he had to freaking fight without power. Yeah, but now that's gone. He doesn't Agreed. remember That's that, gone I now. guess. Yeah, I just, I actually thought that that was just a wink to anybody. Uh, but again, you've never seen Bat. You know, well, Batman wasn't there. That's the problem. Yeah. If you're going to do this, you have to explain it to the characters as well. Right. And for them to go, okay, we have rebirth. We have this whole thing. We that fucking New Fifty Two was a bomb. I, uh, oh man, do we fucking burn that to the ground at the end? You know what we should do? We'll make this rebirth. Like convergence, we'll we'll tie it in the convergence. That the only the thing I can still disaster. say that's still out there that's a possibility was that convergence number zero, where we found out that when uh, Superman went into that black hole during Super Doomed, he disappeared yeah. for a while and he ended up going to the planet Telos and uh, like the but beginning. But again, of that seems there. to be that what could have been... happened. That wasn't the new Fifty Two Superman. Yeah. He did not remember when he came back. Yeah, I don't that think that, that happened now. I don't think I'm that. Saying, I think it, that's been wiped out. Because it seems like most of the stuff that remains is the pre-flashback yeah, Superman stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I, the, the, the things that they'd need to do to explain that convergence would be half a book, half an issue of a book. It would be right. fucking nonsense. But we'll it see. turns out the big bad behind it is Parallax after he took the power of Telos yes. in Telos number four. Again, I'm like, I thought Dr. Manhattan was a fucking smart guy. He actually tied <laughs> into Convergence. What the fuck's going on? I mean, we're, we're well aware, right, that Convergence was only done because they were moving. And yeah, they yeah. Did, they was, wanted it to never do made that. sense to me. Yeah, it wasn't really. Like, yeah. It's not like they all lived at the goddamn office. I know. What the hell but doing? it really was. This wasn't like a, a September event like villains yeah. month that they were pushing this was you know, a hey we're gonna May move event. you know we're gonna get greg ruck involved to yell at jim and eric on the fucking twitter <laughs> all right eric what is the next book we've got superman number 22 written by peter j tomasi and patrick gleason with art by doug mankey jaime mendoza ray mccarty and will quintana and rob lee hamilton, hamilton county done got scary as shit out of nowhere after Lois sees that their oak tree is on fire, she goes out to find her find her husband and son, only to come across the village of the damned. That's right. Turns out a lot of people of Hamilton County aren't human, and they've been watching the Kenson know all about them. Not even Lois's borrowed Hellbat suit gauntlet is enough to keep her safe, but I wouldn't worry too much because it seems that Superman has found the place where all the no-goodniks who make trouble in Hamilton County go. Yeah, I, this is a fucked up issue. I, I, I like it. I liked it. Uh, I actually read it before you. Page through, and I just wrote to you. That's a fucked up issue. That's crazy shit going on. But yeah, it starts off. There's Lois. She's actually maybe doing some dishes. <laughs> she's doing she's the near dishes the on sink. her fucking phone. Yeah, she's looking. At looking but yeah, it's funny too. She's just paging through pictures of Superboy and Damien and Superman going and some people. Hurt. Octopus fight it, it, and actually, the whole thing I'll give you. It's an okay way to recap what has happened. If yeah. you know, even if you've been reading it, you're like, okay, I remember that, and you get going. But she goes out, and like you said, the big tree is on fire. And at first, I'm like, God damn it, what's that? The goddamn fucking uh, uh, the gate to Themyscira? What's going on here? But yeah, it's that. <laughs> That's big funny tree because when I when I got to this point, it's like, what, what the hell's up with that smoke in the distance? Sort of thing. Like, yeah, really. I, I didn't even think about the oak tree at all, even though we did end the last issue with the whole tree being on fire because of mm-hmm. John. But like, I'm like the fuck's going on she goes into the truck to go investigate him yeah, of course yeah. we have to be reminded of fucking poor goldie yeah she's there with goldie and it was funny because i Goldie's still wanted to i still wanted stick. to hold that she didn't know that that had happened remember because he's like i don't know your mom's gonna be proud because you owned up to it and all that there was a big part but yeah they, proud. 
Yeah, no, no. I was thinking she's like, what? Where the? What the fuck's going? Goldie's dead. Like, god damn it, they lied to me. But no, she's just yelling for John and Clark. She's trying to find him. So she's like, you know what? I'll go and see Creepy Cop. And goes up and pulls up, and there's when Kathy and Cop came out, and they're like, and Cobb still, it's like. I know that now we know fully that he yeah. is whatever he is. Going on I mean, there's still not like people have made a lot of guesses of who or what he is. But yeah, they're, they're going to continue this creepiness of like, where's the boys? <laughs> He's so crazy. And Kathy there again. She's there. It's There's nothing that makes you think that she is not fully 100% in with what her supposed grandfather is oh, doing. Not at all. I know totally a lot of people. When Lois goes and asks about the whole goddamn thing, hey, have you seen like you know the trees on fire? The the the, the tree that me and John love, we love that oak tree. I'm yeah, like, we love that there. oak tree. You you have to know good, Kathy. Yeah, yeah. And before we were really really hoping that it's some somehow she was not. And now they still could turn around the way it ends up. This may be there may be a Cobb and a Kathy in a vat somewhere, and this could be something different. We don't know because it ends in a crazy way. Uh, but yeah, she wants to know what's going on, and then she gets the fuck out, and it's just funny to me, because going there, I don't know that, you know what I'm saying, because I think she's creeped out by him anyway, but she goes there, I think again, it's just to be like, okay, remember Cobb and Kathy are involved, like, okay, because then she never, she doesn't find out anything, and then decides to go downtown where they last were, which I would think she would have went first off, but she goes down town and she sees the lady from the paper i don't uh, know the whole idea cop hey did you see anybody fucking you know pull an arson job on my oak tree yeah. because it's fucking burning over there i'm telling you that i would think that the arson is a little less important than she can't find her goddamn son and husband they you know this is superman who is gone and her son who's superboy that you really can go and they haven't been heard from she's very upset about it but yeah i guess she wants to know arson first i don't know uh, she goes downtown, though. It's the and most immediate problem she has walking out of her fucking house. It's all yeah, right. I don't know. If I d- haven't seen my wife and kids and I walk outside and uh, a tree is, a, I, you know, and you're on a big farm, I don't know. I wouldn't really go to Cobb about it. I'd see if anybody's there and get because she doesn't do anything about no, it. Not, she Cobb says he's called the fire department already, and she's just like, oh, fuck it. And she goes, but that's when she sees her supposed best friend, Candace. We yeah, heard that this was her best, best friend, friend before. Uh, but she sees Candace, and she did see pictures. You saw them earlier of Candace pretty much knocked out on the ground, and we saw she was hurt. We saw on the last issue. You had and the doctor to check her out. She's just walking around. She seems fine. She's like, how is she okay after this injury? And follows, and she goes to town hall, and she follows down right to the basement, and she walks into what is well, basically— you know, you know something shady when the lady goes into the back door the of the back town door, hall. Yeah, town hall back door. That means nonsense. But she yeah. goes down into the bottom of the town hall in an old uh, bomb shelter. There is pretty much a Mr. Oz-like bank of fucking monitors, which the weird thing about this as well, it's not monitors that is just showing now. I see the eradicators there. You see John as a little baby. Like, what are they studying that you still need to see John as a baby in his crib? You know what I mean? This is as bad as leaving those goddamn bodies in the running man game zone, Eric. Last year's winners. Like, you go in here, and the jig is up. And gone, Eric. It's gone. gone. You're there, and you go in, and you see everything. You see all the big hits 
of what happened. There's Goldie's carcass there. There's Lois looking right <laughs> Where are at they it. Getting these angles. Yeah, I'm saying like, what is going on here? You see John falling off the branch, but why have all of this? We understand it's, and I understand it's so that you get the idea. They are not just doing stuff now. They have been watching him since he was born. Even and, in California. Yeah, yeah, all this stuff is, it's all over. But yeah, she's like, oh my God, it's, you know, John and Clark, they're, they're secret identities, and that's where Candace shows up. And like, they're not secret anymore, Lois. And yeah, Lois does the karate kick, and off, she's very limber with yes, that kick. Is. And it's funny too, it's like, it's a weird progression though. I, I don't mind it because you do get, but she's like, aren't secret anymore. And then you just see a foot in the air and a gun flying. Oh, okay. And then Wait, she if, maces if you, her. If you, if you see in the reflection where she's looking at John, she can see Candace. With yeah. The gun yeah. It's her. just, I'm telling you though, it's, it's very quick that it she just turns quick. around, gives the karate kick and then she's running. It's funny because at this point, Candace is yelling, come back. And yeah, we get the idea that she's bad, but she hasn't really said anything. Like she might've went in there and thought, something else was up like you don't know we know candace is is bad right or at you least whatever so. she isn't what she's saying she is you would think but nothing here she doesn't she's not yell, the mild like, manner editor of the hamilton yeah horn? no no not of the hamilton horn but you know what i mean i would have loved it if actually candace was investigating and had finally cracked the case and went down there and then lois karate kicks her and maces her and <laughs> runs but yeah she runs and tries to get out of here she's yelling clark and jonathan and like the funny thing is i did see dog. At the thing, though, I saw a review that's like, oh, what does she think? Superman has super hearing. Super hearing, yeah. Him, her yelling this has probably saved her ass more times than we could ever count. I mean, you go out and start yelling Clark Jonathan and Superman is anything, anywhere close. He's hearing. He doesn't come. And so that shows you, and I think it shows her, shit has gone wrong. And that's why she goes right home, and she's going to use the communicator to call the Justice, the Justice League. League. I mean, yeah. this is this is big shit now. Superman can't hear all these people, all this crazy stuff, their super secret identity. She needs, and you know, Wonder Woman and Batman especially to come. Uh, but she goes in, and there's pretty much the entire bunch of people from the town, including Candace, who has yeah, beaten Candace, her there. She's fucking beat her there. It's crazy as hell. It's yep. the whole idea. We have Mr. Gutierrez, John's freaking you have the teacher. mayor, we have the freaking sheriff. Yep, you have the mayor. It's like everybody. And he has the Justice League communicator and knows that that's what she was going for. And she I just imagine sprint. you're looking for this. Yeah, and she just But I'm sprints. not going to stop you and yeah. just sprint past me yeah. up the stairs. Well, he's who quite fast, isn't she? And she <laughs> runs up, and she's going into the secret lockbox, and that's where the teacher, Mr. Gutierrez, I believe it is, he yeah. just crashes through the wall. Or the, the actually, he the jumps floor. up, it looks like, through the floor. Like, this is not... If it is Mr. Gutierrez, Mr. Gutierrez is more than we thought. If it's Fucking if it's somebody impersonating him, it's still somebody that has some powers. Like you, you don't just jump up through a goddamn floor. I need him to get my cancer. But she's going. He's like, oh, what does Superman's wife need a fucking gun? And she doesn't have a gun. She has the bat hell suit. Uh, glove or I don't know I guess you call it yeah. glove gauntlet but if you don't know what that was it's pretty much Iron Man's hand if you're if you're familiar with the movies the it looks very the moon during the eradicator yeah. and I, I immediately had some issues here I only because Batman had that 
cave on the the bat cave on the moon it got destroyed uh, when they were fighting eradicator and eradicator bat uh, superman and john kind of destroyed it and then batman was like holy shit you know that's gonna cost a lot of money whatnot it was kind of a funny thing where yeah. and superman said oh we'll we'll help you and nobody was helping yeah, but not only last issue do we see that batman has just left it there willy-nilly for a goddamn superhero uh superman revenge squad to go and set up shop there but he doesn't seem to have made any sort of effort to keep track of what he's done he needs to do an inventory of the shit and the bat hell suit is should be one of the number one priorities this is something that you wear to go to apocalypse and fight fight goddamn dark side and to have that there to me the rest of it's in that goddamn fucking bat cave on the moon where a villain can go and just grab it now yeah this but you, side you put issue. that thing on though you only, you're missing a goddamn one glove you look silly you don't nobody yeah you do would that. i'm telling you this is where i hope that somewhere down the line batman has to get that on and he doesn't have that glove he's all pissed but for her to have this and for superman to even know it is a little it, it's a little push to me it, it's a little forced because i do think this would be something that batman would have wanted back uh Definitely. it's fine because it leads into the story but the other side issue is whatever we we don't know what the gauntlet itself does the whole suit will kill you eventually yeah, wear wearing it, it. Eats your uh, the thing like i'm saying i said to you i think that every piece of this suit works and powers up using your own metabolism there what is the power source of this glove she is shooting fucking fire flames and bolts out of this glove it has to have a power source if it's not the actual main suit it's killing her right now she better have a good metabolism i mean she looks greater oh, she looks, looks fantastic so i would kit. say that this metabolism is, is top notch but really this is just a it's a forced way for her to be able to combat against oh, yeah. these super things so in the end the of the day well. that's the thing at the end of the day it's kind of fun i'll let yeah. it go i just wanted to point out that batman is not doing his job the guy who prepares for everything w- would have gotten get that yeah really and alfred can't get on the moon so no. i guess that well it, it ends up then with this glove seems to also signal the Batmobile, and that yeah. is the new 52 Batman and Robin Batmobile. Sure it shows is. up, Greg. Yeah, it shows up. And she's like, oh, okay. And it, it, again, that's really cool. Don't really understand why the hell. Yeah, I don't know. But it, it does show up. She gets in, and this glove is like the – this is the main thing in this book. If she did not have this glove, it's nothing gone. else would have happened. It would have been done. So she fights off these guys, and then the bats, the Batmobile comes. She jumps in, tries to say, "Hey, can we? You know, can I turn this on?" She even mentions, "Hey, if, if, I, if I, I can drive Frankenstein's scooter, yeah, yeah." Yeah, and I, I like that. She's like, "How do I start this?" And it says, "Voice unidentified, no ignition match." And then she puts her the gauntlet on the steering wheel. Gauntlet glove ignition match, driving privileges allowed. And she starts it up and it starts going. She says, All right, now we're talking. And then the 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 Batmobile's talking to her, and then she talks and says to fire the weapons. It says, request permission and initiate shield and weapons. And she's like, fire them up. I don't think that that would work. We've already seen that her voice was not identified as anybody. Batman, again, I guess if you turn on the Batmobile, you're allowed everything. Sign language with the goddamn gauntlet? No, well, I'm saying that's the problem is you still would need – that's why – here's the deal. If you had this, do you think that Batman's – do you think Bruce Wayne's fingerprints would, would start it up then? 
I think yeah. I so don't you know. have a it villain who just cuts off Batman's hands. Glove, this is the say. the whole thing where somebody cuts off a hand to be able to go in a room that's a, a yeah. fingerprint deal. There should be more fail safes of setting off these goddamn weapons. You should have the voice recognition happen again, but you don't. And she fires it. I'm telling you, you started up with that glove. Anybody can wear that glove. You don't have to be Batman. We saw it now. I think there would be more things where Batman would have a failsafe in case somebody got a hold of shit well, of his. In case, you know, like in a defensive Batman to a degree, before it wound up in the back of the moon, it was on the Justice League Watchtower behind all this fucking pr- like space oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, and you had a bunch of members on duty that but he again, went through to get to it. If you did get it, a villain could get this. And now I'm saying this is such a, a stupid nitpick. I think the Batmobile is the least of your. Yeah, fucking, but here's like, the thing: you know, Do you really you think you really think that the Gauntlet is the only thing that he has that would start up the Batmobile? If the Gauntlet no, does, yeah. probably so does half of his goddamn gizmos. But I think that you would still it asked, it asked a question now and she's like yeah fire him up and it does but again it, it's fun I'm, I'm nitpicking just because i have a problem i do have a problem with batman letting that glove out and about uh because especially because it's with lois lane i know she's married to superman this is just a woman with this goddamn one of the oh, most powerful things woman. well the mo- one of the most powerful <laughs> weapons of the i'm saying human is what okay. i really meant that they could just grab it but yeah it shoots off everyone until she gets to where it looks like Cobb just takes the Batmobile apart bit by piece bit, by piece, piece by piece. Um, mind. And it's almost like a Dr. Polaris type thing that we saw in uh, Green Lantern and stuff like that. But he, it's it's Cobb, and he's like, hello, Lois. And he you looks fucking scary. Yeah, in the meantime, the the issue pretty much ends then with Superman in that house of mystery and, and going uh, into Dead, Man Dead Man's Swamp. Swamp. And he's going down, and I mean, this shit is beyond just... You know, an old dilapidated mansion. All of a sudden, you see, and there is tech, well, and I'm he's going you, he down. He opens up a bit on the floor to a trap door that goes down this long shaft that, like, you know, it doesn't even look like there's an elevator involved. Just a long shaft down that he flies down, ends up going through hallway after hallway until he finds a goddamn big old yeah. door that he can't even really see through anything. Yeah, and again, if you think that this is, if you think that shaft's more, actually, I'm looking, it does have a ladder on the side i was gonna say maybe oh, it was a, right yeah i was gonna say maybe this was something that even shows you that to get down there you really have to be super up you could you could climb down that ladder on the side i think a it was long the, ass fucking it climb. was the laundry chute eric <laughs> he went down but he goes down like you said there's a lot of these doors and a lot of tech and then it ends up with him and what appears i mean it looks like alien tech now the shit that they oh, have yeah. and they have all of these cylinders where they have batman they have Frankenstein, Spaces they have the Bride, they have the alien that the Bride and Frankenstein were going after, they have Robin, Damian Wayne, and they have the three kids, maybe the four, we, we're not sure, we know that the three kids in the uh, the clown mask seem to be those kids that were at that fair, that at the county fair, trouble, the Superman apprehended Superman all the apprehended. then you have that little baby thing that looks familiar, I'm not sure, but even some things in silhouette, and the weird thing I said to you is, say it isn't really cops, Say Cobb has been taken over because I I'm not so sure that's not the case right. that some aliens that can t- you know shapeshifters some, something like that whatever it may be uh, the one tube that's next to Frankenstein you only see a bit of a silhouette but it looks like a heavier man and he does have glasses and I'm, I'm telling you there's a possibility that maybe Cobb and Kathy are legit people and were taken over almost like the you know the body snatchers the only thing that gets me though is if that was the case i'm wondering why a batman 
was not done that way so that that can keep Lois and Superman away from that, this. It's fact, weird to me you know that what the, I mean? the only characters that are on the, in these tubes are the ones that you'd never see. The ones that are yeah. out and about, you don't see in any That's what I'm tube, saying. So this is what I'm saying. This might be the actual townsfolk, though. Well, that's what I'm saying, that with the whole deal, if you were – you had two ways of doing this. You would see the townsfolk in there. You would see Candace. And you'd be yeah. like, holy shit, that wasn't Candace. Or like I said, Superman would have been going down there, and we would have seen Damien in the panel before being creepy – but we haven't seen any of that, so we're going to have to see. Now, again, maybe these are the recent ones, and then Superman walks around there, and you do see these others that maybe they're the townspeople. That, it's weird. We're going to have to see. But it is weird to me to think that Superman would have taken his family to a town that somehow Fucking this village of the damned. entire town is the village of the damned. The only thing that can make sense in my mind is they – as they move to Hamilton County, they obviously, like you said, looks like these people were watching them They've been in watching California. California yeah. So when they went to move to Hamilton County, they realized beforehand when – Say shop. Super – yeah, say Clark earlier bought that farm. And then they're like, okay, let's go. Let's take over these people it's, and then you, took over their – setup fa- though. These people are actually who they say they are. They're all fucked up like you know whatever powers and shit like that or mm-hmm. monsters, aliens, whatever you have you. And they're like – Oh shit! They're planning on moving. They start setting brochures. Move to Hamilton County. Yeah, yeah. It's really like yeah, it's a great place. <laughs> Hamilton to live. County. If you have a young son who you know you long not, to live the farm life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not too far from the city. In case I was going to say there, it's like also farm. Uh, not too far from Metropolis, but far <laughs> enough, you know, big enough to serve and small enough to care. There's Hamilton County for you. But I do think that if it's anything, it would only make sense to me that they have taken over. Right. Some of the town, and again, if you look, maybe that bottom one that we're not sure—it looks like a baby. Maybe that's Candace. I'm looking at it right now. It's a little bud, but maybe that's down in the ground. I don't, fuck, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see. But uh, I had the nitpick with the glove and all yeah. that. Uh, this is such a quick read, Very. and and because of that. It was quick because I was into it. I was reading yeah. it. I was having a lot of fun, uh, and I really did like this issue, even though I was yelling about that club. Because every time it comes up, it, it just gets me mad that Batman could let this happen. Uh, even when it was on the moon base, I got mad that it was just in a goddamn crate that Wonder <laughs> Woman, or Wonder Woman, Lois just went into and grabbed. But seeing that they were watching them for all this time, the other I thing that the, this the goes creep with factor, the creep factor though it was just kept amping up how great it was. Because first we start with Cobb and Kathy. we know they're up to no good, and then we. We find, follow Candace down to this goddamn bomb show where we find out they've been watching the whole life. And then yeah. we find out what, whatever these people are, they're fucking wrong, you know, because yeah. Candace getting to the house before Lois. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. The creep factor, and even at the end with Superman having them all seeing all the tube people and shit like that, I'm like, yep. this book did not stop this fucking just giving me shit. Well, and it's, it's funny, too, because this is suddenly turned into a full-out horror movie. Yeah. This is, and I'm having a great time. I don't even like horror movies, but I really like that. Also, I like the fact that this is something that's so fucked up. This is not just something that Superman can throw into the sun or <laughs> Superman can punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's not like that sort of thing. It's, it's very creepy to see what's going on. And the other thing that I have to mention, why I really do like this, is we're finally getting – it's it's has its own identity, this book now. It's not just Action Comics and Superman where we're going through this whole Reborn together and whatever. Since Reborn ended with Superman, they really went separate paths fully, and I really enjoy it. I really like this book uh, to the that, point I'm when – 
when when reading this issue too, it's like you know all the things that have been set up that Tomasi and Gleason did that I might have had called bullshit here and there just because it yeah. seemed like filler. They were tying so much like that fucking yeah. goddamn gang at the county fair. We see yep. that every day. I'm like, how cool is that? Freaking yeah, everything that's awesome. Is being tied up. Everything they've done previously is being tied up right now. Yep. I'm like. You guys are telling some fucking amazing stories. Yeah, going and, uh, and, That's why the Superman books are the best books. In yeah, and right I'll now. tell you right now that you say that – I'll tell you. There isn't a lot of filler in this book. Like that's yeah. why it's so fast. I never once – and we're going to be talking about a book next that I was fucking looking for the fucking exit the three pages in. This, I wanted to know more. I was so excited, and I really had a lot of t- uh, fun times reading it. What did you give it? I give it a 9 out of 10. Now, I'd give it – I'm going to give it a 9-3. This is Ooh. probably one of the best – fun reads that i've had in a, quite a while even though i yelled about the glove i still it, that's such nitpicks because i it just was so fast and so exciting and this is the thing when we have our do or die pull list this is definitely on this is probably my favorite book right now and that was not the case before and you like you're not a huge superman fan Oh, I never but have when, been, but, but when you, Rebirth started, Rebirth, though, yeah, yeah when Rebirth started, but book. even then, like, I love Lois and Clark, but just the whole idea, the Superman books were really trying to grab the people from the 90s, you know, you were the, that's a, especially action comics, yeah. but going forward, I'm just having so much more fun with these books than the Bat Family books in Me general, well. so, uh, but we'll move on to the next book that I already alluded to that I was not a fan of at all. Oh, God. Bane yes. Conquest, number one, written by Chuck Dixon with art by Graham Nolan, Gregory Wright, and Carlos Emanuel. The 90s reach out at us in this issue and gives us a Bane we haven't seen in a long time, and that's because his creators are back to give us a year-long Bane story that will take him around the world. Right now, though, Bane's trying to get the, to the bottom of who was trying to bring a shitload of weapons into Gotham City, and with that, the issue becomes one beatdown after another until he comes face-to-face with the perpetrator named Demacles, who might actually be a match for our venom-addicted baddie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm telling you, I I read this and I was so down on it. And I know that you're a big Chuck Dixon fan. That's the thing is, the I went in Bane thinking deal. this is going to be a lot of fun, but I, I I think I said somewhere before on one of the podcasts, maybe the spotlight, where I tried to get a hold of Chuck Dixon to find out where the continuity of the leads. Is this like you know starting fresh from where he was from the '90s? With Graham is this like right yeah. after I am Bane in the current Batman arc? Like I just wanted to know exactly what to go in thinking about this book. He never got back to me. No, no, and I get the idea. If you want to have a inkling of kind of what this whole twelve issue maxi series would be, it's kind of like that six issue Swamp Thing that Lem right. Reen came back and did, and it was like, okay, we're gonna play with some old continuity, we're gonna have some characters you know, show up that like you that. like, but it really didn't matter in the end. It wasn't really, you know, this continuity going. It's kind of outside its own deal. I'll go with that with this, but yeah, I was confused because you do have where you get the characters that were set up, like the bird and you know, and Trog and Zombie, and Trog like and that, Zombie, yeah. where we did have them in the I am Bane, I am Suicide, all that. And it that. was odd for them to bring those characters back after such yeah, a yeah. long hiatus and, and so, have them there. And we knew this was coming out, so I was like, be, okay, yeah. this is kind well, of a because push of that, Because of that, I'm reading this, and I'm like, okay, where would this be? And it starts off, and you're going okay, but then they go back to Gotham. And I thought, this is weird. And even the whole thing, you know, my city, Gotham. I'm like, what? what? What's going on here? I, I don't understand here, Bane. Tell me. Tell me. And Chuck Dixon, really, and maybe it's one of those that will it'll open up more as it goes. But yeah. as I was reading it, you said it in the, in the blurb. It's just one beatdown after another. And it, with a little inkling of he is the bad guy Batman. 
a little bit of how he's gonna uh i'm you know detective work where he's gonna do the smackdown on people and get some answers but even then even with me knowing just from the bane story in batman uh knowing bird and zombie and trog it it didn't matter because i just i wasn't invested in any of this and it really I can't even tell you that I got an idea any more of Bane than I had now, and I wanted something more from this. I would have liked to have seen, like you said, I'd like to know where the fuck this happens and the continuity of it is, it isn't, whatever. It, it just I, I'm telling I you, because we have seen you know, Santa Prisca has become Bane's home. It's his country and shit like yes. that. But as we start out this issue, it seems that his trophy, his coveted prize, is Gotham City, and that's what he yeah. cares about the most. Yeah. And it's really odd because we start this uh, issue out with a cargo ship heading towards Gotham, which at first I thought it was something different. But a cargo ship heading towards Gotham, and Bane is going to go take care of this whole thing because – it's weird, though, when he gets on the ship and confronts the people on board, he's claiming that they stole from him. Yeah, yeah, and it's and weird because I'm like, okay, he you says stole that. You don't steal from Bane, so I understand this. He's killing everybody. And when we get on board with Trog and Bird and Zombie, we find out that there's a shitload of weapons and fucking guns yeah. on this freaking ship that is headed for Gotham, but this is not Bane's. They didn't steal from Go- They didn't steal from Bane. They're heading towards Gotham with weapons yeah, for somebody it's else. it's weird so no because even involved. then, it's almost like... The, the way he talks in this and the way he's going, uh, it even seems like he thinks that – hell no. I could think that he's like, you think I'm a thief when you would steal from me? And you're yeah. like, what do you mean steal from you? And you're like, you you know, you're stealing my legacy I, because it doesn't make sense because he doesn't yeah. even know what's on there. He has – it seems like he had some intel and, and yeah. stuff like that. But he finds out, like you said, they have fucking nukes. And uh, plutonium warheads, and they're spent plutonium war. I don't even know what's going on. And then they basically go get some delivery papers. They want to see who's doing this, and then blow up the ship and go off to Gotham. I like really, what's going on? Now it's time to find out who these guns were going to. And and yeah, and and really, this is a huge. Somebody has to be involved where they're going to wonder where the ship is. I mean, he just sank it. And they just go off to Gotham, and it's like, okay, it's like, such, it's a big set piece that we're done with that. Let's move on. And then they head off to Gotham. And we're, we're and, led to believe that this is all meant for a big terror attack on the city, and yeah, Bane yeah. wants to find out who's trying to take he Gotham wants to away take, from him. Who wants to take, quote-unquote, his city? Yeah. And it, it threw me off a bit, though I'll tell you, I, I, did, I told you that the art threw me off a little. I know that it threw you off with the nose, the well, Bane's nose coming through there. Like having Graham Nolan on this, I thought we were going to get the like the Bane look that we had when he was first introduced in Nightfall. And the only thing I can even think of is like this whole exposed nose. It's it's more reminiscent of how he looked in the animated series, yeah. which is because I don't remember Graham Nolan ever drawing Bane with his nose sticking out like yeah, this. So yeah. when I saw that, it was very odd to me because I really like the old Bane look where it was just straight on down. Yeah, and again, like, it, he, here's which the we weird have now thing, too is, is maybe. We were talking about this a little bit at work, and I, I was making up jokes like, it's a tribute to a tribute of a – maybe it's that he doesn't want to pin it down to an error. Like if he maybe. does that that way, then you're like, oh, this takes place back then. I don't know. Well, even but now yeah. we don't have the exposed nose in Bane. I'm, I, all I, I was to come up with I'm just saying like, maybe this is like Batman a new thing. Him, he's got to have his nose exposed because that fucked him up. Yeah, really. I, I'm telling you. I'm saying that maybe he doesn't want to pin it down to anything. Oh, I got you. Like you got that and it makes it – but without the 
writing or anything telling you any different. You have no idea when it would take place, and it's just this thing. I will tell you, I love seeing him without the outfit on, without his costume on, and the the venom. The, the freaking, fucking, like, the things going for the yeah, tubes where you, looking to. Oh, I love that. I, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a really neat thing. But then you get a weird thing where I don't know if it's going to continue where he thinks back to when he was a kid and it looks like he's about to get raped in the shower. Well, the whole oh, thing, shit. like, back in the day, it was supposed to be, like, the first guy he killed was a guy who, was, who wanted to use him so he could find out more about the freaking prison shit like yeah, that. Yeah. And Bane killed him because he's, like, we even see his teddy bear, which he still keeps yeah, in a glass jar, kind of keeps. alluding almost to like how a, close he is to Batman. Yeah, it's almost like a Batman thing. It's exactly. And we, thing, it's his yeah. teddy bear, Ozito, who was his best friend growing up, but he had a knife that was hidden in there that you could pull the head off and stab somebody with. Yeah, and when you see you have that half of the head kind of ripped off in an arm, you would think yeah. that that's what he did. And that's, it's just, but again, it's such a quick thing and a weird, you know, and into it's that. A, it's just a real, like a weird throwback to the classic stuff of the yes, 90s. And, so and here's the really thing, quick. though. This is where I don't understand who Chuck Dixon's writing this for. And you even, like, you even have, like, I want to know when it is and what's going on. Is this old, new, whatever? So you're a fan. And you're still like, I don't understand where this is. For me, you have a scene, you're like, yeah, you see a kid in the shower. I think he's going to get raped by a guy with a, a goddamn ni- knife. Then Bane punches the, 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 in the present, punches the wall. And then oh, he goes off. Someone trying to take what is Bane's. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just confused. And actually, by this point. What are you talking point, about, Bane? Your butthole virginity? We're about, yeah, we're about halfway through the issue at this point. And I'm telling you that he has lost me. Chuck Dixon has already lost me. I'm I bored. was really afraid of that for freaking yeah. people who are not familiar with the 90s stuff or even just reading this for nostalgic value. Like, I yeah. don't know who this is for. And I was really afraid by the end. No. Like, I had to give it a lower score because, like, I don't see people reading this and saying, you know what? I got to get a hold of the yeah, rest of the Yeah, I got to get the rest. I, I, I probably w- wouldn't. If I was reading this and I'm like, oh, man, I love number ones. I'm going to see. I don't think I would continue from here. But what no. goes on from here is that Bane is going to go away. Ask the flesh question. He's going to press the flesh and ask this ask question. He's going to punch people. He's going to throw them in water and find out what's going on. And it just goes from one guy to the other. Yeah, we, get a, we trying... get a quick little montage of that till we get to a guy who gives up the name Chango. Chango? I would say Chango. But yeah, all right. It's funny because I go Chango because he does do a rhyme at later. Because, and it does rhyme with the, uh, to, when we get to it. I'll see if I, if I was right or whatever. But right, yeah, right. it's Chango or whatever. But he's looking for this guy now and trying to figure out who who this is and what's going on but even then i was just completely bored you, i'm you telling you it's, it's it. one after the other where bird has this whole his this new thing that bird's doing in this series now he has a drone shaped as bird he calls sergio and he's able to give bane commands like tell talk to bane through this thing and like show bane through his mask what's going on with sergio can see because when they get the name uh chango i almost said chango now but yeah. i don't want to but um they find out that Chango just got locked up and the Batman was involved. So now they have to do a little bit of freaking, you know, a little dirty play work where they have Bird act as Chango's uh, defense yeah. attorney and they get him out on bail, which me- immediately means he's fucking tied to a chair naked because Bane does all his important shit naked. It looks yeah, like, you yeah, know, that's all he does all his thinking time in the shower naked. Anybody who has, he's like fucking ties him up naked. He sits on a th- uh, fucking throat of skulls naked. Yeah. It's naked time with Bane. Yeah, but, but pretty much the, the whole thing leads to, down to you know, him threatening the guy almost and I ended up killing him too, but he gets the name uh, freaking Democles from him, which takes him out of the country to Karak, where we just fucking find out this Democles guy, he's a big bad. The guns and weapons were meant for him, but it's weird because this was seemed to be before. It was meant as a terror cell for Gotham, but we have to go to Karak where the big bad is. 
So yeah, it doesn't really no. add up to me. I'm like, is he just going to call the shots from Karak? But Bane's going to go to a freaking Karak. He's going to get some answers from Demakos. Yeah, but, again, I thought that was Damocles, but we'll, uh, we'll go. That, you know that's what? what it seemed that, like. You know what? I think I was wrong. I was no, no, wrong no, with Chango, but I was right Damocles. with Damocles. But I, I realize now. Like, I, I, met, I knew what the hell the thing was because I even looked up the things before. I'm like, sort of Demakos. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, <laughs> the other the other thing was when he said Frendo. For some reason, he's like, hey, you could, hey, Frendo. Changeo, and it seemed like it, it fit with me. Like, hey, friendo, Changeo, like no, he's some it, it fucking B-rated magician. Though. But yeah, Damocles. But even I'm then, I'm like, re- but even with the things they're they're throwing these guys, like there's Chango. I don't, I don't care. And then you get Damocles. I'm like, okay, here's another guy. Yeah, he seems like a badass that he's able to, you know, do. He does use the standard thing. What we always say happens to Bane. They cut his tubes. Yeah, like what is this goddamn Arkham Knight? This is the Arkham games when they're fucking doing that. But yeah, and and the best, I think the best art or the panel that I really like was when they do go into uh, Karak and they're doing like the intel and doing like hey Bane okay we're gonna get our eyes here and you just see him go see in Bane going in heat in vision, heat already vision. Fucking... <laughs> and then the next panel when he does the double fucking you know the clothes, clothes lines, lines. Yeah. that's my favorite part that right it there when you see him running like damn boss and he's there in the heat vision and that next <laughs> panel I'm like that's pretty fucking cool but other, that here's my biggest problem is I want to I want to read about Bane if this is a thing let's have some fun yeah. And make Bane cool. And make him do some crazy shit. I want to see him break a guy's fucking two arms off and throw him and beat him over the head with him. Well, that's, and, that's and another problem like that. we have, though, is that Bane keeps going off half-cocked like this. And you understand he has the muscle. He has proven himself to be the biggest fucking mu- baddest yeah. motherfucker yeah. there is. But he's also a smart character. Yes, that, like, and he, here's he the thing. He listens to Bird and does all this shit. Yes, so and that's the, the thing with it. Forward. Is I'm not getting either. I'm not getting enough of the full out badass. I right. mean, he does double clothesline these guys, <laughs> but I want a little more if they're going to do that way. And like you said, he just seems like a guy who is just comes off half cocked all the time, and that's not him either. Now, yeah. when he's doing the intel and stuff like that, when he's sitting there and you're like, huh, we're going to find out this, but really, then it just ends with him just trying to drown people till they talk and punching and, you know, freaking Chango and stuff like that. But it, it, I don't know what you're getting Damn here. Yeah, I don't know what you're getting here, though, <laughs> because then, yeah, Dem- Demacles ends up idiot. there. But yeah, he ends up having them, and y- you figure that Bane's just gonna go half cocked on him as well. Or I'm telling you, once the venom's cut here, I'm like, okay, shit's getting real because he's he's uh, goes in half cocked, like we said, and somebody electrocutes him from behind, and it yeah. leads to Mockles coming up from behind, and then kicking him in the face, karate chopping <laughs> that venom tube in half, which I think yeah, is yeah, 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 and then punching Bane in the face pretty much is like. Truth to, truth to tell, I'm glad you're alive because, you know, right, <laughs> we're going to have some fun, Bane. Yeah, we're, we're going to end. I'm telling you, if it ends up with him in a goddamn, goddamn fight club, uh, you know, blood sport style, I like that. But even then, like, the dialogue is not bad, but it just, nothing grabbed me. And that's when uh, Damocles is like, hey, 50,000 volts, 0.2 amps. And then he's like, but it's not the voltage, it's the amp. What? Let's just, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, though, for a nostalgic fun. feel, because I've gone back recently and been rereading yeah. the Nightwing from the 90s and shit like that, which Chuck Dixon was on. I'm like, this, the dialogue and all the stuff like that, it reads very true to that well, era. Well, here's when I was the thing, though. Love the bad this is the problem, though. You're, you're now going back to something that's, you know, 17, now, yeah. you know, 27 years ago. 
I like to. I like the idea of the original guys doing a Bane story, but you got to update something here. And at least if you're gonna go with the hey, let's just go balls out like the '90s and do that, do that. Yeah. This is nothing. It's like in between. It doesn't do anything for me at all. And I would not. I would stop reading it if I was if I bought this and you know we didn't have to talk about it on the podcast. I'd never talk about it again. Uh, but I did like the art. I, like I said, I like the art enough. Bane's a hairy fella. I don't <laughs> mind that. But uh, what did you give it? I gave it a 6 out of 10. Like I said, most of it was like I was very disappointed with the overall issue that we got. The story was telling because I didn't understand what was going on because I don't know the era which we're dealing yeah. with. Like, you know, ba- Gotham City is believed to be Bane's. You know, he's like he wants to know who's bringing yeah. guns into his yeah. city to try to take it from him. But then it's just, you know, I don't understand that, like, we're going from one point to the other just to get answers. And it's not that interesting in the long run. I'm, I'm like, I'm really afraid that this is going to be our book for the next 12 months. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's I the do problem. not want that. The, but this I, I love, should I be a setup issue to get exactly. you into what's going on, at least moving forward, know what's going. All you know is that Bane considers Gotham his city and well, he wants to protect it. I got nothing from it. He ends up basically, if you want a book where Batman's a huge guy who's on Venom and beating the shit out of people, because that's what he seems to be. He seems to be an over the top, venomed up Batman. In oh yeah, this, we've always had just, that kind of like you know uh, duality between Bane and Batman. And, like, yeah, but what that's fine when they're fighting each other. Right. When, when you have that, that's cool. We, we had that in Tom King's deal where exactly. he saw them growing up and how both of them had similar you know things, but the one went bad, one went good. Here you just have Bane. Just I don't get it. I don't get why they have this book except for the fact that they have the original guys on it and they yeah. want to try to sell it on the nostalgia. And I just I'm not there. And I, I'm telling I you, they got like me it. initially with it because I was very excited going into this, yeah. knowing the freaking Graham and Chuck were going like like uh, doing a series. And I'm telling you, when I look at the art, it's very nostalgic. I'm telling you, it brings yeah. me right back to the fucking the Robin series. I mean the the Nightwing series and shit like that. And I was fine with it for the most part. I just thought the Bane nose sticking out was kind of weird. But in the end, it was not that great of an issue, and I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll i give it a 4 out of 10. I'm just yeah. not interested. If I want to read uh, you know, something like this, I'll just go read Nightfall and enjoy yeah. that. You know, I, I don't see any reason to do this. Now, if you were a fan and you want to have more with the you know Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan – then so be it. But I just, I'm telling you, when I was I a don't kid, see... Chuck Dixon was my favorite Batman yeah, writer, yeah. And, I, and I was really excited going forward. I was really disappointed that he didn't get back to me about when this yeah, took yeah. place. But, you yeah, know. and it's, yeah, because of that, too, you can't even say, oh, man, this is like a new chapter in the because you don't yeah. know what this chapter is. And, and the weird thing about it is when we first heard about it and they announced stuff, it seemed as if Bane was like he was going to take it, even when he was member in the, the Tom King, in the I Am Suicide, or it might have right. been when I Am Bane started. He started yelling about how he was going to go and destroy crime throughout the world. Like that was his thing, that he was going to be the biggest, baddest crime boss there is. That's how when Batman was going to go and, you know, get vengeance on on the criminals, Bane was going to make sure he was a number one when he was talking to his mom. Like, hey, mom, mommy, I'm going to be the one who's going to go and make sure that I'm number one. That's what I thought this was going to be. I thought that he was going to go to try to, you know, prove that he was the biggest, baddest guy on the planet. And it might end up being that after he's done with Damocles or, you know, it could be him following Damocles across the world. I don't know. The thing that gets me, though, it's weird to start in Gotham. It's really odd for him to start this in Gotham where – 
you don't understand then what happened because you don't know what happens. Now, unfortunately, it also ties in with the fact that we haven't even gotten the ending of the I Am Bane story. We're still waiting for the aftermath issues of that. The button interrupted that, so we don't know how it ends. Somehow, in my mind, Batman's not so happy that Bane's in Gotham. You know, this is the thing. He tried to strangle, to fucking hang his kids, and there he is, just my city. And it just, again, it might turn around that he, he wants to be the guy to bring down Gotham, and that's why he's doing it. Now, whatever, he's been hanging but, out on that boat waiting yeah, for but this, to go down. Yeah, but this issue just doesn't really grab me to go forward, but that's yeah. just me. We'll see and how I was it afraid goes. Of that. Maybe it'll pick up. Maybe we'll be all excited, but that's the first section of books there. Congratulations. Ray. I hope that these recorded. If these didn't, we're, we're going to... Yes, they did, Aaron. They, right, I'm off. telling you, if I look now and it said we didn't record, done. We're not doing a podcast <laughs> this week. But we're going to go off to mail section number two, which I'll also make sure that we record. start mail section number two with travis travis gonna throw shade my way oh shit travis says okay i've not seen your review of batman this week yet but i can already hear you and eric moaning and whining about how this issue didn't carry the story forward much at all Check. Well, then, what the hell, man? I'm just telling you, check. He just doesn't need to read it now. We are uh-huh. right We are right where we were before this issue. Now we're a little behind. Uh, maybe worse. <laughs> yes, we have gone backwards in time. Correct. <laughs> All recap and rehash and not much action. Won't say that. It was not recap or rehash. There was some recap and First rehash. Five pages but it wasn't exactly that. It was my problem. But shut your crave-eating pie hole, he says. This was shockingly good. This was great. If you gave this less than an eight, you have no soul. Check Ooh, again. He's right yeah. all around. And I think you should spend your remaining days like Johnny Thunder, up on a roof yelling at the rain. I do that Don't every worry. Night. It'll happen. Yeah, it will. It'll happen probably for me way sooner than anyone would ever expect. <laughs> Two weeks from now. Because it isn't going to get much better than this issue. Travis, you you have set the bar low, my friend. You have set it low. Seeing Seeing Bruce fight together alongside his dad. Seeing more of his dad's perspective on the whole thing. That was simply awesome. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I just want to know why. Why do you love that? Because you already had a great thing in that letter was such a bittersweet thing and such a great thing for Bruce to have. And now that's gone. And instead you have him saying, don't be Batman, which is a good sentiment for a dad to say as he's wearing the cape and cows a little lot. It's more of like a do what I say, not what I do business. Um, But it's just, it was odd to me. And I, me and you were arguing yesterday at work so much because I still am a little pissed 
that Thomas didn't go with them, especially after hearing it at a grandson. You're like, oh, he wanted to burn with the, the shit that happened around him. But I, I just keep saying that he w- he knows there is a better world, and he has a grandson. He could have went, and he doesn't want to ruin that world with his terrible. That's fine. Like I said, just imagine just the stories I could tell, Eric. Uh, Thomas goes back with Bruce and Barry. They go to the mansion. Just imagine. You think it's emotional when Bruce and Thomas met in that little bit. Imagine when fucking Alfred steps in and sees fucking Thomas Wayne. He has raised Batman all this time. I think he'd fall backwards screaming vampire zombie. He might. He might. Or he may, he may go up. Black magic. Here's the deal, and you even said something I, because I think he would just start crying and just yeah. because this was a he was involved with them as well. And now, but I think there would be Thomas. You have that other part of the deal Thomas where Thomas says, "You fucking bitch! Why did you let my son do this? When I died, you were the one who was supposed to take care of him. You let him become this, and you would have great stories. I really do think you'd have some great stories there. Plus, you'd have Thomas there just for every time Batman does something. He's like, I could have done it better. He'd be there. Yeah. But just seeing Damien get to meet his grandfather. Now, again, I say this maybe." We'll see this still, but I don't think so. But it would just be such good stories going forward instead of just getting a, hey, don't be Batman, you know, be grow, raise your son. And Batman's like, oh, by the way, I also adopted three kids. What the fuck? Or two, at least. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? What are you, Angelina Jolie over there, Bruce? That'd be great. He's yelling at him. But yeah, I'd even like to see Dick meet Thomas and, and all these things. And it just... It just was there. It was done quickly. Like yeah, I said, they like were probably like four minutes, yeah, yeah. four or five minutes there, and then done just to force an emotional moment between Bruce and his father. And again, I liked the letter more. I liked the letter a lot more. I said, I said it before. I was shedding tears while I was recording a goddamn podcast because of that letter, and I had already read that a bunch of times. And then he says, I hold out little hope that you'll agree with me, but just in case you didn't, I wanted to have someone give a positive take on this awesome comic book. Batgirl used to be good, but this Batman is freaking awesome. Again, you can say this. I am in the minority, so Travis, you don't need to be the one to to shout its praises because people were, and I think a lot of it, they were fooled by the pomp and circumstance. It's pretty much all shock and awe. And to me, not much story, but in a, a forced emotional moment that's supposed to get you in the heartstrings so that you don't realize that really that issue is all just nothing happening. But that's yep. me. That is me, Eric. And, and still, I, I didn't hate it. I, I love Flashpoint. I like seeing that. But again, the things that we saw that I liked, the problem was I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more of what happened in this goddamn Flashpoint universe that was held in stasis. How did Aquaman and Wonder Woman come to an, uh, an accord in a couple months? I want to see this, but we didn't see it. And nope. the next email is from Thanks, Dalton. Sir. Dalton says, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew? Doop, doop, doop. Based on the Slack chat conversation, sounds like a lot of us came out of Batman with similar opinions. While I've enjoyed the button arc overall, I had some issues with part three that I'd like to get my two cents in. And this is, and he wants to get our two cents as well. And, yeah, here we go, because Dalton was not that impressed 
either. But my problems with this book are as follows. How is the Flashpoint universe still around? And don't you start your nonsense, Eric. You're going to depress me. Well, so Never some, mind it being I'm an saying, alternate timeline. Somebody out of the time. Like, the, the timeline was kept they held by something it. greater yeah, than itself. Yeah, they stopped it. Uh, Never mind it being an alternate timeline that technically shouldn't exist. I get that someone was holding in, onto it for some nefarious reason. But at yeah. the end of Flashpoint, I was under the impression that the whole world was destroyed from the massive Atlantean bomb, adding yep. the urgency of Flash fixing the timeline. Yet not only is this world still somehow around, not engulfed in nuclear fire, Thomas, who was dying from some pretty serious injuries, is right as rain. No explanation at all. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I need some explanation. All he has to say is, uh, you know, before that, I don't know. I don't know how he got from Europe back to the cave. I don't know, Eric. I told well, you. you. See, you see, I told you. Us. I told you. No. No. <laughs> I told you when I was talking later with some right, people, brainiac. I came up with an idea also that I would have loved it that that bomb trigger he had was actually that the bomb never went off. They stopped it before. Now, again, you have this thing where they could – whoever can hold a timeline like that can do a lot of things. It could go back in time, a couple minutes, well, see, see, whatever the, it the, might be. The, the, the god Brainiac, he went before the timeline was destroyed no. and put it in convergence. And only that the that didn't was... make sense either, and we just let it go then. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I said I wish that Thomas then – shit was all bad. He was he was half dead. He ended up grabbing the, the bomb. Somehow Aquaman just had that trigger. He grabbed it, and the bomb that he's going to blow up wasn't just going to blow up the mansion – that these, you know, generic soldiers were coming in. That was the bomb that will destroy the world. So he let, you know, when Batman and Barry say, come on, Thomas, you can come with us. No, 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 I got to finish this once and for all. You guys go. He lets them go. Boom, he blows up the world because he knows that he has to do it. And in the meantime, you have Wonder Woman and Aquaman actually being the ones coming to the mansion because they know he has this bomb. That gives me a full reason of why Aquaman and Wonder Woman would join up together because they don't want the fucking world to be blown up. They go, and it gives me a reason why Thomas stays behind. I wish that that was even there, but no, nothing. It's just him there, and, you know, we rise, and he runs into the fucking light. Yeah. I just, again, I, I liked it enough. The art was fantastic. I you love just to talk about it. But number two, how did Barry know how to rebuild the cosmic treadmill? Eric? Um, I don't know. I was looking at some stuff earlier. You know, Grant Morrison, when I was looking at the multiversity guidebooks, I was looking at different Earths and shit like that. At the one point, though, he talks about the cosmic treadmill and about how all the flashes and all these different worlds built the cosmic treadmill to help them okay. do these, like, traverses Sounds to the like speed force. Sounds like nonsense. Huh? Sounds like nonsense, it but does. yeah. So, like, what I was reading, it just seems like the way Grant Morrison put it, Barry built the cosmic yeah, treadmill. Yeah, I so just love though that again, you're only going to be in Flashpoint for a couple minutes, so it's there to lead some tension, which there was none. That thing crashed out of the speed oh, yeah. force into there. Nothing was broken. It just came apart in separate pieces. What well, you know what break, I mean? Man. What's yeah, this yeah. Legos? It's <laughs> like smashing Legos. All you have to do is find the pieces, and it's good. Nothing was broken. No. Totally took away all the impact of crash landing and flashpoint. I agree. Getting back home is just a non-issue for them, which leads to his number three deal. Wonder Woman and Aquaman coming to peace just to kill Batman? What? Hey, if he had that bomb, that'd be good, right? They were way past peace. What the fuck do they care about Batman for? It was just a forced way to add suspense and a sense of urgency yeah. to the issue. I, 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 I agree, too. And it's weird because you have... 
Aquaman and Wonder Woman come together, the only thing that you can say is that they they come together and they just want to wipe out the last bit of that resistance right. that they had, and that would be Batman. It just seems very forced, especially that it's just at that moment. And really, if you're going to do that, would you not think that normally you'd have Aquaman and Wonder Woman show up to do it themselves? You know what I mean? These yeah. are these are fucking gods among men. And they just send their their warriors there. It seemed very odd. Uh, Barry left number four. Barry left Flashpoint a few months ago. I can't make sense of that timeline. I I discussed that fully. We discussed when it, we yeah. talked about yeah that we think that when he came back, it obviously was not the beginning of the new fifty two, or he wouldn't have known Batman. So when he jumps, it he jumped back home, Eric. He hoped that that last leap was the leap, the leap home, home, and it, home, and it was. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Now, I, I do think that they could have done a better way. We may be wrong, but I wish yeah. they would have explained that a little more as well. I actually just wish that uh, Barry would have said the whole, hey, you know, I was just here months before. And Thomas said, what? You were here years ago. And you get that well, whole Honestly, I don't even want timing. that. I just want him to say, like, when I was here before, don't pin down a goddamn yeah, time yeah, on yeah. it. Number five, Thomas yelling Bruce not to be Batman anymore. While this was an awesomely emotional bit between father and son, it actually upset me because I don't think for a second that Bruce will stop being Batman. So now Bruce is going to be Batman in spite of his father's wishes? Seems like a big fuck. He never got to have that rebellious face. I just think he's going to be a different Batman. Uh, He was originally Batman to avenge his parents. What's his reason going to be now? Shits and giggles? The year, what is it? What did I say? It's the the war of shits and giggles coming up, Eric? Uh, the thing is, I think that what Tom King, and, and I know that Joshua Williamson wrote the script here, but he was plotting with Tom King, and I'm sure Jeff Johns had his fingers in a little as well. But as far as the Batman stuff, which this is weird that he had Joshua Williamson do this when it was the most Batman-heavy issue that we got, uh, it, you know, emotionally. I well, think Tom that King what, hadn't read Flashpoint yet. No, well, no, well, maybe. I, I think that what happened is I think Tom King wants to do his deal where he doesn't want Batman to just be trying to avenge his parents' death anymore. I think he wants him to grow past that, and the growing past that will be to know that his parents' deaths avenged, and now he's going to go forward as Batman to help people well, we almost instead before, of avenging. Like Scott Snyder during his run, he tried to do this thing where he's going to tr- like you know change Batman where he's no longer all about fear. It was in Batman number forty four, if you remember that, Jim. Oh, I uh, remember that shit show that you fucking, fucking got like crap. This, yeah, yes, he wasn't going to be a he wasn't going to be a similar hope fear. more. Yes, yes, and. And the weird thing is, is that didn't go well with what we were already getting no, or got after that. But I do think that this is one of those. We had it. You think about this whole Batman and, and the Thomas saying, don't be Batman. We've already gone through the steps of him talking to his mother. And I know you can say, and Brett was arguing, oh, and his mother was talking to him at the end of that I am Bane. He was just uh, thinking that. It doesn't matter. To him, it, what does he go. think that he's just delirious and he's just going to go, yep. Fuck that. No, this is what he thinks. So if it was, I think that it's more. The thing is, if he was half dead and this is in his mind thinking it was happening, then he wanted this to happen. 
You know what I mean? That yeah. that's what he wants anyway. And I think that going forward, we've seen a little bit in the JLA, though Steve Orlando forces nonsense, but in that he wants to open it up to more people. This was the thing with Detective Comics where he wants to trust people. He wants to go for – and I think that this is just the next step of that, that now he is going to be a Batman who's there to help people. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he won't be Batman and then the book will fucking nuts. It will sell anyway, <laughs> but people get pissed. We already just had this. We already had had him die and then jim gordon was the robo suit batman and people are still yelling about that so we'll see uh number six also the, the thing about it is and this is what i said to brad okay you have batman he's gonna back off he's gonna retire a bit right all right yeah. what are you doing with detective what are you doing with jla what, what are you doing in trinity like you, it's not just one book that gets affected now you fuck the whole fucking family of books mark doyle is not gonna go for that shit eric is that who is on the Bad Family Books? Mark Doyle. I don't remember now. Uh, number six. A little confused how Thawne can know who is behind the power of the button, yet he is still on the way to them. I was a little lost on where they were in the time stream and what had happened between Thawne disappearing and him catching up with Barry and Bruce. Going to have to wait till next issue. It's just that it seems like he was all around this wondrous world, and then he found out you know, who was the big bad, and this was the last destination. Uh, again, I don't know for a fact that he knows the exact person that he's going to or if he knows the reality that he's going the universe the, right. this and that we don't know yet we're gonna see uh i said that say we everybody who thinks that it is dr manhattan and it is they're not being coy with us it is dr manhattan i can't say that he'd be like yeah i saw this picture of this blue guy and you know this things he can do boy he hasn't seen anyone like me no you are gonna die yeah. you know what i mean this is not somebody that you just think oh i'll go you know fight that god he seems to think that wherever he's going, they've never been involved with anyone like him, possibly meaning metahuman, possibly meaning somebody with a speed force. But who knows? Who knows what he thinks? He also seems a little drunk <laughs> to me, and he also hey seems there, Barry. To, I'm telling you, you don't know how long he's been going, but yeah, he seems very buddy-buddy with Barry. Like, <laughs> I really like that, that he has seen things that the trivial shit that he has been involved with with Barry all these years – it doesn't matter. Like, to him, that does not mean anything. He's going to go to see the – and, again, maybe it is. Maybe he's now knows he's, he's going to, to fight God because he comes back and he's like, yeah, I saw the face of God, whatever. But whatever he's going to see, he, he doesn't know what he's getting into. But this book wanted to be good, and there were some bits I really enjoyed. The art was fantastic, of course, but I was shaking my head in confusion a little too much here. Came off as a forced fan service. This is part of me that loves that, but I also like a story that makes sense. One minor complaint. Thomas Wayne's eyes on the back cow have been switching between white and red, which is what they should be, which is red. Yeah. They were white in his brief appearance in the button part one and switched between the two and, and part three. Either an art goof or yes, some kind that. of battle display. I think it was just a goof. Changing the eyes red. But the latter has never been shown to be true. I'm excited to see how this arc wraps up, but not a lot happens in this issue. And I'm worried they might have to squeeze too much in the last book. And we both have that that fear Dalton yeah. and uh, the other it's just weird I know that people are really really fired up about this story but to me thinking like you would go get a trade a four issue trade the button I don't think that I would think I got my money's worth so far we'll see how the, the last chapter is and it was delayed I will warn people already we got the books early 
Detective Comics next week kind of does spoil a bit yes. of what happens in the last chapter of the button. So if you really don't want spoilers, you might want to avoid that right away. And it'll be hard to avoid it all the way around, but it did seem to kind of spoil I hate when this shit fucking happens. Which also shows that, yeah, this delay is kind of fucking up everybody. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Dalton. And the next and last mail of this section is Brandon. Brandon says, Sup, fellas. Saw Sup, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and won't spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, but I did enjoy it more than Doctor Strange and Civil War, the right. last few Marvel movies prior to this one. Also, I laughed my ass off and thought for a third movie, it was one of the better efforts I've seen. Or a 3D movie, I'm sorry. Okay. 3D. Third. Third, third movie. You know, <laughs> Volume 2, the third. On to more pressing matters. Choose your own adventure books are a gem of childhood. The go-to sign of which path oh, yeah, to pick boy. was always length of the passage. If you turned to the page you were supposed to go to and saw it ended after a paragraph or two, stop what you're doing, don't read any further, and go back to your next choice. It's like walking down a dark tunnel and coming to a fork in the road. One side is lit up and the second path has continued darkness. Which way are you going? Very rarely did this method fail me while reading. I think there was mention uh, on one of your pop culture podcasts, but Netflix did say they are throwing the idea around of a choose your own adventure series which oh, i would cool be 100 percent on board with if i'm allowed to pick one of several path choices for a main character no idea how they would do this but they're not paying me to figure it out either all i know is i'd watch the shit out of that show at least once testing my different options although i'm sure i'd either end up turning it into a drinking game or end up just trying to get characters to bang each other if the thing sucks. exactly what am it i masturbating to is what it I actually know. reminds me i used to have this uh v VHS NFL game. You ever play that game? It's like ah. NFL football, and you have these cards, and then you'll draw a card. And it's I didn't like, play the football. Play the I video, else, and it, it's the worst because you go and you play the video, and all of a sudden it's Lynn Swan catching a touchdown. I'm like, but I'm the Eagles. He's on the Steelers. <laughs> it used to get me so upset, uh, but it was kind of funny. But that's what it reminds me. It would be also like the end of Clue, where well, you the have all the endings. When you have to fucking fast forward and rewind shit. Yeah, yeah, nonsense. They they tried it, but that's when we no, that, both that said. Ending a clue you're talking about. I thought that's an amazing thing they did. Even like you know where they like different theaters had a different ending, and if you bought the VHS, yeah, you had I, all the endings kind yeah, of thing. But like ridiculous. I really wanted in Freddy versus Jason when that came out, that different theaters would have a, like a Freddy yeah. wins or a Jason. Like wins. you could find out game. and go to a Jason wins theater. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome, Eric. I went and saw Freddy win. Then you'd yeah. have some people like now you'd be like. They only saw the Freddy win one. Didn't even yeah. realize there was some crazy thing. And they're like, no, no, I saw a Freddy one. You're like, no, no, Jason won. You get a, and we get and then a you, fist fight on the then street. You, no, you slice their throat then, Eric. Oh. They, they, don't, they don't talk back to you like that. Why the fuck would they do that? You're fucking Not smarter about horror. than them. You're smarter than those fucking assholes. We heard from goddamn freaking Richard Richardson. He knows you wanted to be a horror host. What do they right. tell you that fucking Freddy won? Let's go. Stop this. Let's go find this guy. Give him There's a name. A guy now? Yeah, give him a name now. I want to go find whoever the fuck this is. Isn't he the guy who owns that comic shop? Let's go yeah, fucking kill him. Yeah. Here's his idea of the books. Batman 22. I really don't know what to expect from these crossovers and event comics anymore. I know the comic medium is one that forever attempts to pull you into more and more books, but I'd be more likely to do that when I know I'm being provided a solid beginning, middle, and an end to a story I can follow Oosh. instead of more and more questions being thrown on the stinking shit pile of questions we already have. By the time they get around to answering some of these fucking things, I will have forgot the, what the question was and the answer is all together, which completely lessens the impact of any ending that eventually does come. Anyway, 
I like this issue enough. If you read Marvel Flashpoint Batman's ending in that issue feels very Secret Warsy and reminiscent of when Thorne Doctor Strange, as the world was ending, jumped into an ever-expanding white light to battle a then force we were not yet privy to. So, yeah, he jumping into the light, this unknown big bed, possibly the same uh, one reverse flashes racing to meet, which can't be Dr. Manhattan if we have just two regular dudes going to take him on right. He's saying that what I said, that it looked like Thomas Wayne was going to attack, not right. just welcoming the, the death. This shit is starting to twist my you mind up and spit death. it out, which I guess is kind of what they want. So I'll just accept any old answers they throw at me. Superman or action, I don't know anymore. I just know I get pretty damn decent uh, to great Superman stories each week and every week since Warborn ended. It's really kind of amazing that I don't feel I've considered, even for a minute, dropping either of these books throughout Rebirth. Because despite the whole mixy fiasco, they've been entertaining comics. So what more can you ask for? I know around the Eradicator you were getting a little upset. Uh, no, but, I've but been since... on and off with Superman for a while, but I'll yeah. tell you, originally Superman was on my $25 pool list, I believe, if yes. I can recall right. But I think it was. I've been back and forth with it. It's totally yeah. on again now. But again, the the best thing of this is, is just throwing Frankenstein the Bride in those vats makes those crazy, that two-shot mean something now. Oh, yeah, even yeah. in the last issue when we saw that freaking leg from the Dinosaur Island yeah. arc, I'm like, yeah. okay, you're tying everything Yeah, together. they're really awesome. tying stuff in. I'm just saying I never thought I'd still be collecting both Superman issues and looking forward to them, so can consistently when rebirth started off between Cobb and cyborg superman right now i'm just having lots of fun in this corner of the dc universe he says secret empire number one what the heck jesus christ this book already has me worn out when all the citizens of the u.s are also mind controlled to be on the side of hydro with a tainted water supply a la batman begins mixed with a good guy turn bed because of mind control via a cosmic cube there's just too much mind control going on for me to buy your story oh there are also people who aren't mind controlled by the tainted water like me i don't drink water or cosmic cube because the story needs good guys no other reason is given it'd be funny if i'm the only one left jim you drank a i don't know how they're making the, somehow the coffee yeah i did i said to you i haven't drank actual water but somehow the coffee negates it so that's how oh, yeah, i survive now, now i am the only one left in the world the world burns Maybe they don't drink water at all. I don't know. The event is a bunch of nonsense. You can tell artistically it's been rushed out to the market. Kudos to those willing to die on the hill defending it. And for the record, let me state none of this hate stems from der, 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 caps a Nazi. Because really, I could give two shits about that aspect of the story. It's just not written well and being set up poorly with large time jumps for yeah, yeah, yeah. convenience sake. This message is from the town with currently no general managers for its sports teams, <laughs> and it will be Buffalo. Signed, Brandon, at Muir 3660 And I know for a fact that he is reviewing with Trevitt for the Marvel Minute some sort of Guardians of the Galaxy book. I would, I would expect it's just that main new Guardians of the Galaxy number one from Marvel. I know that they had a bunch of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy books come out this week, so I know it's something Guardians, because those are the three picks. Not sure exactly which one, though, Eric, but we're going to go off. It is all new Guardians That's of the Galaxy what I number one. That, that is the safe choice of what I was talking about. So, all new Guardians of the Galaxy I'm number one. I'm telling you, one. I started looking it up, and then you sounded like you knew what it was, so I stopped. No, I, I figured that's friend. what it was, and it was killing at one point. It was, like, really ahead of, of the game. It got 55% so. uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy Mission Breakout number one got 21%, and Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Mother Entropy got uh, 24%. Yeah, so it's a uh, landslide, I landslide. Like to say. But, yeah, we're going to go off to hear what they have to say about that.
All right, how we doing, Weird Science? This is Brandon and Travis. We're coming at you with this week's Marvel Minute. I said one word. Well, you said what? We're already being interrupted. I'm only allowed to say one word, one more word here. So this is literally going to be a Marvel Minute this week, I guess. Uh, anyway, all new Guardians of the Galaxy was the winner of the poll. Uh, there wasn't really much of a choice there. Um, since it's a Guardians week with the movie and there were three new Guardians books that came out, we we let you guys pick between that giant fiasco going on. I think we were hoping um, for Personally, I was kind of pulling yeah, yeah, I was pulling for the Starlin uh, book. I wanted to see if that one would win. Did you read you it? You can only fit No, I didn't yet. Uh, you can only fit so much on those um on like those polls for the choices, the choice options. Yeah. So it, I was trying to figure out all different ways to get the point across, like, this is the one I want everyone to vote for. <laughs> didn't work. I tried all caps. It didn't work. I voted for uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't get a vote. So unless there's a tie and I break it, that's the only decision I ever get. So we ended up going, uh, the vote ended up going the way of all new Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, which is uh, the, the new ongoing. Um, for the title and the cast of characters pretty much featured from the movie all the way down to baby group. So uh, giving us this action is Jerry Duggan. Uh, we got an art team of Aaron Cooter and Ive Sor. Oh boy. Uh, S V O R C I N A. How would you say that? Sforcina? Uh, yeah, it sounds Sforcina. about right. I don't think I've ever seen an S and a V literally next to each other in the alphabet ever uh, for a word. So be some kind of that's well, a tough one to pronounce. Slovakian, <laughs> friggin' Russian name or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a Marvel Comics production. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna give you a quick summary of this book here. Uh, me and Trevitt will share our limited Guardians knowledge, uh, which is probably mostly from the movie at this point. Yeah, um, and, and then. Uh, we're going to spit the bit here, tell you what this book's all about, and then whether you should buy, borrow it, or forget it altogether. Um, so all these Excellent names. Excellent, Jerry Duggan. <laughs> that's, that's all I think of when I see that guy Duggan's name. I think of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here we go. We'll try this blurb again. Uh, blurb 2. Uh, it's a, Well, it's a Guardians of the Galaxy weekend with a movie and three new comics all dropping over the course of this week's time. So due to popular demand, today we'll discuss the latest ongoing adventures of Star-Lord, Gamora, Rocket, Groot, and Drax, uh, and all new Guardians of the Galaxy number one, which beat out both of the new miniseries, uh, featuring the same exact heroes, just mostly drawn differently. Uh, so does this comic live up to the hype of the most popular movie in the country? Why don't you stay tuned and find out here. Uh, so before we kick things off here, explain the book. We're not going to get into movie spoilers or anything, but you saw it, right? Oh, yeah. So our Thursday night. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw it too, and this definitely has a movie flavor to it. Um, so, so I would, you know, just say off the bat, you kind of uh, jump in with, with a, a background of the movie, and, and you would probably be okay with where this book starts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they made so, it really um, easy for people to transition from like the movie to the comic. Yeah, th there's a few points later on in the story where uh, you know some of the past Guardians comics look to be coming into play, like some of the 
you know, Canon and continuity. I can't ever say that word. Repairman Jack's going to make fun of me all week. Again. <laughs> so some of that comes into play later on in the week um, or later on in the, uh, the issue. But right off the bat, I mean, to get you sucked into the story, you have just a very movie-esque scene starting. Uh, and, and we're kicking things off on an unnamed planet here, um, which just kind of looks to be filled with run-of-the-mill aliens wandering around, minding their own, you know, their own business, doing their thing. Uh, when all of a sudden, you know, dun dun dun, Galactus <laughs> arrives, uh, and they're all immediately start shitting their pants, you know. Um, which Galactus is a good guy now, just right? Just if you've. You know, yeah, well, that, that's kind of like the one hint. Like, I, I I don't think everybody's privy to that information really no. in the universe quite yet because uh, if you've been reading Ultimates, you know um, they, they've kind of turned Galactus into a life bringer instead of a life destroyer. You know, he, he creates instead of destroys things now. So uh, he's also got like this all gold motif to him. Um, so these people just aren't down with that information. And if you as the reader are, you, you kind of get the the gist or the foreshadowing of what's going on here, which is pretty cool. Um, all of a sudden, uh, you know, everybody starts going for escape pods and trying to get off planet to save their hides. Uh, and we see just some arguing occurring on the inside of Galactus, uh, which again is kind of like another, <laughs> another hint for you that there's something going on here. His face falls off pretty much forming a bridge. And, and we see our, our our guardian of the galaxy heroes come busting out of his his dome. I love the way it looks too. Uh, the, the art is just fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it does look very very cool here. And then we get our our title esque page, reminiscent of you know the fonts and and texts used for the movie posters and stuff. Yeah, this uh, could be a movie poster itself. Yeah, <laughs> really good. Um, <laughs> It looks a lot like the Thor Ragnarok stuff too. So like all the Marvel space movies kind of have that eighties feel and look to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love that look. I noticed that when I watched That's, the Thor trailer, I was like, it looks, it has exact color palette and tone of guardians. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that's cool. When they do, um, you know, kind of like the different themes like that. And the, this one related to space stuff really gives it a Tronny, Tronny like sense of feeling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, anyway, w after our title page, we're gushing about for some reason. <laughs> we uh, we go on to continue the story, and we see as these dudes, um, you know, these dudes being the guardians, come running into this uh, vault. Basically, uh, not everybody has escaped, and there's still some aliens kind of milling around. Uh, and don't take kindly to being tricked into thinking they're about to die and, and start attacking the guardians here. This is great. Mini fight. The guy's like, you killed me, lifeboat. The whole planet's about to blow. And then he's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just some random alien. I mean, we don't really know who he is. He, he comes with a little comedy uh, and Groot and uh, Rocket basically distract him as Gamora kicks his face. Um, <laughs> you know, knocking him out and they move on to the, to their next, can you get that please? Yeah, trying to. to the next, uh, to the next scene. So they approach this safe. It looks like inside this vault 
and I don't know, Star Lord starts using his gun to like freeze it. It has elemental um, gun. Yeah. And Drax punches this safe open. Um, and then we see Star Lord flying on out with this white box. Just, you know, it's it all happens in four panels super quick. Really know what they have yet. And you get a sense of uh, Drax's newfound Buddhism where he's like, uh, you joke, but just even destroying a simple thing like a wall could have untold consequences, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that happened in... Did he have two solos, or was there just one Drax solo? Uh, I think there was... Or did that... The, I think there was they one. they canceled one of them. I don't know if they started a second one. This must have just happened in the Guardians book that just ended. Yeah, because I didn't pay attention to any of the grounded stuff after Civil War. Yeah, I didn't either. So I think that that's where this kind of occurred. You know, if you were reading that, um, that would be my guess. If that's something you're interested in, but but yeah, it gives Drax a little little more flavor to his character. Um, and then we see everybody try to hightail it out of this. You know, this vault, this safe area. They got what they need. They want to get the hell out of here. You know, smash and grab, as the title to the issue is called. Uh, so to speak. Um, so, so they're trying to do the, the grab and get out of here part of that mission. And they kind of run by two aliens who think the world's ending. So decide to fulfill <laughs> a bucket list request with each other, I guess. Oh, that uh, was pretty funny too. Yeah, that was, that was, I was like, wait a minute. I can't believe they put that in a Marvel comic. That's probably a teen ra uh, rated book, but. I was like, I take it Galactus so, yeah, is not about stopped. to eat the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all yeah. stop to watch these people get their, their thing on in, for a minute before they continue on to Galactus's ship uh, that they came out of, and they, they blast on out of here. Uh, we get another you know funny little moment that we find out. Rocket has put no seatbelts or seats on this ship as they all... <laughs> Uh, go blasting off to outer space. They're like stuck to the ground, you know, from the the force. Rock is hanging onto the handle. Uh, mm. Little Groot's hanging on his shoulder. Um, I will say, Little Groot doesn't have as much to do in this as it seems like he had to do in the movie. That's for sure. No, he doesn't uh, really and, do much. Yeah, and we'll we'll kind of find out why here shortly. Uh, but anyway, they they take Galactus up to space. Uh, they end up ditching it, even though Rocket wants to keep it. Uh, because they know it's going to just, you know, draw heat to their direction. And they board the Milano and, and start taking off uh, to, to, we're not really sure where. And we find out they're not really sure where here shortly. Um, but in the meantime, someone looks like they've been messing with Peter's uh, awesome mix volume mixtapes. Because <laughs> he turns uh, turns on his music and he's got, I will walk 5,000 miles or whatever that song is. Oh, yeah, that awful song. Uh, blasting that. Yeah. I, I even remember it over the stereo soundtrack that song is from, which is awful that I remember that. So I, it's from that yeah, awful that, movie that, in June. That song will get stuck in your head for days if, if you yeah, hear well. it. Um, I like that they put the rate. Anyway, like, um, I never noticed from previous, like, because I flipped through some Guardian series and I read a little bit of the Bendis one, and I never noticed the radio from the movie, which I think it's pretty cool that they got it in here. Uh, what? Peter's Walkman, or just the general radio they had, the same radio they have in the ship. The same radio, the radio they have in the ship. Like I, I never knew that they had it. Uh, the radio that I saw in the movie was actually in the ship in the comic too. Yeah, they they really have like you know down to the look of the Milano. Um, 
you know, with the exception of Peter having a full beard, they they do a pretty good job of, you know, make again making this look as close to the movie, uh, having as many callbacks to it, or just coincidences to to get those people that love, you know, because the movies are like billion dollar sellers. Yeah, uh, at least some eyes on this comic from that. You know what I'm saying? And that and that's one of the ways to do it. Um, but, but yeah, like the thing that would throw the movie people off is, you know, like Peter looks a little different, uh, Drax and his, his Buddhism whole thing he's got going on here. Uh, that would be like, I don't know. Do you want to read the back issues to find that out or not? That's what you would have to do there. Yeah. Um, we, we take a, a mini time jump in the story is the Milano with everybody aboard it is just kind of floating through space and everyone's questioning Peter, uh, like, do you know where the hell you're going, dude? He's like, oh, yeah, I put the coordinates in right. Um, and then Rocket looks out the window, and, and they see, like, I don't know, this giant space trout pretty much swallow their ship whole. <laughs> Not a fish guy. I don't know what other fish you would call that bass, a trout. You just see the face of it. So, Yeah, I have no idea. Um, a giant so they get fish. swallowed by this fish. And while they're swallowed by this fish, they like travel down its gullet and end up running into the Grandmaster, who's just like you know a big head honcho of cosmic marvel. Yeah, he's you know a what I'm saying? Elder of the universe. Um, so he he's a lot like the Collector in in that he likes to just collect random things. He usually has a sinister purpose for uh, things in his collection. And we find out that the Guardians uh, have been hired by him to to get this item they stole back to him. Um, but there's some twists and turns that come come along with this item, basically. Uh, we, we find out our first twist is that the thing's a small little pocket universe, you know, like what the dog was wearing around its neck in Men in Black, uh, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that if uh, this thing bust, busted out, it would have, you know, destroyed our universe, the entire Marvel universe, and, and replaced it, essentially. Yeah, it would grow over it. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is nuts. Um, so that's that's what Collector, or Collector, uh, Grandmaster states the reason that he wants this item for at first. Um, and, and then, you know, th- they continue talking, and he basically... He says to the Guardians they he wants them to do another job for him. The Guardians are all like, eh, I'm, we're good, dude. Just pay us our money and we'll be on our way. Um, because I don't really think they knew they were working for this guy, right? Didn't Gamora say she was yeah, hired by only, somebody else or is Gamora not being truthful with everybody? I think Gamora's not being truthful with everybody and, and she's the only one who knew that they were doing this for the Grandmaster. Yeah, okay. That, that's kind of the gist that I got because... Um, you know, especially with the way things end here in a few more pages, like Gamora kind of being even more secretive and, you know, separated from the group a little bit. Uh, it seems like she's hiding something. Um, basically, Grandmaster tells him about, you know, well, you, you've already done a job for me stealing from the collector. I want you to do it again. They're like, we didn't steal anything from the collector. And he spills the beans about how this universe was on its way to be brought to the collector when they stole it, right? Yeah. It was um, on its way, and yeah, uh, so it, they were, you know, he's telling him, you know, it would be most unfortunate if he has to find out that you stole his shit, you know? <laughs> like, 
Yeah. So he's like, you, you either do this job for me again, like go to the collector's base, steal something from him that I want. Um, or I'm going to tell the collector that you stole this from him and you know, you brought it to me. Uh, this pisses Gamora off because I think, you know, she, she's feeling double crossed at this point, a little more personally than the other people. And, and she lunges at grandmaster, which does nothing. Does she go right through him? Does she face yeah. through him? Yeah. He just basically fa- like flash phases her through him. Well, it's um, like no harm in one murder attempt. <laughs> yeah. She just hits the ground with the thud. Uh, and the, and the group decides, you know, they were really don't have any other choice than to, and then do the thing Grandmaster is telling them. Um, so everyone storms back to their ship, the Milano. They take off, and we kind of wrap up the book here in the, these closing points with uh, just checking in really on random members of the ship. We see Drax burning some incest. Incest. Uh, incense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then we see uh, Rocket wandering through the ship, and he runs into Gamora. So what what goes on here? Because this is where I get a little lost. You have a better grasp of it. Than yeah, yeah. This is when you know when they get back on the ship, and um, Peter's, uh, you know, asking Gamora what what exactly the deal is between them, and she just walks off. And you know, he's he's you know, you know, Gamora, Gamora, like where the hell did you go? You know, and and then Rocket starts making his round around the ship. And uh, he sees uh, Drax, and, and he comments on how he's completely lost his mind. Drax tells him to screw off so he can meditate because he's a Buddhist now. And then uh, he runs into Gamora in her room when she's uh, you know doing her like space karate or whatever the hell she's doing. And um, she tells him to screw off. She you know she didn't want to talk to Peter, and she does not want to talk to him. And then they start getting into uh, why hasn't Groot regenerated after losing his limbs and, and grown big like he used to because, it, you know, it's never taken this long for him to get back to full size. Yeah. And that's when we flash to that, like, desolate planet where that, you know, mysterious hooded figure is growing like an army of Groots. Yep. He's planting just a whole bunch of sticks. Uh, some faster than others you know he's got rows and rows that looks like corn basically you know what i'm saying yeah um and this could be you know our hint as to why groot isn't growing and and you know showing and displaying his powers like he normally does because it looks like he's splintered into just thousands of different groots here at this yeah, point and it's drawing on his power like he's not as strong as he would normally would be because of all these offsprings i guess like maybe that's how like you know yeah. how plants work like maybe they all are one and because there are so many now that like he doesn't you know he used to be the only right. one yeah and, and this guy looks like i don't know he, he might be able to focus uh groot's power because he's saying all of you grow up big and strong to end the issue so I don't know. This seems like some dude that has control of magic or some space shit. I'm not privy to, you know, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I, not a big cosmic Marvel guy. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of lost as to what he would be doing with all these groups, but. And I think he, this uh, is that, that's we're gonna see far down the road too. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, this is like seeding for it, it. It won't even probably be finished by the first arc. This will probably be seated for the second arc after they deal with the collector. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, as the issue ends, some preview pages of the, uh, at least covers of the of the next issue coming out, which looks pretty cool. 
uh, kind of looks like a um, that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, uh, Inception. Oh kinda yeah, looks like yeah, an yeah. Inception scene going on. Uh, and then, and then they also got a few new, more new number one Guardian books coming out, a new Rocket number one, and a new Groot. I am Groot number one issue, and then uh, also Thanos seven uh, coming out. So that's all some issues. If it's something you want to get a little further into, uh, that'll be approaching soon. But that's it for all new Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Uh, you knew how we do things, guys. We tell you to buy that issue, borrow it, or forget it altogether. Uh, I did Scarlet Spider first last week. So, Trevor, why don't you go first? I'm going to bite this pizza log here. <laughs> <All right>. um, <clears throat> I, uh, I really enjoyed this book a lot more than I thought I was going to. I, I've never really read any Guardians books before. I, I read a couple, the first two volumes of the Bendis run, the first trade with McNiven, the second one with Pacelli. Uh, that was pretty cool. I read a, the first arc of the Dan Abnett run, which was pretty cool. This actually stands apart from from everything that came before. It's completely different. It's very very colorful, very vibrant. Um, I love the the Frank Quitely kind of style that uh, Aaron Cooter has. Uh, I really enjoy his art. I like it on Action Comics. I liked it on uh, Death of X, and I love it here. Uh, when Death of X ended, he said he was working on a special project, and I guess this was the special project. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't exactly call this a special project, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> a new ongoing series. I don't know how yeah. special it really is. Um, Dugan's worked his way up the ladder to uh, to the series because you know this is like a big franchise now. Um, I haven't read too many of his, uh, his titles, but I really like what he's doing with the Guardians here. He finds a nice balance in between the movie universe and uh, and the comic book universe, and and, and it translates very very well. Um, this is. Um, <clears throat> Man, I I, I want to say it's a buy, but for me, like I, I don't like I like the Guardians, but I don't have like that that interest like I would have in like say an Avengers book over like a Guardians yeah. book, you know. So, but for the quality, for the sake of the quality of the book, it's a buy. So personally, it's right. a borrow, but for the quality sake, it's a buy. Right. Yeah, I kind of you know little bit of a guardian's high right now after seeing the movie and then you know reading a, a pretty decent first issue of, of the book yeah uh, you know I, I don't know if it makes me want to go back and read past stuff and catch up on how they got to where they are right now but it's it's an interesting enough title story-wise and artistically enough to to continue following going forward you know the collector grandmaster stuff is pretty cool uh I, there's enough jokes in it that that you know get my attention and, and keep me interested to to want to check out at least through the end of the arc you know and see if it keeps up that high quality that that was established here uh, and you know I think if you enjoyed either the first movie or the second movie and you know you're just looking kind of for a fun adventure book to pick up uh, or add to your polis this would probably suit you pretty well um Most and you know just compared to some other like random titles that have won votes and and we've had to read and review this is one i've just had more fun uh dealing with than than those past ones so i would also you know consider it to be a buy uh at, at least in this moment in time you know for the first arc and see it through um especially if again it, the movies were something that and you enjoy this would be something that kind of continues that flavor for you. Um, 
so yeah, that's, that's really about it for us this week, guys. Um, you know, and keep the same schedule we've been doing. Um, we're, we'll have the poll up on Monday for you guys to vote. Uh, me and Trevor will look over the books, give you three choices, and you guys tell us what you want to hear about. It's been working pretty well lately without any really uh, flat-out shitty books winning the vote, so we don't we don't have to take the voting rights away from you guys, so I appreciate <laughs> that. That is nice. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, this one was we, definitely we, one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I uh, we thought about maybe you know getting into some Guardians thoughts and stuff because we both saw the movie, but it's still very early in the release process there. So maybe we'll do that uh, for five or ten minutes next week and spit the bit a little bit about about the Guardians of the Galaxy movie uh, that That'd just cool. came out. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll add that on top of whatever book you guys decide to do, but that. That'll be it for us this week uh, for the Marvel Minute. Um, if you guys are looking for me or Trevitt, we'll, we'll give you our uh, at handles here. Um, I'm at bmer3660. Trevitt, where can they find you? I am at Afronaddicts and sometimes on Instagram at Trevitt's Comics, but not lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, getting back on the weekly boat there, uh, Trevitt is. Um, but that's it from us, guys. Party is over on the set. We'll holler at you next week. He said my name. <laughs> you get all excited. Oh, he said my name. Oh, goody. Oh, wait a minute. Jim wait, Warner said that, my name. That wasn't right. That wasn't good. He was being mean. Oh, Aww. darn it, Eric. Oh, <laughs> Here we are at the green section of the podcast, Eric. As we always do, we put together a section that includes Green Lanterns, Green Arrow, and something else. And I'm going to leave that as a mystery. That's a mystery Justice wrapped League. in a riddle, wrapped in an enigma, and it will be Justice League, yes. So Spoiled. basically, it, I'll be green, green with anger. Is that That's a term, right, that people yeah. use uh, over and over again. I hear that many a time down at the bingo parlor. Eric, green with you, I want to kill myself. The last time I had a bongo 
I was green with anger, and and so were the rest of the card holding bingo errs. Isn't that what they're called, bingo errs? You know I'm what a bongo every is. Time, every time, every every time someone tells me, Eric, you know what you got to do, man. It's 2017. You got to go green. I'm like, man, it's not time to start the purge up yet. Yeah, really. You go green. Uh, you know what a bongo is. You, you know what that. Of course, is? you know what a bongo is. And what is a bongo, Eric? A bongo is that thing you fucking put the weed in, then you smoke that up. No, it's also not what Matthew McConaughey allegedly was playing nude. A bongo is when you yell bingo at the bingo game, and you don't have bingo. And you go up, and they're like, his fucker's got a a bongo, this piece of shit. Look at him with the bongo. And then they might actually play play Latin rhythms on your head then, Eric, as you go and sit back down in shame. If I ever had a bongo at the bingo parlor, I may never go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would actually say, listen, guys, go go fuck yourselves. I'm done with this. I'm off to shuffleboard. That's what I would (laughs) say. Shuffleboard's where it's at, obviously. Yeah, really, because at least then the ladies haven't broken a hip yet, Eric. They they are are prime. (laughs) Not yet. Those hot, those hot women. Uh, But this is the green section. No, baby, I'm gonna bang you so hard, I'm gonna break your hip. (laughs) I'm gonna break your hip, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna break your hip. Abraham Lincoln. It just yells shit. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to yell some like 1930s movie star and realized I really don't know any. Ooh, uh, Fatty Arbuckle. Oh, W.C. Fields is oh, coming Oh, W.C. Fields. Oh, Fatty Arbuckle. You fucking throwing shade at me, you bitch. Fatty Arbuckle. All right. Well, we're going to go and we're going to start with your book. Is it because you're an alleged rapist? That is both that and my girth, Eric, oh, I'd okay, like to okay. say. Uh, one or the other, and Fanny Arbuckle, they pretty much, he was railroaded, Eric. He Alleged, just, I said. In a um, in in the times that were going on there, the you know people needed to have a scapegoat for all the crazy debauchery that was going on in Hollywood, Eric. And unfortunately, Fatty Arbuckle, I mean, really, when you're growing up and you're going to hit the, the big time, you have the name Fatty Arbuckle. How can you ever go wrong, Eric? How can you? You ever see Fatty Arbuckle? I thought it was Fatty yeah. Arbu- Arbuckle. It's Fatty. F A T T. Fatty with a T H. No, no, it's Fatty. He's a fat fuck. Do you ever see his deal? Do you ever see him? He one of those things. It's like one of those guys where you uh, what's it called? When you you look back and you're like, oh, these guys are called Fatty Arbuckle, but he was only 180 pounds. No, he was a big fat fuck. His real name was yeah. It's real. Do you see him? He's a fat fuck. Are you looking him up? Yeah, for some reason, I always thought Fatty was something that people said it wrong, and it was Fatty. No, like his real name was Roscoe. Yeah, nobody Roscoe likes Arbuckle? nobody likes the name Roscoe, but yeah, the, he was <laughs> Fatty Arbuckle. Like he's a big fat fuck. Look at him. He's fuck. One of the articles that from the Smithsonian is the skinny on Fatty Arbuckle. I Ooh. like that. I like that, Eric. I don't know why we're talking Fatty Arbuckle. That's more in lines of the pop culture podcast because all the young kids are talking about Fatty Arbuckle now. W.C. Fields, you got them all. Doris Day, who knows what they're talking about nowadays. Shuffleboard, bingo, bongo. Bingo, bongo, bingo, bongo, bongo. But we're going to start with your green book, Eric. And I was not green with envy that you had to review it. And, you know, I don't want that book. Uh, I, at one point, we're going to do, and just to tell everybody, we're going to redo our $25 pull list when, at the end of this month, there is an annual week. The annuals week, week yeah. So we're going to do a bunch of things. I think that we're going to do that, and we may have mentioned before, I think that's when we're going to go through that rebirth 
uh, title, a guy suggested. See, I, That'll I be don't in the know mail. what you're talking about where you were not agreeing with Envy about this thing because I'm looking at Comic Book Roundup right now. It has an aggregate score of 8.1 out yeah. of 10. Ah, that's not my score. No. That ain't my score, baby, because there is a glaring error in this book that anybody who, God forbid, Eric, that there's any 10s, because I know there is. I actually look. <laughs> there is something in this book that this cannot be a 10 no matter how. This could be the greatest issue that is ever made. It can't be a 10 because there's nope. the biggest fuck up of any fuck up you can have in a Green Lantern book. And it's nonsense. And I don't think a lot of people caught it because a lot of people don't actually pay attention to what I they're reading. I looked at it and I actually looked at it dumbstruck for like five minutes and thought – Maybe I'm thinking of things wrong. This can't be what I'm looking at. This can't. I'm like, no, I actually no. thought the same thing, even though you had already told me when I read I'm like, what? because it is just a, a kind of a switcheroo. It's a little yeah. dyslexic deal. Maybe the ring's dyslexic. We'll get into that. But yeah, a lot of people love this issue. I am not one of them. And yeah, I, I think that what I was getting at with the the $25 pull list, I'm sorry. It, it is a little interesting. No, I, it's a little interesting because – the monthly books now have gone up a dollar, and that kind of does throw things out of kilter. And you had said before when we were talking about this, oh, you think we should do the $30 pull list? And I said, no, no, no. Let's keep the 25 because we're going Let's with it. We only have $25, now. Yeah. and now we're going to get fucked. And this book is off the pull list, Eric. This is no longer – and I had put it on. The, la the, the oh, last know. revision, I had gone with this book. It is green. off – it's off my pull list, and I am not looking back. I'm not even going to look back in the fucking rearview mirror, Eric. Things might be closer. I'm not even looking here. I don't want them closed. to be closer. I want to get the fuck out. I want to get out, Eric. I want to get out. What book is it, Aaron? Green Lanterns <laughs> number 22, written by Sam Humphries, with art by Ronan Coquette, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. Simon and Jessica are hurled through space on their way to Mogo so they can begin their proper training to the Green Lantern Corps. And with that, a lot of nothing. Yeah, new readers get caught up on the new status quo of the core and who the main players are, but mostly a lot of nothing. A Thankfully, of nothing. though, our Volthoom story continues when Rami too, uh, when Rami too is transported to Mogo because the Guardians want him to look at what's wrong with the Green Lantern rings and why they won't choose new recruits. I will tell you, the Rami stuff I liked. I actually liked it. I really, really like. I actually like that it's almost like a a sitcom. Where when he shows up, he thinks he's he thinks he's fucking done. He thinks that he's going to be exposed, and when he does it, oh, he yeah. gets more and more like fucking ringing in his hands, like Mr. Burns. It's so <laughs> funny to me. I really do like that. Uh, up until then, though, you don't get like you said. Here's the problem: is we are on issue twenty-two. We've already had Jessica and Simon being the Green Lanterns of Earth. I'm not sure if you know what sector that is, Eric. We'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, the problem, though, is we're past this point. You know what I mean? And also, we're past this point, and where the fuck is Hal? I know he, that in the regular book, of, but here's the thing. He's the one that pretty much appointed them as the Earth Lanterns. He did the whole thing with the combined lantern. That should be a big point here. They should have their lanterns there. There should be a thing that they spell out that maybe Hal went a little out of school doing and shouldn't have, but whatever. But having them go train, it just seems too late for this for me now you say oh but you know you got to get jessica in with these contracts it's never been it's more of her willpower right. that's been the problem and her fear and stuff like that training doesn't do that but also it's weird to me because you get the idea in this why is jessica so afraid 
that they have called her there to to fire her because they never say that. They say no. she has to train. Even after they, they even spell it out, oh, you're new. Even when Kyle meets her, oh, you're new. Yeah, you got to train. Oh, you're going you're gonna to love it here. Why do they want to fire me? Oh, my God. Uh, it's such a forced anxiety for her. I know that you'll say, oh, well, she's – it's forced to me because she they never once even think that or say anything that I would think that's going to be. And if anything, I would have thought they would have shown up and said, you know what, fuck you guys. We're fucking, you know, us two have been protecting Earth from all this shit. Where was the help and all this? But it's like Jessica is in awe and it ends up becoming so laughable to me of the things that she ends up saying that are just ridiculous. And the one is a big one that we were saying before. But, you know, it starts off and Jessica and Simon are going to, you know, the rings are taking them to Mogo. And she just, she ends up fucking putting on the brakes. Yeah, she gets freaked out, tells her ring to say an emergency all stop, which it complies. And then, but Simon keeps going on his way yeah. to Mogo. So there she is stuck in the middle of space, not knowing a goddamn thing. She's never really been to space yeah, before. And this is it's such a weird thing League for her book. to do. Instead of just staying with Simon and going, she puts, you know, she puts things on hold. She, like you said, she puts the emergency brakes on and she goes and it does. What does that do for the story except to have Kyle show up, well, which I you, like seeing Kyle. Here, I thought it was a perfect moment to break out the anxiety because here she is in the middle of yeah, nothing. This is where no she idea should be anxious. Home or any of this other nonsense because the ring's not complying with her. No. And we don't really have it. She's just pissed at her ring because it's not taking her home. And I'm like, this was the perfect opportunity to show some anxiety because honestly, you don't, you've never felt smaller in your life until you're in the middle of yes. goddamn space with and, the fucking and, vastness of it. Yeah. And I'm like, this whole thing is like, it's, it never goes anywhere. Kyle and, immediately shows yep, up and is, yeah. hey, let's take the scenic tour, scenic tour around to Mogo. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. Before that, this is the big snafu. And it's ridiculous because even as I'm looking at it, when I read it after you told me about it, um, it, this is one of those things that I often say that uh, things that I hear, you know, maybe even other podcasts or when I'm talking, we talk to the guy at work, the boss's son. And it's one of those where he opens his mouth when he doesn't need to. Yeah. There is no reason to start yelling out these sectors. They, the, the ring starts telling him sectors. Where am I? Sector 0502. Where is that? Oh, it's between 0502 and 0501. You know, and say, and don't be a smartass. I didn't. U.S. And then she says again, where is home? And Sam Humphreys messes up the sector that they are from and the, says the, to sector, one, the most important sector the that most the Green Lantern books has ever thing. dealt with. Yep. The, and he fucks it up. He says 2184. That's not the sector. That is fucked up. I'm it's telling wrong. you, I, I wish I wish there could be like, you know, a road or not road rules, fucking like a real world fucking camera on me at this point when I'm, I'm fucking sitting there reviewing this book. And I'm, you couldn't I'm believe just, it, right? I'm just staring at this goddamn page. I swear for like five goddamn minutes. Like, what? Why? How? What? Is this I'm amazing? telling you. Am I looking at it this wrong? Is, this is as bad as uh, Batman sitting there and so, Flash is like, oh, man, you know, you miss your mom and dad. Yep, I miss Thomas and Alice. And or you'd be like, what? Saying, or, you know, oh, you know, uh, Batman, he protects Metropolis. Yeah, or uh, Superman uh, saying that his dad was Zor-El. Yeah. It just these are We're saying that things, like you know Super Mario Three is a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, nobody would ever say that. Ever, there's nobody ever. And here's the thing: I don't have an editor, Eric. Unfortunately, <laughs> you don't edit the shit that comes out of my mouth. And, and but this, they do. Somebody has to see this. Somebody has to say it. And this is I, the I, most. I'm telling it's you, it's one I, of the basic things that always has to be. 
and it's I fucked have, up. I've had it's fucked up. in my mind for a while now with this book where, you know, it has its highs and lows where it gets me interested, but ultimately it peters out and falters in the, like, the long run for the storytelling. I think nobody on this book cares. No. I really don't. Like, this Green Lanterns, just the idea of it when Rebirth was announced, I'm like, you know what? I'm all about this book. Well, this and this, the first yeah. book I picked to review because I, like, this seems yeah. amazing. Just and I, I had it on my $25 pull list because I really liked the interactions between them. But you're right. Because that Falthoom nonsense was completely – it threw everything out and fuck, fucked Brent, up I'm telling, everything. We started out with this way right away in the freaking – like the series when they brought back Red Lanterns who had previously yeah. died. I'm like nobody yeah. gives a fuck yeah, at nobody all cares. this book. They're throwing everything at the wall no matter what and they're like it's, nobody it's seems fu- to be bringing anything up. Nobody re- seems to care. It's like – it'd be like listening to a podcast and somebody saying that he thought that one guy's name was Thaddy Arbuckle. Thaddy, there you go. Or – and then say explanation point. Who would say these things? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's ridiculous. And again, I can look I can look past some things like this uh, mainly because you – I'm not as big a Green Lantern fan as you. But yeah. after you told me and after I really thought about it, number one, like I said, there's no reason – for Jessica ever to say again, where is home? It's almost like he's he's taunting us. Like he's like, I'm gonna fuck this up on purpose. See who the fuck cares? And uh, it just it's nonsense. It's really nonsense. And it goes from there to to become even. Re- and now it's not gonna get even more ridiculous because no. that is fully ridiculous. But. Kyle shows up, and I like Kyle. Looks like a leering pedophile when he shows up, but oh, I, I actually on, like him. That. You look at him he when he shows fine. up. He looks like Kyle. No, that smile on his face. He's got nefarious things. He has he's found thinking. a pretty lady in space. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's not a pedophile. He's more of a rapist. He's yeah, <laughs> allegedly. But no, he shows up. Jessica doesn't know what's going on, and he's gonna. The, the other thing is, why we have a book. You have a bunch of pages. You're right. This is how I think a comic book goes, right? There's pages, right? There, there uh-huh. is a, a, a finite Broken number of pages panel. that you're going. It, why the fuck would Kyle be like, hey, I was sent to get you. Hey, you want to go to the scenic route? Why? Why are you doing this? And that, all of a sudden, it, it becomes a ladder freaking you know, the ride on the fucking Magic Carpet yeah, ride around the goddamn cosmos. Ridiculous. And, and even the things like, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm so scared. It, the things that you get. Under the sea. Is that in there? The, no, the no. things that you get in this are nothing because, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you a hand. I just realized I used to have your job. Oh, great. And then Jessica's like, hey, I was scared. Oh, my God. And you, I remember the first time I was in space. I puked. And then he disables and they go for a scenic route. And he's like, you know, basically nothing. Like, hey, I was feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, you get this. and It's just nonsense. It really is nonsense. They go down to a planet and – Again, this might be the only thing that I kind of did like because it makes Kyle look like a really good guy, and I really do love Kyle. And he goes down, he's like, hey, look at these aliens. They were having problems, but, you know, I'm here to help them, and they love us and all this. It also goes to the point where in the New 52, where and even into Rebirth, where the universe hated the Green Lanterns all of a sudden, I like to see that they are doing some things. They're not just all hanging out on Mogo, which they seem to be, or going out to chase down the Yellow Lanterns, the rogue Yellow Lanterns. They're actually doing some things to get the trust and things back from when even Hal was out and about as the rogue, you know, the rogue Green Lantern. And I, I do like that. But it really is nothing. I mean, it no, really is nothing. No, no. 
And they I'm telling you, a- it really is. I'm telling you, it's like you know, you have, you're reading the Green Lantern's book. You may not be reading Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend most of this book catching you up on what's going on in that book. Yeah, for no yeah, goddamn and even reason. W- and it's weird too because even then, it's a ve- it's such a watered down version of it oh, and a really like hokey thing. But I really end up I start getting mad now because they're going they go to Mogo and yeah. You see a planet talking to you or at least cool. signaling, and it's also a Green Lantern. That's pretty cool. This is something where later on she should be like, I can't believe this planet. But they go in, and it welcomes, hey, hey, uh, Lantern Rainer, hey, Lantern Cruise. And she's like, no way, the planet talks. And they go down, and you have a good opportunity for the art team to, to flex its muscles. Where oh, you're yeah, going to have a bunch all of, of these, lanterns all have the these lanterns. Place. And it's like fan service of the thing. But I immediately then got mad because you have Kilowog and Simon, and they're they're drinking construct beer and I you know whatever. Why the fuck did Simon? To me, for Simon to keep going and then get all the way there and just send Kyle out. Hey Kyle, by the way, I'm going to get drunk over here. Can you go find Jessica? It threw me off. I don't think that that I don't like it at all. If anything, I think Simon would have went with Kyle. It just seems stupid to me where they're just now. They might have heard ahead of time, whatever. But Simon just goes and it's like, hey, see, you're here. And he's telling the story about Atrocitus and they're all laughing it up. But when they come, he's like, hey, good, good thing you made it. He goes, hey, you made it. She slammed on the brakes, and he fucking didn't know where she was, probably. Do you know what I take it as? Fucking Kyle's a pussy hound. Fucking Simon got there and found out, oh, Jessica stopped. I got to go get her. You know what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. There's a lady lantern in space. You know what? I'll take care of this, buddy. My partner lantern is out there. Whoa. I got shit to do, fucking Simon. She's pretty hot. On it. He <laughs> just goes up, and I'm telling you, just having him there and almost like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, Jaybird, what's going on, though? She stopped because she was freaking out. He left her in the cold depths of space where nobody can hear you cry, Aaron. And she was there upset. Scream. He knows. I'm saying she was crying. She won't scream. Misquote. I'm telling you, she was just crying. You can't hear him cry either. But he left her knowing exactly what she would have happened like oh my god like he should be there like holy shit she's not here where oh my god she probably f- she's freaking out right now she doesn't know what's going on like he would want to go now he's having a fucking grand old time and she's like oh my god it's so incredible here here's the point that's the worst with her because they're like hey kyle long time no see and he's like hey then she's like we saw aliens for real aliens she has fought aliens already. Saying, we had the Red Lanterns. We had the Dominators. You have been palling around with a fucking yes. rogue guardian for how long now, Jessica? Yes. Come on. You have seen aliens. This is the stuff. Like, this is not where you – all you have to do here, change this alien nonsense. Like, oh, my God, we're on a planet that talks. There, there you go. That is a huge thing. Or, oh, my God, I haven't seen – I didn't know that there was this many Green Lanterns and all this. And that would even be a good step into Kyle going, yeah, there should be more. We're having some yeah. problems here. Uh, but, no, aliens. For real. I saw aliens. And that's where Kilowog comes up, and he's like – he's fucking with her he's and all that. He's got to put on the And it looks game. awesome. That looks awesome. And in general, I do like the art, though. I, again, when they well, get to – I really to, enjoy the art in this. Yeah. I, when they get to Mogo, I think that there could have been more – you know. 
know, I say this. It would have been more padding, but I would have liked to have seen a little more lanterns. But it, it was cool. He's there, and he's like, hey, he takes the lantern off. And this again. Then she's like, oh, no, they're going to fire me. What's going on? And I'm like, ah, whatever. And then she's like, what's that? Like, she's the one that would point out the yellow and the green lantern. Yeah. It's just it, – but then they're like, oh, and that's where they're going to explain things. She has a run-in with, you know, that And asshole. even a little nitpick here because it, it bothered me when we first it's saw this the and same. how during it's the green not, lantern court. Not the, the same thing. No, no, yeah. it was supposed to be the other way. The freaking uh, the yeah. yellow power battery. That's what I'm saying. The power direction. battery was not standing up upright like that. It was it was tilted, right? And the no, in no, the it was facing towards the freaking okay. other. Okay, I actually thought it was even tilted a little, but yeah, it is off. It, it actually is not the way. And that's it just was. a nitpick, though. But yeah, that is. But I'm maybe they realized that, Eric Shea had a problem with the way it was positioned. They no, changed and, stuff. And for really, when you have this boy, you know, you have the wrong sector. You have her all impressed with these aliens. I, I'm telling you. I don't care that lantern, but it is off. But yeah, and that's where Kilowog's telling the story. Hey, we joined forces. We're doing this, and that's where they run into uh, that crazy, that crazy yellow lantern. That uh, Quasistral. Is that how you would say it? Quasistral? He looks like a goddamn fucking, you know, something from uh, I don't even know. I'd say Quasi Trail. Okay, well he's fucked up, but yeah, he's like, hey. You get away from me, you're gonna have some problems. He's just a dick, but it's yeah. also again you Old have to let people. You also, yeah, you have to let people know. Looks like something that would be in D and D. You have to let the <laughs> people who aren't reading Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps know that not every Yellow Lantern is so hip on this joining. So you have that a little. Uh, but yeah, it's just there's Kilowog telling him, hey, listen, we're you know we're supposed to do this, but here's where I get mad again because that Jessica's like, I almost died, and then that's where uh, freaking uh, what Kilowog's like, nah, he's just an asshole, and then there's Simon. Couldn't be worse than Guy Gardner. And this is where, again, I think Sam Humphreys never read a goddamn no. issue of Green Lantern ever, and he just knows the. Guy Gardner's a joke. He's a good. He knows joke. the fucking bullet point hits. Simon and Guy were good friends. They ended up saving each other's life. They were not. They keep going with this in this book that Simon he never go, had he, this interaction between no. them. No, I'm telling you, we make jokes now that he just wants to be on the bandwagon with everybody else making fun of Guy. He has no reason to at yeah. all for what and, we see. And them, here's them the together. thing, though: you say that, and really, up until now. Guy, it has been a bit of a redemption for Guy in the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern. The reason the Yellow Lanterns and the Green Lanterns are even getting along is because of, of Guy. And Guy was with them when they disappeared. He really is not this dick. This is not, you know, 1991 or whatever no. he, whatever Sam Humphreys thinks. This is not that guy anymore. He is, you know, he's a dick, but he's not like this. These guys are Green But he's never been a dick Lan to Simon. No, he's never been a dick to Simon. And Simon at the one point, hey, whose ring you get? I hope it's Guy. He wanted Guy to be dead then. At Fucking the beginning God. of this book, and it continues, and it's bullshit. I hate it. Because, again, I love Guy Gardner. He is my favorite Lantern only because he has some depth to relate. him to me. And he just, I think that he has some depth to him with the anger and all this. And, and we saw it in how during the Green Lantern Corps when he was fighting Atrocitus and uh, the whole thing, or Archillo, right? Ar Archillo, yeah. He's fighting Archillo, and the whole thing was him thinking about getting beat up by his dad. Yeah, we the whole even thing. had That's, all that in Edge of Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, and that's where and Simon at one point until he disappeared was with him then, yep. and they were they were helping each other. This is just nonsense. Don't go with this fucking generic deal that you want to try to. Is, it's very prove. generic. It is. 
Uh, that's when Rami shows up. To the point where up. it gets so generic, it gets wrong about its generic yeah, uh, yeah. fucking style. Well, that's I don't know. when Rami, so uh, Rami shows up, and obviously it's Volthoom in there. And I, I'm telling you, I really did like this. And I like to the point where you have Ganthet and uh, what's her name? I always get her. Oh, uh, Sade. Sade. I always want to say Syed. Sade's <laughs> there. And it's funny because Volthoom hates them so much that he can't even pretend that he doesn't hate them, but it works into his favor because Rami hates them as well. So it all fits. And like he's like, hey, you know what? You know, he says something. They're like, you're still the same. So emotional. And he's like, hooey, hey, this is going to work. And then they start like, hey, you know what? We have your plans. We're going to give it. And it's just his – and that, that cross arm like, X, it's perfect. It made me laugh so much. And it and- really made – but uh, I'm telling you, this whole thing too. When Rami first shows up and lands where the freaking you know the the Guardians Council fucking whatever it is, um, he's all upset because he sees the beacon in the sky. And it's like, oh no, this must be Mogo. But I'm like, I don't know if you yeah. have any interaction with him. But like Volthoom, I I don't really like remember Mogo being a big part of yeah, that. He could have been. But the thing weird. is, like as far as I know, Volthoom, unless Simon and Jessica have been talking to him about it, That's he should still think thing, that yeah. Oa is the Oa. goddamn place to be. Yeah, he should. And it's weird. Uh, only maybe it was spelled out on the way. I don't know. But maybe. when he gets there, you do have that call out there. He still thinks the Guardians are all alive. He has no yeah. idea that most of the Guardians are dead. So he even says like, "Who? You after, know what? It's like you know, Sinestro went through and killed all of them after they defeated Volthoom. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. has no idea nope. at all. And I like that. That actually ties well into this and i like the whole thing where he gets there and he's like they're gonna put me in the fucking prison again and all that uh but when he finds out he's like holy shit they're all dead who my job's almost done like boy i didn't even have to do anything and, and my plan is really coming to be and i i did i just like the whole thing it, it actually reminded me when he starts talking and getting pissed off and they're like oh you're still the same uh reminded me of those things and american alien was the best when uh when Bruce uh, or when uh, Clark Kent was on with Oliver Queen on that right. yacht, and they're like, and yeah, Bruce and they thought he was Bruce Wayne. He's like, listen, I'm not Bruce Wayne. And Oliver looked at him. He's like, man, you're deep. <laughs> he still <laughs> thought it was, and I really took you that fly as boys this. Yeah, up. oh, you flyboys. Really, like, God damn it, you guys are fucking. Ah, oh, you're still emotional, like you always were. <laughs> it really Fuck made me you. laugh. <laughs> yeah, it made me laugh, but. Uh, then you have I'm telling Simon you, this whole and thing, Jessica. Though, but, but, no, when, when he shows up, freaking Rami here or Volthoom, whatever you want to call him now. But um, we already have well, – you know, you start to book out. Fucking Sam Humphreys gets the sector wrong. You know what he spends a lot of time on? Fucking making this goddamn coffee joke work that he yeah. set up two issues ago. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, why is this coffee thing so important I to Sam Humphreys? Know. Because for some reason, Rami shows up with a fucking bag of coffee yeah, with Yeah, he him. doesn't even know that he had it. I no. don't understand what happened because he's there and he's like – what the hell is this? And it's this Merino fresh ground coffee that it seems like the rings were told to grab it with them or whatever that case may be because Jessica and Simon don't seem to know anything about it either. Like nobody talks to us. So how does Rami have it or Volthum? I I just like to say Rami because it, it, you know, he is in there. Rami slash Volthum. But yeah, this whole thing because that's when John comes out and he's like, hey, you bring my coffee. Yeah. And he's like, I, nobody talks to us. I didn't know I was supposed to bring coffee. 
coffee. He's like, damn, I, I need some that coffee. coffee. And it's just like weird. It really is. But the whole thing with me that gets me is this whole thing with Simon and Jessica. It just seems like something that is around the first four issues of a yeah. series. It seems it's, it's very way, early on yes, from where we should be at this point. It's way past this. We don't need this. And what they're getting at, I don't know. I would think at some point that they're going to separate the battery. That they're going to find out that they share a battery and separate it so that they can kind of have their own thing. Like you said, it's kind of you bullshit. said to me, like, but again, here's the thing. You want Simon or you think Simon's going to go off to, say, a JLA. Yeah. To have that happen, he kind of needs his own battery. So right. it would be just a, you know, a shout out type thing. We've hardly seen them touch the battery anyway. I think it's been twice. Yeah, but... You need that if you're going to have them go off on different things. And you may have like a Jessica go off to one, you know, part of the sector and you have Simon other there or whatever. Uh, but I do think we'll get that and we'll get the whole deal of Jessica maybe learning more constructs. But the thing is, a lot of people like the constructs that she makes. Oh, that, yeah, she that's makes her really awesome looking constructs. And that's very her. unique to her. Yes, that's, that's her deal. Like, what is, what is fucking Kilowog going to, and so we'll see, but I, also, We're gonna show it, you how to make some baseball. I mean, I'm telling you, it actually, gloves. yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, Hal's doing the thing. He's like, you ever see a train hit somebody? You ever see a bus hit somebody? You ever see a bulldozer? It's like the same thing over and over again. Here's how you make and a jet. He's like, you know what? A bulldozer's just a truck with a scoop on the front. Go for it. But yeah, just the thing is, the other, like, what are we gonna get? They're gonna train her, and they're gonna say, you know what? You do deserve to be a Green Lantern. We had that better when she had the Phantom Ring on and, and stuff like that and showed her that she does deserve to be green. You know what I mean? And We've already too, passed they, this. They, they strip her away. We, we pull out the fucking classic yeah, you get Jeff the Johnson lantern at this point yep. where they, they take the lantern away and she just has a on white her, On her there. uniform. And, they take and, her yeah. uniform lantern and, Until she's through her training, then she yep. earns her lantern. But Simon, we've never seen Simon train. He's no. been in some shit with them, but yes. he has never. He gets to keep his lantern, though. Yep, he gets to keep it because they really do make it seem like, well, they say, you went through basic training. And you know what? You've been in the shit. And really, and the the all other thing, and to me, I was like, boy, I, I get what you're saying, but a lot of that shit was Lost Army and Edge of Oblivion that you've yeah. kind of written him out of. So I didn't like that, but I did like the idea, though, again, I might be starting to think different things like you did with Batman and Convergence, uh, you know, that when they do tell Rami Valthum, hey, you know what, rings are going out, they're not coming back. At the one point in Edge of Oblivion, a lot of people died, and the ring oh, yeah. shot through a, the, the crack in the, the, rift, the universe. The universe the rift, that existed before And they own. went back to ours, and you never saw those going. So I would like to think they're talking about that, because even if they're not, they're still talking about the people that died then, died during the well, yeah, Edge of I'm Oblivion saying, we have and that, the Lost The fact of the matter is you know, they, they're trying to make new rings because the freaking yeah. Green Lantern Corps is depleted, so it's, it's serious. Yeah, it's, it's devastating. And, we find out in this issue that, you know, they're sending rings out. They're not finding new recruits. They're not no. doing a goddamn thing. They're just floating out and not doing their fucking job. Yeah, and it's Rami, a weird deal. Like, now, yes. now Rami's the creator of the and rings. It, you got to go look at your old notes. It's such a weird deal because it, it's weird for them to just – like the, now it's pretty much – it's the ring's fault. Before we were getting the whole thing where the universe is – you know, the willpower in the universe was going down. And this the red was going that. So it's kind of – I yellow. Yeah, yeah, and the yellow, you know, you know what I mean? Before it was that there just wasn't a lot of willpower, but they're going that the rings are wonky, and they're going to give Valthum his notes, which is the worst thing, but I do like it. And then at the end, Guy shows up, and it looks like Guy is going to uh, be Jessica's, Jessica's yeah. and Simon has Kyle. 
which is cool enough. And you're going to get Simon, uh, you, you know, training. But why does, why does he have the lantern then if he's going to train? I do like the fact that – but that's – the worst art I think is, is Guy's face. Yeah. He looks like he's about 90. But, yeah, he's like, hey, hold on to your butts. And I hope that what Sam Humphreys does, I hope that he doesn't go generic and fucking guy is just I know he will now. I know. I I just hope he isn't. I hope that this is one of those where Jessica then says to Simon, you know what? I don't know what you're talking about. He's a pretty fucking good guy. He's really cool. I think that he's just going to be a dick. Everything in this book is generic. and. It just – it doesn't seem like Sam Humphreys really, really cares about the Green Lanterns. He really doesn't. And like I said, you're more of a Green Lantern fan than me. But even I got like, holy moly, he's – just that whole thing with aliens just drove me nuts. Like you you wrote the book, dude. You know yeah. that she has dealt with aliens nonstop. Why would this be something where she's fucking, you know, all in all of but – well, anything else you want to say? I did like the no, art, like you said. I'm sorry. But, I yeah. really like the art in this book, and I'm telling you, I'm all about the stuff with Rami and Vol- slash Volthoom because that's the most interesting part of the story that is like could be happening that we've been put on hold for so long now. I can't wait to see that. The rest of this book, though, it is fucking nonsense where it's just, yeah. you know, let's fill up some pages here and A then we'll scenic talk about route. what's let's going go on with the Hal scenic Jordan and the Green route. Y- You slam on the brakes and let's go the scenic route, and that was, you know, three or four pages that didn't need to be. Didn't no. really need to be at all. And then there we go down the avenue looking at the, you know, the aliens. And even the thing, I said that when that crazy yellow lantern bumped into Jessica, first off, it was exactly like I, I thought he was going to say that he's a wanted man. And, you, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll be careful. You'll be dead. Yeah. I, I really, it was just that. It was exactly that scene. You didn't really need it. You really well, did. Watch out, Ponda Bobby. You're going to get your arm cut off. That's right. But, yeah, uh, what did you give it? I gave it a 5.8 out of 10, and honestly, I could have gone lower, but because of how much I want to see this Rami Volthoom story, and yeah. I like the beginnings yeah, of it. I like that part. And because of the art, you know, I I went 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go uh, generic 6 there. I'm going to go 6 because I did really like the art, and parts of it were really, really good. Boy, I, I really did like. Up, though, I really man. did yeah. like that Volthoom though. That stuff with Rami Volthoom, I think, is hilarious, and I want it to keep going where he keeps almost fucking up, but it, it ties into exactly yeah. because that's the thing. Volthoom hates the Guardians. They hated him. This is yep. not a nice guy. You know, oh man, my long lost brother. No, they fucking hated his guts and put him in prison. Well, Volthoom, but even Volthoom. Rami, he even Rami exiled, though. Yeah, they, uh, that's what I'm saying. They even got rid of him any. Anyway, it's not like either or were their best friends. They were both hated by the Guardians either way. So yeah. I, I actually like that kind of concept. But I do want to know, what the fuck happens to Rami after this is done? Like, is he actually dead, do you think? And is, no, like, I don't you think would, so. Here's the thing, though. Back. You would think the way you're doing it's just so weird to think, like, after this they'll be set. And then, what, is Rami going to give a high five to fucking, you know? Can't no, I think we'll get, I think we'll get pissed because nobody figured it out sooner. I think so, too. It just makes me laugh. But, yeah, I don't know. Do you think that then that's, you know, yeah, most of the Guardian's dead. So do you think he'll just be the third Guardian at, at this point when he's I, It's done? hard for me to say what they're going to do with the Guardians because I'm not even sure that Sade and Ganthet will stick around. They might go back yeah, to their yeah. own exile. I don't know at this point. Or just go yeah. off to try to re, like, make the Blue Lantern Corps. Make Corp. that deal. Yeah. So we'll see. But, yeah, we're going to move on to the next book here, which is the next Green Book, which is mine. And that's Green Arrow number 22, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Juan Ferrer and Nate Picos. The rise of Star City arc continues, and as Seattle falls apart, it looks like Ollie 
and Dinah's relationship is falling apart as well. It's because she's a woman, Eric, you told me oh. earlier. While Oliver wants to get his life back in order to save his city and his legacy, Dinah makes it seem like it's her way or the highway. Sisha was still set up heavy, showing the four horsemen. Because she's a woman, Jim. Before they, that's what you told me earlier. Four <laughs> horsemen mean business, but the issue ends with Team Arrow possibly adding a member and subtracting one, Eric. That is one step forward. One step back. By the way, Juan Ferrer is still one of my favorite artists, and this issue looks incredible. And I, I really do. I, when I got this, I opened it up, and I was flipping through it digitally. And I actually showed you like three of the panels. I'm like, look at this. There's I'm some looking at that first page, though. I don't know how the hell we survived that fucking plane crash. I We did not, Eric. That's we the other so. thing, too. It makes me laugh because you have uh, – What's her name? Victoria Much. And she's yeah. reporting and she's like, hey, you know, airport's still shut down a bit. There is a flaming inferno behind you, lady. <laughs> Get out of there. I mean, you are going to burn up. There, there is still the plane burning, sticking out of the goddamn terminal. There is no way. I, I like that she has to spell this out. All, all things are shut down and flights have been canceled indefinitely. No shit. Jesus Christ, lady. But yeah, you, you find out a little more, That's though. good reporting there, Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Victoria. You're not giving me much. Do you think like it's like news, uh, much of the news or something? She's got to have some. She's got to have some <laughs> tagline. You know what I mean? This is the news. Much to do about nothing. Much to do about something. That's her. <laughs> that's her weekend little uh, TV show that she has where she sits down and talks to the kids about the issues of the day. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. those. But yeah, she's there reporting. I'm telling you, she's there reporting. And I know it's raining. There may be oil there that is about to catch fire, and she's dead. Now she's part of the night circle, Eric. She didn't even want to be. Ah, but yeah, there's there's shit gone wrong, Eric. We have not survived. I'm telling you, where we were sitting is in flames, still in the terminal. Ah, yes. But yeah, then you find out that it's a little more, though. You actually had three planes crash. And it's funny because they're like three planes crash in the space of 30 seconds. And there's 537 people. So three planes crash. And they start telling us like, hey, uh, one attempted an emergency landing. Another crashed in a nearby uh, Bellevue neighborhood. And the third one came down in Terminal B. And I thought, I'm going to pour one out to myself, my homie, me. No, man, because 537 people have died. There was 539 people on those three planes. Oh, somehow, though, when when we hit... Somehow we fused, and now we're this two-headed monstrosity that sits there and argues with each other. We're kind of firestorm, but you're going to go with this fucking monster. No, no, we're we're a monstrosity walking around. Yeah, yeah, that's where we are. Too bad. We're yelling and screaming at each other. You are the evil head, and and I just end up just getting pissed at you and headbutt you because that's all I do all day. Plus, I'd probably pick your nose because you're a dick. I don't know. I know you, you were grabbing onto me like a little bitch, and when scared. when we when we crashed, you morphed into my body. But the problem is you're a lot taller, so shit happened, and we have this big, huge J Lo ass. That's the rest <laughs> of your body is now our ass. Fair enough. Ah, I finally yes. have an ass in my life. I might you be able do. to sit down in a the theater. Yes, and that the thing is, Cheshire to me was the biggest. She's the badass, right? Because she oh, yeah. three planes went down. Also, a bunch of grounded planes pilots fucking died or got sick as well. I mean, I'm there she is was a lot of hedging shit. her bets here with the amount Jesus of pe- pilots and shit she was poisoning throughout this it's, goddamn it's airport. It's funny too because you you know all the perverts because they're all the pilots that got sick or died because she was yeah. walking around touching people, grabbing cherries out of drinks. They should know better, Eric. They should know better. But yeah, they 
say the the financial loss is in the tens of millions. The human loss is incalculable, uh, which is odd. But yeah, they're still going for survivors, and this is where I thought Juan was going to throw us a little boner because that we see the one plane and it's ripped apart, and they're carrying bodies, including all. That's not our plane. And yeah, that's not our plane, and that's not us there. And it's not us. I'd love it if somebody else, you know, all of a sudden you see a burning shirt, like there is hope. We're dead, Eric. We are oh, yeah. dead. We're dead. But yeah, that's where they're like, hey, buddy, you're not part of my crew. He's like, that's right. I'm Green Arrow. I like that he has the domino mask underneath. He can't just told say. Told you, boss. No way yeah, Green Arrow runs yeah, I like that, too. It's like, hey, told you, boss. Ain't no way that Green Arrow going bad. But yeah, all Oliver had to do was just not have <laughs> the domino like the mask. the wrong turn of fire. It is. Yes, he's the wrong turn. He was facing the other way the whole time anyway. He didn't even realize the fire was there. He has the mask on. All he had to do was take that mask off and like, oh, but hey, uh, yeah, I'm a volunteer. I came in uh, from Sector G. I don't know, but he's got the domino mask. No, that's right. Green Arrow, and it, it does continue, but I do like this as the beginning of the redemption. Oh, I really enjoy him in the firefighter's uniform, yeah. actually going and saving people. Yeah. Like, just a man on the streets kind of thing, that, like the hero and of the It's people. funny, too. It's The whole time he's saving people, and he's like, God damn it, when's somebody going to ask about me? I I, keep, I came here so that people knew I was good. Nobody's asking. What are these firefighters doing here? And I did like it, though. And when he pulls it off, and I do like it. It looks great. Told, told you, boss. No way did Green Arrow really go bad. <laughs> it's such a crazy line. Uh, but, yeah, he's there to help. And he says, hey, you can fucking you know, get rid of me, but whatever. I'm saving people. Let's do it. Uh, you go back to see Henry is kind of like the Oracle there. Like Michigan, he Michigan control. Right yeah. Here. He's there at Michigan control on Mount Rainier. And he's saying like, Hey, Black Canary. yeah, he's like, Hey, Black Canary, you know, that building collapse. And she's there. And I like seeing that too. Also not in the most appropriate outfit to be going through the rubble there. I, you eh, know, fishnets don't often you. get rid of things. Yeah. Says me indeed. But yeah, she's pulling people out of the rubble. And that's when Henry's like, listen, there's more buildings that are compromised. There's a, that whole neighborhood. You got to evacuate them. Shit is about to fall. You, anything might trigger any building <laughs> could fall. Any sort of vibrations, Eric, might cause an issue. And she goes, oh, you want me to sound the alarm? Done. And then does a canary cry down this fucking block. The whole block should fucking tumble down. The cars are destroyed. People are being flung They're everywhere. Dead. And really, here's me and you. We're walking down our street. Boop, ba doop, ba doop. I don't know how the canary cry would sound. <laughs> what to you? Is that what you would be like? Okay, everybody, let's get out. The buildings are coming down. It's it's almost like you're talking to Lassie. Hey, boy, go down to the old mill. And, uh, roof, roof, and he Dude, runs away. I get strange ideas when I hear stuff like I'll be walking through Walmart and I hear run. a conversation with somebody. It's time to get out of this fucking town. Yeah, but it's uh, you say that, but you don't hear this. If I did, it's, it's about time to get out of this goddamn I'm town. I'm telling you, what she has now done is just like, okay, what I'm going to do now, let's topple all the buildings. Let's do it because it, it seems let's to burst me. burst some eardrums. It's the worst thing, and it only points out that she only has one thing that she can do. It's yeah. like, oh, you, hey, you know what we need? We need to wake up this person them really quietly because they have a heart condition okay oh my god elizabeth it's fucking nonsense but it was funny but then you go off and there's emiko on the building she's saving a bunch of people from the fire and it's funny because this happened i'm like oh yeah emiko's back 
I completely forgot because we haven't we done haven't much. We haven't seen her in a long-ass time. Yeah, now. so I'm like, okay, we got it. And she's she's there, and it's so funny because they're talking. And this is where I really laugh when I was reading it, doing my review because now Brick, who did this, he ended up getting the uh, the foundations and all these buildings. Yeah, and he knocked them down and all this, and he did all that, and there's these things. Eddie, all he did was put bed bugs in a, in a goddamn hotel and that's Bunch where they hotels. and it's so funny though they mention it and they're like and i don't even know what to do about that insect infestation that's i'm like no, you don't listen there is a fucking plane that has two of the sexiest fucking podcasters alive that might be dead in that terminal don't worry about bed bugs just go <laughs> to the bugs you. later i'm telling you if i'm a superhero and i found out all right just place here it's, it's infested with bugs you know what? A lot of buildings around here are burning. This one won't matter. Let's fucking yeah, light that bitch that's up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, light it up. It's just the weirdest thing that they did that. Ben Percy had him do this bug thing. I understand the whole bring down the financial deal. That seems such a little thing to do. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, boss, what do you want to do? We could either blow up that bank there or we could put the bed bugs in the hotel. You know Ooh, what? Those a- pretentious <laughs> bitches in that hotel, they kicked me out there once. Bed bugs it is. It's like, it's such a crazy thing. And they even, he even kind of makes fun of it here, uh, where they're saying, you know, I don't even know what to do with the bugs. And they're like, yeah, that's not really part of our job description, is it? Should I build like a fumigator arrow? And that's when Emiko's like, I don't know. If you're going to do that, put it in your underwear drawer. I'm like, what's going on? There are people dying right around you. You got to keep your sense of humor up in yeah, a time like this, Jim. I guess, hey, it's only you can, I can only either laugh, laugh or I can cry. Yes, you can. And you remember, in space, they can't hear you cry. <laughs> uh, but that's where Eddie, I think that when they went back, and you did see them. Remember, they were on those podiums oh, yeah. with the, the Star City. They went Phase there. Two. After they took the group picture there for fucking picture day, uh, they went down. And they're like, hey, hey, Brick, what'd you do? Ah, I fucking pounded the shit out of these fucking things. On you know the the fucking uh, foundations of these buildings. You know I'm a fucking strong guy. And hey, hey Cheshire, what, oh you know what I did? I fucking crashed three planes, whatever. What you do, Eddie? Yeah, I had these bed bugs and I got them and in you there. Know, and it's funny this, as hell too this because lady you got know, welts. It's 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 so funny to me because when we start this issue out when we first see eddie here i'm just thinking to myself that's all he did i was laughing yeah. to myself last issue about that's all he did compared I'm to brick t- and yeah. cheshire it's and so then we funny. see him here he looks like he's just shooting out street oh, yeah. like that's he's all pissed. you're doing eddie and, and, no the best thing to me though he's like <laughs> he got made fun of he picked up that gun he's like i'm gonna show them and he's just walking down and yeah he's shooting out lights ain't no uh, kid you know, gonna know what time it is like, to go home i was gonna street say here's the off. deal when I was a kid, streetlights came on. I had to go home. Now I'm not allowed to play. He just ruined my playtime. But yeah, it, it, he's there. He's shooting out the lights. Yeah, the streetlights are off now. You can go back out and play. They're that, not on no, anymore. fuck that. I'm not allowed. If they're not on, yeah, that's true. You're saying that. But if they're broke, I'm not allowed out. I'm telling you. My mom would be like, nope, you're not out. But he goes, and what he does then is shoots a tanker truck. Right. And he has stepped it up, Eric. That is stepping oh, yeah. up. This is a little more than bed bugs. And it, it, the only thing weird, though, is he shoots the truck. Then Green Arrow shows up. It's like the worst timing ever. And he shoots an arrow into this, well, you know, he's sniper He's about to take rifle. out the, on, the, 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 the reverse track, not the reverse track, the other side of traffic. He's about yeah. to do that one, too. And I don't, Green I don't, Arrow stops that. 
the way that this explosion hits, everybody is in trouble. This is not just going to be the no, it's no a one's huge explosion. I'm going through that shit. Be so funny, you're over there. I'm like, I got to get the fuck home. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I got a podcast what's going, to record. Yeah, what's going on? I got to fucking review a book. Uh, but yeah, he's doing this and he's going to shut down the last. And then our uh, lives are terrible. Oh my god, Arrow! I, 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 I get mad. No, I, I get mad if go we do go and podcast or review. Fucking, I was at the bank before, right before we came here. I had to go to the bank. It's a, the lady at the end of the whole transaction. Like, so you do anything fun this weekend? No, I no, never do anything no, fun. No, work starts now, lady. She's like, you must be on that fucking awful podcast then. Yeah. But yeah, he blows this up, and then Oliver goes, and I actually really, really like this. I love the art in this whole issue. I really oh, do. Oh, it's great. And I really love this fight. And this is a fight, and I'm telling you, I love the move where he puts the, the fucking bowstring around and then lets it. That is a classic. I, I love it. my favorite thing in this issue. It is. It's my favorite thing when he lets go of Eddie. And even then, he like he's he recognizes Eddie from the uh, Trans-Pacific, Trans-Pacific Railway. Railway. And he's like, yeah. why are you doing this? Why are you fucking around like this? And Eddie's like, fuck it. I- I'm getting I'm paid. Getting paid there bitch. you go. That, and I like that. That's really all he's doing. He doesn't care. He's, he's getting money. He's got Deathstroke's fucking uh, tactics right now. Yeah, yeah. He's getting money. And I put, I'm telling you, when he put, when Oliver wraps that fucking bowstring around him and lets it hit, I'm just thinking because it hits underneath his chin. That's oh, got to hurt so hurt. bad. It's got to hurt. Uh, Eddie, though, fucks up again because now he starts. He talks too much. He really does talk too much. Where he, he Eddie mentions the Broderick. Fires. Yeah, he mentions Broderick. He mentions the four. And now they just show up. And I do like the idea that they think they're such badasses that they can just tell Oliver who they are and what's going on. And they do introduce themselves. And Oliver realizes. I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh because he's like, there's no way. He does fight Cheshire and he does. But yeah, he's got to get the fuck out. And really, once Brick enters the fray, you ain't getting out. And it's also too. I love the thing where Cheshire's like, you know, I'm isn't she pestilence? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm the white horse of pestilence. And then Brick is there and like, he's the I think he's war, right? The red he's, horse uh, of war. The red horse of war. And then you have Eddie, and he, like Eddie's made up his own name. I'm telling you, nobody gave him the pale horse of death. He's the one who came up there like, oh, you guys got nicknames too. Well, I'm going to be the pale horse of death. Really? Bed buggy? Mr. Bedbug's over here. He's the pale horse of death. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The guy fucking put a scorpion in the bed, and he thinks he's That's a badass now. I really think that Eddie's more pestilence. Yeah, I, I I just think he's fucking annoying. Nobody likes him. He never gets along with anybody. But yeah, the whole thing with this. It's, it's so the, funny to me, though, because we have this whole introduction of the four horsemen of the fucking Ninth yes. Circle and shit like that. No fourth horsemen. It's just no, Mayor and Domini. That's, and, that's, and he is. It's Domini's the fourth horseman because he was on that fourth yeah. pedestal. That he is. But the, the thing that makes me laugh is... They've played their hand because they're like, we're the four horsemen. We're the four horsemen. It's just a ton of, but we're the four horsemen. All it leads Oliver to be like, who the fuck's the fourth one? I got to go find this guy. It really is a funny thing to me that they talk too much. He just grabs his bow and whoop, 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 out there while the they just came on. He's got to get home. Finally, finally, instead of the hero standing and letting somebody get away, Ben Percy switched the fucking script up. And he the, flipped the, the script. He did flip the script to Ben. Why, why are they just standing watching him <laughs> run away? He's hurt. He's running. The only person like, that can take them down at this point. Yeah, I'm telling you. They're like, oh, you know what? Why did we have to be the four horsemen? We're not allowed to really do a lot as a threesome. We got away for Domini. And they're like, he ain't coming out in the rain. Eh, let him go. He goes. He just runs away. And it makes me laugh. And at that point, you have our lady now. 
uh, doing an Victoria interview. Victoria Much. Victoria Much is much now. Much Ado About doing Something. <laughs> much Ado About Something. She is uh, interviewing Mayor Domini, and it really comes off like a Trump interview it that really we've does. seen recently where he is talking. The minute things go wrong, he's like, this this is over. This and really, is over, okay? Again, I'm so sick of the media bias. Dom, yeah, Domini is a, you know, he did win the election, and that's what Canary says later. Like, this is the guy they voted, and then I'll uh, – but he, this guy continues to be someone who has no – remember when he was having that campaign, and he starts yelling – Get them and take care of like he just he does not have shame in his game. He no, is no, no. basically like, you know what? And the best is though, he has this obviously we know he's involved with this crazy organization. That's this crazy you know, the the ninth circle, whatever. Uh Victoria's just asked him, Hey, what are you doing? You know, you didn't let the uh the National, the freaking Guard. National Guard come in. Why not? Uh eh, Seattle takes care of itself. Plus, I got some friends. Oh, who are these friends? You know, friends. <laughs> They're like, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm telling you, you might as well just be like wringing his hands and giggling to himself. <laughs> and then puts a fucking nine circle mask on and then fucking kills him. He is so bad with telling things like, ah, my friends are going to make everything okay. Who do you mean exactly? Me and my closest advisors. <laughs> he's so bad and he's not even, he doesn't <laughs> care about it. I'm telling you, yeah. And this, it ends with him saying, Get the fuck out, Victoria. Go to your much ado about something I segment. And, and re- is, isn't there a fucking supermarket opening you can report on? Get the fuck out of here. She kicks him. He kicks her out. And then you have what might be the best drawn fucking page I've ever seen in my life. And it's horrific. It is the the ninth circle with the you know Broderick's type mask. mask. It yeah. is so. Fuck there the detail in that and just the fact with the fucking and you have the uh, star skulls overlaid over top the of it. The star over the over eyes. there, the skulls and the eyes and those teeth that I wish I had as good a teeth as those, Eric. I have a <laughs> British mother. That is a, a smile that I would pay for. Uh but I really, really like it. And you have Broderick there and he's the big bad. And really you have this page and it is a big bet. I mean, he looks like a badass. He looks like a fucking horror show there. And he's saying that, you know, it's all coming together, uh, the stars. And this ends up being what then uh, Victoria then tells Oliver because he goes to see her. Victoria much, she has much on her plate. Eric, she does a lot. I mean, she is all over the fucking place. This now, I'm woman, you, when we get to this part where she's just talking to Ollie about this whole thing, did we have a setup earlier where she yeah, was investigating? He, yeah, remember, he, she's the one. Yeah, she's the one. Well, first off, oh, I she's the one that she was, was shot. Some, like loving going on. Yeah, she was the one that was shot by uh, Malcolm. That when yeah. he was trying to frame. So when she went, she knew who, you know, Green Arrow was looking into her, but she's also the one that he took the zip drive about Broderick and stuff I, like that. I remember so, it now. When yeah, I was she reading, has I'm, been on the case. Did we have this before? I could not remember. Yeah, she she had the zip drive. She's on the case of trying to figure out, you know, who's bad and what you know, Broderick and, and the Queen. And she's the one where he had that like cliffhanger that. with the Star City. Yes, and like you, yeah, 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 and like you said, she seemed to want to get sexy, and now maybe she will, Eric, because it does. Well, yeah, now to, Black Canary's getting out yeah, of the picture. Yeah, I think that, that she's open to fucking green ladder yeah, over she, right now. And she says, you know, this the ley lines, and she even says like, there's ley lines and points of power. If you believe in shit like that, you know, it's almost yeah. like the feng shui of the deal. And she says, Queen Industries is right in the middle, and then says this shit that's going on right now. This has been planned for a long, long time. Like, this is ancient shit that's coming back to you. And, yeah, and it's cool. At least you see now 
that she has kind of figured out. Now, it is a little hocus pocus, you know what I mean? But I don't mind. I really do. No, like no, a little hocus deal. pocus ain't bad. I'm telling you. No, For I don't all mind. All we've seen right now, all the, there's no real hocus pocus. They're like, they're talking about these things, but we haven't seen any real hocus pocus no, going no, on except no. for this explanation about the ley lines making the yeah. fucking pentagram and shit like that and Queen and Street standing in the middle of it. Yeah. But I'm yeah. telling you, it's all like propaganda, it seems like right now. We're not actually seeing any yeah, supernatural yeah. I, elements. Yeah, even when uh, Victoria, when Victoria Much says some things are nonsense, I listen. Victoria oh, yeah. Much talks. People listen, Eric. And that we go then, and then Oliver goes, and he's, you know, talking to that himself. That girl took an arrow for the people. Fuck yeah. He's talking, uh, he shot her through the heart, Eric. But uh, the thing is, or almost. Uh, but they, they go, yeah, He Malcolm. gives love. <laughs> yeah. bad he name. gives love. A bad name. Oliver goes and goes. He has the mask, his dad's mask that he found. He's at the, the mausoleum type uh, graves there. And he's looking at it, and Canary shows up. And it is, in fact, his father seems to be a member of the Ninth Circle before he died. Yeah. And this is, again, uh, if you had read even the New 52 or other, this is not something that is that surprising. His dad is a piece of shit. He he really always seems to be involved in some shitty stuff. So I just think, though, that since it's involved with this, and even so, you had Broderick, who's running Queen Industries, that took over. Uh, you would think that... That was just Broderick learned from from Richard as well. You know what I mean? That going yeah, forward. Yeah. But it is a slap in his face. And it does make him think, you know what? Fuck this. You know, this in the shadows nonsense. I, I can't sit here and let my family's legacy burn to the ground like this. I can't let Broderick be the one who just has turned my goddamn family and my family's company, even the fu- even his father, like even my father, fuck this. I am a good guy. I'm taking it back. And I love this. And I really thought that this was a great progression where he has done things Canary's way and the exactly. social justice warrior type deal. But now he wants to up the game. And I don't That's think the I, the- when he had his, his name, he had his company, he had his yes. fortune and his, mind he was able to like you know make more change yeah. than he is as just the green arrow in the shadows yeah, with and the even fucking, that you know the uh, name of oliver queen it's being weird able to too because yeah junkie. i also think that he just he just saved people as a fireman and they were almost going to arrest him and then it even comes from the you know later and things like that i don't think he likes that you know what i mean and i don't think he likes fucking camping in the woods every day no, but i i really does. think that all of this is not what Canary gets mad at. I don't think that he really thinks like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I haven't had creme brulee in fucking months here. I want to get back to the, the good life. I do think it's more about his family. And once he saw that his dad was in, involved in this, I think he's like, it ends now. It's got to yeah. end now. And this is my name. I, I can't even go. I am known as a, a druggie that murdered a murderer drug user and all. I don't want this anymore. And please, I want to get my family's name and my name back. And Canary flips out. She really doesn't. It's weird because he's there thinking of it. She comes up. She's fucking robbing him and holding him in the back. And he's there. And he's like, you know what? She says, I'm sorry, Ollie. And then he said, now, he is a little gruff about it. He could have been, yeah. he could have had more coof and, and been a little more subtle. But he's pissed right now because what she made him do, he thinks that also he just I think found that a bombshell out about his goddamn yeah. family. And I also he's think, a little upset I also about think it. that what he thinks too is like, you didn't let me get back this company. You didn't let me get back my name. And look at what it's led to. They are getting worse and worse. Yeah. And you, uh, while we sit here, and yeah, you saved, you know, we stopped 
You only traffic costume. You don't we love me. That. Yeah, and it's like we stopped some, you know, traffickers, and we did this. But he want the main thing that is tearing apart Seattle right now. He heard Eddie say Broderick. He knows that there's no doubt now at all that he is trying to burn down the goddamn city and and take everyone with him, and he doesn't want that. And he, I think he does think like, you know what, Canary, you wanted me to do this this way. Fuck that. But the, the best part of the issue, I did say that the, the bowstring was that. the best. It's not because I'm going to tell you what the best thing is. Oliver, he was never good at sports, I guess, because he's yelling at Canary. He throws the mask. He gets it. And it's like, fuck this. And he throws the mask. And then a panel later, it's at his feet. It's at his he, feet. he throws like a girl, Eric. <laughs> it's right next to them. It's between Canary and you. You can tell me, yeah, they might have been walking, but I don't think they were. He he can't throw. It makes me laugh so much. He, That's why he I took up archery. Telling you, he should have put the mask on the, on an arrow. He shot it. He throws like, oh my god, it made me laugh so much. I'm like, I see him throwing. I'm like, oh man, that mask is just gonna be sitting there, and some poor kid's gonna see it. It's between him and Canary. She's like, you can't throw. I'm getting the. That's actually the last straw. She's like, yeah. listen, a man who can't. I'd love to see him throw the first pitch when he comes back. They have to have him throw the first pitch for the Seattle baseball team, and he fucking drops it. He fucking goes, and it goes right between uh, the pitcher's mound and home plate, and they boo him off. And now he's got to win back the city again right. by learning how to throw a ball. And that's where Batman comes in, Eric, because he's going to retire. He'll teach him. But, yeah, the whole thing is Canary's just yelling, you know, oh, you know what? Oh, now you need your fancy fortune and all this and stuff. You did a lot without that. And it's funny. She's like, you you saved the res without your trick arrows. But he kind of did have some trick arrows. But she's just like, you know what? You did all this good stuff. I don't know why Canary is so set on the fact that more money can't help a good person do good. You know what because I mean? Because he'll she go back thinks, being Oliver Queen. She yeah, is only interested in Green that's Arrow. That's the thing, though. He really hasn't been that in a long, long time. He has done some things with his foot. Now, he, uh, that's the whole thing. That losing the fortune is is basically, he should be used to it by now. It happens right. all the time. But really, he has been Green Arrow with a fortune before and not gone back to the playboy, you know, Oliver Queen. It just makes me, even if he said, like, listen, you know, you can be in charge of the money. You be my, you know, my financier. You tell me what we can buy. But all this money, you know, okay, you have oh, human trafficking. Oh, she'll be a wife. I got you. You have human trafficking. No, no, don't let my wife near the finances, Erica. <laughs> shit, shit burns down faster than that goddamn terminal that that plane crashed into. You, you have it. So she says, hey, you know what? Green Arrow drove human trafficking out of the city. You know what Oliver Queen can do? F- make sure that these kids and their families can get a home. And, yeah. and now, or be a better thing, or have something. Oh, you shut down the transnational uh, fucking heroin operation. Railway, yeah, they yeah. actually say the transnational oh, yeah, heroin operation. Well, Oliver Queen can open up seven fucking drug centers where you can actually, you know, drug centers are where you go and buy the drugs, Eric, right? That's oh, where course. you go buy the heroin. You don't need to have a train to deliver the heroin. You have it there. You can have rehab centers. You can do good things with money. Canary seems to think money is just bad. No questions asked, black and white. And unfortunately, to me, it's just to get her out of the Is that why she's so against Batman and JLA? It must be. 
I don't know, but it, it it's to me it's been Percy just she they want to get her out of the book. It's one of those that, you know, she's here, she's in the birds of prey, whatever. But I do I do think yeah, and JLA. So I do think also that it's like kind of tying Oliver down a little where you have that. Uh but it's just weird because I don't understand it. I don't understand why he he has to have her just black and white. You have money, I'm leaving. You have money, you're you're an asshole. It just it it throws me off a bit. Then I'm looking at him throw that mask again. It makes me laugh so much. It must be a boomerang mask. It comes right back. But yeah, she picks it up. No, he's got a weak arm. And yeah, and he's like, listen, you wouldn't understand. And then she's like, oh, wouldn't I? Because I don't have a family. Because I don't have blue blood legacy. Oh Jesus Christ! Here we go. Here we go. I'm like, god damn it. He has tuned her out already. But yeah, he's like Oliver Queen's. She says Oliver Queen's dead. I say keep him buried and storms off. But boy, I love the heart. And I really love like the anger in her face. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Oliver has the look throughout that, and I'll give Juan full credit. He has the look of a guy who knows that he should have kept his goddamn mouth shut. <laughs> I know he, that. He look. Look, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know that. I know that look from fucking three hours ago when I told my wife not to poke holes in the goddamn ceiling to get the goddamn cat out of there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, all of a sudden I, I'm the worst fucking person. I murdered that cat all of a sudden. By the way. The cat is out of the ceiling, Eric. The cat right. is out of the bag. We got the cat out of the ceiling. Unfortunately, the other cat, which was already out of the ceiling, now he's back up there. It's a fucking, it's a rotating chairs up there. It's fucking, you know, Simon Says. Or I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, you, you have her and she storms. <laughs> I don't know. What I, the you, know door. you know, they're up there in the ceiling. It's like Monopoly, Eric. I, you know, it's like Twister. You know, it's like Patty Cake. You know, they're, they're playing like that. Fan, four, you know. They're playing that four square up there. But yeah, that she storms off, and then you end a with Baker's dozen. Yeah, Baker's dozen indeed. You end with actually Henry in the Ewok village, and he calls up Roy. And I do like this. We it looks like Roy will come back, maybe. But he's like, hey, you know what? We need you, Roy. We're down one guy, Diggle. He he seemed to baptize Merlin somehow. We haven't seen him since. He took him we, back to where they, he came from. We do not know if he's alive right now because he just walked straight into that water. Uh, in the meantime, while he's there, like fucking Jason Voorhees. Oh my god, it's crazy. But yeah, as he's talking, it looks like the Ninth Circle and Eddie are full out. And now Eddie really thinks he's a badass. Now he's smoking a big cigar like he's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. This well, guy is like the comedian. Up on tell, the it is like thrower. the comedian. It looks a lot like him too. It, this actually, he is all about you know the uh his what people think about him he's all about appearances this eddie <laughs> he's always trash talking and now he's got that cigar because he's got the flamethrower and yeah he goes in and you uh, another thing you see one of those nights you see one of those burned it's fucking horrific uh but yeah all of a sudden it looks like henry might be dead because that no, whole fucking he, thing he is, might be inducted into the burned after yeah this he might be goddamn ewok village yeah on they fire. like the ewok village on fire and boy that that village is pretty kick-ass there i'm oh, yeah, telling man. you but now it's on fire good, and that's good ass job on that and yeah i i actually i i don't know why it is but occasionally the Green Arrow book is so fun to talk about. I'm telling you, there's some good stuff. But I did like this issue. I really did. I love the stuff. And I said, we were yelling about Canary. I actually like that because they're, I'm glad that fucking Oliver got himself a set of balls. And it's fucking just nice. like, you know, fuck this. I don't, I don't want to hear about how Oliver Queen's dead. Oliver Queen's alive, baby, and I'm taking it back. And I want to live in that penthouse again. I don't even think he'd live in that. I really don't. I think from now on, he's going to live like a hermit in the woods. He's going to be going to live in that fucking his father's goddamn mausoleum. Maybe. Or I, I'm thinking he's going to get a hut. He's going to be like Yoda. 
He's going to live in this little hut people are going to have there, and he's going to hit them with the cane and laugh and all that sort of shit. But yeah, oh, he's going to be a jerk. I, I got you. Yeah, fuck it, asshole. Uh, but yeah, I I really did. I like this issue. It is still set up for the deal uh, because you're you're still getting like the plan of the four horsemen going. You're you're figuring out the ley lines and the Star City deal. But I like that Oliver is taking the fight. He's taking it to the streets now. He's not just going to sit back. I do like this. I he's don't gonna know take what's going to the streets and then run away is what he's going to do. Well, you know, he he had you run away to fight another day, Eric. This is a a very I think that's in Sun Tzu's uh, chapter three. Run away like a bitch and then come back and, and fight another day, right? That, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I think three. that's a direct quote. The art of war, Eric. But yeah, you have them here and you're, you're getting that they, they seem badass. I mean, Cheshire and Brick do. I wouldn't fuck with them. Eddie's kind of a fucking <laughs> asshole. He's a little and, guy. And Dominic looks like you could just slap him or maybe keep a meal from him and he's going to fucking fold. Uh, but no, I do like it. And Broderick, you got nothing. So I, no. I do expect Broderick to come full force after this issue. And just the whole thing with Henry does show that they know more than what we think they do. You know what I mean? They know shit, and they are not going to hold back. Anybody that's connected with Oliver is in big, big trouble, and I do like that. And next will probably be, I hate to say it, Victoria is probably not going to make it out of the arc. Probably that is not. my guess, even though I would like her being a love interest if Canary left. But I do think if Canary leaves, Oliver's just going to, you know, he's going to be a swinging bachelor then and he's just gonna hold tight but yeah i, I do like it uh, i gave it an eight out of ten uh only because like i said it's a lot more set up but boy the art is is great it I'm really you, is i love the art in this issue but the thing is it is a lot more set up but i like the setup more in the last issue yeah this I know. one just seems to be spinning its wheels a bit and kind of giving us like you know we got the ley line information but it's essentially you know oh we got the star in the city it's, it's star city oliver and yeah, uh, yeah. queen industries <laughs> it's it's in the middle okay yeah, yeah. And so I like the, I, I like the cliffhanger with Henry and how they took out his fucking yeah, yeah. walk village because I'm telling you it's back to basics. Either you get your money back now or you're fucked. But yeah. like for everything else, the, the Black Canary shit seemed forced because there's no real explanation of why she's so against the money. Eh, she's, she's been from bitching the about that all series. Oh, I know. She's it's been just, bitching the whole series about that. It's just so he needs to get his company back, his name back, so he can actually put a stop to this whole goddamn thing. And she doesn't understand this. You know, it's like yeah. he could do a lot more in this situation as Oliver Queen than Green Arrow. Yeah. I understand that. The whole thing just seems a little forced me, but I think I'd give it a 6.8 out of 10. Okay. I, I like Again, I liked it because you also get that whole thing. He's actually fought three of the four horsemen, so there is one. He, we know it's Domini. He's not a big fighter. Yeah, he's famine, I'm guessing. He got his ass kicked. So I do like that where he went, and he can't do this alone. He really can't. Now, it looks like Canary's leaving. And it, it, I'll tell you, you go a little more with that. If she does leave, she's a piece of shit as well because there's still people they need to save in the city. But if she leaves, now he's down another person. Henry now, you can't see him going. It's him. He's by himself unless Roy shows in. up. If Roy does show up, then it looks like it, you know. But at this moment, it's Green Arrow against the four horsemen who three of them kicked his fucking ass and he had to run. So I do like that setup. I think that that's a really good setup to add like later when he does kick their ass, possibly with Roy or possibly with Emiko still out there as well. Oh, yeah, we saw uh, that. Yeah. But I do like that too. If it's just him and Emiko, I would really like it. But yeah, things yeah, Green are Arrow, they're Arsenal, really, and Red they're going to have yeah. to reach deep down and do something because he got his ass handed to him and had to get the hell out. And in the meantime, he's fighting with Canary, and you see Eddie, he's burning down the Ewok village. 
what's Brick doing right now? Or Chet, like, they're probably doing punches sh- foundation. I'm telling you, they're probably wrecking shit up uh, while we speak. And I really like that idea that Oliver can't do anything about this. He's no. really, this, and again, his family's name and his name has been taken away already. Now they're taking away his goddamn city, which obviously you know, as you know, this is my city and things like that. They really are taking everything from him. And I do think that what they're playing with is he already got his fortune taken away, which Canary thinks is, oh, that's everything. This is the last step of Oliver realizing, like, there is more important things than money. But, he again, he wants his family's name back. And, yeah, he can help people with money and stuff like that. I think it's more about his family's name and his name, though. But I really did like it. But, yeah, because of the setup deal, I, st- I couldn't go higher than an 8. But I really enjoyed right. it. But we're going to move on to a book, Eric, that I couldn't give an 8 and I really didn't enjoy. Justice League number 20. Well, looky here. Oh, God. Look at this fancy-looking book, Eric, thinking that it could tell a time travel story. What you think of that? Well, Hello? I'm telling you, it's called Endless. Hello? And I'm afraid Hello? it's going to feel like it's endless. It is endless. This is the, and it's Groundhog's Day, it's Groundhog Day, and it, it's fucking killing me. It's killing me. Written by Brian Hitch, art by Brian Hitch, Daniel Enriquez. And listen to this, goddamn. It's like a goddamn football team. I'm going to think, you know. And now, starting right guard, Daniel Enriquez. There are so many people on this art team. I don't understand. Art by Brian Hitch, Daniel Enriquez, Andrew Curry, Paul Neary, Alex Sinclair, Jeremy Cox, Pete Pentazis, and Richard Starkings. That is a big-ass team. That is right. more people than we used to have to play hockey down at the old Braithwaite Lane. Brian Hitch has just watched a double feature of Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow, killed by repeater, and decided he liked it so much he'd write a shitty version of both and call it Justice League. A repeated shitty encounter with a guy who wants justice for his family keeps sending Barry back in time to show us that the Flash and the rest of the league caused the problem in the first place. Without getting any attachment to the guy and his family, the bad guy and his family, it all falls flat. And it's just another bad issue of a horrible Justice League run. I've had enough, Eric. Please, please kill me. Take my Justice League. Please. No. Oh, God. And I, I, I do admit that I might have been a little harsh on my score. Yeah, I, I'm bit. sure by the time I get done, though, I'll probably be able to say that I'm only five, you know, a point five lower. But when I was reading this, I was so angry because, again, Brian Hitch wants everything to be the end of the goddamn world, number one. Uh, there is one little part of this issue I like, and it continues to be where they actually have some downtime. And are having fun. And that yeah. is when, when Barry and Jessica are talking in the second time we go through this in the diner. Very fun about the lame villains they fight. The thing and stuff is, though, like I that. have a problem with that in continuity. Well, it doesn't matter because he doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything because there are no rules of what's going on anyway, even in this book. Because it starts out with Jessica. She's dead. Yeah, dead in a rubble. Dead in the rubble, and there's Flash. Oh, my God, Jessica, she's dead. Oh, and that's where Jessica's like, Barry, is that you? Fucking, what do you mean, is that you? You're with him during this. We see this later, so stop your nonsense. But Sorry, yeah, Barry. She's dead. She's gone, Sorry. no, God, please, no. And I then love you, you more see, than Iris. 
you see the bad guy because then they have really "Ah, iris where's iris this bad guy is just there with what appears to be a sort of at some point even looks like a uh like a flash gordon type fucking hovercraft at at a point but it's more like a a golden lantern it, I, it would, seems... I would say it's more like a fucking jackhammer that gets shot. No, you punch it the fucking ground. At one point, at one point, it just looks like he is flying it for no reason. It just you don't have any idea of what, like, what any those, of this like, is. What are those like surveyor things they stick in the ground yeah, so you can yeah, take the yeah. measurements? That's what it reminds but, yeah, me of. Yeah, he ends up and this ends. And really, when we find out what it really is, it doesn't even make sense that you have to even put it in the ground. It, it fucking explodes shit. But that's what happens. Jessica dies. And Barry reaches hey, out. Hey, scientist, man, what's this do? It explodes shit. Yeah, it explodes shit. And as this is going, this guy's yelling, kill. Uh, hey, that's where Flash is like, she's dead. She's dead, you bastard. And he says, kill you like you killed them. And then he goes and he touches it. And then he comes to and they're in a diner and they're talking. And you're like, because Brian Hitch wants to be clever you don't know what the fuck is going on. And because we spent a lot of time in a diner in Groundhog's Day. Yeah, and it doesn't matter to the fact that you're not being less clever if you put, you know, some sort of thing like, uh, you know, two minutes before with a question mark. I don't know how you could do it, actually, but there (laughs) they are. And at this point, you don't know what's going on. Uh, But, yeah, they're eating food. They're eating pancakes and bacon. Somehow, Barry seems to have a breakfast burrito. I don't know what's going on. That's the thing. It's like he ordered three fucking breakfasts and ate them all before Jessica got there, but has a breakfast burrito now. I'm like, that's not what you said you ordered before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no breakfast burrito there. And and the uh, the best thing, too, is they're they're talking about this. This one motherfucker looks like he's eating pea. And fucking green beans and guys like what's going on here? And again, this is a nitpick, but all this shit just annoys me. But I do like their conversation, though. I hope Iris never finds out about this, Eric. I know you're going to have some sneaking off at a fucking interlude, like a fucking like a romantic fucking breakfast with yeah. Jessica. And it's weird because it's almost like Brian Hitch does not follow the flashbook, so he has no idea that Jessica no, and Flash no. never became a thing. Yeah, and also the fact not that on his watch. And you know what the best thing is? He's always late for Iris dates. He ain't late. He was for this early. one, he was early, Eric. He was early. He ordered her breakfast early. Look, look, look. look. Bar- Barry might be dating her. She doesn't know he's the Flash. Justice League business yeah. stays Justice League business. Yeah, all yeah, right? yeah. And uh, Justice League is like just, being a different zip code. You can date other just, people. It's weird too. It's just the whole thing's weird. But yeah, they're talking, and it's like Jessica's like, "Hey, sorry, I was fighting this guy. He turned shadows into it, it, you know." They're things. talking about and shadow things. It's funny though. Is, it's, it's 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 fun funny enough. If they would have said a woman, because in the New Fifty Two continuity, Shadow Thief is a xenophobe who hates aliens yeah. and it's always been a woman though at this point saying it's yeah. the old shadow thief out of nowhere just fucking ruins it for me yeah so there you have it they're talking and then that's when the diner gets destroyed and there's the guy again with the lantern thing the lantern jackhammer and he's like zero gonna tear you hammer. apart tear you all apart you'll pay for what you've done and now the thing is though whether whether or not we're getting before we saw before but the dialogue changing throws everything off for me and the locations it's like is this guy this guy does seem to be tied to the flash but is he because when we go later flash ends up going to him and even the fact that we get where when flash touches this thing it throws him back in the past and and even so you end up with them at the diner and if this is the whole thing and this is a groundhog day deal which he is pushing why doesn't flash remember because he does say boy we we might like 
it, it conveniently is only what he remembers for what Brian Hitch wants to do in yes. this story. It's not like, holy shit, what, what's going on, Jessica? Like, the minute that they're in that diner and he comes to in this diner, he should be like, what happened? You should be dead. Dead? What do you mean? Like, no, he's just like, boy, this seems familiar. I'm telling you, my biggest part of the story, though, is that where we start things out, because each time we have this fucking bad guy show up and Barry ends up touching his zero-point jackhammer, we go back in time. So yes. judging from what we have in this book, when they show up at the diner in the beginning, this was a day later at mo- – you know, maybe even later. It's a day later, it seems like. And they're having a good time, not talking about the fucking you know, auditorium that they killed the day before. Yeah, well, that's the problem is what you're saying is, yeah, they're going back. And if they do end up going back like they do and they cause the problem, he should remember that right now. Instead, we're going back incrementally without anything that affects them when you go back in the pet. Like eventually Barry's like, huh, this seems familiar. Then all of a sudden he remembers remembers stuff, but he's remembering things from the future, but not knowing the stuff that is from the past that he eventually gets to. And it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense he should be there and like holy shit we fuck shit up and that would be the the groundhog day where he has to go back and change what he now knows but no it's just a repeat of the scene that seems to change locations and to a point where the whole thing seemed to be hinged on jessica dying when he goes through other things he seems to avoid that totally at one point but yet he still says to the justice league he's gonna kill jessica he, he's got it. I'm telling you, at this point, though, it makes sense that, you know, she doesn't die because this, in my mind, is a day later. So yeah. they haven't gotten to that point in the timeline yet. Well, I think this makes sense. When, for, no, I think when, when Jessica's dead at the beginning, I think they had breakfast earlier that day. That when you go back in time, you keep going back in time. They He just went back 20 minutes before when they were having their goddamn breakfast. And then you go back to when they're walking to their breakfast. Then you go back. Like every time they go back, he goes back in time. I think that Jessica's supposed to die. Like that's the dying at the beginning is the end of when they get attacked after the breakfast. Because but even all then. It has, has to be where they actually end up killing this guy's family and in the past. So they lead to the future for yeah, him to have yeah. a motivation behind yeah, killing well, them. Yeah, well, he has that. But the, the problem I have then is he actually seems to go back past enough where this guy is linked to him somehow. He's always yeah. going to attack the flesh. He ends up going back to a time where Jessica, he is he hasn't even met her yet for that breakfast. She doesn't die then because she's not there. And then you go back. And from there, you go back to the Justice League. And he still says, oh, we have to stop this or Jessica will die. It just doesn't make any sense through the, the progression of this. And yeah, it ends up being the hokiest of of cliches for any time travel story. Well, of, it doesn't even make sense when the things change. Because, I know. You know we, we move, when we move past the diner where Barry has already told us he ordered three things because he got there early. Now when he goes back, it's before that, and Jessica meets him on the street. Hey, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. He doesn't keep his time travel the the way it goes. Plus, like I said, the, the location of this guy ends up changing, which is a, a weird sort of, you know, that sort of thing. But like you said, you he blew it right there where he goes back in time, and they meet on the street. That's not what had happened. Now, you you tell me that he's trying to show that Barry is changing things, but he's changed things in the future. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. No, and yet he starts remembering things, but doesn't remember the end of, you know, the beginning of this whole thing, which he should at this point. 
and and have some sort of motivation to stop it. Instead, he thinks he has to go back to stop the guy, just that in general, which causes the issue. And it doesn't make sense. This is the worst. He, Brian Hitch is on Twitter yelling at people because there's movies that claim there's a dark side of the moon and he can't take it. Maybe he's this fucking higher intellect who's never heard of the Beatles and, and somehow he knows how time travel. His time travel is fucking bullshit and it's stupid and it, it's not any gripping because – through this whole thing, all we're getting is Barry going back incrementally where this guy still is trying to kill him. You know, But we don't know who this guy is. Now, eventually we do, and but Brian Hitch can't it, write we, a story. When we get to the point where he actually sees the explosion that causes his family to die, where the Justice yeah. League were there because of him intervening at one point in time, making them go there. But even when that happens, like – the Flash should have already been there in this rubble because yeah. they were the ones that caused the I know, and, even, and even that, you oh, God, have the thing that he adds. T- and he adds to the whole thing like, hey, every time there's an explosion, it's bigger. Why? Why? And, and even at the point where you have one thing where Barry's running and he's like different every time, just a little bit. Grab it before he can. And he's blown back suddenly. He's in the Flash costume. He yep. was as he was Barry, the panel before. What did he fucking get in costume as he got blown back? That is or this, to the point is in this time another when he was time in the Flash travel? costume? I don't it know. Just, He's I don't leaping know. into his body. And he, earlier I said this was definitely the issue where we had laughed about oh, yeah. it earlier, where he had gotten a hold of Joshua Williamson and said, Hey, Josh, you write Flash. That thing with the ring still, you know, is that still a thing where he has the suit and the ring? And Joshua Williamson's like, Fuck, I guess. That's in that diner scene. And it's so hokey yeah. when he gets hit and the Flash thing comes out. It doesn't even look like it's going to go on him. It's it so it never goes on. He has to fucking quick run yeah, around. Yeah, well, he's off. not running. He's going no. the other way from the suit. It's so stupid. Uh, but yeah, he's going to try to go back. He ends up thinking, okay, then he figures out like, hey, every time I touch this thing, I go back in time. I have to go back to the beginning. He touches it and somehow he does, Eric, because he yeah. goes back. The Justice League are there. He also changes space and time where yeah. he it just – it doesn't make sense to me. But he goes back. All I can imagine is he goes back to where he was at that point in time. Yeah, it's weird because he goes back then. And he touches the thing and goes back where the Justice League are. Now, the Justice League are all fighting this. Of course, Jessica and him aren't there. Uh, that's convenient. They're fighting an alien there, and the alien's down. And he starts saying, oh, great, the, the explosion hasn't happened yet. They're like, what explosion? He's like, oh, yo, good, we can go there. And they end up going, and somehow he knows, because at one point he sees the energy coming from that you know, conference center deal. And that it's everything's forced. And he's like, we got to go there. They're having a symposium. We're going to go, and that's where we meet the uh, the kid, or not the kid, the, the man and woman, the husband and wife with a kid, and you don't get anything from here, and the worst is there's the kid there with his mom. This is obviously the bad guy's wife and kid. They well, come. I'm telling you, the thing is, before we even get to that, when he convinces the Justice League, they have to come with him. They don't understand what the hell he's talking about. We have to go because this shit's going to happen. He acts like they don't have a moment to spare but the thing it is, when we go back, yet. but the thing is, no, I'm telling you, he, when he first sees the place explode, when he goes back in time earlier yeah. in the book, he's like, I ran past this place yesterday evening when we got done fighting the yeah. alien. So he has an entire day to prepare yeah. for this and tell them, I but know. we jump like it's just going to happen now. Yeah, I know. And even then, like I said, he's like, we got to go. Jessica's going to die. And that's where someone's like, 
Jessica isn't dead. My ring would have told me. And really, he has gone like in different parts where she has. It's just stupid. But they go and there, there's Batman. You're going to have to tell us exactly what you've, has happened to you. But then you go, like I said, you have this big bad guy who keeps yelling about justice. And you, you get it right away. The minute you see his wife and kid, you're oh, like, I okay. I see the other kid now. They're yeah, and there's that other kid yeah, too. Yeah, didn't, so, you didn't even really see that one. But so even like, then, here's the, here, here's the worst thing. You have daddy, and then the dad, who's the guy who ends up with this, couldn't find a sitter, and the wife says, Tony's wife, Jane Offord, insisted, actually, but I didn't feel comfortable, given, you know, what? What the fuck are you talking, are we going to find this out later? Like, what the fuck, what is she, a fucking oh, cannibal? You know what, what, what now? she a drinker? Look at, look at this page, though. I do realize what I did call this fucking bad guy because when the guy who is, like, funding the whole thing, he's like, hey, it's Mr. Amazing. So that's what I ended up calling this fucking yeah, scientist, yeah. Well, Mr. It, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, because yeah, he's like, that's what we call him, Mr. Amazing. So this is the other thing, too. You're getting all this. This is supposed to be set up. This is where you're supposed to get a connection with this guy, his wife, and two kids because we're pretty sure that the wife and two kids will be dead by the end yes. of this this thing. This is why he's pissed. You get no connection with him. I think Brian Hitch thinks that all he has to say is, "Hey, this kid has a, this guy has two kids and a wife. Boy, they're gonna really be upset when they." I don't care. And then and this the guy shows this up. Person watching the kids because you yeah, know, you know, and it even comes in there where you have this. This is what we why we call him Mister Amazing. Hey, and the guy who's the bad guy end up the bad guy says, "Tony, talk to you in private." But we don't see the what. What's going on? And that's where he goes, and he's doing this whole thing. And even this, the dialogue, and we've talked about the hokey dialogue of even Steve Orlando and, yeah, and yeah, Brian Hitch, yeah. even. But in this symposium, or what it seems like, these are all investors. These are investors. These are guys he wants to show this. If these people invest, this will change the world. And is the way he presents it, discovered how to harness zero point energy in a single device, like Prometheus will bring the power to the heavens, to earth, and its people. I like. I want to know more about what this thing is, and Brian Hitch is just giving us just weird, but the where it got really bad is where I was going to. Zero fuel, cost air travel. This device will take us to the stars. A machine of wonder. Fuck you. I just, I've had you, enough. I, I don't know if this is the case, Alex. because we're talking about how Brian Hitch seems to like write whatever he watches. Yeah. Zero point, you know, they call it the ZPM and freaking Stargate, uh, like SG, okay. SG-1. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all it reminds me of. This whole thing is how they like had a Z, uh, Z, uh, ZPM is what they called the thing. No, but it was zero point go. module. And yeah. it really reminds me of this whole thing. Well, there you go. And I think that he has no shame that he doesn't think anybody watches these things. The guy, like I said, the guy just figured out there was a band named The Beatles, but has has thoughts that, that because of that, nobody's watched Stargate or nobody's seen Groundhog Day or nobody. It's just ridiculous because then they end up going there. The, the Justice League goes there. They jump in like, hey, buddy, you know, step away. Wonder Woman's got her sword drawn for some goddamn. I mean, they really come in aggressive and they end up with this that thing. fucking bolt of Zeus. Yeah, really. She got rid of that. Where's the Aquaman's there? He. It, it's just nonsense, though. They show up and they start telling, hey, this seems stable, but whatever. But what happens is because the Flash went, it reacts somehow with his speed force and causes the whole place to blow up. And this is where he had to start with the, oh, my God, you started this. You killed a, you know, my family. You killed my wife and children. Richard and Flash Deborah is like, Rose. oh, my God, I was the one who did it when he should have known beforehand because obviously 
actually this guy did and then all of a sudden it looks like the whole goddamn fucking you know planet blows up or the city is gone now and you got to see if they can stop that but again at this point it looks like the entire city is blown up but yet flash is going to be able to touch that thing at the last second that's and go the, even the thing before is the last thing last thing i can imagine here is that this is what happens in the timeline but flash touches it right beforehand and gets sent back before yeah, he's going to get even sent though, back before and have to convince this guy not to do so, it we were already before that the fucking just league had a whole fucking day it seemed like to prepare and yeah. stop this guy but they went right at the presentation when it was always supposed to go down why not yeah. get a hold of him beforehand yeah go there beforehand find out what's going on hey what's going on here to, uh, you know tomorrow oh we're having this thing the zero point energy oh that sounds weird can we talk to the guy who's involved doesn't seem and like even, the guy freaking, is a you know, bad guy at that point even that cyborg it, talks about when he sees it, this is like alien tech this is something yeah. like the fucking new gods would have yeah yeah, you know, yeah. they should fucking looked into this thing a goddamn yeah, but again, it's the new gods things thrown out because Hitch thinks that's cool too. I think, and it's like Kirby Center because of yeah. Jack. it's fucking nonsense. It's just terrible. And you don't again, you get a story of the Justice League with only two characters really, and Jessica leaves very quickly. Like, where is she at this point? I know that in the future she does, but why isn't she there? Where is she? she? Does she's he doing think that? Jessica yeah, stuff. it's just weird. It's just weird. The whole deal with at the one point Jessica's gonna die. Jessica's not dead. I, my ring would have told me. Simon says, but she's not there. She's nope. just. It's just fucking nonsense. But the art's okay. This actually is one of the yeah, better bits of art that Brian Hitch has done, especially with all. I hate the way he does all of the Just League's actual faces. I'm not a me big too. fan. Uh, but other than that, the art's okay. But the, the main thing about it is he just doesn't know how to tell a story. You don't get any connection to the villain. You don't, you know, I could care less. And the yeah, continuity he's establishing is initially wrong. Yeah, it's just weird. And everything is nonsense. But, yeah, I, I gave it a 3.5. I'll tell you. That might be a little low. But it was just I was furious, again, for reading a story. And also, I hate to say it, I always try to stress that I try to review every issue as its own issue. But because of the nonsense – it's even hard to talk about this nonsense of this time travel stuff and what we had problems with. I just wanted to get through this. But the way he has not ended stories ever, I can't say that he's going to. And <laughs> this really needs some explanation. But again, is he that pompous that he thinks he can fuck with us for this one issue and then turn around next issue and explain things to make it good? Because it's never happened. He's never made anything good. And he has not earned the right to give a shit like this and then think to himself, oh, I'm going to fool them. There's no fooling. There's nothing clever about this story. When I was six years old, Eric, I think it was – I had a story that ended up being uh, five other people had written it. But I thought I was so clever that I was a time traveler that went back to witness Jesus Christ and I became Jesus Christ. And this was a story. Ooh, I said, so deep. Michael Moorcock actually wrote the story, Behold the Man, which is very good. Like, it is not hokey the way he yeah. writes it. And I suggest people – but the whole idea of a time traveler going back to stop something to find out that he was the one who caused it is the biggest time travel cliche, and it's bullshit. And most writers would stay – it's basically the same as people doing a dream sequence and shit right. like that. You stay away from that bullshit because that's just cliched story writing. When you you couple that with uneven storytelling about what your continuity is and throw it in that we don't even give a rat's ass about the villain, then you have nothing. You have nothing there. 3.5, Eric. I'm trying I'm to convince you, myself. Way, I'm getting the angry. Way still, the way I still feel, though, the fucking that diner scene would have taken place the next goddamn day for how they keep going back in time, and it doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense then. 
Yeah, well, I'm saying the the whole thing. That guy just seems to show up at any point, wherever no, the no, point that the that Flash point, is. The fact that Flash doesn't already know about that that fucking auditorium of people he killed the day before. It's fucking I'm telling nonsense. you because that's the thing. All of that he never knows anything. Even when they go back when he's at the diner the second time when they're walking, he still doesn't quite remember. He's like, "This seems familiar," and then he's like, "Oh yeah, that that shadow villain," and she's like, "Oh, you fought him too." And he's like. I don't know. It's it, very like, what confusing. We get here, it seems like everything we do it keeps going back a little bit in time. At the one point, he goes back in time and he sees the auditorium explode, and then he goes back in time before that happened and tells the justice, "Like, hey, we got to check this shit no, out." I'm telling you, the the problem that he has with where I think you're you're getting the deal is that first scene when Jessica's dead. Yeah. I think what have happened the first time is an hour after they were at the diner. And right. then it jumps back in time where they're at the diner. Then it jumps back in time where they're walking to the diner. Then it jumps back before even they're even doing the, the diner. diner. Well, I'm saying that just, that completely throws everything off. It throws. But then that's where Brian Hitch realizes he fucked up. And instead of changing, because you know, Eric, he doesn't like to use that eraser oh, no. often. What ends up, what he does is say, everything's the same, but different. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm telling you, it's just nonsense. Four point nine out of ten. Never seen, I've seen this before. This just happened. I remember. Oh God, I remember. And then he runs off to Jess, and there's where she's dead. That's where the first part. It's just nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. Three point five. But we're gonna 4. go 9. off. We're gonna get four point nine. You're giving it. Yeah. I think you're giving it way too much credit. Just because of the basis of the story, there is no basis. I'm telling you right now. We just went through it. You read it earlier today, right? Yeah. Oh, what's the bad guy's name? Mr. Amazing. No, he has a name. They say the name a bunch of times. You Mr. still don't know. Mr. Amazing. Mr. Amazing. That's just the guy's nickname. And really, what he's doing by the end, this isn't a guy who thinks he's going to become a super villain. All he's doing is trying to kill the flesh. There's no way this is going to turn around with him going, I'm Mr. Amazing. All he wants <laughs> is revenge and blow up the goddamn city. I'm but pacing yeah, through right now. Do you know what his name is? I thought it was David. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. No, it's fucking nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. What's what's his kid's name? Oh, no, no. His name's Jason. Jason. There you go. Yeah. You wouldn't know this nope. because you have no connection to him. There's no connection at all. It's just ridiculous. All you get – basically, if you have a villain in, in a book and Brian Hitch is writing it, he should just come out of a building – Kick a dog and then slap a baby because that's all you need for him to establish a villain in his mind. You want to have a, a a guy who is a sympathetic villain? You have him have a generic wife and kids. There you go. You mean there, Rose, every, Richard, and Deborah? Yeah. What's the lady? What was the lady who you know? We were going to have her watch, but that you was, know. That was Tony's wife. Yeah, Tony. Tony. <laughs> She you was know, gonna Jane. Tony's Jane. wife. Jane was gonna watch her, but you know, even do a little drinky drinky sign or something like that, or like popping pills, something like that. It'd be funny. It's like Lois was gonna watch, but you know, drinky drinky. Oh god damn it! Like, you know, it's happy hour at fucking eleven a.m. Fucking ridiculous. All right, but we're gonna move on from here to the next bit of mail, Eric. <laughs> Jim, what a tale my words would tell. But if Eric tried to read it, 
we'd hear an epic fail But when you reach the point Where opinions come The hero will be Jim A hero to us all And when you read the mail again You'll see the nonsense never takes a break Ah, yes, Eric. You know, I was going to, the other day, me and Tanya were going to go out and uh, have dinner. We don't do really? it often. Yeah, we were going to have dinner. Um, we couldn't find a sitter because Jane was going to, even insisted, but you know. You know. <laughs> drinky, drinky. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, my goodness gracious. But we are on mail section number three, and we're going to start with Akeem. Akeem says, what's up, Jim, Eric, and the entire Get Fresh crew? Boo-boo. Thanks for the advice last week on properly rating comics where I had some issues with the authors. It was hilarious listening to you guys describe your run-ins with some of the authors. I really got to salute you guys for this. Even professional, in quotes, professional, reviewers have been known to hype up some projects in literature, music, video games, or film due to their good relationship with the creators or unnecessarily blast a certain work because of a personal beef with the writer or artist associated with that project. All goes to show this is why people love your podcast and reviews nice they also love the dulcet tones of eric shea no no Jim i'm gonna follow what eric advised and just focus more on the characters and my love of the dcu rather than the authors i ordered a used american alien comic via amazon just yesterday i don't know if landis makes any money on this or not probably not if it's used but i'm just gonna pretend that he doesn't make a penny this way if you think he still does please do not say so (laughs) and let me live in this denial bubble on this matter no i don't think he could that's you know the whole thing i remember a huge thing with used books and a especially used music uh, back in the day when people still bought, uh, you know, CDs and yeah. stuff that people were fighting against that. But So I don't think they get anything. Enough about prick writers. I got a vent about this annoying cop out, or cop out some DC tells use when they want to explain. I thought he was pissed at some police officer. I, I thought the police were going to get Canada. shade thrown out. Yeah, really. Uh, a DC tells use when they want to explain the absence of the Justice League during a disaster. Example, you mean last off-world? week's Blue Beetle. The most common excuse is they are off-world. Yeah. What the fuck does that even mean? Not only is it a very cheap and repetitive explanation, it's just not true for most Justice League members. Yeah. It's weird to actually say that. I know that the most common things would be that the Green Lanterns are off world, but it is their sector. So they should be. The thing is, too, I don't think we've ever seen the Justice League off world at this point. Even in the New 52, nothing I can think of off the top of my head makes me think of anything they've ever done really off-world together for an extended period of time. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I know that Batman and Superman were a little off-world. They were on the moon. Tom Taylor deal, but that's off-world. Yeah. It's on the moon. If you think about it, the only characters that do leave Earth is Superman in rare circumstances and the Green Lanterns. And I said the Green Lanterns are one that you would think, yeah. but it is their sector. I know that we know. I'm telling you, I would love to have a story where you have the two other planets. I don't even know what planets are supposedly in the Earth sector, but I'd love it to have two other populated planets that are just sitting there every day with shit going wrong and nobody ever comes. But Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Well, whatever world Abin Sir comes from, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've never seen them there. Yeah, that planet, that's in trouble. 
Flash Cyborg are pretty much stuck on Earth 99% of the time. Cyborg is never on Earth. He's always looking at monitors in the watchtower. And that <laughs> thing's always crashing. So I, I wouldn't want to be it. You can make the excuse that Aquaman has shit to deal with in Atlantis. It's still on the world. But so he wouldn't necessarily know of any disasters happening on the surface world most of the time. That's the problem. The Atlanteans are always pissed at him that he's always dealing with surface world shit. But I do imagine Cyborg would know something was happening in some part of the world while observing from the Watchtower, Eric, like he always is. I understand authors don't want the JL to the Just League to swoop in for every sign of trouble. That's the big problem. Yeah. You can't just have them show up. It's like the whole thing. It, how many things of Batman could be solved if he just called Superman? Superman yeah, would we, just we come in. This whole thing, though, where Batman says, you know, not until I call you, which is very pretty much yes. never. And so we have because, that taken care of. Everyone else, though, doesn't make I'm a lot of sense. I'm telling you, though, the best – it's even the craziest thing because you end up explaining. Like I'd say to you, why the fuck doesn't Batman call Superman in to help him do this? And all you say is – because he's Batman. That's right. That's all you need. He's Batman. Steal you know, the you thunder. know where I wish they'd call the Justice League into? What's that? The Justice League books. I've not that seen a would good be Justice nice. League in a long-ass time. Well, they were going to, but the problem is that they needed somebody to watch John. And, you know, that the only person who could was Jane. And, you know. No. I understand Drake authors don't want Drake. the Justice League to swoop in. Pill-popping. They're swingers. That's what I I'm thinking of all the things that you know would mean. You know, chasing the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's kind of a pedophile. She's on yeah, the H really train. I don't really go with that. She's on the H train. I understand authors don't want to just leave the swoop in for every son of trouble and steal the thunder of characters like Blue Beetle, Green Arrow, or even the Titans. But try a different excuse like, I don't know, when someone says, call the Just League, come up with something like, there's a chemical attack in Gotham, a tsunami in Indonesia, a hostage situation in Japan, a cruise ship sinking in the Pacific Ocean, the Just League is busy. That's all you need. I mean, really, what you do is say, they ain't answering. Have a little uh, answer machine with Dan DiDio and Jim Lee sing song and back and forth. Better yet, link it to an actual event. No, I think we, we did it a little. I think the second one was the answering machine. The first okay. one was them just, you know, singing along to it together. They're in some kind of battle in Washington, D.C. Enough of the off-world bullshit. It's the Just League, not the Green Lantern Corps. Really, I, I often wonder why they even try to even spell that out. Just don't even do it. Yeah. Just have, yeah, Blue Beetle fighting. Blue Beetle's fighting. He doesn't have their number, so no. they just go. And I assume that the Just League is just watching it and laughing. They're sitting up at the watchtower all together. They're they're fucking laughing their ass off about it. And plus, half the time when you do get a hold of Cyborg, he's fucking being mind-controlled and shit. Or he hears things like in that Death of Hawkman. All he hears is goddamn Adam Strange. Yeah, it was Adam Strange, right? Talking about his fucking, you know, honeymoon. Having a second Ah. honeymoon. Ah. On a more positive note, am I the only one who thinks Lois Lane became the hottest woman in the DCU since Superman Reborn? Nah, she's right. totally hot as hell. I thought she was hot before, too. Not in this. She was old, too old for me, Eric. I like him young. Uh, in I the New 52, she was pretty hot. But I don't know. I still might be a Lana Lang fan. Really? I just might be. I do like me a redhead, but there's something about yeah. her face. I don't know if it's the freckles or what. I'll tell you. Really, you want to hear who I really now – it kind of goes with uh, – Cheshire. The, no, no. It, it, well, yeah, she looked good too, but she killed us there. Uh, I know that somebody could call me out and come up and say, oh, the age is, is not appropriate. The, Don't you, you know, say the Emiko. whole deal. 
Um, I really am turned on by John Kent. You, you know oh. that little that little scamp. No, oh. I actually I always uh, I always was partial to Harper, but they they end up making her all over the place. So I can't say like some nope. points that. But don't she, dance him like this. Hey, I told you though. I was rereading some of the uh, the stuff in the Night of the Owls, the Court of the Owls stuff that we're going to do in a couple of weeks for the New Fifty Two review, and she seemed oh her job, youngest so. version. I got you. Yeah. No, no, she didn't seem as young then. She seemed to get younger. I don't know what's going on. I <laughs> they never seemed that young. I like you, those alt lay. I like the alt girls. I'm saying that Harper is at least forty two years old. You I'm like trying to think of some other blue streak in her hair. Is that doing uh, for you? I did. Cheshire was pretty hot. I'm telling you, Lady Shiva looks pretty hot at points too. Uh, yeah. I do really like Raja Ghoul. Uh I think that he is a, a seasoned vet who knows he knows his way around the, the bedroom, and he's got that fucking the silver fox look on the side. That fucking haircut gets me going every time. Uh, but but the way she was drawn in Superman 22 this week had me all like, and he sent me a clip. It's basically when uh, the in the mask when freaking Jim Carrey oh, goes. Oh, the eyes are popping on yeah, the top. Yeah, yeah. So he sent that. Sorry for the long email. I thought I'd send you all this as an audio file for the rent and raid this week, but I chickened out at the last minute, and that's from Akeem. A lot of people say that that they yeah. chicken out from Manship won't send a thing, or neither will Repairman Jack. Neither you know nobody wants to, to send in their voice. Nobody wants to hear their voice like I like to hear Eric Shays. No, you don't. Nobody likes to hear this. I love it. I love it, Eric. The next email is from Ryan from the Columbus Comics Corner. Ryan says, and the Get Fresh crew, and the WeirdScienceDCComics.com, because he does a lot of reviews for us as well. Sub Weird Science and the Get Fresh crew, give it to me, Eric. Soup, whoop, a doop, a shoop, a doop. He wrote that, actually. (laughs) Jim just shit himself, he said. Have you guys ever been to a no-pants party in your day? What what do you mean? Monday through Friday? I had never, ever heard of such a thing until I played a concert at a house show in Westchester, Pennsylvania, close to here. We were supposed to play Philly, but got screwed last minute and got invited to play a hippie house where everyone was eating ecstasy, having orgies upstairs while everyone ignored the fact that there was something that died in the fridge and smelled of death. Sounds like that sounds more like West Virginia when I went to college. Did I ever tell you? Westchester. Did I ever tell you about the food that I found? Uh, we went to, I went to college. This was my, uh, sophomore year. And all the people, you know, you, you get some friends your freshman year in the dorms and everybody yeah. decides then who's going to live with you. Hey, you want to get an apartment together? You want to get a house? I ended up getting a house with a bunch of guys. And we got there when everybody's like, everybody gets there the week before the weekend. Yeah. I always would get there like the Saturday before class starts. So I get there and a bunch of my roommates are like, Hey, we're going to make dinner. And we made spaghetti with uh, fucking garlic bread and shit like that. It was like a big meal we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was probably the last meal we actually cooked in this house. Everybody, <laughs> every other time. So probably around this would have been the end of August, uh, leading in the class. Mm-hmm. I believe it was probably March when somebody. Oh, I'm telling you, somebody opened that goddamn oven. And there was moldy fucking bread in there from when we made this goddamn, and we were shocked. <laughs> First off, shocked that we never, and the thing was disgusting anyway. The, you know, these apartments that we lived in and houses in West Virginia were fucking falling apart, but it was disgusting. It was just like, Jesus Christ. So something dying in the fridge, that, that's normal. Then we had a guy who actually, he lived in Pittsburgh, but his mom would come every week and bring him food. 
And the minute it came, and I'm telling you, this would be like lunch meat and stuff like that. Right, right, right. Nothing that you really have to cook. But boy, we his mom would come, and people would just start stealing food off this guy. So he ended up getting a mini fridge to keep the food in himself, and that didn't stop anybody. Then he actually got a padlock and chain and did that. And my one uh, buddy, Chip, ended up going home the one day and bringing back bolt cutters and fucking bolt. He fucking ripped the, and we ate all his food. Your friends are ass- Oh, you're all assholes. I'm telling you, the guy was a dick. He I would sit there and just eat that things he'd never share. He would never share. This is another guy, too. Like, we'd order pizza, and he wouldn't even pay, and he'd want, like, two slices. Oh, give me a slice, dudes. And then he'd have his food, and he wouldn't give anything. So fuck him. I didn't like that guy. Is Westchester mainly the hub of free love and moldy refrigerators? Nope. It's It's all over. It's just the college, though. I know this is a comics podcast, not what weird adventures I've been on, but, man, do I have some weird tour stories. (laughs) Books. Superman was fucking awesome and Batman was a letdown. I got the sense after reading Flash number 21, DC was going to tease us only to continue the speculation in the summer event. I'm not sure where crossover is going to be. When Flash 22 comes out in four weeks, I'm sure I'll be saying the same thing. And that's what's the point of this. Hope all this makes sense. I'm running on three hours of sleep as I complete customer orders at my current job before I leave to start my new job in two weeks. Two weeks notice, Eric. It's like wrong turn. You think he would give two weeks notice? Two? No. He he thinks in his head he's starting a new job on, on Monday. He didn't even tell anybody. That's where I always get him when he comes up to me. Because we've heard it so many times. He'll come up, yeah, Friday's going to be my last day. I said, did you give two weeks notice? Now, I always say, this is the bullshit. If I left right now, if Monday I go and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm leaving. They would give me shit. Hey, you you didn't give us two weeks notice. Are they giving me two weeks notice if they fucking lay me off or fire no, they me? they are not, Fuck sir. no. So fuck them. But yeah, he the wrong turn says this, and I say the, the one lady who's the one boss. I'll say, hey, I'll go tell her right now. I'll, I'll let her know. I'm going up there to hand him paperwork anyway. I'll let her know you're leaving. That's what he's like. Oh no, no, he gets upset. <laughs> like you're you're just fucking trying to get a reaction. Here's my reaction. Fuck you. Where yeah. are the weird science DC T-shirts? He says. I need them in my life. Says Ryan. You, you, someday. And then he ends with Kumite. 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 And that is actually mail section number three, Eric. We're done with mail section number three. We're going to go off to books with Reggie, and you'll get a lot of songs. We only have two books with Reggie. I just wonder, Reggie has his own podcast, The Cosmic Treadmill, with Chris. Any songs in that podcast, Eric? You think he's sing-songing all the time there? There's no way. (laughs) He just likes to hear your mic go mute, and then you (laughs) and me laugh, and then you sigh. That's all it is. But yeah, we'll be back with the books with Reggie. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just want to hear Jim's voice and not hear Eric Shay. All right, and we are back, and we're here with Reginald Drinkwater. How are you, Reggie? 
Yo. Yo, you just got back from Stumptown, right? You did, you That's right. Raising got hell in from, Stumptown. Got back from Portlandia. <laughs> yes, Rose City, as they call That's it. Right. Uh, That's right. Correct. <laughs> did you hear anybody say Stumptown at all while no, you were there? Nobody. Nobody <laughs> said Stumptown. Stumptown. Hey, welcome. They didn't come up to you. Hey, welcome to Stumptown. Hey, would you? A lot, people, good? a lot of people came up to me and said, "Can you spare a couple of bucks?" That was like that was like the the smallest. No one wants a quarter anymore. It's like if, no. you, if you're not coming with paper money, don't even fucking fuck, bother. Yeah, boy. don't don't you, you you. Why would you need a quarter? No, what are you going to do with a quarter? Hey, hey, guy. You got a prepaid Visa card for me over here? Hey, guy, you got one of those burner phones that I can borrow for a minute? And I was in. uh, I I know now I'm jumping to a different thing. When when I when I I went to Key West with my wife like a month ago or whatever, and there was there was a uh, there was a place you could go do skydiving. You know what I mean? Go sign up, do some skydiving, and there was this guy sitting outside the skydiving place, supposed to drum up business. He looked like fucking like some homeless dude that hadn't. You know, slept indoors in fucking ten years. Had a nice. beard, outdoors, you know. He a is outdoors. beard. His face was cracked like Jack Palance. He looked like hell. And he was. I wasn't there, there Reggie. Don't, don't insinuate like this. No, this is my, I thought this <laughs> might be your brother. So he uh, and this guy's out there, and all he keeps saying is, "Y'all want to go skydiving?" <laughs> no. It Fuck sounds off. like you're going to get fucking you know, hepatitis if you go skydiving. Don't girls want to skydiving? I mean, I don't. I don't think that one person. Fuck. They all gave him like a wide berth. I was like, who the? Who the? Why do they have this fucking guy like drumming up business? He sounds hey, like he's about. To you want to get away from him? The only way to get away is go in. <laughs> See, yeah, that, I, I got to get away from this crowd, motherfucker. Let me ask you. I'm going to ask you as we go. Tell me, I have a list of nicknames. For Portland, Oregon. Before you tell us how lovely Weird. it was, uh, okay. City of Roses. Did you hear that? I, I no, I heard Rose City. Okay. I did. Okay. How about Bridgetown? You hear that? No. Were there a lot of bridges there? There were. There are a lot of bridges yeah, over Bridgetown. the Columbia River. Okay. Little Beirut. Anybody say that? Little Beirut. <laughs> nope. That was uh, given to the city's nickname given by George. H.W. Bush, uh, because there were so many protesters there, he said. Uh, how about P-Town? No. P-Town? P- Rip City. Mm-mm. <laughs> Just Stumptown. I'm, I'm wondering, are you sitting here thinking of these? Stumptown. I did go on a pretty interesting walking tour where the guy might have said, but I don't think he told me any of these great... Okay, he didn't tell you at Stumptown. It says here, I'm reading it, it's usually because they have a lot of guys missing a leg uh, that they called it Stumptown. I'm never going there. That is not verified. That's correct, but that's how I... How about PDX? That sounds like something that you say yes. in a rap song, right? The PDX? I saw that. So that's so that on trucker caps. That's actually I think, really? the name of the airport is PDX. That yeah. is the airport. Yes. Uh, Stumptown was coined for a period of growth in 1847. Welcome to Stumptown. <laughs> they used to say Captain yeah. John C. Ainsworth commented that there were more stumps there than trees in Portland in the early 1850s. You know, back in the 1850s, uh, oh, shit was going go. bad. They said at points some of the city was sinking in mud. And that that was Stumptown. <laughs> Rip City, that was from 71. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, uh, they did that. I, I don't know why we're going into this. And by the way, uh, Reggie, did you oui. enjoy it? Did you enjoy it, Reggie? Did you enjoy your I, time I town in Rip City? I was enjoyed it? it far more than I thought I would in Stumptown. I, you know, I, I went just because I had this opportunity to go for a couple of days. But having gone for those two days, I wish I'd stayed longer. Really? I had a nice. fucking sandwich there that is almost worth going 
really? to go to this sandwich place God called Bunk. Oh, it was unbelievable. I'm telling you. I got this. What was on did you see any amputees there? Did I see what? Any amputees there? I didn't. No. Any burn right, victims. Right. I saw well, a lot of ho- I saw a lot of homeless people, but I didn't see any visibly scarred. Okay. All right, cool. All right, I might go for a sandwich. Yeah. You're in uh, Stumptown, so the homeless are even I I pretty, I hear. What was this sandwich? Get, get off these homeless people. I need to hear this sandwich. We, had a, uh, we, we split a uh, Cuban sandwich with fucking pork belly on it and okay. a, uh, just a roast beef with like a roast with like a horseradish fucking. You're not painting a picture here. Were, that... <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, they, they, were, they were just perfectly made. Was the you know? pork belly very fatty? As it usually uh, is. Did it know, taste it, good? It was. It, it was. It had fat on it, but it wasn't like yeah. an especially fatty was, piece. Was that really pork belly bacon on crack, as they often say? Did, did I would you say think that's that accurate? I would that say is very accurate. accurate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you you came back here. Are you going to go? Because we're recording this uh, on Friday night. Are you planning on going to? Free comic book day tomorrow, Reggie. Are you going to go? Uh, no, my wife gets back, so. gets back tomorrow. I don't think I'm going to bother. Okay, you're just going to stay around for some for some tang. That's what. There's you no want, right? there's no fucking comics to get. What do I, I care? Agree. I know. I agree. Uh, my kids want to. I already go so. to my local. I already give my local comic shop business, so I'm not really trying to get them. You know. Extra okay. money, you know what I mean? But, See, uh, Reggie, I might go to my comic book shop because Koi Fam, the artist of uh, Teen Titans, he's a local boy and he's going to be there apparently tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that'll yeah. be worth it. Yeah, his comic book I, shop. I, I how how far is that I'm a drive, your comic book shop? About, uh, you know, 25 minutes, half yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah. This is, this, there, he goes past like six comic book shops to get to, quote unquote, so, his. Like he's a pretentious prick. Here. I'm not going, no. Jess is so taking him. Yeah. I'm going to our normal one near here. I'm going to fucking terrible. get pissed off and grab... I'll get the same... Yeah, I won't meet Koi Fong. <laughs> Whoop-de-doo! I'm going to end up grabbing free comics and run for the hills. And yeah. then when they're like, that, that, you're that supposed to buy stuff. something. I'm like, fuck this. It's not called Paid Comic Book Day. I say it every year. I, I don't <laughs> hear it ever be called, you know, Buy Comic Book Day. No, that's free Comic Book Day, bitches. I mean, actually, the sales are not, you know, for trades and stuff are not that bad but i'll tell you in new york if you don't get to that store by fucking 11 a.m they're gone it's done. they're gone they're, there's yeah. nothing left so yeah. you know i'd have to wake up real early schlep into manhattan and then for what yeah, power to do that meet, uh, meet the turn teen community turtles or whatever i don't care <laughs> maybe scott snyder will be passing out pizza is that That's possible you know i didn't i didn't i didn't check to see but then again, what do I give a fuck about a signature anyway? <laughs> I know. Well, I told Eric, number one, I, I would like him to go and get Koi Fam to sign a Teen Titans, but he needs a window on that cover. Plus, I said, if we ever go to Comic-Con, I do want to dress up as a comic with the window as my big nope. belly sticking out, and I'm going to go up to Dan Slot and try to have him sign, sign my it. belly. Yeah, no that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, he probably dick. If, if you fucking... see Koi Pond, can you can you ask him if anyone's ever called him Koi Pond? <laughs> I, I don't think I want to say this, a but Koi sure, Pond. I love Koi Ponds. That that would be yeah. a good idea. Uh, Eric will say that they'll kick him out of the store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could just see him getting thrown out of the goddamn as he's trying to. No, no. Then he's like, they're like, well, it'd be so great. They they start letting him in, and he's like, listen, you know, I love you, Coy. I- I'm part of the weird science. Then they're really kicking him out. Then he gets oh the God. fuck out. 
but yeah, I asked Eric, is he gonna is he gonna drop names and mention the podcast or website? And he said no, he was no, not going to do not. that. Though I said that's Chris does the reviews for Teen, Teen Titans and gives Koi pretty good scores. So I would like he just he said he is upset. Why Eric? What would upset you if you said to Koi Fom, "Hey, uh, I'm from Weird Science." What would upset? Who? Yeah, he doesn't want him to say who. Eric's got uh, a comic yes. vine T-shirt for this these kinds of occasions. You know, yes, he's that's like, why he rips that out. Fellas. He does rip that out, and then you know he just goes there, and then they treat him well. Everybody yeah. loves them, so yeah, they would treat him well. And then the minute they find out he's an imposter from Weird Science, they kick his ass out because How they could, heard that I, I everybody wear a fake mustache every time. They always see through <laughs> my disguise. They, they always think it's me and kick him out because I'm a freeloader. Is what happens. They they freaking you know throw me out. But I'll see. I'm actually going. My kids want to go. I will tell you right now, we probably talked about it earlier in the podcast, so this is crazy, but I do not think I'm going to pick up any DC books. I think I'm going to get that Exo Manowar free comic book day stuff and see what else there is. I have no idea. I mean, what, I, what, I, what is the DC thing? The fucking Wonder Woman number DC's one? DC's the Wonder Woman one and uh, a DC, DC Supergirls. And I, I right. may, may actually get that. I don't know. I, I, you know, for my kids, quote unquote. Sure. Yeah, right. I don't know. I have to see. This is actually because of DC's offerings. It was probably the only year and since we started the site that I really didn't even look into what else is being offered from anybody because I didn't really plan on going because DC's yeah. offerings suck. There's no real reason to get me there. But I do. I did say to Eric, I have been buying some trades recently. I do think I'm going to buy a trade. I was trying to figure out today. We were talking about different things, and I, I probably will buy a trade. So you probably already have heard what I bought, and it's probably nonsense. Some sort of a legion of superheroes for you, Reggie. Ooh, I'm excited. Oh, yes. yeah. I can't wait to find yes, out. Yes, indeed. But we are here to talk some books, and yep. you have two books this week. There wasn't two even books. any Young Animals, right? You had two books. Finally, no, no you left town, and it actually was great for the amount <laughs> of books. Know. Usually when you decide or have to leave town, yeah, you I have nine books. books. <laughs> yeah, you have all these books, but no, you had two books. And I, I, I have to say, usually I throw shade at your books. I can't really throw that much shade because they are okay. They're not offensive. Are Hell, the Hellblazer or Gotham Academy? No, well, so that's they, or Batgirl. I'll throw Batgirl, Batgirl in the mix Batgirl, as well. I mean, next week we have a bunch of shit again when you show up. And, but this week, and this week usually is just these two books for you. You have a weird drib and drab deal, you know, a, a high and a low. And this yeah, is the that's how my schedule has come out. And you know what, Aquaman goes once a month in July. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna then this You're gonna time be, of the month. You're going to be free. stealing some shit from me. Uh, stealing, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> me and Eric, actually, we, we are making one of the first trades between me and him uh, yep. coming up next week. Uh, we, I don't even think I t I'm going to take over All-Star Batman, and I'm giving Whoa. him Red Hood. So he's going to have Red Hood. I'm going to have All-Star Batman. That makes good sense. I know mean, yeah. you both are enjoying Red Hood, but... Uh, yeah, I've actually been a little down on it. I haven't been as excited to do it. And Eric just really, you know, All-Star is, is a pain in the ass for him. So I figured I'd take that. I told Scott Snyder, and he said, thank God. Get that Eric yeah. off that goddamn book. I need some higher scores. He, he already sent me three checks. So I'm telling you, I didn't even read the <laughs> issue yet. Nine out of ten, baby. <laughs> now I'll yep. see how it, and it's a new arc. It's a new arc with uh, Raphael Albuquerque. It's a good place so. to start. But I do think that uh, coming up, me and you, Reggie, we'll be talking. We'll see what we can check. You may actually get Superwoman back, and it, it actually is pretty decent now. So we'll see. I, did, I that probably did continue. read that issue, and, and you're right. It was it was 
It was the best what? issue of the series. There's no and, question about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just in readability, just in yeah. flat out, like, oh wow, I, I can like look at a panel. I that can follow happen. this. Yeah, <laughs> and and even with that, it was one of those that uh, Kay Perkins really had to take a lot, like, got a lot of shit on her plate to deal yeah. with. I thought she did a good job. I, I really I liked made a it, souffle. But, yes, made a goddamn shit souffle, and that is fucking tasty, tasty indeed. But we do have your two books, Reggie, starting with what? I assume Aquaman number two. You were right. You were assuming right. I I didn't think it would be the other. Uh, written <laughs> no, by no, Dan no. Abnett, art by Philippe Briones and Gabe El Tayeb. When I was just a little boy, I asked my mother, "What will I do? Will I watch the lighthouse or just go fishing?" She told me to drop a nuke. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, it's only strange water you see. Don't trust any alien beasts. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Is that when it? When <laughs> I grew up and became a king, I asked my sweetheart, what should we do? Should we debate him? Smile and placate him, she said, just don't drop that nuke. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, you're a little too late with that whim. See, we're ripping off Pacific Rim. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Now I'm yes. done. Yes. Uh, is that uh, Doris Day's version your favorite of that, Reggie? Is that the the uh, ultimate I mean, version? That would, it, that would be the classic one. That would it, be you the know? classic. Oh, oh, wasn't you there know, a guy? Wasn't there an Italian guy that did it too? Soon? I think there was. Uh, yeah. I know the two guys. Well, the Italian wrote it. guy didn't do it. Come on now. When the moon hits you, right, like they just go right into the other. It's a medley. They go to pick up the ladies. A fucking flipping pizza in one hand and a fucking slapping ass with the other. Game of slap oh. ass. Ah, uh, yes, we have Aquaman. Uh, what did you think of it, Reggie? Give us give us a little rundown of this book. A little quick rundown. Well, you know, all, all, all the things that I didn't I didn't want in this arc pretty much happened. You know, yeah. they uh, it went on way too long. There was a lot of nonsense. This last issue, like, really one thing happens. That's you know what I mean. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of uh, scenes. I didn't what they mind it that much. Moments. I didn't mind it either. One thing that really saved this is I thought that the the storytelling, a lot of the plotting, was really good. Uh, which is not which is not unusual. Yeah. Philippe Briones knows how to fucking make a comic book, but the, these this arc and and this Aquaman recently has been really dynamic to look at. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, all the shit that we wanted, I felt like all the tension, all the horror movie stuff, we never got it. No, um, no. I I, I think th- that this I ended up this just being an action packed like, ending, and they just yeah. wanted to end it. It seemed. I just think they wanted to end this. Arc. It Again, did go on a little aqua, too long. Me, aquamarine shark up, and they shark up. They don't do anything. Like, no. like why? They kind of shark up to get people away from Deadway, and then Rico you know, held her own for a little while. Yeah, at yeah. least just octopus head again. I was glad about that. I you call know, him Squid so- Billy. Yeah, that's, I like Squid Billy. He, he's okay. He's saving people. But even so, you had, uh, what's his name? The scavenger, uh, Mortimer. He ended up being uh, Deadwater. Mm-hmm. And that, that and they even spell out like, oh, they're the ones who had the most fear 
I thought that was a right. little forced. Seeing him get his ass kicked was good, too. I like Yeah, that. it was. I'm telling you, this whole thing, though, you guys are kind of high on this. This ending really disappointed me because I we started this whole Deadwater thing in the New 52 at the end of it. And I thought this arc was really going to give, you know, uh, Dan Abnett the chance to explore this whole thing more and actually, like, you know, flesh it out a bit. And we have this whole, you know, Pacific Rim kind of rift that goes to this alien world at the bottom of it. And we have this idea that it's sending out a signal that, you know, whoever has fear turns into a goddamn monster because obviously they're not ready to cross over to a new world. So now Agent Ajar and Mortimer turn into fucking dead water yeah. monsters. Now that, uh, you know, they close the rift at the end, but does that mean they're not going to be dead water monsters anymore? Yeah, they, they no, never they're really not. That up. They never no, really went back there will be. The I assume is, that was the case, but yeah, they never really like like did a wrap up on it. I that. never got the idea though, because when freaking uh, the last guy who became Deadwater, I can't remember his name to save my life right now, when he was working for Scavenger, he they were they were trying to get some shit out. He was doing some deep submarine kind of diving, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got affected by this he strange got water and yeah. he became Deadwater. I had no I got no impression of this is that they were around this area where the rift was when he became Deadwater. It seemed like on the other side of the goddamn world. So I have no idea how, you know, he became Deadwater and how they're becoming Deadwater and if they'll stop being Deadwater because this one rift is closed. Well, and the weird thing about it is then when they did introduce that at the end of the new 52 and Dan Abbott, it was more of the Deadwater infected him and his anger and his emotions exactly. charged it him up, like made him a, a – it was never like the – it turned to something different. Instead of it being like, oh, when he became dead water and he got emotional, shit went wrong. This was yeah. – they got emotional and because of that they became – but I'm telling you, if this is makes any sense – I really just wanted this to end. I didn't mind it as much. It was just one of those where it did go on a little too long. They stretched it out a little too bit. And even here, you have a what seems to be a 15-page freaking fight uh, through this while Akam and Amara go to throw the bomb. And, yeah, I mm. do think this was basically he ended up – Instead of really satisfying, uh, you know, you, Eric, who wanted yeah. to know what was going on, it really is like the final nail in the coffin of the next arc to show that Aquaman isn't really, you know, ready to rule Atlantis. And well, that was pretty we, forced. Like, uh, Reggie, is this three issues now, four issue arc? Like, four, uh, right? Well, four Oh, yeah, it's part issues. four, there yeah. Was, there was even a fifth one, though, remember that? It led up to it, kind of, where they kind yeah, of like, yeah. But, the but thing yeah, four, is, four we, definite issues. We have four hard issues of this story, and when it all boils down, we got this great monster like a mystery going on. We can find out more about this villain that we saw introduced in the New 52, but when it all boils down, it is just a story about xenophobia at the end, and it just means yeah, nothing for the whole dead well, water, strange water kind of thing. Here's the thing. Like, how I we're mean, saying... I, we're going to see more later, I think. You know what I mean? They, le they definitely left it open that there's going to be repercussions from this, that you know there was this was a diplomatic error on Aquaman's part. And obviously yeah, he's going to get attacked up, by a full They're going to open up strange now. water rifts down the line. But, but I do feel like there are a lot of missed opportunities. For example, wouldn't it have been fucking nice to see... Something of this other world, more you know, the more yeah, of this other world. You know what I mean? It's like this. This is what I feel like we're in comics to look well, at. Is, well, is again, alien worlds. Why you know? couldn't they have had him like Aquaman instead of blowing up the the rift and and closing it and stopping the signal? You could have had Aquaman and Mara, even if it was just Aquaman, where he says Mara, no, 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 and and goes off. Now he's gone. That still could lead 
to the Atlanteans having an uprising against. There goes, oh, you know, where is he? Well, he's they, away. They wouldn't yeah, know. Exactly. And, yeah. and this isn't even away in goddamn fucking Amnesty Bay. Nobody would know where he is. Maybe Mar- Mara could go back, or Mara could go back and say, hey, you know what? He's he's in this thing. Ah, fuck that. He's always going off. Oh, in the Justice League. There they go again. And that could lead to that where he's gone. And then he comes back almost like the Odyssey. He comes back and has to regain uh, his shit again. But they didn't go that route. And the weird thing about, like Eric's saying, that this is another one of those books, though, that I almost – but this I can't say is a good way of doing it, where I say, like, oh, they don't care about if anybody read the New 52. The problem is they have hints and little oh, yeah. bits from the New 52 story, yeah. but just not enough. They don't have enough. The end of that story yeah, in the and that's the thing. They could have just had it be characters. The, the, yeah. the woman that, like, there were so many like, weird characters when you guys had tell me who These they were. Jar- yeah. and that, that's I was the like, weird oh, thing. okay, that's cool. But, if like, when they were introduced, yeah, when they were introduced, if they really did a better job of like, oh, that's Scavenger. He did this, this, and this. Now, they kind of did introduce him, but I, I would think that most of the people in this in the story would confuse people if you didn't read a little like you said reg you didn't know who these people were so we kind of told you whatever i think that he really made a bit of an error where he didn't really give you enough new stuff but also didn't explain the old stuff to newer people so he really tried to toe the line i don't think he did and i i do i'm telling you i didn't mind this issue just it was that but yeah i agree the deadwater stuff's nonsense but i i just wonder where people didn't read that new 52 and had no idea that they're because people seem to love this book that they're just going with it but yeah i, I think it was weird that you didn't get well, enough you know, of the, that the, explanation the positives of it are that deadwater is an awesome looking monster the implications yeah. of that monster are pretty cool and and to be honest the one thing I really did like about the book, which is really the one thing that happened, was the interaction at the end between Mara and Aquaman. Yeah. Which that's, all it was, that's all it was for, it seems that's like. All it was yeah. one that's all it was for. But, but and, at least yeah. the one thing was good, right? I mean, that's that's a, that's a positive. Yeah. But I mean, the fact, that, the fact that she's like, you're just trying to show up for the Landwalkers, dude. You know what I mean? Like, she's let them yeah. know, like, you can't just uh, placate these, these vicious, whatever, landwalking Americans, you know, and yeah. she specifically says Americans, too, doesn't Douche she? Like, yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that, was, that, that I enjoyed, you know what I mean? But I do, I just feel like overall, there's a lot of missed opportunities with this story. If he wanted to tell the story of the Deadwater and Strangewater, you really just didn't do need it. a lot of ancillary shit no. that we got with you. I mean, well, like, Jesus Christ, I mean, you didn't you, you, need you the Aquamarines. Calling, you guys keep calling Mortimer Scavenger, and I think they do mention it, but there's no reason for it to be. He's not scavenging anything in in my story. He's just some fucking asshole. That's what in a I'm saying. This is what I'm trying to. This is what I'm saying is he is scavenger, but they didn't do enough. They kind of mentioned it a little. That's how he had to tie him with Aquaman. Yeah. But Dan Abnett did not spell it out enough. But then he went and turned Deadwater into you know just strange water and then all of a sudden things changed and if it was this this alien world and all that you would have thought aquaman would have figured this out before and all but i did like the idea that like you said mara she's pissed at them i i love when they come back and everybody's like hey man aquaman you did awesome and she's just standing there pissed she's like nope because <laughs> yeah she wanted the aquaman to talk to this alien world they, they really they didn't have enough time I have, I have they really didn't have her, enough time I mean, obviously this was a thing like he was gonna be not diplomatic for you know for the like this is part of a larger story but of course yeah. i would have i would have loved to see 
more or have, or have like a last conversation where they. Oh, I, I'm telling you, if it was like, me, don't do it, Aquaman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I expected at least one more conversation, tele- like aqua telepathy with the yeah. goddamn other like strange water world. There was and at least do it once. All of this issue, and maybe you were, even you were, he does you were that. Hoping the strange water would be like, we come in peace. Yeah, fans oh, like, and you free going your crazy. mind. <laughs> you go in pieces. We've come with a few days to kill. Welcome to Earth. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I would. I'm telling you, I would have loved it if he would have went into that rift, and because he went into it, it closed up. You know, naturally, because he went in, and uh, somehow he had to deal with this alien world and be this, you know, ambassador type deal. Because maybe you find out they were going to. Well, I'm telling you, in, the, in the, the last story before this, he was swimming in a bit yeah, of this strange the- water that was, you know, in our actual ocean. I don't remember him having any trouble breathing, but the thing was, it started making him, you know, have these terrible, like, kind of, he couldn't control his emotions in it. We get none of that here. It's just, oh, I can't breathe in this H2.0. And yeah. I'm like, you can't even keep the continuity within this four-issue well, story. Well, I mean, he did, they did have to had, wear the breathers because they yes, couldn't had breathe. Yeah, that, but so, that was a yeah. new thing, in, like, introduced, it seemed like. Yeah. In this. It might have been in the last one, but I don't recall. It was. They had and, breathers uh, on, and that's why she says, you can't breathe in there. No, no, in the, last arc, in the last arc, I mean, in the New You 52. mean in the New 52? Uh, no, yes. it just ended up, I thought it kind of choked, but again, we always say this, I don't think that Dan Abner gives a rat's ass if you read that New 52 deal. I really don't. Uh, he added so many different things here. But this is a sequel. Yeah, but I'm not to people who didn't see it, and most and that's the of the thing people is, too, who it, is, it really is a straight up horror sequel in the fact that we have a higher body count. There's more monsters, and the yeah. continuity is fucked. Yeah, oh, it is. And again, though, I, we keep saying this, and it's more and more. And it's I'm telling you, the last two weeks, it's very plain to see that they are changing shit, and they don't care if you read it in the New 52. They're going to give you this story the way they want to tell it now, whether it matters or not, with continuity. And that's but this continu- continuity. The continuity is with Within this story, though, doesn't even add up completely because when we first started the arc, we found out like there's all these little like these weird like you know fish animals in jars that like oh these are prehistoric or whatever kind yeah, of historic, yeah. and now oh no they're from an alien world. I'm like how does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Please they're explain They're prehistoric this and they're from an alien world. Ooh. They came through the rift, and that Spicy. other world is prehistoric. I mean that, that's because... another thing too. What about all those? What about all those fish? They, yeah. you know, yeah, you would have thought so, that would have done those in the something. going down there, but I don't know. Yeah. Like I like I say, I don't think that this strange water business is totally wrapped up. We'll probably get another arc, and then it'll come back yeah. later. I'm guessing maybe in an, in an arc or two or something like that. But this was pretty a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of chances. Yeah. Could have seen something cool. We could have had a cool moment, and we didn't get it, and yeah. uh, that's too bad. However, on the plus side, like I say, I think the storytelling was great. Philippe Brioni is always a great artist and uh, did a great job oh, here. Oh, I love the art in this issue. I'm yeah. telling you, freaking everything looks great. Well, and, and again, the, we the, did. The like scenes, for example, look terrific. I yeah. mean, they, they're superfluous, but they look really good. So, uh, yeah, and this last, the last page scene. It's the we'll setup. See. It's a setup Thumbs with Cormrath, who's going to end up ruling Atlantis. He's going to yeah. overthrow Aquaman. Got, got freed from what, what probably looks like the shittiest prison. Yeah, yeah I, I know, right? Yeah. It's like a fucking Ewok-built prison. It looks like it's something it that would be in the bottom of a goddamn aquarium. house down by the wharf or something. Like, what no. the hell's going on here? Yeah. Don't you guys have something better than this? Yeah, it's it's nonsense. But yeah. Like, Cooper giant. had a better cage in Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. Exactly. Yeah, I said uh, in this, this could be Orm. It could be just uh, whatever, whoever it might be. But he's gonna, f- he's gonna free Cormrath, 
and we saw before that and it really does lead in that even Mara is saying that maybe Aquaman shouldn't be a leader and really if this would be that Cormrath takes over Atlantis and that allows Aquaman to go and have some fun adventures I'm all for it but unfortunately it's just going to be him fighting his way back but yeah uh, what'd you did, give did it you ever let your wife impugn you like that fuck no never right what am I? I'm a man Reggie I'm a man <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, as we speak, she's up there still trying to get the goddamn cats out of the ceiling. So, And, and there I am. Oh, my God. She's fucking po- poking holes in the fucking I walls. Think I think it's time to just, just brick up the front door and move to the next one. Fuck that. I house. said, uh, we'll get him out. I'll fucking throw a, a fucking Molotov cocktail up there, and it's a fucking fend for himself. Things should That's be hungry by now. Shit. I don't know what the fuck it's eating. It's eating its own goddamn shit, and it's up there, you we know, have, it just doesn't change. We actually, it's funny, because Rafe actually put Tanya's phone, because we had no way to even look up there, but there's a hole that Tanya put in the roof, so or the ceiling, and he puts his phone up and takes a, a video to look, and he's looking around, we bring it down and see it, there's the cat just sitting there, fucking licking its paws, it's doing nothing, it's not trapped, it's just sitting up there, freaking just time. laughing. I, I do think it's having the grandest of times up there, so... But, it's yeah. getting more attention than it has in fucking a long time. Attention? No, it's getting a, a break from all these fucking people. I wish I, I could know, get in that goddamn ceiling. Holes in walls. Yeah, I'm telling you, though, you, you give me a sandwich, I'm up in that ceiling for three weeks. You'll never <laughs> fucking hear from me. Yeah, this podcast is over. I am going to sleep up there. Get me a sleeping bag. I'm in the ceiling. I'm, I'm telling you, it looked like a nice time up there. Actually, we, we put the thing up. It's funny in the wall. I'm telling you, I'm funny up there. I really thought that we were going to put this up and it was going to be a fucking disaster. But really, all it is is a you know a drop ceiling from uh, under the roof. There's nothing up there. It's just there. And he's wow. just fucking laying there. Me and him fucking have a picnic together. But yeah, nice. what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, on the site, it, I really have no big, huge complaints. I just think it could have been more. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Talking about it now, I'd probably go down half a point. But yeah, I think I'm going to be I half a point down. I didn't hate it. You know, this is not... This is not a bad book in my in my mind. It just could be a lot better. That's yeah, all. unlike others, and, and unlike others, uh, I'm not a huge fan of this run of Aquaman. Uh, so I, it's one of those. My rating is just kind of because I read it. I'm like, eh. And now it's going to monthly. And I do hope though that Dan Abnett, like this is a story that if this was monthly. Jesus Christ, it would have, it would have oh, no. been four I, months, I been and it would furious. be too much. So yeah. I, I actually hope that this is one of those where he's tightening up the ship. Like, this is the last yep. of these crazy long things, and he's going to tighten up from here. And maybe that even was something. Like, maybe it was going to be longer, and he knew even before we did, obviously he would, that it's going to yep. go monthly. So he had to wrap things up because, in my mind, he probably would have wanted this to be six issues, and then we're going. And I actually like the end. Uh, like you said, with Mara and Aquaman and the Cormrath uh, joining and, and becoming the king of Atlantis, I think that's interesting enough. I, and not I agree. only that, I think he had to move a little bit quicker with this because, you know, with that new, like, with the preview pages for, was it Batman Metal just came out yeah, today? Yeah. And we saw mm-hmm. Aquaman there yeah, with the Aquaman's long hair doing and the beard. Some crazy shit He's going to have there. this look in the next arc. So I'm yeah, going okay, so to accelerate that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I really do think that he might have wanted. And again, if that's the case. He just he can't get a break with this goddamn yeah. Deadwater story because that that's what happened at the end of the New Fifty Two. He's telling the story. It was just two issues, and then they had rebirth. So he wanted to get back to that. Maybe it was you know going, but really the the whole arc itself was a little let down. Uh, this I agree with Eric. There's you just don't even know the rules to no. what was going on. Uh, but once they introduce that 
that alien thing, if they could have tied it in a little better that with was what Deadwater was. Yeah, if they yep. could have tied it in a little better and then explored that. Instead, you have the Aquamarines, which are a cool idea, stupid name, and we, we got nothing from them. They, they really are nothing. And they uh, sharked up to do nothing. Yeah, yeah they really. sharked up. They were like sharked up for a lot of the issue this time. So I didn't yeah, like yeah. that. But, but I did like, like the end. Like, I, like, like Aquaman just having a conversation with a guy with an octopus head. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. But yeah, I, and, I'm and interested. Each tentacle to see where of they his hair, he has a knife wrapped into it. Yeah, knife. But yeah, uh, I love the art. I thought the art was great. But I, I'd go with you, Reggie, with a six five when you said you'd go uh, five below. And that, a lot of that is uh, pretty much art. But yeah. and and again, I, I hate to say it, but I am glad it's over, and I'm interested to see where we're going to go from here. But well, Eric, tell him that you're going to give him a five point five. I guess. No, I'm not going to go five. I'm going to go six. A majority okay. of that is an art. I'm telling you, I was all in to get a final explanation of what Deadwater is because it was yeah. a cool-looking character, and it was it really starts out strong every time we see this character, which is twice now, but it, it peters out and doesn't give you anything by yeah. the end, I'm telling you. And this whole thing, you know, we had this great horror movie setup, which I'm like, I'm all about. You know, I'm getting into yeah. the story, and each time we saw an issue, I saw a different element from a different horror movie that I really enjoyed. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is fun. Then we got an alien world. This is really cool. And then here it's all about, oh, you're Zeno phobic aquaman you're just like everybody else oh well fuck me i guess this doesn't mean anything in the long run but six out of ten overall yeah yeah and i i will say that if you were reading the new 52 and wanted more of deadwater you get it but yeah you, you get it in a weird way but we're gonna move on to reggie's next book my and, next and final book and final is. book just two books so what is it reggie mm-hmm. harley quinn number 19 written by jimmy palmiotti and amanda connor and paul dini art by john timms brett blevins jay bone alex sinclair cannibals god's cannibals don't go away don't go harley my harley no don't go away don't go the city's disgusting, it's full of drunken bums, too many poop-smelling attitudes. The evil mayor calls on Madison, what can we do about these homeless dudes? Got to clean them out someday, got to clean them out, no fake now. For tomorrow, maybe you and me, yeah, we're moving, we're moving, move to Quaker Town now. So you've got to call on your mob connects. Let them know today about the bum buffet. We'll pay the check. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. If someone's smelly, serve them with jelly. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Lesions abound. Well, just chew around them. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Take them from the gutter and baste them with butter and eat the poor. Eat the poor. Eat the poor. Segregation, Reggie. (laughs) Ah, yes. I would have gone with eat the bitch. Really? You know, I would have gone with Maneater. Do you uh, know, uh, did anybody know what that's from? That was uh, yeah. Eat the Rich? <laughs> no. No, what was that? Was, that? that was the translated theme song to Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Oh, that's, is, uh, you sent that to me, I you sent son that. of a saved, bitch. It saved the earth. 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's not available, unfortunately, on the DVD or Blu-ray. You have to see it on YouTube or you have to go back in time and watch it on WPIX in 1985. Yes. That's terrible. Uh, in so that was, me, that was a deep cut, folks, but yes. it's one of my favorites. So. In between me calling in that yelling, picks, picks, picks. I always I wanted to that win movie. that. That's, yes, the, that's definitely far and away the weirdest Godzilla movie because it has, like, cartoons in it. That one and freaking Godzilla's Revenge, I want to say, like uh, where it's all the freaking in the a uh, dream world of a kid who fucking befriends Minya. Is that is that in the seventies also? I think that was late sixties, early seventies, maybe. Yeah, I don't know that one. Wow. Oh, it's well, so bad. Yeah. Anyway, what, what are you guys talking story. about? Godzilla. Godzilla. Oh, you Godzilla. Godzilla. You never watch Godzilla as a kid, no. there, Gene? No. Why not? I, he didn't I, have I, any fun as a kid. No, I, I, I don't have time for that nonsense. I was a very serious kid who was busy doing important world things. That's like what I was doing. Like up a fake rap Master, group masturbating, and, and making up fake, ra- making <laughs> fake radio shows, uh, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Stuff, important creative shit, stuff, important. I like to say. And also making up rules for life based on inaccurate information given to me <laughs> by my parents. There, I did a lot of that. And uh, and also, probably around, what, what age did you watch the Godzilla movie probably that one that you were singing about eight okay yeah, at, that, eight. at that point I was already convinced I had a some sort of venereal disease and it was eating away my brain so I, I was busy trying I to do right I was I was busy trying to counteract that in my lab so that's what <laughs> and my lab was I got you. my lab was no my lab was my closet where actually I would go and sit in my closet and sleep in there until finally one day I came out of the closet there, but boom, boom. Ooh. But yes, uh, oh. we're talking about Harley Quinn, and I. Eric was saying before we started that he was not a big fan of this, right? You said and that. The worst Eric? part is, I think I was a bigger fan of this cannibal arc than either of you two. Yeah. This one really just fucking and let it's me weird down. To, here. It's it's funny you say that. I actually like this issue. I, I it started off with a lot of talk, like the goddamn it, the word bubbles in that first page kill me. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a strong reader. It's a if recap. You didn't know. A little bit of a recap. But yeah, yeah but I actually like the. I mean, it, it's very straightforward, which we rarely get oh, from love the, that shit, this. Though. And I really loved Red Tool in this issue, and I think that Red Tool in this issue to me is the most. Uh, Deadpool-esque that we've had yeah. with him shooting the gun and get it. It's very slapstick with him. I mean, I love the sequence of what happens to Red Tool as he shoots that gun. The recoil sends him out the back of the, the window. Then he shoots the grappling hook where he's deciding. I actually thought this was it for him. I thought that he was going to die because they just wanted to move on. But he shoots that grappling hook through another thing, gets a goddamn pervert through with the thing. That uh, it, I'm telling you, that good. sequence I thought was great. I really did. I loved they, every they moment little, of they it. They do a little Spider-Man satire. You know, yep. he swings around a flagpole yeah. and he gets... You even have, I mean, at one point, he even even looks like Hans Gruber at one point when he goes out. He looks just like him in in, uh, Die Hard. He's falling, and I I just really, really like the whole thing uh, with Red Tool. I was actually upset that there wasn't a little more Eggy, uh, but really, the whole thing is Harley just going to town. If you like to see Harley. That's the thing, though. It's like, that's your favorite part. That was one of my least favorite parts because I really expected Red Tool to step up here and fucking wreck house. And he just became a joke when yeah, he but that's, didn't do that's anything why but call if, the cops at the if end. If he wrecks house, then it's not him. He hasn't wrecked house. He always ends up fucked up like this. He always gets yeah, shit I, I think wrong. this had to be the joke. And to be honest, to be honest, to show that he, you know, called the chief. And he called the cops. Hell, he really usually is, does. He's no friend of his. 
I think it shows that it's like he really gives a shit about Harley. It's yeah. whatever that's worth. No, it's yeah, like I actually he, uh, really liked it. He but, and uh, really, yeah, he ended silly. up doing. If he ended up wrecking house, then you have nothing for Harley to do. That you know, no, they want to have Harley. Them, I wanted them both to do something. At the end, it just turns into Harley hitting people with a hammer for like eight yeah. goddamn pages. I'm, I'm saying, like, oh, the, all right. The reason I liked it because it was more personal to her. She had the one guy die that she, you know, was friends with. Red Tool. Red Tool. All he does is try to protect Harley. So even yeah. then, and he does that here. He he shoots that gun that just sends him out. But then he calls the police, just like he seems to, he is the guy who always gets a hold of the authorities where they come and help her at the end. He's been that the whole time. And I, I didn't mind it. I just, I wish there was more eggy in it. He just comes at the end. Uh, but yeah, I actually. More eggy, please. More eggy. But yeah, uh, the whole thing wraps up pretty quick. Yeah, that's one thing, but I oh, just yeah. this is this, almost this, to me. I, I'll tell you where I sort of liken this book to is kind of the Suicide Squad, where all of a sudden we got, and now we do have a backup, but that backup it's just thrown in there. But the actual here, we just get one story concluded, yeah. and it really did feel to me like all of a sudden we had a nice flow to it, and we had things going, even though there was a lot of her just severing limbs and things like that. It's just, we weren't jumping all over the place. And, and really, the over-the-top jokes that don't hit any – they kind of are away here. It's more Harley just going to town and kicking ass. I actually had fun with it enough. And like I said, I like the part with Red Tool that was the comedy comic relief in, a, in an issue that's more bloody than I think anything we've seen in, it's in been the a past long, yeah. time. It's more mean, bloody than we've seen in a long time. Yeah. But uh, and then there's the fight, the big fight between her and the boss. You know, the boss yeah, battle, yeah, the cannibals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like a super slugfest that goes on. Maybe a little longer than it should, but I I, I did like it. I felt like this yeah. this story was well paced, and I, I, that's what I'm saying. You know, and that's I, probably... at no point did I really feel like I was like, oh god, I can't wait till this ends. No, I was like, well, I that's the knew, problem is with, we all with... knew how it was going to end. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying with this the book, carnage. When we read Harley for the the podcast lately. I, I've been, you know, you start in the, the future with the future back, you know, the Batgirl story. And I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. in there. And then all of a sudden we'd go to this other story and that would kind of die down Sin. a little. Then we'd go to Harley Sin and that would throw things or even, off. Or we'd go, we'd go to like glimpses of this and be, and be like, yeah. ah, I, want, I kind of want That's to read what that I'm other saying. story this, more. You this know? Actually yeah, rem- yeah this like, actually yeah. reminded me of the last issue of Suicide Squad where I'm reading it. And finally, in the longest time, I got to the end of the main story and yeah. I was like, Holy crap, it's over? Okay, let's go. And that has not happened in a long time for this book, though at bits and pieces I've liked it. But I actually, like I said, it's a weird thing because it could have had more going on, but it ends the arc kind of. And, you know, you have the whole thing with that piece of shit in the mayor's office. You think she's going to get her thing, but even you get to the end that they're not going to be able to pin anything on her anyway. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, they, they do they do get they her. They kind of say, We, we leave yeah. it as if she is going to be, you know, drop dime at the mayor's but yeah, I don't yeah. think I, I think that you're right that nothing is going to come of that really. But we'll yeah, uh, and the we'll mayor's see, still guess, really. there as the big bad. You have all that. You also have uh, you know all the other things going on. It looks like the next story will be that future story that we're looking forward yeah. to. And even at the end, it's like, it made me laugh because when Egg shows up in that fucking taxi, they have that next issue, a blast from the future, and it's in the the Back to the Future font. And right. I actually thought that I looked up again like. I thought that was a taxi. I actually thought it was the DeLorean then that he showed up. Like, what the fuck they play with? Like, he just showed up. It's not you. It's your kids. Oh, no. And then they go on. 
Yes, I well, actually what, thought what was, it was. Did you guys notice all the uh, like weird New York drops in this by Harley? At one point, she she mentions Thanksgiving Day oh, yeah. parades, yeah. balloons. Then she mentions free friggin' pastrami at yep. Cats. I, I actually Polite. think oh, like that Jimmy Palmiotti, Jimmy Palmiotti wants free like, shit. He, he I, I was stuff. wondering, yeah, yeah, he's giving a holler, man, Mandarin Oriental, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, well, <laughs> I'm telling you, gotta go have the stupid Mendy's. Mendy's yeah. is the, uh, yeah, 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 I thought that was pretty weird. I'm Especially telling you, it, issues, yeah. or three years ago, we had Jewish Deli, nameless Jewish Deli. All now it's that cats. Time. They really spell up. They can say anyway. That's the thing. Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti saw how uh, excited me and Eric got when Juan Ferreira put us in that grave, but that's not going to get him shit. Instead, he's going to just name shit so he can go in. I could just say, it's like he, Eric won't even talk to Koi Fam and say, hey, you know, I'm a. Yeah, Jimmy's walking I, in I, with I'm the goddamn guy. thing. They're like, uh, do you need a menu, Mr. Punk? No, no, I just have this comic here that I mentioned to you. Uh, oh, sir, let's go to the front of the line. Oh, the and, you know, he's getting tired as well. Your, your money's no good here, sir. <laughs> just your funny books. <laughs> your funny <laughs> books. Ah, uh, yes. But, yeah, there really isn't a lot to talk about, actually, because it ends up the cannibals are pretty much dead. And and the one yep. guy you know taken care of, and the the piece of shit in the mayor's office, she gets taken away. And uh, there's Red Tool save the day, and Harley forgives him for whatever she was mad at him in, and they go off. And there you go, I'm and Ed comes like, up. I, I have loved the pacing of this book. Like Reggie's talked about this. Now that we have the backup, things have been moving a lot faster. I actually found myself taking forever to read this. I'm like the really? word balloons. Like it got very wordy for what we were getting, especially like when we got we we got done the fight with the big bad cannibal main guy. And then she goes and talks to the fucking chief of police, and then, like, it just droned on and on. And then we got with the freaking, you know, all the fucking shout-outs to all the restaurants in New York. I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. I didn't mind it. I, I thought it was pretty good. The backup, uh, you know, you have the Paul Dini backup, and that, to me, it's just, it's unnecessary. Well, one thing I want to mention is that yeah. you see it right in the first page. To the right, there's that big blow-up doll. There's a clown yeah. thing in the background. There's a big blow-up doll to the right that has, like, three buttons Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. When he's squeezing the fucking shit, yeah, sticks the, out. Yeah, it's that's, big. That, that's one of my favorite things on Earth. It's called oh, they're great. Would you want one that I big? One and I love it. That's a big one, though. I don't know. Yeah, that I know. Scare I, me. I just wanted to say that much. Other than that, it's pretty stupid. Batman tracks them back to their lair because Harley left her jacket at the other place. They're With able her to return address. She had the address stitched in. Yeah, she had the address yeah, in it. Which was pretty funny. And, the whole, and this whole time, okay. Harley's wearing her jester hat and a fucking nightie. Which nightie. Is, you know. Funny and kind of sexy. They let loose the jackals on uh, on yep. Batman and make out the back door. The hyenas and uh, hey, blow Joker's up. Joker's about to blow the place, yeah. and Harley's like, "No!" But then she busts the button with her butt and yep. uh, blows it up. But but the the hyenas and Batman get out at the last second. Everything is fine. Yeah, there yep. you go. That's it. So there the it is. End. And yeah, it, it's, that Joker it looks nice. I love that throwback Joker mobile. I like the Joker mobile. It. It's yeah. so funny. It, it's a very inconspicuous mobile that you drive around <laughs> with your face <laughs> in the front of it. It's it, yeah, you don't want that. I actually had a, a car with my face in it, and I scared kids and and women. I had to get that off. They they banned that from Quakertown. I was no longer truck at maximum overdrive. That's the thing. Yes, that that was the original design for maximum overdrive. They deemed it too scary. One with the green guy. Yeah, yeah. They said, listen, this is a horror movie, but it's not a horror show. Jesus Christ! It was called the Ooh Mobile, is what it was called. And who made who? Who made who? Yeah, I love that song. I love that. song. <laughs> song but yeah uh what did you give it reggie uh i did enjoy it and you know even the backup being not really worth anything 
I, there are lots of like about it. I like the art. I like the Joker mobile. I like yeah. the fact that it exists, so it kind of like helps out the uh, the Harley the story a little yeah. better. Although I gotta admit, looking at it now with Eric talking about it, that last page is like is like a wall of balloons. So it is a little it little is. much. But uh, I gave it a seven point five out of ten. I enjoyed it. All right, I'd go seven. I'm gonna go seven. I actually enjoyed it. I didn't even. I read through that dialogue shit except the first page. I thought there was a lot of catch up of where she yeah. was and all that. That was a little. But once it was going, I was having enough fun. I said I love Red Tour. I love that whole deal. Actually, even reminded me a bit of the scene where he got the scatapult shot over right. when he actually lost mm-hmm. his hand. Like it, and that always makes me smile. So we had that, and I, I just like an issue of this where. Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor actually just got to, you know, they just wrote one deal. They just went right through, ended this arc, and now we're going to move on because you still have two other stories they still have to wrap up uh, that we already had going. So I hope yep. that they do this. I hope that because of the backup, and like you said, it's a 15-page type deal now, and it, it's a little tighter. And because of that, I want to see this future Batgirl story. I hope that we just get that and possibly, like, one more panel, one more page of Harley Sin, just to remind people that's going to come yeah. up. But I, I don't really – and really, the Harley Sin thing, I'm not that interested in anyway. Uh, but the, cool. this – we'll see. Uh, but it, By the it way, right now, future, though, I'm all about. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that is, that's yeah, I want to see that a lot. Read, but right really now you are that. hearing a Martian popping thing. Yeah, he's going. I he's do going. Those. Nice. I, I don't think that that's what that is, Reggie. That sounds like a pacemaker. You you you, you go to Oregon for a pacemaker, possibly. Uh, I'd give it a seven out of ten. What would you give it, Eric? I would give it a six out of ten. I was really into this whole cannibal arc. I found this ending to be very lackluster and rushed because you know, I'm telling you, we have this big bad, which I was really interested in. They're taking, you know, they took hundreds, was it thousands of homeless off the street? There was this whole big thing that we never got to see, and in the end, it was just a beat 'em up slugfest, and then it's over. I'm like. Yeah, I, I didn't really want to see more, more homeless this. being And eaten. the backup to me is nothing. Yeah, I didn't want to see I, more homeless being I did, eaten li- I did like the art. But boner fuel. Yeah, yeah. Do you hear this, Reggie? What? You hear that? Yeah. You do not want to know what that is. But yeah. Right. Uh, you I, gave uh, it, what did you give it, Eric? Is Eric gone? What's that? I'm sorry. I I said, what it. did you give it? I thought he had bailed. What? Did you give it a six? Six out of ten, yes. Okay. I can see why. I, I can't argue with your score. I just, I'm telling you, it was the pacing deal uh, being tighter like that actually increased my score, and I, I didn't mind it. But yeah, the backup, I, I really, I if somebody's buying this book just for that backup, they're freaking nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. But yeah. it's 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 okay. It's very quick. It might look be good. It well, it, I assume they're going to collect the backup as its own yeah. trade. I, I bet you that's pretty good. We'll see. You know what I mean? Telling it might you, be a it, silly look story. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time to get that trade going. It's still got yeah. the backup story into July, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, yeah, right. got a while to go. All right. Well, that's that's it, Reggie. That is here. Are you doing a Young Animals thing this week? I didn't we even ask you before. We are doing an Animals thing. Okay. We are doing an Animals thing. We're going to do the year 1962. 1962. I remember that year. That was the year that I hit 52. Uh, that it was, was seven years before. <laughs> The birth yes. of the worm. Yes, it was. But yeah, uh, well, you're going to do that. What is? What was the big hit of 62? Well, the big thing would have been the debut of Spider-Man and kind of a changeover uh-huh. in 
comics at that time. You know, that was really Marvel had blossomed. They debuted. Was with that 62? I thought it was 63 or 61. I, for some reason, I, I thought it was an odd number. 61, they wrong. debuted with Fantastic Four. They came right. out with Amazing Fantasy 15 and 62. I mean, it, this is still the beginnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel, but I'm just, I, I picked that year. Also, the Cuban Missile Crisis. That is true. True that. that is true. And Marilyn Monroe died that year. How about that? That is true as well. She died in the, in her sleep nude, right? It wasn't she knew it wasn't mm-hmm. that and candle in the wind that's Bare what naked, I, as I that's what legs legs splayed I'm telling right? you no, I how, get how all we, my information was, uh, from Elton John songs that's all I get my information from I know that you probably met this one guy from New York Benny and his and his gang the Jets that I learned yeah, that from sure, there too that yeah. Benny and the Jets right that's all I learned from those things uh, but yeah we'll we'll go off to that thanks for coming Reggie. Reginald, and uh, I, I think you have a plethora of books next week. So we'll be oh, talking yeah. about a bunch of things, including what I believe is Gotham Academy. Uh, can we just stop talking about that nonsense? Uh, is that nope. possible? Sorry, we're going to take it to the end, oh, folks. That's the worst. The worst is there's edge. books that are so bad. And every <laughs> time I almost get you to say, you know what? Maybe we will stop. They announce it's canceled. And that's when you're like, nope, we got to take it to the end. Oh, I know. God, God I, damn I, I it. Am. I realize I am the goddamn worst because I do have this feeling that I I I commit to a certain thing. I have yeah. to see it through to the I end. I just but, think uh, that if if we can win a couple too. more, no, I don't want you to think I'm having a good time. It's fucking no. it's painful, but yeah, it is. This is this is why we make the big bucks. I need to do this to keep the lights on, it's guys. The clicks. Hello? Well, this is what I said in in on the site. I don't know if you saw that, Reggie, but an anonymous guy throwing crap at at Eric for not liking Nightwing. And saying, like, oh, get somebody else to review it and all this. Well, there are some books that nobody wants to touch, and we do it because, like you said, somebody's got to do it, and you're taking it to the limit like the Eagles did. And you you have to have somebody who has to, you know, talk the truth. Keep what are we going to dip into the weird science office pool and get like that's the intern to do it? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. That's what I'm saying. I said, I think <laughs> my my response to them was like, at one point, I think I did it. I'm like, I, I don't want it, and I don't think Reggie wants it. Now, I'm sure you would take it, but Eric doesn't want to give it up. He's, no. you know, it's like yeah, his prom could date. Get good. Yeah, yeah, it could get good, and he's there for it, and, you know, but, yeah. And when you know there great. are books like The Hellblazer out there, then you then oh, suddenly yeah, that, that bite wing keeps you a little warmer at night. Oh, yeah. Exactly, I'm telling you, there's bad, you know, and then there's <laughs> fucking Hellblazer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, neither of them are great dates, but at least you'd fuck the fucking Nightwing. Hellblazer, yeah. you're, fucking, you're not doing shit with that, but you might call it at 3 a.m. Put perspective, yeah. <laughs> you might call it at 3 a.m., say to come on over. But, yeah, we'll go off I then to... Constantine now, who knows what he has. That's right. Yeah, really. But yeah, we're going to go off to 1962. Once in every lifetime. to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast with uh, my name being Reggie. And my name being Chris. And we am uh, not having <laughs> Young Animal comic for reading this week. No, uh, no. 
So instead, we decided to go back on old standby and pick a year relatively at random and talk about, uh, you know, the, the events of that year and how it impacted comics. And I picked, somewhat arbitrarily, uh, the year 1962. Hmm. And quite a year it was. It was, even outside of comics. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say maybe a few things outside of comics kind of took a little precedence in the news. but uh, well, This, this is the unimportant stuff. Yeah. We'll go through that first. Uh, I'll, I'll let you handle the really unimportant stuff towards the end of the year. But uh, early on, uh, February 3rd, the United States embargo against Cuba is announced. Uh, in On March 21st, Taco Bell, the fast food restaurant chain, is founded by Glenn Taco. Um, Glenn, <laughs> I mean, Glenn Bell in Downey, California. I didn't realize that it was, you know, a, a name. somebody's last yeah. name. I just thought it was, you know, whatever, the Bell. Anyway. Uh, yeah, just a silly uh, silly statement or something. Uh, then we got uh, August 5th, we have Marilyn Monroe found dead from an overdose of sleeping pills and chloral hydrate at her home in Brentwood, Los Angeles. And then on October 22nd of 1962, the second worst thing to happen at John F. Kennedy uh, occurs. The Cuban Missile Crisis begins, and it ends six days later on October 28th. That was a fairly short crisis, but an important crisis that really did hold Mm -hmm. the world and uh, America and Europe especially in its thrall. This is when Soviet Union leader Nikita Khrushchev announced that he had ordered the removal of uh, Soviet missile bases in Cuba. He, he, there was a, he was sending nukes over, and like they were tracking a boat all the way across the Atlantic, I would, I would assume, right? Probably. Uh, on their way to Cuba, but then on October 28th, he withdrew them. In a secret deal between Kennedy and Khrushchev, though, Kennedy agreed to the withdrawal of U.S. missiles from Turkey, but they didn't have to make that public, so it looked to everyone like Khrushchev backed down to Kennedy, when in fact they made a... They compromised. They compromised, you know, believe, can you believe that? But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Never. Yeah, I mean, it, this this was intense, you know, like the, these missiles were coming closer and closer to Cuba every day, and it was on mm-hmm. the news, and people were wondering, will nuclear war break out? Because let me tell you, if they launch them from Cuba, they're going to... It's gonna a done deal. America. It's, it's, it's yeah. going to hit America, yeah. That's when they were trying to sell uh, those uh, bunkers for your backyards and stuff. Oh, for sure, yeah. And people, yeah. people bought them. Oh, yeah. Um, we had some uh, famous births. Uh, February 6th, Axel Rose, who I, I always look at as the uh, as the Rob Liefeld of, ro- of rock and roll. I think that that's uh, a very astute statement. <laughs> very, I have to say I agree with that. And uh, March 12th, uh, my favorite right fielder of all time, Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, I had to put him uh, in there. Absolutely. Uh, March 21st, Rosie O'Donnell, and October 3rd, Tommy Lee. That's right. So rockers at you know the beginning and towards the end of the year. So it was a year. Maybe he's the uh, he's the Mark Silvestri of. Uh, <laughs> he's the Yang to Rob's Ying. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Uh, the number one Billboard hit that year was "Stranger on the Shore" by Acker Bilk. Highest never grossing. Heard. Never heard of that either. I gotta say, <laughs> highest grossing film that year was "Mutiny on the Bounty." Hmm. Now, to make us all feel really terrible, let's look at some prices from 1962. Average income, well, this will make us feel better. It's only $5,556 is the average no. income. Uh, average cost of a new house, 12500 mm-hmm. Um Tuition to Harvard University, 1520 bucks. That was I was really surprised. That that's less than a single three credit course at a state university today. I mean, that's it's it's sad. And when you think about it, it's it's a fifth of the average income 
of of, of, of an, anyone in America. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, so it's so you know of a middle class income. Let me tell you, it's not a fifth of the middle class income now income oh, sure. anymore, boy. It's a six figure <laughs> uh, endeavor, no problem. Yep. Uh, average cost of a new car was three thousand one hundred twenty dollars. Gas per gallon was twenty eight cents. Milk per gallon was a dollar four, which is pretty high. That's pretty high. And uh, of course, the cost of a comic book was twelve round cents. Mm-hmm. Those are the days. Those were the days. They were. They were. Uh, in comics, we have the uh, first two Wonder Warthog stories. Uh, they appeared in Bacchanal, <laughs> a, a short-lived college humor magazine produced by former staffers of uh, University of Texas's humor magazine, the Texas Ranger, and that came out in the spring. Uh, we got this is a uh, Gilbert Shelton is uh, the guy behind this. He was born May 31st, 1940 in Houston. Uh, he'd become the editor of the Texas Ranger, which made it uh, pretty easy to get yeah, his comics. I think that you know. greased the wheels right there. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah save me page six, please. Um, now, Wonder Warthog is a parody of Superman, but not in the Mad Magazine tradition. Yeah. Uh, he was much more gritty and urbane with more social commentary and uh, kind of gross and gory scenes. I, he wasn't very pleasant to look at. Uh, <laughs> it, it really has a very like heavily inked, you know yeah. what I mean, pulpy sense to it, you know, that uh, I think is the proper look for it, but it's not, it's, yeah, sure, it's not sure. pleasant is not what I would call it. No, not in the, not in the slightest. And uh, it doesn't help that he's also an, you know, anthropomorphic warthog. So uh, he ain't a, he ain't a dude. <laughs> no. Uh, now this would be one of the early indicators of the underground comic scene that would explode out of uh, the West Coast in San Francisco just six years later. Yeah, it's, I, I just thought this was an interesting kind of like opening salvo. And there were other things, and we went into all this in our, you know, five-part underground comics series, Mm -hmm. but this was really, you know, now we're starting to see, you know, stuff in print, stuff coming out. This is like the seminal, yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, this really, in a sense, really might be the the very beginning, because then the East Village Other would do their comics like two, three years later, and then, of Mm -hmm. course, you know, Robert Crumb came out in 68. Uh, Another thing that was, you know, near and dear to my heart, also kind of related to the underground comics scene, was uh, Harvey Kurtzman's Help. Volume 2, number 1, from Warren Publishing, comes out in February. And really, I just did this to talk a little bit about Harvey Kurtzman and his interesting life. Uh, (laughs) He was born October 3rd, 1924, in Brooklyn, New York. Started working for EC Comics in 1950, primarily writing and drawing uh, parts of Two-Fisted Tales. That was their war, one of their war comics, eventually was their only one. Uh, In 1954, EC publisher Bill Gaines suggested Kurtzman start a humor magazine to supplement his income. Because he was such a perfectionist, he only did the one comic per month after a time, you know, writing and doing the layouts and usually drawing one of the stories, and he'd have other guys draw the other stories, whereas his counterpart, Al Feldstein, wrote everything else. You know what I mean? Like literally, you know what I mean? He wrote every other comic, every every other bit of it. He he was writing like five comics, and Kurtzman's doing one, so uh, it eventually took off, remember, after uh, issue number four. And it partly precipitated the uh, Comics Code Authority, but that's a whole other set of episodes that we have. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that was all part of it. By 1956, Harvey left EC to work on a magazine called Trump for Hugh Hefner of Playboy, and that lasted for two issues. But Hefner set him up with an office, and Harvey put out a magazine called Humbug with a collection of creators that had all thrown into a uh, pot, uh, pooled their money together, and that lasted 11 issues. 
Hmm. Now, uh, Help would be the only successful magazine published by Warren. Uh, it, uh, it They made 26 issues over five years. Uh, curiously, Volume 1 was 12 issues between 1960 and 1961. Volume 2 was the remaining 14 issues over three years. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Kurtzman wasn't, uh, you know, being such a perfectionist, it's uh, sometimes hard to meet those deadlines. Yeah, that, that, that part he wasn't perfect about, I think. It was yes. the other stuff. <laughs> He's a borderline profession, yeah. perfectionist. Uh, now, Help is uh, important not just for its co- comedic influence, but for its features and staff. Uh, it featured art by Robert Crumb, Jay Lynch, Gilbert Shelton, Will Eisner, and dozens more. Uh, and, of course, you know, Kurtzman's cohorts like Bill Elder, Jack Davis, John Severin, and Al Jaffe from uh, his previous ventures. Yeah, well, Mad Magazine and, you know, Humbug guys, all the, the same. Bullpens, yeah. yeah. Uh, the staff also included Terry Gilliam and Gloria Steinem. Uh, they would include Fumetti, which is the uh, is this the photo. This the is photo the photo comics. one. These aren't the Italian, Not the Italian comics. Yeah. yeah, these are uh, photo comics featuring uh, Woody Allen, John Cleese, Milt Kamen, 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 one of them. Uh, I don't know. And others. <laughs> and uh, if you're interested, you could read a bunch of old issues at HelpMag.com. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, the interface isn't great, but it's interesting to see, especially. In comparison to stuff like Mad Magazine and to see that, you know, sure. kind of created this and even went beyond that while Mad was still using his old layouts from 56. But anyway, you could check that out if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that year in February, Aquaman number one debuted. That's right. The mm-hmm. very first issue of Aquaman is in 1962, a lot later than I expected. Sure. Especially since he, the character, debuted in More Fun Comics number 73, November 1941. Created by Mort Weisinger and Paul Norris, uh, right at the very beginning of comics, mm-hmm. and he he hung around in backups and adventure comics throughout the 1950s, largely due to the will of Mort Weisinger. Remember, he did this for Green Arrow too. Yep. But basically, he created a character. He was like, "Yeah, I think I'm, we're going to keep producing this character, whether people like it or not." <laughs> uh, he he wouldn't be revealed as Arthur Curry until Adventure Comics number 260. In May 1959, and that's when he got his origin. Before mm-hmm. that, he was just like Namor, but there was less known about him. Yep. As far as I can understand, he was just like, oh, you know, he lived in the water. He, that's it. You know, he had water powers. And where did he go at night? Uh, the water. I don't know. The water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this comic in 62 would be his first solo outing, uh, written by Jack Miller, drawn by Nick Cardi. Uh, and the, the cover is pretty, I mean, it really is. Really nice Nick Cardi work if you're a fan. Oh yeah. I, what's What's weird is this was never a popular comic as far as like you know the pantheon of them, but it's really some of Nick Cardi's best work. I, I think he sure. had a real affinity for this character. Uh, worth looking at for that reason. I really only mention this though here because it illustrates to me and you know uh, to, to both of us how out of touch DC was with this budding readership. That would that was coming in the '60s. The baby boomers that were starting to uh, become teenagers and even moving on to college that were reading uh, other comics. And this Aquaman would be the only new DC title this year. Meanwhile, across the street, there was something going on. We have Amazing Fantasy number 15 came out in August, which is the first appearance of Spider-Man. Wow. Is uh, done by Stanley and Steve Ditko. I mean, that's that like almost changes the language. Absolutely, of, uh, yeah. I, comics here. Fantastic Four number one would have been the opening salvo, and that was November in '61. In '61, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So that came out. So the times they were a changing and rapidly, as as we'll see right here. 
Certainly, because uh, Marvel wouldn't stop with uh, Spider-Man. Also debuting, we had the Scrolls. They showed up in Fantastic Four number two. Uh, the Hulk, Thunderbolt Ross, Betty Ross, and Rick Jones showed up in Incredible Hulk number one. Doctor Doom in Fantastic Four number five. Hank Pym, you know, Ant-Man. Uh, Tales of Astonish number 12 and Tales to Astonish number 35. Uh, the whole Thor pantheon, I mean, Thor, Loki, Odin, and Asgard itself. Uh, Journey into Mystery number 83 and Journey into Mystery number 85. Uh, the Wizard in Strange Tales number 102 and Egghead in Tales to Astonish number 38. Had to put Egghead in there, you know. They do, Why not? They, they do pull them out now and again. But all these <laughs> all these characters that now are like, really are the, the, the some of the, you know, obviously the primary building blocks of the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe all coming out in the same year. And, you know, of course, part of that is because they were creating a new a universe, universe yeah. but you know they they were under some real constraints. Uh, Stanley and, and Jack Kirby and you know the whole uh, all the whole creative staff. There, there was a hail mary arrangement with independent news distribution in the late 1950s that restricted the number of comics Marvel could publish per month. So they were only doing like 18, I think, per month was their limit or something like that. I think it was even less than that. Was it? It, it might have been less than that because it seems like it would be less, and that's why they. I think lot, it was like eight. A lot of these were every other month, you know. Or they were and, shared. Or they, they shared, shared comics. Yeah. A lot of them, like Tales to Astonish and Journey into Mystery, eventually became mm-hmm. like a shared Thor Doctor Strange thing. Uh, And the reason independent news restricted them was because they already distributed a bunch of comics by a certain publisher known as DC Comics. So they were like, well, we don't really feel like taking on a full run, another full uh, pantheon of comics, thank you. Mm -hmm. But even with this restriction, they debuted so much exciting new material presented in this contemporary way throughout the 1960s. You know, this year is just one year it it snowballs you know the following year you got you know we were talking about it before avengers mm-hmm. the x men uh, you got iron mm-hmm. man you know that you do have doctor strange you got i mean it yeah. just it just keeps going and going and going and uh dc is like you know, still putting out Fox and Crow, and you know they what I are. mean. Like <laughs> they were just not on the ball. The, the, the Superman nope. is still like you know, uh, eating red kryptonite and uh, turning into a gorilla or whatever. Yep. Um. So you know they had this restriction, and then in 1968, Martin Goodman sold Marvel to Cadence Industries. Essentially, Marvel went from being a company hemorrhaging money to a profitable company. Is and, this the uh, parking structure people? No, I think you're thinking of um, uh, the Kinney, right? The the Kinney, Kinney meters that's guys. It, that was yeah. DC was the, sold to them, and they sold to the, Warner the crooked uh, parking people. Yeah, that was all. I mean, <laughs> God, these these this business stories behind comics are almost like more lascivious than anything yep. in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that whole story about Marvel is really a full story for another day. But mm-hmm. I mean, after '68, that is when Marvel overtook DC in sales and frankly rarely ever stopped. I was going to say know. they never look back. Really never look back, you know. There Until been, this year maybe a little bit. There, have been, it, there have been it's going to it'll ebb and flow. Uh, yeah. exactly, there's an ebb and flow, but I'll tell you the flow is largely on Marvel's side since 1968. 100%. So uh, yeah. it's uh, it's I really find this this whole period this you know beginning of the silver age fascinating and uh, just wanted to try to just Express that with the you know try try to pick one year that could express that without, without you know, showing so many different comics because you know like, yeah. like uh, there, there were new comics from DC coming out throughout the 60s but often it was like 
Binky and his buddies. Like, you know what Jerry I mean? Jerry like, Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Well, I think that was actually <laughs> still a hangover from the 50s. Oh, they, was it? Yeah, They I think were it was. still publishing. You know, they, they basically had the same publishing mentality through the that they had through the 50s through the 60s. And it didn't really apply anymore. You know, times had changed. People's attitude towards comics had changed. Yeah, and gener- new generation of readership and it, wanted something more. It took it took almost an entire elimination of DC staff uh, <laughs> in the late '60s and early '70s, you know, and then Dick Giordano to come in and bring in his new guys to uh, reinvigorate DC and make it into uh, what it was in the Bronze Age, which is really something amazing. And you know, that kind of is a segue into the comic we have coming out. Yes, this week that we're going to be talking about uh, next week on the show. We have a couple of comics. It's going to be Bug the Forager, number one, by the All Red team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not All Red. They are Mike, Laura, and Lee All Red. They're not, you know, Lee is a brother. I don't want to get weird about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing, nothing weird, yeah. And uh, Shade the Changing Girl, number seven, which I'm, or is it eight? It's, uh, uh it no, might be eight. It's eight. Yeah, it might be eight. eight. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. I did actually peek at a solicit. As I understand it, she's going to swing by Gotham City. Gotham I know, City. I know <laughs> that you're shocked that they would put Batman in a comic book or Gotham City, but they're actually going to do it finally. So that's. Uh, I am interested though to see what they're going to do with that. And then the week yeah, after that, it'll be oh. it'll be really cool to see her interacting or actually just being a part of the DC universe. Because up till now, it could have been. Not you know, it's except for the shade bits, which no, are yeah, yeah, which sometimes are its own thing anyway. Yeah, I know that that '90s vertigo because they you know they when they made that changeover, there's a little bit of mm-hmm. DCU kind of lingering around, and yeah. kind of a, the stink of DCUs and all those books. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm real interested to look at it, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, following week, we have Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye number eight, which of course. Mm-hmm. Man, they have been stringing us along with this crazy story, so we definitely want to know what happens there. Absolutely. But I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Do you have anything else for him? No, I think that'll do it. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Jim, his brilliant mind will open.
Like Fred Sanford. This here, dummy. This is mail section number four. And for mail section number four, we have Ben from Nerd Church Radio. He's going to let us know what he thinks of the books. He says, What's up, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew? Doop, doop. And you know okay. what else he wants her? He does want another sound that makes me sad. Hello, motherfucker. Uh, God damn it. Ah, uh, Brett. First of all, I have to address something Eric said on one of the more recent podcasts. It's funny because people, when they talk about stuff, they, they you can't possibly remember what the fuck podcast it was. You know, no, there's 17 not. hours. I have no idea. Hi, says, uh, you'll probably not remember it, but he said nothing good comes out of Iowa. <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir? Yeah, potatoes, right? My podcast comes out of Iowa. Uh, Just joke around with you, no hard feelings. After all, the Midwest is super boring. Also, a couple other fun facts about Iowa. Brandon Ralph, former Superman, now Captain Adam in the CW Legends of Tomorrow show, is from Iowa. Right. Yep. And Benjamin Percy is also from Iowa. You should have stopped with Brandon. You're not winning me over with You should have stopped. You know who's from Pennsylvania? Everybody important, Eric. That's right. who. Just about every Hall of Fame quarterback. How about that? Really? No, oh, there's a lot. A lot out okay. of the Pittsburgh area. You got Dan Marino. You got the Joe Montanas. You know what I'm saying. Jim, I noticed, you, I noticed you playing TV Party by Black Flag, which Eric says sounds like a bunch of retards <laughs> on one of the other shows and was wondering if you and Eric could talk about your favorite punk bands from the 70s, no. 80s. No. Black Flag is definitely up there for me. I do like Black Flag. I liked uh I liked a lot of I like the Meat Men. Uh it's funny because when I say my favorite, it's one of those that people just like Pfft. but it is the Dead Milkmen and they are from our area. I actually have True. a friend whose stepbrother was in the band at one point uh playing drums later on. Uh but I do love them. I love them so much cuz they're just goofy fun, but yeah. Uh other than that, I do like say. I mean, do people even consider the Clash a punk band anymore? Or like so. Reggie would consider Blondie that and things like that. But I do love the Clash. Uh, I like just about any music, Eric. The especially Ramones? I, or the Ramones as well. The Ramones, it's weird. A lot of people go nuts about them. I am not as big a fan as some people. I do yeah. like them, but I'm not a huge fan. But I, I mean, even like the Velvet Underground, I, I wouldn't consider a punk band per se, but I've really have gotten into them a lot more uh, recently as well. Allison Chains, a 70s, 80s punk band, Eric? Alice in Chains? No, absolutely not. (laughs) I was listening to them again last night. The Misfits? I'm not a big Misfits fan, actually. Not a huge fan. But yeah, uh, I'm telling you, the Meat Men I liked again. The Descendants are okay. I'm telling you, punk is not my favorite music. It really isn't. Um, But I did. The Meat Men, I forget what album my buddy Jay had, and they had Mr. Tapeworm was one of the songs that made me giggle. It made me giggle a lot. Plus, it was like 
Uh, a lot of homophobic shit on that. That again, when I was nine or ten, it did make me giggle. Now I realize it was awful. But it was, it was all like cartoony shit. And stuff. I don't know where I'm going with this. I feel like I'm Digging making myself look like an asshole. Okay, enough bullshit. Let's talk about this week's books. First off, right. is the Flash Twenty One. He says, because I'm a, g- a generic fuck and a basic bitch, I'm going to talk about the big event book first. It was pretty good, but I still kind of get the feeling that not much happened. Yes, we found out that the Flashpoint world was kept around by some mystery person who was trying to hurt all the heroes. I think he meant Batman 22. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know uh, what the, the hell was DC going on. So that is, it isn't that big of a reveal. I do kind of get the feeling that Dr. Manhattan is not working with Mr. Oz here. I think it's something like the anti-monitor. Dr. Manhattan just doesn't care enough about humanity to bother messing around with Mr. Oz. And the anti-monitor is one of the only cosmic beings in the DCU I know of that would be able to pull that shit off. But uh, he did. all stupid fanboy theories aside, the book was good. Not great, but not awful. 7 out of 10, in my opinion. Maybe a 6-5. See? There yeah. you go, Eric. Not everybody thinks that it's a goddamn fucking 10. Travis. Uh, but the, the other the other thing is I'm really going with the whole idea. I know I keep saying Dr. Manhattan. I'm really going with the idea that it's a big switcheroo. This is an so M. Night Shyamalan to, to trump all M. Night Shyamalans, that he is going to end up being one of the Shyamalan heroes. this way before. I haven't. And I, I do think he's going to end up being one of the heroes at the very end. And to the point where, in my mind, they'd be trying to convince him to even get involved for the Seriously. longest time. But Green Lanterns, Jesus Christ, I'm so happy to finally be getting back to the Volthum Rami stuff. I agree with that. It's taken Sam Humphreys long enough. I think that maybe he had to wait for the Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps series to get to the point where he could do a crossover with them. So he just filled in their time with the Dr. Polaris stuff. That's actually not a bad theory. It's not a bad theory at all. Yeah, it's not. That's just my guess, but who knows. The art in this book was pretty cool. My only complaint with it was the way they wrote Jessica Cruz acting like a teenage girl sometimes. What about the space sticker, goddammit? Decent book, 7.5 out of 10. Oh, my Uh. God. And just the... uh, the teenage girl stuff, I'll, I'll go with with the, I saw aliens. Oh, my goodness. Stop, God damn it. Oh, I just that. Look at what I saw. I saw aliens, and I saw a solar flare. Ooh, and there was a cute boy named Kyle, and he likes me. Stay away from him. He's a player. Yes, he is. And finally, next thing she's going to be in a goddamn fridge. Finally, Bane Conquest. Because it's an event book, and it's apparently deserving of people's time, I don't know. I really wasn't a huge fan of this book. Well, he's saying, I I do get the idea. It is only a 12-issue maxi series. But with Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan involved, it is a little more important than just, say, uh, the death of of uh, what's it, Hawkman. Hawkman. You know what I'm I'd saying? I'd say that Hawkman seem... was way more important. I don't think so. The way they're pushing it, first off, I, I can tell you right now that I know why they think Bane Conquest is more important. They gave it 12 issues. They only gave the other one six. It can't be hey, that. It's come back. No, no. They, I'm telling you, they think that this whole thing with Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan is the fucking bee's knees. They, they want, and they I, think I that people are going to be begging for it. By issue 10, who is buying this book? Who's laughing at me? <laughs> I hate them. It's apparently deserving of people's time. I don't know. I really wasn't a huge fan of this book. Neither was I. I can't really put my finger on it. I can. It was boring. Just some of the dialogue felt super forced and bad, and the art was nothing special in my opinion. Also, when is this book supposed to be taking place? Pre-I am Bane? Pre-Rebirth? Other worlds? Any idea on this? No. Chuck, you well, never that's, got back that's, No, Chuck doesn't like Eric. 
Yeah. He, he saw Eric Shea sending him a note. He fucking laughed. He said, singing his praises for 20 Let that guy years. dangle in the wind. I don't give a shit. Okay, that's long enough. Thanks again for all the shit you guys put out. I appreciate the hell out of it. And you guys are entertaining as fuck. Ooh. Entertaining as fuck, Eric. Stay safe. I, I always used to laugh because my one buddy would always use the phrase, man, that's fun as shit. Yeah. What, what, when is shit fun? I mean, I, I enjoy a good shit sometimes. It's Man, not this is fun. cold as hell. Holy. This, he would just say it's cold as shit. Everything was at shit. It's hot as balls. Jesus Christ, it's cold as shit. Whoa, what happened? It's it's hot as shit. It, it, it's hot <laughs> as balls, Jim. It's body temperature It's hot as balls. I fucking, yeah, my balls get pretty hot and sweaty. I'll, I'll give you that. Right. Yeah, man, that's as, as nonsense as fuck. Yeah, I'm this telling you, cool I don't remember. Fuck. I don't remember. Stay safe and keep on reading those sweet, sweet comic books. And that has been from the Nerd Church Radio Podcast. I've got to live my life. Hoo-wee. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. And in fact, Thanks, ben. ben got a spotlight of his own because that was the only email of this section. And we're going to move off to more books. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. Find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. Ah, uh, yes, that might be the most shade-throwing one. It just keeps repeating it. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. I know, uh, I don't either. Unfortunately, though, uh, for Dancing Mike's song, uh, this section of books is pretty much all you. Actually, sure it, ends, it ends with me. But uh, Nobody the first cares two books, about you either. The first two books are all you, and it's going to start with what used to be my favorite character of all time, yeah. Eric. But I, I put that on hold for now, which is weird because a lot of people, when we do these reviews, and this is Nightwing, when we do the reviews and stuff, and I, I tweet them out, we get a lot of the, man, and this happens with any book, but it, this week it did happen with Nightwing, where somebody's like, man, Nightwing's kicking it on all cylinders, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're not going to like that review that Eric Shea wrote, and I not agree with Eric. And then we, and then all of a sudden on the site, we get an anonymous person who's like, oh, great. Uh, why do you even review this book? Give it to somebody else because all you say is the same thing. So next week, you know, next uh, two weeks, issue 21 is going to say this and have the thing. And number one, if it is somebody, <laughs> if it's somebody who listens to the podcast, uh, if you go on the site, I, I rarely like to get in fights with people, especially on the site. It's just, That's not good business, Eric. But the, the thing is, you come on as an anonymous. I do not have any respect for you. I don't have any so and it's a shame for me to say this because a lot of people do come on as anonymous and say hey you know what I love you guys or whatever I just wish those people would just attach a name to it or you know whatever I know that not everybody I think to actually have that for the most part if you're not on blogger or not blogger uh google plus, google plus yeah it, it, it you're not really in there but it seems like the people who come in just to be jerks are just there to they they hit anonymous so that they can be assholes or whatever. I just I don't have time for that nonsense. And really to say, oh, why don't you get somebody else to? You want to review it because I feel the same. I might be even lower. 
a score than you on on these issues. Uh, and also, if the, this person who said that you're always bitching and moaning, you go back three, four issues, we were both having a good time. When, when Nightwing first got to Bloodhaven, we thought it was something cool. Now, going back to Bloodhaven is nothing new. This no. is obviously... But the the runoffs, things like that, that actually was a that that was 100% Tim Seeley. You know yeah. what I mean? It was something new and it was something fun. He is just so concerned with grabbing other people's stories and trying to turn them into what's got. It is too much. And this, if what I'm saying in this, this basically, this whole arc that we're finishing here is basically. Grant Morrison, and he it's hints at Grant Morrison's uh, Batman and Robin, where Dick was, you know, His Batman, Hurt. And, and yeah, Dr. Hurt there. It's like all these Grant Morrison's things, and that's okay when you have a writer who gives a little shout-out, but a whole goddamn arc based on the shit, it, it just gets too much. It really is too much. Like I said, you have a thing where all of a sudden me and you are writing Batman Superman back in the New 52. And right. we have a we have a two-issue thing or a one-issue one-off or something like that where new gods are involved. All of a sudden Orion comes in because we want to little, give a little wink because you love Jack Kirby, Eric. You're really? a huge fan. But just that, but basing a, a whole goddamn arc on stuff like that and basically every time i see in this with damien saying we were the greatest whatever now you are you're ripping off even later in batman incorporated and i just can't i just i'm bored with it and it's not doing anything in this whole hocus pocus of this mind fuck thing that grant morrison does i know we're not huge grant morrison fans right but at least we you know i don't need grant morrison light I have enough problems with regular Grant Morrison, but having this fucking knockoff shit, it, it just, I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. And Tim Seeley seems to just keep doing this throughout the, the whole rebirth where he's grabbing everything from other people. And I just, I don't understand it. And this issue really, as an end of an arc, and it just, everything ends with basically just like, oh, it wasn't what you thought, and there you go. It's nonsense. But let's get into it, Eric. Nightwing number 20, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Javier Fernandez, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Manguel. Dick is forced to fight through some bad dreams where he's become Deathwing thanks to Dr. Hurt's Hurt's magical mumbo-jumbo after sacrificing Damien in the previous issue. Only thing, though... Damien's fine, so nothing makes sense. So Dick breaks free of his nightmare. The Delatron Deathwing takes revenge on Dr. Hurt by stabbing him with a blade of nothing, causing the whole temple they're in to collapse for some reason. And in the end, Sean Sang isn't pregnant and needs some space from our hero. Yeah, everything in this is convenient to get the story to point A to point B to C that it doesn't make sense. Like you said, what's happening seems to have been caused by Damien being sacrificed. Yeah. He's not sacrificed. No. And why he wasn't is explained in the most hokey way. I've, I he my can, liver. I can shift my organs. Really? That's fine if you go with it. But really, that's what you're going with so that you have that. Then in the meantime, what is Dr. Hurt's endgame here? What is he uh, trying somehow, to do? He's trying to make him a weapon for whatever demon he was talking yes. to in that freaking prelude to like but last he's trying to he is trying open. to make he's trying to make Dick a a servant, 
a, a right. weapon, correct? Correct. Why in this dream suddenly? Because this seems to be something that Dr. Hurt can kind of control or is doing to make him into this. All, of a, sudden, Damien, all of a sudden, Damien shows up in the dream and starts <laughs> going against what's going on. I'm like, is the, why? What, what's going on? Then you have the whole thing with the knife. And what is it the called? The blade Eric? of nothing. The blade of nothing. Well, it ends up nothing because they have a convenient fucking collapse of the thing with the knife in there. Because really, this knife where you get cut and you can see the future and past the and other realities the and the dark deal, you, you, they they don't have anything else to do with it. So it disappears. And then you end at the end where we find out that Sean, and this is just a quick thing before we just go through it. At the end, you get the convenient thing of, oh, Sean's not pregnant. Okay, I need some space. Okay we won't see you for a while there you go there's it's just it's complete and utter force nonsense and people seem to be eating it up and i don't understand why do I? I just don't understand because nothing in this issue gets me excited it doesn't get it's just it's complete force nonsense uh, i will but, tell you though the fucking one the biggest problem i always have with this book is javier fernandez's art and yeah, this issue, no i, I like the art i actually it. like the art in this yeah. issue i do i think it, it, it maybe we're just used to it maybe. but i think he has done better with the characters i think that he does a good job like even at the beginning where you have dick uh laying there he's like sitting there before the the crazy after the death wing stuff when right, you right. go and see what's really happening and dick is on his knees you have damien that damien there fucking good, good. There, yeah. there is no problem i'm telling you that doctor hurt looks really good and even dick in the background his face is fucked up but it's supposed to be yeah. does not look bad it, it really does this is his best issue i think he's been on i would say and so so it starts off and basically you have him in this mind fuck where he thinks that he's this bad this is his he, future bad self exactly in, in this future death. bad self he is going after professor pig it's five years in his mind after yes. robin was killed by dr hurt and he's yep. going after the people that were responsible for it and he's finally caught back up with professor pig and he's going to kill him here yeah, and we immediately see then that it's just this whole mind fuck going on. Yeah, in Dick's and, and head. even this, like, and I'll say, even the Deathwing uh, in that page looks yeah. pretty good. It looks really good. But I'm wondering, like I said, why I asked you what the end game is and him trying to make him this like soldier. Or well, this the whole thing. thing, like the whole mind's fuck, where they try to explain it away. I don't know how it works in the long run, but the whole idea that Doctor Hurt gave us in the last issue, I think it was, is that you have to go to hell and crawl your way back in order to be yeah. this fucking thing that he wants him to be. Yeah, and I'm like. What what is the end game? Because he did crawl his way back by you know fighting Damien as Nightwing in this future yeah, version, yeah, yeah. and like realizing that he does have a heart and he can fight like you know, not be this thing. Or is it that he has to go and like you know is crawling back through hell? The fact that he has to kill all the people. This is involved. what I'm saying. Like it's weird because he seems to be killing every like the end game to me seems like if this all went through. Is the end game is he gets to Dr. Hurt and kills him. Like, this is the rite of passage yeah. because, really, to me, avenging your, you know, brother's little brother's death is not something that makes you worse. You know what I mean? It is killing, which he's not yeah. supposed to do. But I don't think that him going and killing Professor Pick because he was the one who led to Damien dying would actually make him into a awful person that could be controlled then. You know what I mean? This is where I don't get it. I really don't get the whole thing. I would think that what you would do, you get him with this thing. He's in this trance, and he actually thinks that he's the one that led Damien to be killed. 
But instead, he's there avenging it, and this is the dark path he'd lead. And it's just just nonsense. It really is nonsense. And especially when it gets to the end, when you find out that Damien was never even sacrificed. He's alive. I'm telling you, the whole thing is that when we ended the last issue, it looked like Dr. Hurt had sacrificed Damien. And when Dick saw us, it caused him to fall into hell. It seemed like fall through the floor, like his soul was poured into hell. But as we see it here, he's just in a goddamn day, so none of that really made any goddamn lick of sense. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. But uh, in the meantime, Sean is there with Deathwing, and we were worried about that the whole time. I was so worried. I, d- I don't mind this because you know why? It's because I said it earlier. We like the runoffs thing. This yeah. does make a callback to that. Like the way she's treating Deathwing to me is how she was, she treated the people who were in the runoffs where they were villains and they wanted to go. And she even calls out, Hey, I was a villain. I didn't like what I did. I decided to, you know, become a different person or whatever. Uh, but it, it ends up doing nothing in I'm the end. You, though, you know I what I mean? I could not really get a hold of this whole thing because, you know, yeah, she was working with these old villains, like former villains, yeah. this whole runoff fucking group session, shit like that. If they had gone and killed somebody a few hours before, I don't yeah, think she'd she be talking to him. I know, but again, you know, here's I was the a thing. villain too. You used to deface some fucking property. No, you here's not the a thing. Villain. Listen, she's like got a, she's talking right the talk, Eric. Yeah. She may not fully, you know, she may still be scared of him. I just like it in general. She ended up doing this runoffs thing because she did change herself, yeah. but also that she seemed to care a lot about people. So I understand she's a more caring person. She would do this. This is a villain, like you said. I don't think that there's any redemption for what this this guy did what nightwing did he even he even spelled it out of what he did uh to that little robin i i can't remember i dinesh yeah he even says i'll never be able to you know work this out i'm gonna have to kill myself but she's like listen you know what i was bad it'd be funny too it's like you're in jail and you know the one guy's like you know what i murdered seven people and i did this what'd you do I, I illegally downloaded some Taylor Swift songs because basically all she did was she was tagging places. Yeah, she's maybe rob stuff and tag shit. <laughs> yeah, not a big yeah. Deal. She, she's not like I, I get the idea that she's like, listen, I was bad too. Uh, Deathwing, really? What did you do? <laughs> you, you know that statue in Gotham, the one of uh, the mayor Haiti? I ended up uh, fucking spray painting it. Really? I'm telling you, the worst part about this, it actually reminded me of the conversations I ever with Wrong Turn where he tries to tell me he was a bad yeah, kid. Yeah, he was a bad the, kid. The worst thing he ever did is he was in a store, opened up a soda, took a sip, and put it back. Yeah, yeah, like, that was his that worst was the thing. the sweetest thing I ever it's heard. Still, you, little it's, still, it's still upsetting him, too. But yeah, at this point, he's fighting like, a guy who know says shit he, about bad yeah, kid. He, he's fighting a, you know, himself, it looks like, but it ends up being Damien. He knocks that. And it's, again, the way it's called out, it's very similar to Luke. With the yeah. uh, Darth Vader in the tree, where all of a sudden the helmet breaks open and he sees that it's Damien. Now, I will say right away, uh, we were talking about how great the art was. The problem is when he breaks open the helmet, it's not one of those moments when you're like, holy shit, that was Damien. I had no it, idea. It, I thought it's it was like, dick as Rob. First off, like it's that. an older version. So you know, but yeah, he has the thing. I don't. But yeah, that art was a little off, but it was Damien that he was fighting. And that's when he's there. And the whole time he's in this, on his knees, in this place where Dr. Hurt's there talking. And it's it's so weird because he's like, Damien, I thought you were dead. And he's in this trance doing this. And there's Dr. Hurt. No, it's a trick. <laughs> Not another <laughs> why, trick. Why are you getting involved, Dr. You, you're ruining your whole deal here. But uh, <laughs> I will, I do want to point out again, we've talked about it, where Dr. Hurt, uh, 
the crazy mask and things like that. That is a callback to Thomas Wayne uh, when he had the uh, costume party and things. Yeah, I just the masquerade because ball. At points, I still hear people yelling about how ridiculous it is. But, yeah, it's a it's a legacy call-out of what Dr. Hurt was. But, really, I'm telling you, he is he is going against his own plan yelling shit because, yeah, yeah he's like, no, it's a trick. Well, why are you saying this? Because, it, to me – that's what you want to have exactly. happen. If, if he goes and he kills this fucking Damien thing, you separate yeah. him from everything he's fighting yes. for then. But now like, he's given you, up. Like, right? It's the whole thing. Like he fucking he, – I can't even figure this out. Damien is talking to him, talking about, you know, you are a mockery of your former self. you got to fucking break free of this whole thing. I'm like, why is this a part of the hell spell that he fucking put on goddamn Nightwing? Yeah, I just like, – I'm telling you, he kills Damien in his dream, it looks like, in this, in this fucking hellish dream that he's in, this trance. That should be the end game. This should be where he breaks him, where, Dame, where Dick in his mind thinks, you know what? I am a piece of shit that is bound to become that bad. Uh, and even if it, it turns around into a meta thing where he says, holy shit, I did. I was the one who killed Damien because I couldn't protect him and all of this. Dr. Hurt yelling, no, it's a trick, makes no goddamn sense because then what happens is in the, this trance, Damien comes to and starts telling him, yeah. like, yeah, no, because it's Damien then in his dream when he's fighting right, back. Right, right. And he's like, Dr. Simon Hurt broke you bit by bit until your foundation foundation fell away and stuff like this. And I'm wondering, where are you going with this whole thing? It's just going – because then it becomes the I'm the bro- blood of Bruce Wayne. But why have that trick being in there that actually leads to him breaking Snapping free of all of it, this yeah. stuff? This is what I don't understand. This is why I'm like, boy, Dr. Hurt, you are your own worst enemy because this, what this he whole says spell, – This whole nightmare world he's in, he's like fucking Damien is lecturing him and at the end he's like – I've been hurt. I've lost people I've loved, but that's not what makes Robin because it isn't what makes me. And he breaks out of it and fucking, yes. I've never been myself. I've never let myself be defined by tragedy and fucking knocks hurt, like punches him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, it's, we're, we're done with the trance now. And I'm like, what was the point yeah. of all this? Like, I, that's what I'm saying. And why the, the, seems like the point where things changed was when Dr. Hurt yelled to him, it's just another trick, and it just went from there, and I just don't understand it, because, yeah, he breaks out of him and punches fucking Dr. Hurt in the face, <laughs> and then they just going, and now in this in this moment still, he still thinks that Damien's dead, and, uh, the, and he's even still on top upset. Of that, I don't know what happened to Sean, because all of a sudden, Sean is right Sean's next just to them, there. Fucking, fucking the, uh, yeah. the altar where they sacrificed Damien. I'm like, yes. what the fuck? What, I know, what well, this is way? where I said earlier, everything is just to get to the next point it's just to get from point a to point b nothing's explained nothing really makes sense the whole thing with this dream sequence trance deal in hell is just to make you think that oh man this is uh you know this is crazy this is uh, mind tricks here and oh my goodness you're so deep and it's not to me it's just filler and nonsense because like you said it ends up with ridiculousness i actually ended up with thinking that dr hurt was just gonna fucking admit like man i am a piece of shit and kill him. so I, I actually i had no idea what, what was going on but in the meantime sean just shows up to be there to say oh my god robin he's still alive and then dick goes over and it's like oh my god well now how does all of this work no, when you were alive is it just the, the blood now the sacrificial like the fucking state like this 
The sacrifice of Robin is what causes Spell to go yes. over Dick. So if he hasn't been sacrificed, how does any of this work? Or yeah, is the and it's this that he hasn't been sacrificed yeah. is why this, the trance was and wrong. And it's one of I those that if the trance ended up changing because then Sean went and realized she could bring him back to life somehow, and that's what did it. But they go over, and there's Dick's like, you're alive. Oh, man. And and there's Damien, and it's the generic Damien. Grayson, you are an idiot. Now, really, uh, he said this a lot of times when Dick yeah. has done some things. He says it to everyone. He says it to Jason, whatever. Uh, here is the idiot because Dick didn't realize that Damien was in a, ch- a trance repairing damage because he shifted his liver out of the way from a knife. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I would never assume that that happened. So I no. can't say you're an idiot. And he's like, I'm the heir of – and he says, you can do that? And the explanation is – I'm the heir to the mantle of the Batman. Of course I can. And then okay. you move on. And um, that is such a forced deal that it's just nonsense. It is complete nonsense. And that's you want some Dr. more nonsense. It seems like no. Dr. Hurt is also alluding to the fact that he knows this big bad rebirth is coming around. And that he's scared of it. And that's why he needed yeah. to turn Nightwing yeah, into that, a weapon. And that's so- where, yeah. That's what he he claims that that's what he's doing. Basically, he wants to turn Nightwing into a weapon to protect the world because of this big bad coming. That Nonsense. scared him. Nonsense. That's where Deathwing shows up, and he's like, and again, this makes sense. He he would be pissed. He's now yeah, he's, fully he realized that, that that Doctor Hurt has completely fucked him completely and made him a killer. What, what he is can't the point come of back this knife and nothing, this blade of nothing? Because when like you know, know. Dick Dick cut him with it, and then he saw his dark future. It was like you saw yourself, and then he realized yeah. like. How how is this the thing now? Like you knew what you were before. Like how is that's seeing a, that's dark the best. Future? We didn't even say that. It's almost like you know you get stabbed and realize that down the line you're just going to be Deathwing still. You're already a piece of shit. Yeah. You should know what. What do you think you're going to get stabbed with this thing? And you're the goddamn Pope John Paul. Uh, you know he's there. He's all upset now. I do like the idea that this is just him. Like you know what? I'm going to take it to the guy who fucked me, and he yeah, really did. He stole he my ruined, life. Even he though stole this is what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, I know. that, But he's pissed off and he's fighting. And they're just going. And that's where Dr. Hurts, you're nothing more than a dry run. And then they're just going. And he has the goddamn knife. And he stabs Dr. Hurt with it. And that's when Sean's like, no, Deathwing. Because, uh, you know, because of their three-second talk, she thought that she had, re- you know, made him decide on a better path. Uh, but, yeah, they just stab each other. Yep. Uh, shit's gone wrong. All of a sudden, because of this, the whole goddamn place starts crumbling. They Indiana Jones their way the fuck out in one panel, and they're done. And the whole and thing the collapses. And the temple collapses into a, a symbol collapses. of Nightwing. The, the fucking thing is a symbol of Nightwing, and it looks like it's miles fucking long. Like, they got out just in time, but it, it, it's not. It's ridiculous. Uh but this is where you get the fool, and they're back in Bloodhaven. And I do like the beginning of this because I do – I know the way it is. I, I have had this happen even with just I have not, being, thank God. And that's the thing, though. I'm talking about even as I was married. Eh, you know, I probably should admit it, but there were times in some of the kids – I'm not going to name names, Logan – where uh, <laughs> we thought that Tanya might be pregnant again. And it's one of those things of – Boy, I, I really – I hope it is, but boy, that's going to cause some issues. You know what I mean? It, it's not just – this is not just a single man thing. I'm sure that there's a lot of people. They get married and, you know, you have some plans. Hey, we're going to have a kid in five years. We're going to have fun now. We're going to get our career. We're going to save some money. And in, in a year and a half, your wife comes and like, I'm late, and you're nervous and wondering. And you do have that feeling of almost guilt because you think – 
Oh, I kind of hope where she's not pregnant this time, but, you know, I kind of wouldn't mind it and things like that. And he does have that. And I think that that was a pretty good deal. So the only right thing I have that's quick. in relation to this at all is me sitting at a bar with a buddy of mine and this this married girl that I was banging on the side. She came up to me and told me she was pregnant. I said gross and then excused myself to the bathroom and started counting on my hand. So fucking yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All right, when was the last time I'm like. All right, thank God it's not mine. Yeah, and, and again, went back to the this bar is, and ordered another beer. This is something though that it's a little different because if if <laughs> if they have the kid here, if Sean is pregnant, you get the idea. Dick's fully in; he's going to yeah, be yeah. a father, and but he doesn't know if he should be excited or nervous, whatever. I thought that was really good, but it, she's not. It's no. negative. She's like, and within two panels, she basically tells him to get the fuck out. <laughs> she's like, oh. It's negative. I'm not pregnant. And then she's like, can I have some space? Why didn't she want space fucking two weeks ago when they were in goddamn fucking a temple? It's just weird. Uh, But then it's basically like, okay, she was just a set piece. She was just something to use to get people all excited that that Dick might be a father. She's not now. See ya. And we may not see her for a while now. It just seems that way. I do like this one little bit, though, at the end when Damien and him are talking because he does say, and I, I think that this is no, this, where... This is the best part of the book. Yeah, and I think this is where Tim Seeley should be doing this sort of thing. Instead of trying to recapture the Grant Morrison, Batman, and Robin, and I, I do suggest, I'm telling you, I'm not a huge Grant Morrison fan, but I was, I've was i been reading the Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison. It's really good. And if you like this, uh, this Tim Seeley stuff, I think you'd really like it. I suggest going and reading it. See, I'm one of those guys, is... I'm telling you, for the, I feel like the minority here where I read that freaking run for like, uh, I don't even know, I, I read a yeah. trade of it, and I never liked Dick as bad. Yeah, well, you didn't like him, that skinny deal and, and, and then stuff he had, like he that. He came off, look. he just talked like Nightwing, though, like the, yeah, the yeah, freaking wisecracks and shit like that. Actually, I liked it. I just liked it because he was thrust in there without yeah. really being prepared. He just threw in. But I do like this because instead of trying trying to ape the Grant Morrison stuff. This is the thing that's beyond that. This is what happened after where he says, you know what? When Batman came back, I kind of wanted you to still be my partner. I still wanted us to be Batman and Robin, but I didn't because I didn't think I was ready to to be a dad to you. And, and obviously Batman was a dad. Very presumptuous. And I really and I really do I really do like that though. I really like that you get a little of what he thought after. And I'll tell you where we said that we like the art a lot. I know you're going to fucking make jokes with me, but I love when you see Dick and, and Damien on that, that side of the, uh, the, what's it called? The roof. The roof? Where yeah. And I love seeing little Damien's legs. They're barely sticking out there, like sticking over and Dick's are so, I'm like, that's me and you doing the podcast, <laughs> you fucking jerk. But I didn't I, do anything. I just love seeing that because in that while he's talking to him, that's one of those things, Eric, that when when I make the joke of art and story coming together, I really like that because at that point, Damien is just a little kid and you have to be reminded of that where he – again, when he said, when your dad came back, there was a moment I thought it would be better for you if if you stayed with me as my partner. And then Damien's like – really and then he's like yeah yeah but then i thought i was too young uh you know and too untethered and it makes sense he was too young to be a father figure to damien they'd probably just go off and get killed uh but i also like the fact that dick also makes damien uh, admit that the reason because damien says you know what I'm I'm kind of sorry. I came here. I, I kind of fucked around. I came here because when he came there, it was just to fucking yell at him about how he was the heir of Batman. That's and that he read on he was, Twitter. 
Yeah, and, and shit like that. So when he got there and he says, you know, I apologize. I shouldn't have come. And Dick basically makes him admit, you missed me, didn't you, the little guy? And I Don't like that anybody. because I'm telling you, D- Damien loves Dick so yeah. much. Damien can't get enough of Dick, Eric. He wants to. <laughs> and the thing is, I love that aspect. I'm telling you, I, I love their interaction. But when it's forced us to try to reconnect you to that Batman and Robin, well, when that's why I said this one. Group, I liked it, it a little better. I liked it a little better here because this seemed like beyond that. And then it ends with Damien yelling, "You know what? We're still the greatest." I'm like, "You motherfucker! You, motherfucker. you just You're lost everything there. I did." But I, I still, even going from this and talking to people, you know what we're talking to people now. This is where I think down the line you have to remember that this is one of those things where you see the the setup for if shit goes wrong with Damien, Dick's the first one that fucking flips it. But also you have to realize that this sets up also when Damien fucks up, Dick is the one who is the one who goes and he's the big brother that goes right. and tells Damien to knock it the fuck off and is really the only one who Damien will really listen to. And I'm saying even Batman. That when, when Batman goes to Damien and says, you know what, you can't be out at night, Damien's going to go out at night because yeah. he's going to, that's the authority figure or whatever. He does listen to Dick and he does do what he says and he does respect him more than anyone. And I do like them together. You don't have to have every issue where you're like, you know what, we were the greatest because we've seen this over and over and over. Uh, up until that point, I love their talk, though. I really, really like their talk. Uh, no, just I as it an it's extension. It's an extension that is from the Batman and Robin of Grant Morrison, not a let's pretend we're doing this like when they showed up at the beginning and had the same, you know, the old Batmobile and right. all this. Yeah, well, you know, if you read the other stories, they are you superior to this. Yeah, we don't need that. But that is about the issue. What did you give it there? I gave it a 5.1 out of 10. I, I'm telling you, I did not mind Javier Fernandez's art in this. I even liked the ending to this book. But overall, this arc and this finale to this arc is fucking nonsense. You didn't get anything out of it except Sean's not pregnant. The end. Yeah, yeah. I actually might I, – I said earlier that I didn't – I'd probably like it less. I actually like it a little more, but I'll only give it a 5.5. Five. I, I right. could even go as high as a 6 because of the end. But things don't make sense, and it I'm just, looking through. Do you still thing. have the book open? No, I just took. No, uh, at the one point, if people had it open or were looking through, when Deathwing and Doctor Hurt are fighting, at one point the knife, the knife of knife of nothing, the I believe nothing. it's the blade of nothing, actually ends up looking like a big dildo with two balls on it. I don't know if you saw. It looks <laughs> at, because basically it's the hilt, but it's so weird the way they spell it. I think they were mixing in a little balls and dick. But yeah, I just at the end of the day, it just meant nothing. This whole, especially with Sean at the end saying, "You know what? I didn't think that she was going to be pregnant. I kind of hoped she would have been." I was hoping as well. I don't think. I think that if this was maybe the '90s, possibly, and not this sort of time now, I do think she would have been pregnant, would have been killed. And you would have had the whole thing that he would have been a father. But you, you, I, I really – it's a shame. I don't think you can tell stories like that anymore without people getting all fucking fired up. So I do think that that would have been the deal. But you, you let us on for all this time for her not to be pregnant, which is okay. But for her to in this next sentence say, I need some space. I want to do my art. And then it just seems like, okay, you were just there to fucking false tension again. It's all yeah. fucking nonsense, all smoke and mirrors. So and I'm just saying, all the story me. with that didn't make a lick of sense with that fucking, you know, the goddamn, you know, trance because Damien was sacrificed even though he wasn't. And the blade but of Eric, nothing he shifted a- his organs. And, oh. and Dr. Hurt thought he was dead, so doesn't that count? 
Oh, yeah, and he was, in a, he was in a trance to let his organs heal. <laughs> Nonsense. But we'll move on to the next book, which is another one of your books that surprisingly I've not been too hip on. I actually didn't mind this issue. Yeah, it's not bad. The Fall and Rise of Captain Adam, number five, written by Kerry Bates and Greg Wiseman, with art by Will Conrad, Ivan Nunez, and Seda Tamafante. Yeah. Captain Adam spends some time with his son in this issue while the new villain Ultramax makes his new powers useful by going after the people who may have snitched on him to the FBI that got him locked up and put on death row in the first place. Eventually, Ultramax and Captain Adam's paths cross when Nathaniel goes to General Island after he discovers that the government is watching his kid and Ultramax goes to the general because apparently he got the killer to take someone out years ago before ratting him out to the feds. Yeah. And I, I like the setup of this because basically, if you're going to get the, the you know the uh, synopsis of this, but like you said, uh, Ultramax, which I do like the name, and I like that he likes it too. He's all happy with himself that yeah, he I'm has this name. Uh, but yeah, he's going around, and he doesn't know who's saying it. Makes sense. The guy was on death row. He was in stasis uh, when Captain Adam went fucking Five nuclear. Five years ago. Yeah. And so he's been sitting there in the moment before he would have been put to death. And again, if he was thinking then, but even before then, he's in jail for a bit before he goes to the chair. And he wanted all that time, had to have been just sitting there stewing on who the fuck turned me in. I'm so when he about act- his past client list yeah. that led up to the fact so, that he And he knows out. that somebody snitched on him. So when he gets out, it makes total sense that he's going to go back and he's going to kill them all. At least, he goes, and it's funny too, because he he could leave them alive if he believed them. He's just killing everyone. He's got and I do. Bets. And at one point, I there was a couple times in this book where I started getting a little bit wary of what they were saying because I thought at one point – they were going to pretend that nobody would know that it's this, you know, Ultramax. But they do spell it out. Oh, you know what? He was in the vicinity. I like that because he is not being any careful. You know what I mean? He's not covering his tracks. He doesn't no, care. No, no. He is a supervillain who's going to kill everybody that he thinks wronged him or possibly could have. Makes sense. And he goes back and it all is that he had these clients, a client list of people who set him up to go and kill That's people. Before he got locked up, he was a hitman. And yeah, he, he was a hitman. People who contacted him to kill people. And one of these people, you know, freaking put together evidence that got to the FBI that led to a raid. Yeah, eventually. Uh, and it's funny, too, because he was at the trial. So you would think that the case that really put him away might have been the one that – you know what I mean? If I yeah. hired you to kill somebody at the 7-Eleven and you go to trial and they're like, okay, you killed this guy at the 7-Eleven, this, this, and this happened, I think you might be able to figure out it was me. Uh, but in, in the meantime, they gave somebody – and somebody was let – you know, gave immunity because these other people that he's killing – this is where I do actually like this because these other people who are he's killing, pieces of shit. They yeah. actually had, had hired him to kill people. The one that was their husband and whatever. And uh, he just goes through and just rips through these people. Like I said, I like the fact because at first I thought that they were going to make it that nobody knew. The, because they even say there's no connection really, but he's there. So at least he's he's out and about. Uh, I do like it. But then well, you I'm go. Telling you though, my biggest problem with the issue is the fact that we spend a lot of time. There's six people on the list that could have snitched on him. We spend three. Like uh, we take care of three of the people on this list. And he keeps telling us the same thing over and over again. Yeah, why he does. He's he doing keeps this. doing so it. Like, but it got a bit repetitive for me at this point. But I like, didn't. I didn't mind it because at one point, 
uh, we get to where uh, General Island is sitting there and he's looking at the list and he's thinking of this. The best is I thought, you know what? All you need to do is get his client list that they seem to know and wait for him at the next thing. The problem is you find out that the general knows that he's on this well, list. So and is he, actually, it's very when he when that? he puts like the police don't know like they say there's no connection on the news to like all these three yeah, killings but like Max he's Rain. been there and what when general eiling says oh he's probably because of this i'm like you are on this list too much yeah. i knew immediately oh, I knew right that away. he was like you know like well that was people. the thing and when and he was very getting... coy because he doesn't say you know what if we get this list we can figure out where he's going to be next he kind of backs away and okay. i thought that that was pretty good because and I'm the right then the impression too though he might have been he might have had Thrain kill nathaniel adams wife yeah i think that that might be and that's why he's all uh, and you get the idea too you think that they're watching his son maybe to see if he has powers too oh, yeah. correct that's that's one of the main things but in the meantime that's where you go and you have that private investigator charlton investigations where she has uh searched out and tried to find Nathaniel's son and she has found him and finds out information that he wants to be in the junior ROTC and that's where you know, you know it's funny I, I just put it together Charlton investigation yeah, I never yeah, thought about that captain before you said I'm like holy shit how did I yeah. not pick up on this yeah it's the whole Captain Adam deal yeah, but yeah she Charlton ends Thomas. up yep she ends up finding out you know information about his son they, they tie it in now they do let Captain Adams step over a little bounce. I don't know how many people can be in the junior ROTC and end up going on a fucking jet fighter fucking I was flight. Telling you, I even put out my of I, I don't know how the military works. There is have, no like, way. If you have a, like a Colonel Cameron Scott comes to a kid and says, just takes him to the base. All right, now I'm going to take you on this jet yeah, and no one's going to know about happening. it or like you know, without previous like, you know, like authority happening. to do this. I'm like, there is no way. Very that far is, yeah, there's no way that's ever happening. All of it is supposed to be, you know, so you see like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Cool, man even then though on the way home uh his kid doesn't really seem that impressed but while he's doing it he does but i mean you might get a little extra tour of the base maybe yeah. but they are up on a, on a fucking jet flying around out of nowhere uh it's okay though I, I actually, like I said, I like it. I like the whole deal where you get the explanation of what his son thinks of his well, father. That's the him. thing is, too, I really like this whole interaction between him and Genji. I think of how I'm going to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, Genji. But um, I the whole too. thing is, I swear to God, Captain Adam becomes an asshole because as soon as he finds out that like his son thinks that his father, who ran out of him before he was born, is a big piece of shit, and if he's not, yeah. if he's still alive, he's dead to him. I'm like, at this point, it seems like Captain. All right, well, I tried. I'm out of here yeah, now. That's what he says, basically. Well, I guess I'm not changing that. I also like a rapper DZ. You like DZ? You like that DZ. rapper? He was on the list, too. It's very odd. He's there doing his rapping. <laughs> but, rappers, they, they go out and do it themselves, I thought. They don't hire yeah, hitmen to go yeah, and kill them. You're you know supposed what? to get the street credit on your he own. He tracks delay. He's there laying tracks, DZ. It's weird. We get two crazy rappers. Uh, this week in comics, but yeah, rapper DZ, he he had other shit to do. He's at the the that fire festival, Eric. Thing that is, fucking, uh, fucking thing. they called him DZ. I'm just thinking his name is D's nuts. Yeah, D's nuts, got him. But yeah, that's where you go, and and uh, Captain Adam gets to meet his son, and I do like the explanation. You know, they his mom, he never told. Uh, what's her name? I always forget her name. His wife. 
Captain oh, uh, Adam's fucking wife. Tanaka, I want to say. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. She, he never told her anything about being Captain Adam, nothing like that. No. And also was afraid that maybe he would get sucked back in time when it corrected itself. He never told her. So really, she didn't even have any idea why no, he left. It's she, just and, and took off. But I also like the fact that since he went back in time, he had to get a fake ID and all that stuff. And that's what she found out and basically thought he might have been a con artist, something like that. But I'm like, con artist? He didn't steal anything. He just, you know, went. But Stole yeah, her the mother. His the mother thought that he would, you know, his wife thought he was a piece of shit that he just left and basically never talked about him. And the kid is upset. And, and I also did to like that, that day, like the kid even points out, like it seems like she never really got over him either, and he's pissed about no. that. No, and that's where at one point he, uh, Captain Adams, there he drops off his kid, and he sees something that he thinks is the glint of a gun, and yeah. runs over uh, across the street up the uh, in an apartment and finds out that the government is indeed surveilling uh, surveillance his of his kid. And yeah, you get the idea; they're doing it because if he goes, you know, he becomes the next Captain Adam or something, they're going to want to know right away. So he wants to go talk to Captain Alling, and when he goes, that's when uh, Ultramax comes and shows up. And that's when, really, that's the nail in the coffin that, yes, the, oh, the yeah. general, he is a piece of shit, and he did something. Like you said, it must have been to kill the wife, I guess. That's all that's I can think. Would... It could be anybody, but the tie-in to the story, yeah, I Yeah, but that's the, the tie-in. It really is the tie-in. And he did that. But, yeah, they, they start fighting. Captain Adam and Ultramax start fighting, and they get sent into the quantum field, the upper realms of the quantum field. And, again, this is kind of hokey. Uh, but I like it because it's not this bad is because where, it does well, it does show us that you know Captain Adam has used his powers for a while. That's what I'm saying. Ultramax that's what's is, good about like, it. Ultramax it well. and Ultramax just like we said about Bane earlier in the night. Ultramax comes off half cocked. He just yeah. he doesn't want to hear about fucking quantum fields and shit. He just wants to fucking knock heads off, and he can't. And he cannot touch Captain Adam because this they're different vibrations. But in the meantime, Captain Adam knows what's going on and knows how he can work the deal. And unfortunately, though, just hits him and knocks him out of the quantum field. I'm like... Why are you doing this? You just sent him away. You don't know what you did. This is a killer. You know that this is a guy who's going around and murder people, and you did, you knocked him just back into the world somewhere. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, that's not even the thing that bothers me the most about this. The fact when Captain Adam goes back to General Island, yeah, and the, instead I know of what you know, going say. back to saying you were fucking watching my boy and you never told me you piece of yeah. shit, it's like I know, Captain, you're you're upset because yeah. you led Ultramax to me. I'm like. No, that's not yeah, what this be is, It's and, the and worst. He goes, yeah, he's like, hey, uh, where's the your sociopathic other half? You know, meaning Ultramax. Oh, when we were inside the quantum field, I did a pretty good job of blasting him to hell. But where he actually ended up is anybody's guess. Now, that's there's problem one. And that's where the general says, you know, our intel says Thrain set up a safe house. Maybe you'll be there. And then that's Captain Adams says, there's something I have to tell you. Number one, just saying that is nonsense. He should have had him by the fucking throat oh, yeah. and said, why the fuck are you looking at my boy? Uh, but then that's where gen the general's like, don't worry, buddy. No apology necessary. And I really, that's at the end of a page. That's the end of the one page. I expected to turn the page and hear, apology? <laughs> Fuck you. And there isn't. You. No. It, that was what it seemed they were going with. 
why he used the, the Jedi hell? mind trick on yeah, him. Yeah, he did. These aren't the robots you're looking for. Because, in fact, he goddamn well knows that Thrain showed up to kill him. And now he's throwing it back at Captain Adam. Hey, no problem, son. No apologies necessary. I'm like, apologies necessary? You better start apologizing yourself, General, because I'm going to kick your ass. But, yeah, then you go, and all of a sudden, if this is the safe house, whatever it might be. It should be. Yeah, it should be. Uh, Ultramax is just sitting there uh, drinking it up with the pictures of all the people he's taking. I don't know why you would then go to the safe house, go and get pictures of people you've already killed to put X's on him. This is a safe house he wasn't at. He's he's had the safe house already, and he did this before. He went and killed anyone. But why would he have done that? Because the last thing he would have known, he wouldn't have known that somebody set him up. He'd be in jail. This is like me killing somebody. he, he got out of jail. Oh, you I think mean, that he, he went he there? Ultramax, he went there and set up this whole revenge I didn't even think that. Because uh, it just seems so weird. But again, why? I, he, do, he doesn't seem like a guy who just needs to have these photos with X's. I'll tell you, it's the most fun is when you cross a fucking photograph. You think like that, that is? You think that? I, I get it as if he is uh, he is now wrong turn who has his son's tattoo on his goddamn forearm. <laughs> he wants to remember what he's already done. He does not want to go back to try to murder DZ again. DZ's dead. He's got to remind himself because he's, he's an powers. idiot. It did not heighten his intelligence. Yeah, look at these people. And then this is where uh, all it's there for is so that you know he's he's tied up all the loose ends except yeah. the general Island. now. Uh, yeah, there's DZ. He's there. The one guy looks like, I don't know, he looks like fucking, what's his name? David Carradine. The bottom, a little bit, like Dr. The Michael did, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird. But yeah, he's just sitting there. I don't know what he's drinking there either. It's some like fancy, fun, fancy bottles, though. Those are fucking, you know, solid fucking aluminum bottles or something, though. But he's just sitting there. Look, and I like it, too. Well, he's, like to- the he's like toasting them on the couch. Uh, then they're going to go. It's just some house. They're like, I don't think this is Thrain's house. Well, what about those photos that he has with X's? God damn it, it is his safe house. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But <laughs> Just funny that he has those up there, but all it is is a show that general serial there. killer wall, man. Come on, it is a serial killer wall, but it, I don't know. He stepped up his game with the photos. Once you do the photos, you're way off. But yeah, what did you give it her? Donnie, I really like the art in this issue, and where I was upset last issue that we're getting away from the more personal Captain Adam story and uh, for a superhero, like a more superhero type yeah. story. I actually found myself enjoying it more that we're getting deeper into it. My biggest problem though is that you know Captain Adam. Was he went with General Highland? No apology necessary, son. I'm like, don't vote <laughs> That's with so the stupid. Why the did he that, let that go? And the why did he let him keep, say that? The fact that we had to keep reiterating what Thrain was doing, even when Thrain wasn't saying General Eiling then had to tell us about him. Like, God damn it, just yeah. get on with this already. I, I understand. I'm you, this would be like you hitting me with a car. And then you get up, you, you stop the car, and I get up, and I'm like, you know what I have to say to you? Hey. No apology necessary, buddy. I'm like, you ran me over, you fucking piece of shit. You were in the it middle of the so road. Weird. You don't belong there. And you can't see. So no. there you go. But no, Just I gave weird. it a 7 so out of 10. I, I found myself enjoying this, and I look well, forward to the next issue to find well, out I'll say if to you there's going to be anything out of this. I'll say to you that you had said like the more personal deal. I think that this was finally, and it, it, unfortunately, it is the penultimate issue. I know yeah. you love that term. Um, I think this was the first issue that it all came together for me. You right. got the personal bit with his son. 
I liked. You got some action. You got the, you know, in the quantum field, but it's right, right. still, it was action. But also, you got a really good setup of the villain. It continued with the villain. This is what I was saying about Justice League earlier. You have a villain that you have no idea what the guy's even up, you know, for. You feel bad, whatever. But we have set up here where this villain is a piece of shit. He was on death row, but he's also was there for five years. And so and he's already pissed. He's already pissed. Now we find out he was this hitman that ended up being ratted out on, and he's pissed. I get full motivation for the villain. Oh, yeah. I, you know what I mean? He's not a good guy. And he's cocky uh, as hell because he knocked Captain Adam yeah. on his ass in the Now, first again, you get the whole idea, too, that – you know, this is – I like it because it's not even just the whole – like he's not against Captain Adam per se. Right. He just – he wants to kill all these guys. Captain Adam's going to try to stop him and he's you're going to get – you're going to get to the point where Captain Adam's going to have to save the general who he knows is a piece of shit. Now he's going to find out he's even more of a piece of shit, maybe even killed his wife and – He's still gonna have to do the right thing. He's Captain Adam, so and so. I love that setup for that conflict. That's just gonna be the the hero having to make the hero's choice, and I really do like the setup. So uh, a series that I have not been. I'm telling you, when when we had to read it today, or I had to read it today for the podcast. Before I read, it, I was like, here we go. <laughs> I really like. I'm really gonna be bored. I'm not gonna like it. I'm gonna deal. This issue, I think, is the best of the series, especially for me, and I really right. enjoyed it. Yes, it is padded where he goes and kills the people and says the same thing. But even then, I thought that was good setup just to show what he would do. Also, it did remind me a little uh, at that point of almost like those horror movies where you want to see how they kill people and stuff right, like right, that. Right. Like, it's all about the go- fucking killer. Yeah, season. yeah. I, I actually now it is very similar each one, except he does knock the one lady who killed her husband uh, to get this company out a window to simulate another suicide just like it seemed because he even said your husband's accidental death so I I actually did like that so uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5 I actually I'm telling you I might even go to 8 uh, that's how much I liked it more than I'm gonna fuck it. I'm going eight. I, I nice. have to be positive at some point. I think the art's great in this book oh, anyway. I love the art in this book. Uh, just the apology and him riding around in that fucking whatever that jet was, the F sixteen. <laughs> they just show this is just a kid who wants to be in the ROTC program on the weekend and they're gonna fly around in F sixteen is nonsense. I'll go with it. Fuck it. Yeah. It's Captain Adam. They're letting him do shit. Uh but yeah, I'll go eight. How about that, Eric? That sounds Positive. good to me. Positive. I'm actually well, happy as hell you're starting to like this well, book. Even I do like it. And it's going to end, but at least I'm ending positive. And I'm yeah. going to end. And I, I actually have very good, you know, an idea in my head that it's going to end up pretty good. That it's just going to be fucking nonstop action and shit like that. So we'll see. I just hope it on. means something in the long run that will lead to something bigger. Well, here's the, the thing. Purpose. The one thing, even at the beginning, we didn't even mention really because we kind of went right past it. But at one point they're talking about how, hey, uh, you know, the villain Thrain, they're not blaming you, the new Captain Adam. They're blaming that piece of shit old Captain Adam right. and, and what he did. And he and Nathaniel's like, yeah, don't pretend that we're not the same guys. I'm here in the room. I hear what you're saying. This is me. And I hope at the end it kind of is one of those, hey, listen, I saved the day. I am Captain Adam. You know, things got shitty before, but here I am. And I, I He's going to kill us all like he did five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that it ties in and then you have Captain Adam there ready to join the big event that will come down in a year and a half. You know yes. what I mean? That we reminded of what he can do and things like that. But uh, also, uh, even before we go, because I'm so excited about this book, I do also want to give them credit that this isn't – it never once to me – Seems like, 
Ooh, they pointed out this power because that's going to become important two summers from now. You know right. what I mean? Ooh, that power would be great against Dr. Manhattan. They're, they're telling the contained story, at least, and not doing this whole thing. Oh, it's weird, like too, these because it seems like this whole thing, this arc, was just to limit his powers more than they were before. Yeah. So, and, like, and, you know, like, we're making him weaker. Just to, It's such a weird thing, if they, like, you know, yeah, you to know take what I mean, though. the next I, level to take I on I actually Dr. don't Manhattan. mind that. I don't mind that because it's, it's not just a force set up to add six powers. Right. And maybe the end they'll end up doing something where Ultramax powers will combine with his and he'll do whatever so, it might I be. I don't like the new look he has. I want him to yeah, go back yeah. to classic. Uh, whatever what may be, I just I appreciate that I don't sit here and read this and think, you motherfuckers, this is just another fucking setup for something later. This is a, a decent enough story. It's a you know a one arc story. You get six right. issues that I actually like. And if this was actually an ongoing book, I would be on board now. So nice. there you go. But we're going to move on to the next book. And the next book is Injustice Two, number one, which is the one of the first times we're what actually talking about. Have, we never talk about. We're this. actually going to have the printed version of a digital first uh, comic, and I'll tell you, this is going to be very quick, mainly because not just because it is two chapters put together into the deal, but it's a digital comic. It's a digital first comic, so basically. A page is usually a panel. If not, you know, it's very quick moving. Yeah. This is written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo, Juan Albron, Rex Locus, and Wes Abbott. Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo are back on Injustice. I couldn't be happier. This is a slower start than I expected, but Taylor is all about making you love his characters before he kills them, and Redondo is all about drawing the best damn versions of every one of them. If you like the first Injustice series, there is no reason that you won't feel the same about this. And yeah, this is it's it's a weird one, and I know that you have in the past struggled with the digital chapters of saying like you really go into it, and, and it's hard for you to give a digital first chapter a high high score because it's of just how, how much how you quick get. it is. But it's just I rate it like if I was going to do a short story, I'd have to rate it as a short story. So I, I end up I've done so many of these digital things. That I go with just what we got, and this is Injustice 2, so this is the prequel to the game coming out, and people are going to look at this as like, oh, I want to see how the setup is for the game and all this stuff and all that. I have never played the Injustice games at all. I well, have that's actually, okay, so I never read any of the last comic series. Yeah, well, again, though, the, it doesn't really matter for you because you are actually more caught up for this than I ever would be. Because this comes right after the end of the game. I never yeah. played the game, so I don't know the story of the game for, per se. So oh, I, God, you no, are a Superman guy captured at the end. Yeah, well, that's all I know. Uh, because the only other thing was they had that series where Harley, that, you know, ground zero, right. and I kind of ditched that as well. Uh, so basically, what I know is what led up to the first game, and then I have to kind of put the pieces together. Now, what he does, what Tom Taylor does, he does hint. At a lot of things that happen in the comic series. Like, I'm telling you, he mentions in this about Alfred being dead and things like that. Most of that stuff happened in the comic yeah. leading up to the game. So That's news to me. it's one of those things there where me and you both have some holes to be filled. But the ah, way, the way, yeah, but we sure have a did. lot of holes to be filled. But a lot of this, 
it doesn't matter really and again i don't plan on getting the injustice 2 game i don't yeah. plan on playing it i'm gonna read this and enjoy it and then if i want to i could watch cut scenes of the story of the game too. but i actually just like this so we go in and it starts off with batman talking to superman who is in prison he's in prison you got the the red sun uh you know lights around him and they're basically saying and, and clark really does seem somewhat like, you know what, I, I kind of did go a little too far, but he's still going to stand his ground. He thinks killing the Joker and then what led after that, uh, he thinks that that's how it had to be. That he wants to have a world where you don't have people killed by villains who end up being let back on the street because Batman won't kill or Batman doesn't do that. In the meantime, he starts yelling at Batman basically about, you know what, you're going to go and build this world back. But the, Batman can't build a world like that. The vision of Batman, uh, you know, building a world is not a great one either. So it does set up a thing where I think that hits home. He does agree. Uh, but yeah, he ends it with a little shade with the, you know, you end up, what does he say as he's going? You're just a scared child yeah, trying you're to just stop a scared, two bullets. Yeah, yep, just to stop two bullets. And you go, and there's Harley. And I'm telling you, Harley's like, ouch. And then she says, you know, that line about stopping two bullets, that's pretty cold. And Batman says, no, he's right. Cupcake. But in the meantime, you get the whole thing with Harley where she has cupcakes. And it's great, too, because Tom Taylor, I, I'm telling you, he writes the best Harley. I don't care who else writes Harley. He writes the best Harley because Harley is is she's insane in a goofy way, but at the end of the day, she still is a hero and a friend of Batman's. But yeah, Batman has to deal with her. There's nobody else. From what you've told me in the first Injustice comic series, she's really the standout character of the whole thing. Oh, yeah, she is. And she continues that here even when she's like, hey, Cupcake, actually I had two. You'll never guess what happened. You ate one. Truly the world's greatest. (laughs) But yeah, they're going, and it all ends with the scene where they're going out of the prison. They're talking. Harley's basically like, listen, you know what? I know you're going to ask me and all. And basically ties into her saying like, or ends with her saying, yeah, you know what? I'll think about it. I'll think about being your Robin and goes off. But in the meantime, he's talking about, you know, he's the world's unstable. We can't just let shit happen. We do have to get together and put things together and help this world go. But he wants it to be with other people. He does say, I have my shortcomings. I can see them. And Harley's just there. Yep, they're pretty obvious. And it's pretty good. And then she gets on her motorcycle. And go, going forward, though, from where we're at the game, there's not a lot of people to choose from anymore. No, to that's get the problem. The big thing she even is saying, like, you don't have anybody else. It's me and you, Bats. And I'll be Robin. Yeah, and she says... I have a phone call to make, then I'll decide if you can call me Robin. And again, she is like the only one in this whole injustice and things like that that gets away with talking like this to Batman, really. Even at the point where he's talking and she puts her head, shh, and puts her finger up to his lips and just says, I'm going to go make a call and whatever. But she goes back to the Arrow Cave where it's crossed off and says Quiver. And if you have read the Injustice series, you'll love that because it is the Arrow Cave. That's where Green Arrow was. Harley just kept saying, why? Arrows don't live in caves. You should call it the quiver. And she kept saying it. It was so great. And I'm telling you, the best thing of the Injustice book was the team up of Harley, Black Canary, and, and Green Arrow. 
Now, in this going forward, Green Arrow's dead. He got murdered by Superman, and Black Canary was snatched out by Dr. Fate and taken away. So it is just hardly there. She's in the quiver, and she makes a call. And when she calls, she's like, hey, you know, it's Lucy's birthday, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it is. You know it is. You want to speak to her? And she said, I don't know if that's a good idea. Now, people don't realize Lucy is Harley's daughter, the Ooh. daughter she had with the Joker. So, in fact, Eric joker's daughter but she ended up you know spirited her away and has her i think it's her sister raising him or an aunt whatever it might be but she kept him away or she kept her away from the joker and then when the joker ended up killing lois who was pregnant and the first deal that's really what she that was the end like she realized fuck this this guy's you know joker was insane superman's insane too i'm gonna go with batman and goes but while she's doing this she's talking an alarm goes off, and in comes Amanda Waller. And I the, love this whole bit too because an alarm just goes off, but Harley has no idea what the alarm no, is for. Like, no. how about you know, go off and tell me what general area it might be affected or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, huh? I don't know. It's very loud, but not very specific. And then an explosion yeah. happens, and Amanda yeah, an Waller comes, happens, comes in. And Amanda Waller. Now you had an issue because Rick Flag in this is a little bit different well, I'm looking. You, I love Bruno Redondo's art, but for some reason he decided to draw Rick Flag like uh, like without his mask, Floyd Waller. It, it's weird. It it must be something going forward. But I well actually no, because I don't think that he's alive after a little bit. Spoiler alert! But oh, she's shit. there. Yeah, Amanda's there, and basically says, you know, you're coming with me for the crime that you've done during what happened in Injustice and all this. She's like, you're coming with us. You're going to be part of the Suicide Squad, basically. And she ends up, like, driving away. She's like, oh, yeah, well. And she, she even has a funny bit where she's like, you know, I've been practicing all of my, you know, shooting arrows, and if you give me a little bit of time, I'll be able to grab that, and then I'll have a 50% chance of hitting you. And, and it's, you, it's funny. If you hold still and give me a little bit more yeah. time, I got a 50-50 yeah. shot. It's pretty funny, but while she's doing this, she's just going to start up her motorcycle. She jumps something to try to get away and that's where you see Deadshot basically shoot out the motorcycle and that's it and really right there is a chapter so like I said this is very very quick uh, the way it runs but you end up going from there off to another universe where there is Green Arrow because it starts off and there's Connor and it's Connor Lance Queen there right. and he looks so goddamn cute I'm telling you the minute that you see him there he's got the sucker arrows that he's shooting and Dr. Fate has shown up and Dr. Fate's shown up basically to say hey Canary you, I took you out you were supposed to die I grabbed you out you know your fate is this but it's safe now we can go back to your planet you know your earth and instead Connor's there and just hits him right between the eyes with a sucker arrow and it's so great and I'm telling you even like here Bruno Redondo's art just of Dr. Fate is incredible oh, I, I the love guy it. the guy is so great I, I'm telling you I cannot praise him enough uh, to the point where I really wish that he was just on say if Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo went right now and took over for Brian Hitch on Justice League I'm telling you people it would praise the Lord if that happened, because it'd be so good. But yeah, Dr. Fate's there to talk to, about, talk to Dinah, goes in, and Dinah's there with this Earth's uh, Oliver. And they're, they're married, there's the kid, there's Connor. And as he goes in, he's like, Dinah, Lance, Oliver. And Connor is behind, still shooting arrows. And, and they're all and lined up, and it's so funny, because he's like, he says, and he stops, and he says to Oliver, like, please ask your son to stop shooting me in the head. And Oliver's there, and he's like, hmm, good grouping. 
and he really likes it. And it's it's the classic Oliver. He's got the uh, the Van Dyke deal going. Oh, yeah. He's reading a China Melville book. That's kind of funny as well. Uh, but yeah, they're going, and uh, Doctor Fate does not know how to address people. Is the problem? He because, goes about this all wrong, and not yes. even that. You know what? He doesn't go about it wrong. Fucking Oliver and Dinah fucking lose their shit for no reason right yeah, away. Yeah, they do. And but the, his the thing is, this is like the ultimate uh, relocation. You know, witness relocation deal that she she knows that she cheated death. She cheated fate. Dr. Fate grabbed that and it's fucked with him. You know, him doing that, he was not supposed to do that. And he, he went against it because it was something that was right. And that's where Dinah's like, what do you want here? And he's like, I've struggled with my actions. I know I was wrong to bring you to this universe. I was wrong to save you. The helmet has grown heavier. I've worked against fate. And then Oliver's like, I don't like the sound of this. And then she says no. And he says, Black Canary was supposed to die and starts using, ma- you know, the magic of starting. So when he says Black Canary was supposed to die and starts doing that, he might be making her die now just to ease his pain. And they freak out. And I'm telling you, that panel where you see canary do the canary cry uh, against fate and you have oliver in the background pulling connor away and protecting him so good i'm oh, telling it's you it, it's so real it's so great well they end up fighting you know this is where dr fate's trying to tell them listen th- no this is nonsense they're going and i really like it too because oliver uses the old pretty bird that he used before as well right. so you get the idea okay this isn't our green arrow that we had in, in just might as well be. it is our green arrow and he says pretty bird the black one as he's shooting arrows because dr fate uh he can just knock shit arrows are not gonna affect him he has some magic arrows and dr fate has the hand up he shoots this black arrow and as dr fate says you cannot harm me that arrow goes right through his hand and it's it's not a shield yeah it's it's not a kill shot but it's there and he's about to get another one and he's gonna kill him. He rips the thing out, and that's where Doctor Fate says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait! You, you're misunderstanding." Please what I'm hear saying. me out, for God's sake. Yeah, and, and that's Oliver's like, "You misunderstand." Really, sounds like something somebody would say when a magical arrow is aimed at their head. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm not here to hurt you. You should have started with that. You should have started with, hey, listen. You know, we did this. I'm here to help you." He, he just went about it the wrong way. And again, you can say that this is padding. Uh, but I did like it. I like to see where you have the Oliver. It sets up Oliver's pretty badass. And he's our Oliver, you know, as much as he would be. Uh, but that's where Dr. Fate says, you know what? I fought against fate to save her. I'm not here to harm you. I just have news and an offer. You can go back. And he wants her to go back to help Batman put the world together again and they are two of the greatest you know greatest characters especially in the injustice universe they are good people they have their son it's funny he says i need both of you i'm like what about little connor he's so cute i'm telling you just the little bit we got i I love him i and i'm afraid he's gonna die because the minute i love anybody in this except harley everybody has died not many people survive in this book so i even sent a, a tweet to tom Taylor like you better not have killed him but uh yeah you go then and you see you that to harley me, anything yeah. happens little you boy listen you too yeah fall. but then yeah you have harley there she's got a, an explosion she's got a brain bomb put in now she's part of the suicide squad and she just starts laughing. She's like, do you, do you think Batman is got?" And it's funny, too, because this is another thing where a lot of times Harley thinks things are not what – you know what I mean? She thinks that Batman's her best friend and maybe isn't. But right now he kind of is. So she's like, she's you know what? Has. 
You just crossed the world's greatest detective. That's pretty dumb. You don't think he's coming here. You're fooling yourself. She just thinks it's hilarious. And Waller's just like, no, I, I love no, no. He's like, we covered our tracks. Good. Because yeah. Batman is always put off by a challenge. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> she's like, this is one of the most secure locations on the planet. He's like, yeah, that's Batman language. For There's a really well-wrapped Christmas printed under the tree. And it's funny because <laughs> really Croc, Croc is there and says, what does Batman get for Christmas? Sadness in black. It's just thrown in. And, and Waller's like, no, but this fucking nonsense. Guards, come on. And she hardly like – and it's so great the way they do this. I'm telling you, I love this book so much because there's Waller in the panel with her back to you. She's like, guards, you know. And Harley kind of almost photobombs the panel by leaning in and like, <laughs> are guards supposed to appear now or – and then the door opens. There is a guard who immediately goes down and it is Batman. Batman behind him. And that's where Waller – Waller's a tough cookie though. And she's like, you can't just break into a government facility like this. I don't care who you are. I'll throw you on a cell faster than you. And then she gets cut off. That's where Harley's like, bats – and you see then the rest of the guys there, and he's like, oh, this is good because this is what I needed. Now, we've already led to a point where Batman said he needed a team, somebody to get this world together. So you're like, okay, he says, I want to thank you for this. And Waller's like, what? Now, I've been monitoring you for some time. You've created here the perfect tool for what we hope to achieve. And you're like, okay, he's talking about you know getting together, but why would he need the Suicide Squad for that? And Amanda's like, what are you talking about? And he whips out two fucking guns. And shoots him. He shoots off two bullets. And then as the smoke clears, he just says, you've just helped us save the world. And it's to be continued. Now, this is the whole thing about talking about this book. At this point, two other chapters have come out. It's always yeah. a little bit behind. So I know what happened. I'm not going to spoil it. A lot of people are listening. Uh, well, will, from what I'm know. telling you, I, I haven't read it yet. But looking at what we have here with the bang, bang, it looks like this Batman has come in and shot Amanda Waller and Rick Flagg. Yeah, yeah. They, right in the they, yeah. You want to spoil it? That Pretty much, yes. And well, I'm the saying, thing I'm is, not spoiling anything that's not Yeah, no, no. I'm it. saying I'm just going to tell you. And the whole concept is, what the fuck's up with Batman? And is yeah. this actually Batman? And, and well, that's right away you go. have the red eyes kind of like yeah like it's a, fucked uh, up Earth it's like a batman or yeah. a flashboy batman no or a flashboy batman though, it seems like this is kind of like the batman costume that we saw previously when he was talking to clark so yep that seems kind of like right on besides for the red eyes and just the point where he says he's been monitoring them for a while uh, so it's not you know so you're, you're wondering who it is now again they did set up earlier you know dr fate went to this other you know part of the multiverse to grab oliver and diner and bring them back so this is a book that you have to have and even the game you're gonna have to have multiverse shit going on because yeah. almost all the characters are dead so if you're gonna have a, a game a fighting game and you want to have say a green arrow the only way you're gonna do it is a, another version of him which we saw at the end of the injustice thing anyway where the multiverse came game. in yeah that's what i'm saying so you have that set up so basically a lot of this setup is going to be then it's going to continue the setup this is going to go on for a bit and you're going to like wonder which character can come up next because even in this if you want to have nightwing in the injustice comic before the nightwing was dead he got killed by damien and he became dead man so if you want to actually became have Nightwing with Damien's locked up now. Yes, now Damien's locked up. So you need a bunch of things going. And they even spelled it out. And I think one of the hints is because the minute I see a, a Batman like this using guns, I always assume it's Jason Todd. Oh, yeah, Red Hood uh, all the way. But they, they do spell out that Jason had been killed. And they show yes. he he got killed his standard way by the Joker before the deal. You see the the 
Joker hitting him with a crowbar. So this was something where if you're going to bring Jason back, it could be the Jason from this earth, yes. uh, from the Injustice deal with the Lazarus pit, the whole deal. So that's set up too. That's who I thought it was. I thought that it was is going to be Jason Todd. It seems now, a little too easy though because I after know. having the Arkham Knight game and shit like that. Yeah, that's. it seems like you said that does seem that way but again, if it's all of a sudden it's Earth 2 Batman, that's not that that's easy but it's kind of like oh, it's just him and it doesn't hit as hard. Um, but well, the whole silly. thing Earth is two Batman's dungeon. at the <laughs> point where I have read the four chapters we still don't know the answer so I'm right. not even, I'm not stepping lightly or being coy about it we don't know yet that's pretty much going forward the big mystery of the book so far is to figure out who that is and i think you're going to continue that while characters start showing up and batman starts recruiting things and i i I would guess at some point batman may even get uh, the opportunity or the ability to go and try to find characters from all over the place all over the multiverse which would be cool and we'll get to see other people but uh, that's it. That is a very quick read. Uh, it is the print version of the two chapters, and you know, I liked it. I really did like it. Now, I review the chapters. I, as a whole of one printed deal, I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Uh, I know that again, you like a lot of story and things, and this is it's a two ninety nine book. But I will tell you, as a print book, you still don't get a lot because, like I said, the panels each page is pretty much, you know, one big panel most of the time. Or two, two or panels, three. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? It, it, so the, the story time, but Tom Taylor's dialogue, I think, is just spot on. Oh, spot He's on. so good. Him. So good with the dialogue. He's so good. And Bruno Redondo, besides the Rick Flag thing, which I guess that's how they went, I don't know that it's up to Rick, or Rick Flag. It's up to Bruno Redondo to kind of go with exactly, like if they may have told him, to do that you may find out i guess they do call him does she call him flag by name i couldn't even yes. remember it I, I was gonna say it would be kind of cool if that ended up being floyd and there was another dead shot but it looks like that's supposed to be flag i i thought that she did mention him by name but what she would you did. give it i'd give it an 8.5 out of 10 i'm telling yeah. you i love bruno's art and i love tom taylor he's always spot on with any character he puts together and for what we have here though it just it's a little too quick you know i, no, I want to have more for some reason um but it did do a great job in getting me invested in these characters. I'm telling you, I did not read the first Injustice series, either, like, you know, versions of year one, two, three, no. four, five. But I did play the game, so I am kind of on the trolley going forward with a few characters. They've let me in on who's dead, who's alive. And yeah. I, I like that. But, uh, I don't know. I just want a little bit more, I That's guess. That's the thing. It it's, it's tough because they are kind of forcing a round peg in a square hole kind of thing where you have the digital first where you just have this thing made for tablets and made for things like that to go through and then trying to force it into the print edition kind of makes it feel very loose. I actually thought that they were going to change it up and put three chapters per that's issue what I thought was going to, to kind of do that, but, but they didn't do that, so that's what we get. But we're going to move on now to the last mail section of the night. It is the best podcast of week. So, so 
All right, mail with Eric, and we All are right. going to start. This is the last mail section of the night or the day. Ooh. It's now the day, Eric. This, sure this podcast just takes us forever. Uh, but yes, this is the last mail section. The first part of that mail section is from D-Ron. D-Ron says, Jim and Eric, I've heard rumors up, and D-Ron. speculation that the DC Rebirth sales have dropped off significantly so much that some of the twice-a-month books will revert to monthly titles. Is See there that? any truth in this, or is it all nonsense? Your opinions would be greatly appreciated. Regards, D-Ron, and uh, we've already seen it. We yeah, have Cyborg and Deathstroke. Cyborg, Deathstroke, and Aquaman. Aquaman's oh, yeah, already Aquaman, shown, right. and that's already being, and I'm telling you, the next bunch of solicits that we're going to get in a couple weeks i guarantee you green arrow will be with it because the sales were right with Aquaman. and we also saw that gotham academy has been canceled as well yeah that's been canceled that wasn't a rebirth title no. per se but yeah there are some and i i do think that we're going to get to the point where green lanterns will be a once a month i do think uh a couple of those but even the books that are monthly now are having some issues. You have like a new Superman that I would think that's one of those new Superman's one of those where I don't think you're going to see a creative team change. If it keeps failing uh, as it is, it's not selling though. We like it. Oh no, no, I'm saying, I we just are think, getting a creative team change because Victor Bogdanovich. Well, I don't count the art. I'm talking Gene Luan Yang. Okay. Victor Bogdanovich hasn't been on all the issues anyway. He has that. I Gene Luan Yang has that other team. We went through like three issues in a row where Victor wasn't even on anyway. So right. I think that that was him getting ready to go off to action comics but i don't think that book if gene luan yang is off it's done they will not continue that book without him and the sales are not good you have that the other ones that are in trouble are things like batgirl birds of prey and batgirl are not selling great they really aren't i don't think they would ever get rid of batgirl i think they would do a creative team change for that I think Batgirl, Birds of Prey, if the sales go down enough, they'll just cut that loose as well. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they'll change And we just saw you know, Superwoman had a creative team change. Yeah, Superwoman had that creative team change. And that's another one. That's probably like, hey, that, that the next step from a month. We said if it's a, a twice a month, you would think the first step is to go monthly. But really, that's already just pretty much the, the death nail in it. The, yeah. You're not going to – okay, I don't like this book twice a month, but I'll go for it once a month at a dollar more. You know, yeah. you will save money eventually, because, but that doesn't make it any more appealing, right? It's just right. there, let's end your story and get the fuck out of here. So I do think Cyborg will be the first book pretty much canceled outright of rebirth titles hopefully uh yeah because it's not really good we're going to be talking about it later today and it's not great but i did have after Deron sent this i went to see if the sales for april were up yet now it's still pretty early in the month of may we usually get them a little later but they did release the top 10 sales and it kind of goes with Deron about talking about Hey, how are the sales at DC and, you know, what's going on? Because at one point after Rebirth, the top 10 was dominated by DC. You just had DC books, you know, left and right there. It is dribs and drabs are coming, you know, now and it's, it's evening up with Marvel and the top 10. Now they don't have the actual numbers, but the top 10, number one was Marvel Secret Empire number zero. Number two was Batman number 21 lenticular edition, uh, from DC. Number three was X-Men Gold number one. Number four, X-Men Blue number one. Then number five, The Flash, number 21, which, again, was the button lenticular edition. Then you have number six, Batman 20. Then number seven, Batman number 21, The Button. So you have 21, both the lenticular and the non-lenticular. Number eight, Star Wars 30. Number nine, Weapon X, number one. Number 10, Walking Dead 166. So pretty much you have the button and Batman right before that. 
is what you get from DC. Now, it, it's tough to say without the numbers what this means because you are talking about Secret Empire number zero, which is huge. You have two X-Men number ones. You right. have a, a Weapon X number one. You know, they're going against some stuff. But Star Wars number and 30 the there. popular fucking Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah, so. but Star Wars number 30. I know it's popular. But you don't see the Justice League creeping in this top 10. And I'm wondering, at the end, last month, it was in the top 10 in the low 60s. Right. And we even said, like, boy, that's a shitty top 10 when you have, you know, a book th- near the bottom in the 60s. But I do think it's going to be in the 50s. We we rarely see, unless you have, say, an event like the button, which it's a crossover, but you have a big thing, you rarely see books take a rebound and head up unless you do something different Drastic, like yeah. yeah i'm telling you you announce jeff johns is on justice league for next month Boom. The, the sales will go up but or if you, you announce just, that jim and eric are going to be in the green hour number 21 that's Boom. true that'd be so great if i read I the know, top it's, 10. Oh, it's like number three green arrow number two <laughs> like oh my god we mean something but yeah i i don't think i'm I pretentious enough I, I hope there is and i hope there is i'm actually going to pay attention to in june when you look and see how the reorders went if if, right. if it goes up there because that would be the big deal but i've gone to places they're sold out eric and i'm just saying everybody wants that little panel of me and you and uh, even if it's just they want to see us die that's fine That'll happen with me. Too. <laughs> but yeah, D-Ron, things, are, things aren't that great right now. Uh, and even so, it's not that it's not great. It's just it's coming back to earth now. It, yeah. it's, we're not – we don't have all we're these titles. Now, and, shit's getting yeah, really kind of stale. That's what happens. So you need these events. You see the button hits and people are getting all excited. So you'll see I'm how I'm sure fucking goes. people come back for Dark Matter and Metal coming in this yeah. summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Metal is probably – Metal itself – because of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, that's going to sell uh, like Dark Knight 3 oh, does yeah. to me. That, that's going to be huge. Uh, but yeah, thanks, uh, D-Ron. And it also was weird that I keep forgetting because I thought that we had a Dark Knight I last we did month. Too. But that was the month before. It's like that book. Oh, it was annual. Just, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That book comes out so crazy. Uh, they just need to get those, you know. I don't Every know. Every time there's a fifth week Telling of the you, month, if you they get could a DK somehow three. get, if they could somehow get, yeah, and it ends, it ends this month with an annual month, so that, that'll be it, but and that'll sell, that'll be in the top three. It's sure just will. Crazy, so crazy. Probably be number but one in my mind. Probably, maybe, maybe. I don't know, Eric. My my crystal ball is not uh, functioning right now, uh, but we're gonna finish off the mail with Josh. Josh says, "What's up, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew?" Doop, and doop. he wants one thing and one thing only and it's this get fresh crew Yep, ah. yes for frenies uh so i have a rant that i think jim will appreciate the keebler cookie cereal is absolute fucking nonsense i agree i only You're had right. a little bit of it we got it and i wanted to try it because somebody said it was awesome and i wanted to try it and my kids ate it pretty quickly though when i asked them how it was they said it was fucking terrible and i only got like a handful that i grabbed and i don't like dry cereal so i got a box thinking it'd be like cookie crisp before they turn that in the cardboard and i'm right Seriously. away josh i'm with you that cookie crisp now is terrible first of all this keebler cereal actually has very few actual cookies in it no instead it's mainly a bunch of puffs like reese's puffs only not delicious and i know you like reese's puffs i do i don't 
I, I hate those as well. These puffs are big and crunchy and taste like the most synthetic chocolate in the world. Nothing like an actual cookie. These puffs stay hard and crunchy for a long time, which would normally be a good thing because soggy cereal is gross, unlike what Reggie says. But meanwhile, the pieces of actual Keebler cookie spend 30 seconds in milk and have already basically dissolved and sunk to the bottom of the bowl. Now you're going to get that sludge that you fucking like. You're, already, you're sludge. licking your goddamn lips. So... You eat this entire bowl of gross puffs, hoping to finally have some actual cookies left over at the end, like saving the marshmallows and Lucky Charms. But instead, there are no cookies. They're all in the bottom of the bowl doing two things I hate. First, they leave a nasty-ass film all over the bowl after you're done with the milk. And they all end up clumping together to form a glob of cookie, see, like if you see, drop you, one you into a glass do. of milk. What you got to do is you got to pick up the bowl at that point and just Fuck. drink the milk out. Like, Basically, all slide down he your is describing heaven for eric shea because if josh is not aware you don't dip cookies you throw cookies in and then make that goddamn sludge and then drink it down that is disgusting fucking nonsense he says i hate it it's not cookie chris i will never be it will never be cookie chris now all that being said i ate the entire box in a day because i have no self-control that's what my kids did they went to town on okay moving on to actual comics i was checking out some different stuff on that hoopla app this week eric i've been pushing the hoopla app to everybody by the way but yeah that it doesn't recognize you as an official member of any library by the way my library card right there why wouldn't i I think i think that it's it's your pin number you just have to go and find out i think there's something wrong with your pin number that got changed or something by the way every time every time i hear hoopla all i can think of is that spongebob episode that's a training video spongebob hoopla so i would you ever see that yeah i have my kids are big. Logan's still a big SpongeBob fan. Uh, SpongeBob and South Park. There's the two combos. Are so I was reading on Hoopla and decided to check out some new Fifty Two Batgirl. And guess what? Travis and Eric were right. Batgirl right. used to be good, like really, really good. I ended up using half of my monthly checkouts reading Batgirl. Now right. Josh and me can laugh because if you're on the Hoopla, it, it makes no goddamn sense. You only get to take out a certain amount of books in a month, and it drives me fucking well, insane. The thing is, I was actually thinking about. I talked to Jess about this whole thing because I was bitching how I couldn't get on this Hoopla app, right. and she actually brought up a good a point here that I never thought of. It's probably the licensing deal with the library where they it can't might allow be. it to go out to a certain amount, you know, for but how long. But here's the thing is if I got the trade of Batgirl, Batgirl Volume 1, and I read it overnight and then took it back, I am now allowed to get that one. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. if I have it on my app, it's on the app, so it's it's right there. So if I get it off the app, they know this. They know what I have. So why can't you just have eight things at all time, but you can only have eight? So if I had Batgirl, Batman, da da da, and I read Batgirl, I delete that off, which again they are aware of. It's in the app. Then why can't I get an extra thing to make it eight again? You have to wait till the end of the month. And now other people are circumventing this by my family. We have six library cards. So in fact, I could go on. And go six times eight now with each account. Also, what's weird is you do get them for about a month. So if I go the last day of the month, I get my eight. The next day, I can get eight more because it it just resets. It completely resets. It does not make any goddamn sense. So now I can get 16. How does that make – like I know what Jess is saying, but right there throws that out the window. It just goes by the month. 
It's so See, weird. I, I wasn't privy to all the information because, like I said, I can't get on the fucking app. No, but I'm telling you, anybody who is interested in things like this and and the apps and things like that where they're saying they want DC, where people are all going with their thing like, oh, my God, uh, you know, I can't wait. DC announced they're going to have this video app and they might have comics. Hoopla already has a very, very good selection of DC stuff. A lot of the new 52 stuff, they have the Rebirth stuff. If you wanted to catch up on stuff you didn't buy, uh, really good. I actually read uh, Brightest Day, most of that, just on that app. I got the Batman and Robin, Grant Morrison, on that app, and I really, really like the way it's set up. Though I wish when you use it on the computer, on the tablet, it's great. On the computer, there's not really a way to... Uh, expand the thing. It's kind of weird, but hey. Gail Simone's entire run was awesome, he said, so he's checked it all out. As only the best reviewers would say, the first two trades were a perfect mesh of art and story. <laughs> you did enjoy it. You, you like that. Even though I liked art, art, Ardrian Saif's art more than Daniel Sempre's. Uh, the death of the family story was, or death of the family story was pretty damn good as well. So I, I'm having problems with names today. I really am. I look at them and I, my I'm mind, Eric Shea. My mind, Eric Stray. Oh. My mind just freaking goes sideways. So then I decided to try out some Batgirl of Burnside. So here you go. Josh was not aware of any Batgirl. He kind of seems like he had avoided Batgirl in general. Uh, but he tried to get some Batgirl of Burnside, which, again, when this came out, every reviewer that I know loved it. Every single one. Everyone there was heard. not one guy. No, you were you – were, is that a feather in your cap per se? Do you yeah, look back at that and think it. that that might have been when the site started being known as, hey, these guys are actually, you know, tell the truth and, and tell it as it is? Do you think that I caught that a lot of hell, that? though. Yes, you did that. And back Batman 44, a lot of trouble for you. Batgirl Burns had to see if it was really that bad. Uh, he, I, do you think he agrees with you that he says that it was bad, or did he like it more than he was no, no, expecting? He, because, bad. because you had, we had yelled about it so much. I no, couldn't no, even he, make it through bad. the first two issues. Yeah. I walked away pissed that I wasted one of my monthly reads. See, there you go. Josh knows what I'm saying about. It. He ended up getting that first fucking trade, and it wrote. <laughs> you were like, God damn you! I didn't know at one point. I didn't know. That you had a limit, like, I thought you could return stuff then and get this thing reset. And I ended up getting licensed to ill by the Beastie Boys just on a whim to listen to a couple songs while I was doing reviews the one night. And then I go to return and I realize I, I wasted one of my fucking slots on that. I, I could easily just watch a, a, it on YouTube and listen. I wasted it, but the first two issues walked away pissed that I wasted one of my monthly reads on that piece of garbage. I actually enjoyed the Batgirl Rebirth some, probably because I would have enjoyed almost anything after that fucking Burnside, but it's still miles behind Gail Simone's Batgirl. All right, gents, that's all for now. Just remember, Batgirl and Cookie Crisp both used to be good. I agree. Cookie Crisp, I remember going back and and eating that a couple years ago even, and it was already bad. I remember when they changed the recipe and it was fucking gross. Yeah, it was terrible. I'm telling you, they did something with the actual hard part of the cereal in the monster cereals as well that has completely made that garbage too. But that is Vermillionaire. That's Josh. And he says, P.S. Here's my segment for the week. My mic got fucked up in the process of packing and unpacking all my stuff. He graduated, Eric. So he he is back home, graduate. There you go. So it doesn't sound the greatest. Sorry about that. And I'll have a new mic pretty soon, probably after he pays all of his student loans, Eric. So we'll okay, get that. Okay, so in about He'll, 50 years. Uh, uh, yes, I was going to say about 15 years, unless he goes the route of one Dan Stransky and uh, 
goes bankrupt and applies for bankruptcy. But yeah, we're going to go off to Josh's uh, Vermilion's vision right now and see what he has to say. How's it going, Weird Science? Vermillionaire here, welcoming you back to this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. Uh, sorry about missing out on last week, you know, between moving out of my apartment, finals, and graduating from college. Just a lot of stuff going on, never got around to recording, so that's my bad. Uh, but this week, I will be giving you guys uh, two different trades during this week's segment. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to jump right into it with the first one, and that is going to be Nailbiter Volume 1. Uh, that's from Image Comics. It's written by Joshua Williamson, art by Mike Henderson, and it collects the first five issues. I wanted to do Nailbiter a little bit because uh, Carl Hamlin, thanks for the shout-out on Twitter for the suggestion of Nailbiter, already thinking about it also, especially now that we found out that uh, Joshua Williamson is writing this entire button story, uh, just giving him a little bit of love, talking about Nailbiter. Um, so just jumping right into the trade, uh, this story, it takes place in Buckaroo, Oregon. Uh, and Buckaroo is home to 16 of the wor worst serial killers in history. Um, and they kind of have a name for these serial killers. They're called the Buckaroo Butchers. Uh, so Edward Warren is the most recent serial killer, the 16th one, and he is suspected of 46 kills in California. Uh, so he kidnaps people that bite their fingernails, uh, then he waits for their fingernails to grow back. He chews the fingernails down to the bone, and then he kills the people. So pretty fucked up guy. Uh, he's one of the... One of the many serial killers, they all have kind of different M.O.s, but that one's uh, the one that we're going to be focusing on most of this story. Uh, so Nicholas Finch is an Army intelligence officer in charge of information extraction or, you, you know, torture. Uh, so he basically just tortures people and gets information from them. Uh, and he's in town looking for his friend Elliot Carroll. Uh, Carroll is uh, an FBI agent who's investigating the Buckaroo butchers, and he called Finch telling him that he's finally figured it out, finally figured out the connection, and he wants Finch to come help him. Uh, and Finch meets up meets up with Sheriff Crane, and they start looking for Carol, uh, and find out we find out that Crane, she dated uh, Edward Warren back in high school before he was a serial killer. Um, so that's kind of the main characters that we got going on in this story. So just jumping right into it, the story opens up with Carol calling Finch and telling him that he's figured out that connection between the Buckaroo Butchers and telling Finch to come out to Oregon. Uh, and when Finch gets there, he sees a store. It's called Murder Store. Um, and the grandson of the first Buckaroo Butcher, uh, he works here where he sells souvenirs and memorabilia to tourists that are visiting the birthplace of the Butchers. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a kind of a fucked up concept if you think about it. This guy is profiting on serial killers basically and he's the grandson of the first one uh the first serial killer he was known as the book burner he burnt down libraries and killed authors and such um so outside of the shop there's this girl named alice uh she's a teenage girl she's getting hit on by these two creepy creepy football players um they grab her ass and they're just pretty much acting like assholes through and through um, so they come up on Alice, but she starts kicking the shit out of these guys. I mean, it's, she's kind of a badass, but she whoops them. Uh, Finch joins in and beats on them some more uh, until Sheriff Crane comes up, and she breaks it up, uh, sends them home. 
So Crane and Finch, they get talking a little bit, and they team up to find Carol. Um, and, you know, they start going through Carol's notes uh, and driving, and then they drive out to have a chat with Edward Warren. Um, and I know I keep saying Carol, but like I said, uh, his his name is Elliot Carroll. He is a guy, so I'm, I'm just using his last name here because that's what Finch calls him uh, throughout the entire book. So even though it's pretty obvious to everyone that, that Edward Warren is the nail-biter, he was found not guilty by a jury, and he was allowed to return to his home. So they go out to his house uh, to talk to him. And when they get there, Warren tells them that, you know, he talked to Elliot Carroll the day before, uh, but that was all. And naturally, Finch, you know, he doesn't believe him. Uh, but And he's going to start interrogating him using his using his torture techniques to get the answer out of him. Uh, but they get a call, and they have to leave because Crane gets called to go check on a fire. Uh, so when they get there, they see that the hotel that Carroll was staying in is on fire. Uh, so Finch, he run, runs into the fire to grab the notes. Uh, and when he finds Carol's notes, he also finds a dead body as well. And we see, kind of going away from the scene, that it was it was those two assholes, the football players from earlier, that started the fire. Uh, but they did it for someone else. Uh, and one of them confronts this this mystery person. He ends up getting a knife across the face uh, and ends up getting killed, actually, and strung up by the lights on the front of the murder store. So he's just kind of hanging there for people to find. And his nails have been chewed on, uh, so you know a bunch of people naturally think that 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 is uh, the nail biter, and they go out to Warren's house and they are about to hang him. Uh, luckily for Warren, Finch and Crane they show up just in time and they they take Warren to the office for protection to the sheriff's office. Um, and then the town mortician, who's jokingly called Morty, again, kind of a fucked up thing going on in this book. The mortician's joking name is Morty. Uh, he identifies the two bodies and brings Finch and Crane down to tell them what he's found. Uh, so the lights down there in the morgue, uh, they flicker off and on a lot. But Morty tells them uh, that the asshole kid that was uh, killed by stab wounds and... Uh, that that his fingers were pulled off by pliers. They weren't chewed off. Uh, so they know that this wasn't Warren. Um, and then the other body from the fire, it turns out to be the book burner, uh, you know, the original buck, buckaroo butcher and the grandfather of the guy that, uh, that owns the shop. Uh, but they don't get to really talk much about this book burner uh, because we see someone, he's wearing a sheet over their body, and they're holding a knife, and they start creeping up on them when the lights go off. And eventually they jump out, and uh, he's, this person in the sheet slices Morty, uh, but takes off and gets away. Uh, find out that this person is dressed up like another one of the Buckaroo Butchers, the Y2K killer, so it must be a copycat. So Crane and Finch, uh, they go to what they call the serial killer graveyard and they start digging uh, up up the book burner's grave to see if his body is in there um, so gunshots start coming from the woods firing at them Finch runs in and tries to find whoever it is and comes up against that, that copycat Y2K killer uh, and Crane eventually runs in she gets this, this guy to the ground takes off his mask and finds out that it's Robbie who was the other asshole from uh, from Earlier on in the book, the one that was hitting on Alice, not the one that's strung up, obviously, but the other one. Uh, before she can get much information out of him, he ends up actually shooting himself in the head. Um, and meanwhile, Finch finds that the book burner's grave never even had a coffin in it. It was empty the whole time, just filled up with dirt. And the floor to the grave caves in, and he falls into this room of prison cells. 
So he starts he starts looking around to see what he can find, and when Crane comes down, they find Carol. Uh, he's alive, but barely. His legs and arms are cut off at the elbows and knees, and his mouth is sewn completely shut. Uh, so they have to take him to the hospital and see if they can save his life. And as usual, like I always do, I'm not going to spoil the last the last issue of this trade, but I'm going to tell you that the last issue moves really quick, and the reveals aren't necessarily all that shocking, but they do set up plenty of intrigue moving forward into the next trade, which I definitely intend on diving into at some point. I know this Nailbiter series just wrapped up with the 30th issue, and I think the the sixth and final trade came out just this past week, um, so I definitely want to want to jump into the rest of the series and kind of catch up and see see where the rest of this goes. Um, and when it comes comes to, you know, rating rating this first trade, uh, on Comic Book Roundup, it has an average critic and an, actually an average user rating, the first trade does, of an 8.8, um, which to me I think that's a little, just a little bit high. I would... I'd probably say more around an eight out of ten, not quite that eight point eight. Um, the art, the art is solid, uh, but it's not necessarily everything I want it to be. Uh, the story is really, really good. Don't get me wrong; I love the story. I love the intrigue that Joshua Williamson has set up, and I definitely want to continue reading and see where it goes. Um, but the art, I just think it needs to be a little bit more. Um, this is a this is obviously a book about serial killers, and I think the art the art while it's there's nothing wrong with it necessarily. I just think there needs to be more a little bit more gore and make it a little bit grosser. Um, just I think that would really add to the whole add to the whole serial killer aspect of this story. Um, so maybe moving forward, I don't know, I haven't really looked ahead, but maybe Mike Henderson, if he stays on the book, or if there's a new artist, hopefully it gets gets just that little bit more than I want from it. But it's still a sol- definitely a solid, solid trade, 8 out of 10, uh, and a very good 8 out of 10. Um, I definitely want to keep reading and see where we go from here. Um, but moving on, going to jump right into the next one for this for this Vermillion's Visions, and that is Lock and Key Volume 1 uh, from IDW Publishing. Uh, and this is wit- written by Joe Hill with art by Gabriel Rodriguez. Uh, and this takes the first six issues, or uh, the Welcome to Lovecraft story. Um, I know a lot of times I don't necessarily name the trade when I go through these, but it seems like all of the trades, even in their regular issues, are called different things. Uh, so I just want to be clear on what story I'm talking about here. It's the Welcome to Lovecraft. I think it's like from 2008-ish, so it's a little bit older. Um, but this story, it follows the Locke family, uh, but mainly it just follows the three kids, Tyler, the oldest boy, Kinsey, uh, the middle kid and the girl, and a little boy named Bode. Um, so they're, they're a family, and a few months ago, the Locke family, they were staying in their summer home out on the West Coast. Uh, these two kids named Sam and Al, uh, they're from Tyler's High School, and also Tyler Kinsey and Bode's dad is a counselor at the high school, so these kids were counseled by Tyler's dad. Um, but they're from the high school, and they come and they murder the dad, and they try to murder the rest of the family. Uh, so the Locke, the, the Locke kids were outside when Sam and Al came into the house, um, and after they killed the dad, they were holding the mom hostage. Uh, and Sam went looking for the lock kids, uh, and he was calling out, calling it a game of hide-and-seek. Um, Kinsey and Bode, they hide on the roof behind the chimney, while Tyler, he goes down into the cellar. Uh, but when Sam comes down into the cellar to kill him, Tyler jumps out and just starts smashing Sam's face in with a brick 
almost killing him, but Sam is alive. His face is just pretty mangled. Um, then Tyler, he runs upstairs and is, uh, tries to free his mom. He's about to get shot by Al, but his mom grabs an axe and jams it into the back of Al's skull. Uh, and that, and Al is definitely not walking away from that one like Sam is going to. Uh, but moving into the present day, the family moves into the key house in Lovecraft, Massachusetts with their uncle, Uncle Duncan. Um, so the mom comes and all three of the kids come. Uh, so you kind of get where the title is. It's the Locke family. They're moving into the key house and keys definitely play a big role in the story, which you'll see. Uh, so Bode, he starts exploring the house right away and he finds this hidden black key. Uh, he uses this key to open one of the doors in the house. This is a huge mansion house. Um, but when he walks through the door, his body falls to the ground dead, and he becomes a ghost. Um, so in the prison cell, Sam starts talking to a lady's reflection in his cell toilet. A little bit weird, uh, but the lady tells him that soon all of the do all of his doors that he needs are going to be open. Uh, so Bode, he was pretty freaked out about that whole becoming a ghost thing before he went back into his body. Uh, so he draws a comic about it, and yeah... Pretty meta right there. That's a comic within a comic. Uh, so his teacher's concerned about him drawing this comic, but she's concerned uh, because the comic also has his dad dying, moving to this new house, becoming a ghost. Um, so Bode's experiment, he continues to experiment with becoming a ghost. He does it a couple more times, and he founds out, finds out that just by thinking about someone or having someone think about you, uh, you teleport to them. He describes it as a flash of light comes and then you're there beside them. Uh, so he tries to get Tyler and Kinsey to become ghosts too, uh, but they think he's just making it up, you know, playing a game. Uh, but he hears someone calling from the well house, um, and when he goes to check out the well, uh, he gets in there and he hears a lady's voice coming to him uh, from the well, and the lady's asking for help. So, you know, naturally as any kid or probably any person would do, he freaks out he runs and tries to tell Tyler and Kinsey, uh, but once again, they don't believe him. So the next day, since he can't be hurt in ghost form, Bode becomes a ghost again and goes to visit the lady in the well, uh, who we see is the same lady that was talking to Sam in his prison cell. So we know this probably isn't going to go too well for Bode, but she's being nice at first. She tells him to come back and talk to her when he's not a ghost. Uh, so when he does come back, she starts telling him about telling him about all the different doors in this house and how there are a lot of magic doors, like there's a door that can make you old and one door that turns you into the opposite sex. Um, and then she tells him about a key called the Anywhere Key uh, that you can open almost all the doors and this, and then it can make these doors take you anywhere you want to go. Uh, so Bode gives this, this lady, uh, she calls herself the Echo, or an Echo. Bode gives this Echo what she asked him to get, which was a mirror and some scissors, which somehow she gives to Sam in his cell through the toilet in Juvie. So Sam uses the mirror uh, to check out when a guard is coming for him. Uh, then he stabs this guard in the neck with the scissors, takes the keys, and escapes. Um, so now moving back to Massachusetts, we kind of get a peek into Kinsey and how she's handling everything going on. We know that Tyler's upset and just wants to be alone all the time, and Bode is busy playing Ghost. But this is the first real look we get at Kinsey, um, and she basically just wants to not be seen or heard at school. Uh, she kind of just wants to blend in. She doesn't want to get made fun of or be known only as the girl whose dad got murdered. Uh, so she changes her hair um, just to kind of look like a 
like a normal teenage girl. She doesn't really talk to anyone. Uh, but we find out that she is really fast. Um, and she joins the track team, but she still doesn't want to make any friends for a while until she kind of talks to her coach and her track coach tells her that it's okay. People are going to look anyway. They know the story people are going to look. So she might as well try to make some friends. Uh, so she does make one friend on the track team. Uh, meanwhile, we see Sam working his way across the country, stowing away in the back of a cattle truck and then sucking off a truck driver for a free ride. And that's not a joke. I'm not kidding. He actually gives a truck driver some roadhead. Um, and then they get to a truck stop. And this is kind of the end of the line for that truck. The driver tells him to visit the glory hole in the bathroom at the truck stop and maybe make some cash for a bus ride uh, the rest of the way. But Sam is not having any of this. So, you know, he just kills the kills the driver and takes his money instead. You know, that old give head and then murder, pretty standard stuff. Um, so then he gets on the bus for the rest of the trip and he actually ends up killing the passengers and the bus driver as well. So he's kind of going on a murder spree across, across America trying to get to the Locke family. Uh, so Vogue, he goes to visit this Echo again. And this time she climbs out of the well and threatens to throw him down into the well if he doesn't help her. And Sam shows up to the house, knocks out Kinsey, locks Duncan and their mom in the wine cellar, and takes out Tyler. Um, and he is looking looking to get the key to take it to uh, to the Echo and you and give her the anywhere key so that she can get out and help him, um, and then the Echo is also telling Bode to do that as well, um, and that brings us to the final issue, and you know how I do things, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil the ending of the trade for you guys, but I think if you are at all intrigued by what I've given you through these first five issues, you are definitely going to like the ending of this, and I am, I am just a huge fan of everything that I got in this trade, um, the art, kind of like I said with Nailbiter, it does leave me wanting a little bit more in the way of just creepy little aspects uh, throughout the book. So there's a little bit more that I could be liking, but I think I like the art a little bit more than I like the Nailbiter. And I like the story more, too. I just find it really intriguing in the entire way that the comic is laid out. It's very cinematic. You can definitely picture it having like that horror movie feel, just the... The panel progression, you can see, like, the way the filmmaker would film the different shots is very similar in the way that the panels are laid out. Uh, so it's a very cinematic storytelling uh, type of deal. Um, I give this book a 9 out of 10. I think it's very, very good. I, like I said, I wish there was just a little bit more from the art uh, that would bump it up even higher for me. But I am very intrigued. I want to keep reading, keep figuring out what exactly is going on, uh, what's this Echo's deal, what's up with this becoming a ghost thing for Bode, uh, what do the other doors do, where are all the keys, you know, there are a lot of questions that I really, that I have coming out of this book, and a lot of stuff that I want to, that I want to keep reading and keep finding out more about in this, in this trade, um, so I'm definitely going to try to find a way to pick up the next one and see where it goes from there. Um, so that brings us to the end of the segment for this week. Uh, I think next week, since Jim requested it, I'm going to be doing the paybacks. Uh, so if you guys want to check that out before or just wait, wait until you want, if you want to hear me talk about it next week, I'll be doing that one next week. Um, as always, you guys can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. Um, 
always on there down to talk about anything comics. Um, and that brings us to the end of the segment. So I'm going to send it back to Jim and Eric. this this uh, week the last line but we are here for the last bunch of books which only two books to end the podcast we have two going here then we are out eric out of weird science as they say on the street weird science out ryan seacrest in in in, not mark consuelos ryan seacrest in uh speaking speaking of in and out uh, Brandon, it was his. Birthday. Oh yeah, exactly. it was his birthday. Uh, well, his birthday party was last night. While we were recording, he was sending messages and stuff uh, last night. So I do want to wish him a happy birthday, and I do happy want to tell birthday. everyone that unfortunately, while this birthday went on, Brandon seemed to have drank a little too much. Which I, I, you know, I've never met Brandon in person, but we talk a lot online, so I consider him a friend of mine. Yeah. And I, this this sort of thing happens often with him. <laughs> he, he has some problems, but last night it got a little too out of hand. His friends, he does not take responsibility of what i'm going to tell you he says that his friends are fully responsible he pissed his pants eric he Shame. ended up pissing his pants Shame. on the way home i guess from the party or the bar or, or vice versa both and yeah uh but there you go you have a guy who has drank so many he said they were giving him shots and you know you know you don't I miss do. alcohol before beer uh get it in the rear Alcohol, you know, liquor before beer. I don't know. There's some rhyme you're the supposed to say. Yeah, it always ends up with me getting in the rear. Beer before liquor, never sicker. Liquor yes. before beer, have no fear. Liquor before beer, right up the rear. That's what huh. I say. And then I say, uh, beer before liquor, uh, I don't know. 
get it sticker. Is that is that a word? Sticker. Get a sticker. Go he pissed stuff. his pants, though, Eric. And oh, even if he had drank so much that he didn't even know what was going on, didn't shit his pants, though, Eric. He is Raising a man. Yeah. He's still a man. Just because he's drunk on his birthday. Man, that man goes home and explains how he pissed his pants to his girl and his to child. To his girl. But, you know. I, I'm, I'm expecting she was driving, but I'm sure one of his friends was driving him and, and Brandon pissed all over this car. <laughs> yeah, <don't teach> you. <laughs> I could just imagine that. I, I hope when that I Brandon pull over. I mean, pull over. Yeah, really. I hope that Brandon's not one of those guys that then his friend just say his friend's Eric. His friend's name's <laughs> Eric, and Eric goes home. It's like ah, oh, and the, Eric's wife comes out. And like oh man, let's go get something to eat quick. It's late, but I'm hot. What the fuck happened in the car? And all he has to say is Brandon, and then the, you know oh. one of those friends, and like. Jesus Christ. Who's pissing? I hate that. Who's pissing? At least he didn't shit the car, though. I expect, too, with this is you you picture this Brandon's laying in the back seat, right? No. Probably almost ready to up Chuck. You think he's shotgun pissing his pants. He's just sitting there. I'm expecting him (laughs) to be at least laying down like he thinks he's he's passed out somewhat. He's not just sitting there and like, hey, I like this song. Whoops. Uh, oopsie. <laughs> you didn't get me those depends. Ah, oh, Brandon, you gotta you gotta stop with this alcohol business. You're you're yes. too old. Too old you are. I know in Buffalo not much to do. So actually I'll say. In Buffalo, you're allowed to drink forever. That's a miserable life up there. They probably, in the meantime, uh probably ran into three snow drifts and saw a goddamn Yeti. Yeah, no, they're still going on there. Around out there. I'm telling you, up there in goddamn Buffalo. Ah, uh, yes, but we're going to continue on and finish up with two books. And the first one is my book, which I do like better than your book, Eric. And that is Deathstroke number 18, written by Christopher Priest, art by Joe Bennett or Benet, Norm Rapmund or Rapmund, Jeremy Cox or Cox, and Willie Schubert, Eric. There's no other way to sweet say that. Willie That's Schubert. just sweet, blind Willie Schubert strumming that guitar. Destro continues by tying up a whole lot of things while still leaving the big mystery of who killed Etienne up in the air. We are heading in the Lazarus contract with the idea that some of the answers will be revealed in the crossover. That seems like a very odd thing to do to those who stuck with this book so far. Still, this is one of the best books going right now, and I fully come full circle and look forward to each and every issue. I'm just upset. I like this issue i like what we get here i just it's a weird thing because christopher priest does not play the games that other people play right and what i'm saying is most other books would be a rush to finish this before the lazarus contract Uh and also tie in a lot of shit you know what i mean like all of a sudden you get this etienne's murder solved in the three pages the rest is a force setup for the lazarus contract he don't play shit like that eric and again it's something that drove us crazy at the beginning of this issue uh, not issue of series in rebirth because he wasn't playing the games we're used to but now i'm kind of used to the deal and i see i still wanted something to at least tie up a little more before this lazarus contract now it does say like all will be revealed and then you know the titans deal i've not read ahead i've not we got the the review copies of things i've not looked i don't really it would really be odd for this book to end this arc in this titans you know what i'm saying that there are people who read deathstroke that may not want to read the lazarus contract Uh, it's odd 
to me. Well, I'm because- telling you, the thing is, it might all tie together because I was thinking about this after I got done reading this issue. It's like we have this big mystery of who killed Etienne. We have a fucking arm's length of suspects going on here. You think that and- there might be more. You, you think no, that the it's going to tie like, in? I was thinking about last issue of Titans, since that's what we're going into, where we found out about Hive. And I'm like, Hive, Grant Wilson. Mm-hmm. Grant Wilson might have killed Etienne. That makes total sense. What I'm saying is that it'll be a weird trade where you have the trade where uh, this oh, yeah. issue – and it I'm is, not even thinking about the trade. Yeah, yeah. It is issue 18, so you would think that this would be the end of a trade where you're like, oh, man, everything's coming together. I have to get the Lazarus contract, but it does make <laughs> sense. Hive really does make sense, but like I said, in Titans even, that was set up. You know what I'm saying? That they ended up ending an arc where they, you know, this would be like they go to get Bumblebee and, you know, they find out that goddamn, what's it, the, the fucking sinister, what was it? The, uh, with Simon, five? the fearsome five. I almost called them the sinister six, but the fearsome five. You, you don't know going into the next, this big crossover, if they're good or bad. You know, it was tied up and now you go into that. And I expected that here to at least find out. Who killed Etienne? But I do think you're right. I think that it does have to do with Hive. It's well, going to be the you, and next. Also, the whole thing that we've been dealing with lately is family. Like, you know, what like yeah. Slade is willing to do for Rose and even Jericho, even though he's sleeping with it, like Jericho's like would-be wife. Yeah. But it's all to protect him in the long run because he knows she's a double goddamn agent. Yeah. But it's all about family. You throw Grant in the mix, and it makes complete sense. You yeah, and, and out of nowhere, you do see Grant in here, which does set up. And, and I've read some of the solicits and things like that. Uh, Grant is the linchpin of Deathstroke going forward into this yeah. Lazarus contract as well. Uh, but yeah, you get new Because I just players. thought it was odd at the end of the last issue of Titans that it's through Grant Wilson's name out yeah. of nowhere. I'm like, okay, he's going to yeah, be a player coming up. Uh, but yeah, that's it It could possibly be Grant who did this uh, in, with the Hive or you know, he, he has come back from the dead or whatever it may be. We're, we're, we're not sure. We're Joey. I still think me and Repairman Jack still think that it's Wintergreen. We think that he's involved somehow, and maybe he's part of Hive as well, that it comes maybe. in But it, in this. But, yeah, I think you're more on to something with Hive and things like that. But it starts off where you get the end, you know, you get a flash forward of how it's going to end with Jericho in the icon suit pretty much beating the shit out of his dad. Now, the thing that throws me off is it seems like all of a sudden in this – he it, Destro can see. It yeah. does not look like he's blind, though at the end he kind of still – it's very odd. But they're fighting. They end up to a point where they're about to get hit by a truck, and then it goes back in time where you see the day before where Rose has shown up for the wedding. And we had this setup where she said to Wintergreen, you know, I don't want to go there. Adeline hates me. And, you know, I and like, no, no, no. They're, you they're come. Gonna... You, owe, you owe an old man a dance. Yeah, and, and even – I like the whole thing like – Adeline and Deathstroke will behave themselves because it's their son. It's their son's wedding and things like that. Now, in the meantime, Slade knows it's bullshit. And we go to to Etienne the day before again. Well, I, even Rose. Rose is there. She gets picked up by a guy at the airport, and he's Matthew take Bland. Him. Matthew Bland, who we know who that is. Red if Lion. Reading that is Red Lion. So you're like, okay. And it's funny too because I'm like, who Red Lion is? Is hit the skids? He's the he is the leader of he's an African country, now. and now he is a driver. I'm like, oh my goodness, easy shit come, did not work go. out. Yeah, really. I'm like, money's is money, Eric. But then we go off to Etienne. And this is where she's talking to somebody who said, and we saw this before. It's like, you missed your deadline, Etienne. We told you to come in. You're compromised. We've seen her talking to somebody before. This yeah, is where she finds. Yeah, and this is where she finds on the phone 
that Jericho, number one, is is gay and with has Dr. having Icon. at least an affair with Dr. Icon Isherwood, but also that he is stupid and does not delete pictures. And that, that's like we said. You don't leave mistake. the evidence. It is a rookie mistake. That's where she sees it. She's upset. Well, in the meantime, all of this talk – you were getting the idea that she was working for Adeline. It, you know, that had to be most people's guess, yeah. that that's who she was working for. It's not. She's working for Amanda Waller, and that is fucked up. That's like all of a sudden. A great twist. All of a sudden, you get this other thing involved. And it does turn around at the end where Jericho is right because basically everything that's happened, everything bad, is because the government is keeping an eye on Deathstroke, including yeah. Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad. But as she's talking, as Etienne's talking to Amanda Waller, and Amanda Waller's like, you know, and she still maintains, Etienne maintains, she loves Jericho. She still thinks, and Jericho at the end even th- says, she loved me. I know she did. But in the meantime, Deathstroke's there. He picks you up the phone. You were banging guys behind her back Yeah, there, yeah. I mean, I, that's that was business. And even she says no, at one point. No, that was not business. That oh, no. I, I'm telling you, no, because at one point, that's when Amanda Waller says, you know, you've been doing that with his father. And she's like, come on. Oh, no, now. I'm talking like, about Jericho banging Dr. Icon. Oh, yeah, no. I'm saying about Etienne banging uh, Deathstroke. I think she cares for him a little. But really, she spells it out as like, no. Like you've never put out in the name of national security, but that's when she—that's when she sees Jericho. Yeah, really, and that's where she sees Doctor Icon and uh, Jericho kissing, and she puts the phone down as Amanda Waller still says, "I'm going to send the squad to get you." And uh, are you listening, girl? Are you listening? And that we find Deathstroke's there and picks up and goes, "Yes," and it throws Amanda Waller back a little, but she, you know, she's like Deathstroke. Yeah, you're still playing with that girl in the Bronx, you know, and the obviously Power Girl and. This has it's usually an issue that has so many call-outs with Power Girl, see last issue, and, you know, see issue this, see issue that. I get angry, but it does show— We've been playing the long game here. It does show that this is such a long game, and I like all the tieback. I like that that shows Amanda Waller has been watching him as well yeah. and knows what's going on, and they're going to go back, and Deathstroke's fucking badass and basically says, you want me to come and fucking you know, kill all of you guys right now? You know, I'll Keep going, Be- and don't fuck with my family and all this sort of thing, uh, but then they're going to leave. They end up going. My favorite. Your little Haitian spy is going to dance for me until I'm tired of her. Yeah, yeah. Until, and, she's and she's there. there. <laughs> she's there. And or she, I slit her she, throat right, she right here. See, yeah, side. She doesn't seem to really care. At one point, he even says about uh, the kid, and, you know, don't fuck with my kids and stuff like that. And she's like, that's a weird thing to say, like how he said screw with them. Yeah. And uh, so then you go to Rose, who's in there with Redline, and he explains, hey. Uh, and she even says, aren't you supposed to be driving? He's like, I'm the fucking leader of a country. I'm, Thank God, Redline. Things Thank didn't go you. so bad, but he ends up giving her pretty much the Ravager suit, the Icon suit. Well, the thing is, had. this is actually my least favorite part of the book here because I do like the idea where he gives over the Icon suit for her to have yeah. a new Ravager costume. But the whole thing where we tie this back to one of his operatives catching her, like taking her phone and the decrypt shit, somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. allowing him to get his country back. I'm like, I don't understand the correlation. There might have been something there, but it was so. Long I remember ago when now, the guy picked it up remember. because exactly. she ended up deleting her phone and leaving it in the airport and leaving, but and then the guy picked it up. Information there helps and, Red yeah. Lion. I don't know. Maybe there was some shit about Deathstroke that he used because he did end up – that was when he ended up getting that boat. He ended up getting it with uh, 
Uh, oh, what's I guess his maybe name he found from... out about like his his location that he's in yeah, prison. Yeah, and got like that, that and the the prison thing. And also, I'm sorry, it's been so long now. I'm like, remember I really Raptor was remember the connection. Raptor was involved with that, but yeah. I don't think she would have anything with him on that phone. But I, I it must have been something where she he got some information of where Deathstroke was, what he could do, what he could use, and and used it. It's fine. But he says, you know, I got my nation back. I want to give you a little present. And he gives her, and he, she opens it up, and it's like, oh, I destroyed my costume and the Ravager with it because she was the Ravager. And that's where I like this, where Red Lion says, don't be the Ravager then. Be the Rose. And yeah. you go back to the when her and Batman were driving around when, before she did destroy that costume. And, and I, he even said, listen, I'm not Batman. That's what people call me. I go with it for obvious reasons. That's what they got. But you, you can be what you want to be. And, she and it's the whole thing too, that. is where like you know, Deathstroke is just wants her to make a choice, whether it is the Rose or it is Ravager. Yeah. He just wants her to make a choice, and everybody wants her to as well. Yeah, yeah, they want her to do whatever. It doesn't mean that she has to be bad. And then you get no. the whole thing. Do you what? You want me to be a villain with my dad? And that's where I was waiting for See, Will, Red, Red Wilhelm philosophy. <laughs> We're the Will Williams, but he yeah. says, no, no, there's no good or bad. You just yeah. you got to do what it has you got to do. Same philosophy as Deathstroke. There's no yeah. heroes. There's no same villains. thing. People just and, do stuff. And really, at the end, the thing that ends up going is Deathstroke, like you said, you were alluding to it. What Deathstroke just wants her to do is something. And it's basically like any dad who wants their kids to get off the fucking couch and do something. Now, he's a fucked up dad. You know what I mean? The the things that he might want her to do. Goes about things the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. But he just wants her to to find her way in life. And it looks like, you know, she has the the suit there, which is pretty kick-ass. But then you go back and I mean, this is very – modified it for yeah, yeah, and this is very quick, you know, rapid fire here where you're going and wrapping up a bunch of things because then – and not even just wrapping up things. You're actually leaving a lot of things open, more questions and more things that I'm really interested in. I want to see what Rose does. You know what I mean? I want to see, you know, Etienne and who killed her and things like I wanna that. I want to see what happened to fucking Dr. Icon. Well, that's where you get next because if there's the red skull, he looks like the white skull now because you only get a little bit. It's almost like you – But his hand I is gigantic. Yeah. I would have loved at one point, though, where he would have been there and, like, mirror. (laughs) He smashes it. From the small bits that we see, it appears that he has somehow become, like, a Solomon Grundy-esque monster. he does look like it. And basically, it's and again, it's a little hocus pocus the way that uh, uh, Doctor Villain, yeah, a uh, lot of Wilhelm says it because he wants to know what happened. What did you do to me? And the funny thing is, like you said, he's humongous. He has this huge hand, and freaking the doctor, he does not seem scared upset at, all. at all. He's laughing pretty much, and it's like the "What have you done to me?" And he's like, he tells him, "This is what I did. I infected you with a virus synthesized from Deathstroke and Jericho's DNA. Your body's immune system mutated to combat that virus, thus creating an ad hoc healing factor, which he says, which has saved your life." Really, he kind of brought him back to life. You know, yeah. he's going, but yeah, he has not come back normal. He has come back fucked up, and he is pissed. Uh, but he, the doctor, did what he had to do. Doctor Villain Eric did what he Villian. had to do. Him, but uh, yeah. Well, then they go, and this is the weirdest part. The Sometimes weirdest part Jim, to me here. Dead, dead is, is better. I, I know, and it might be here, but he looks like a giant uh, white skull. Uh, but you don't get enough. So there, you want to know? Oh my God, what does he look like or whatnot? Then they're going Deathstroke again, fully blind. He's walking with a stick there, his cane. And uh, uh, Doctor, uh, or I mean, Wintergreen gets a call, and Wintergreen actually gets a call 
from the AI of the icon suit that has that his voice. Like Wintergreen. And this is the weirdest part where it's calling him and saying, hey, what's going on? He's like, you know, what's, what are you doing? Why do you have my voice? And he says, Dr. Icon believed Deathstroke needed a conscious and that you represent his moral center. And that's where he says, not anymore. And Deathstroke's like, ah, fuck this nonsense. Let's go. And this is where Wintergreen's like, listen, your daughter believes you were trying to kill her. You've been sleeping with your son's fiance. You adopted a teenage girl and you break her heart. I'm it's like, shit, it's like yeah, basically like you are a piece of shit. And he goes, oh, and yeah, you're also so blind you fucking asshole and he says where does it end and deathstroke's like well, why does it have to, to? Yeah. and who says and he's like i do not even you can escape your consequences forever and it does come to play then where he says you know you're losing everything and everyone you got to start making the right decisions and get my voice off that bloody contraction <laughs> uh, you know and the thing is this is where i think me and repairman jack were thinking it is uh wintergreen no, because right it's just like basically like this has to end this is the start of it ending this etn nonsense has to end and here we go i don't think that's the case i think that you are fully right because of what happens later when he even thinks back at when jericho's you know was sliced his and when, when sliced. grant was attacked by the yeah, bear in the yeah. woods and shit and like i do think that goes and then this just keeps going you're going to catch up to where they were at the wedding and the big fight happens because then you go where uh deathstroke went to uh talk and say to elise's that, mother to, who was yeah, richard Yep, to Richard's deal about, hey, he's going to live. You know, I'm going to do this. Now, this pulls back a little more because we didn't really know that Richard was in the room no, at that no point. Idea. So he was just right there. And he says, you know what? Don't thank me or do anything because he will try to kill me at one point and I will kill him. So, yeah. you know, he's just a dead man walking around. And then that's when Richard Louise is like, hey, that makes two of us. I'm like, just shut up and just go. God damn it. Just, go live just your don't life. Go. Yes, just forget about this. Y- your poor mother's there. She's sick. Yeah, she at least in a wheelchair. wheelchair and, you know, just help her and don't do nonsense, you stupid kid. But yeah, you go then to Etienne confronting Jericho about having an affair with Doctor Icon, and that's, that's the thing what is she we says. do jump around a lot, and I usually hate yeah. that in this book. But since it's the stuff like we're just like kind of we, yeah, recapping a little bit things here and, and recapping yeah. up to where we up to speed to where we are yep. right now with the wedding going down. I'm like, yeah. this is a decent progression because yeah, I it's like just it. showing me stuff I have seen, which I usually don't like either, but. It is working well. But here's the thing. That's the thing where when he's jumping back and forth and going through this whole progression of time thing, while when he does show you a scene that you already know, like this is where Etienne, and it also gets you a firm feeling of where you're going. You know what I mean? All of a sudden there's Etienne saying, you know what? I'm glad, you know, you're fucking around with Dr. Icon. I'm glad that I fucked your dad. So then you're like, okay, yeah. And he's like, what? And he is pissed. And then then you see the little bit where she is dead. Again, we don't, that's the morning of, the morning of the wedding day. She had the dress on. She is dead. She's fully dead. Everybody's gathered in the in the church. You have Rose there. You have Adeline. You have uh, Barry, who I like. Barry's a Slade heavyweight. Barry. He's just sitting there. I love their interaction. It's so good. It's so good. Barry and Slade. But yeah, uh, Rose is there and just says, you know, I'm only here because Wintergreen vouched for you. He said you weren't really trying to kill me. (laughs) Deathstroke's like, have you been drinking? She's like, yup, wait for the reception. And then they go through the whole thing. She's like, listen, why did you hire that Hmong family to lie to me? And he says, no, I wanted you to learn about your heritage. That was the way to do it. And then she just says, are you saying you love me? Just say it. Could you at least just say it? And maybe he would have. 
That's and when Jericho, Jericho shows up. And Jericho shows up. And I love this progression too. He turns into the priest. He he possesses the priest to be the guy. The priest runs over to Adeline, who should not have a gun, but you know she does. Grabs the gun out and try and and basically shoots fucking Deathstroke in the face. And yeah. then he has the suit. He goes and it's battle royale. And you're back to where you had at the beginning. You have this. I truck was really worried at first. I really thought he shot out his good eye. Yeah, I did too. But yeah, he sh- I, I he don't shot know him. exactly how he shot him here. Did it just skim? Yeah, off I the don't top know. I don't know because he does react and tries to get away. I would think that he got it and it just deflected. But yeah, he's going now, and they're at full out attack. And you have the whole thing where a lot of good setup before. We already know that the icon suit. Uh, has an encryption for lockout so that nobody right. can control it because it was controlled before. So he made this thing. It was made so that nobody can take it over. Jericho immediately is trying to take it over. Now, as this fight's going on, you go, go back and forth between the fight and the past with uh, uh, the uh, kids where yeah, Jericho Slade was a kid slave and, like that and back his in kids. The day. Yes, Grant and Jericho. When We saw this at the very, very beginning when the bear attacked Grant, all this stuff. And Grant's there and he's like, I hope you get shot, you fucking piece of shit and goes off and that's where Slade's just like let him go and then you're, you have the fight more and it's basically Jericho just going to town he says hey, and so Slade letting me. him yeah and really the whole time Slade's just letting him and you, you wonder is this the Rocky where he's doing but you end up no, no, no it's, it's not he just he doesn't want to fight son. back even like the, yeah. the icon AI is saying why aren't you fighting back yeah. Fucking do yeah. something. it says why aren't you fighting back and basically knows how Deathstroke could kill Jericho. He has yeah. it set or at least up shut here. Down the power where source he could the shut him up. Yeah, he even says at one point though, it would cause pretty much. It seems like it would cause a goddamn you know fucking mass destruction if he does what he's supposed to do. But you go in and then you see where Jericho earlier as a kid got his throat sliced, and it's a replay of the scene that we got at the beginning of the series where Adeline's there and yelling, "You murdered him!" You pee. Now you go and it turns around. And you see that Slade's crying. He does not want this to happen. And it is a, like that extra step of like, you know what? He's fucked up, but he does love his kids. He just doesn't know how to do it. He just doesn't. And right. they're going. And that's where basically even Jericho's like, fight back, damn you. And the suit's asking, why aren't you fighting back? And they, they said that not only is he not fighting back, he shuts down his armor. He shuts down everything to allow Jericho pretty much to knock him the fuck out. Well, as he's about to, Jericho looks like he's going to kill Deathstroke. Freaking, in the meantime, Rose has gotten on that freaking icon suit and grabs him like, no. And Jericho turns around and punches her, and she is bleeding, fully bleeding, knocked out. And I think that is basically why he stops. I do think that. What the hell did I do? Yeah, I do think that when he's like, oh my God, because he is like almost like a born identity. Oh my God, he's like dropping the (laughs) gun. He is bleeding, but I do think that it's him hitting Rose and knocking her out like that. If not for that, I I have a feeling. Just covered in his yeah, he's just covered blood. in it, and I do think that he would have killed Deathstroke if if Rose wouldn't have stepped in. Oh, definitely. Uh, but it ends there, and again, the big thing you want to know is who killed Etienne. You, you are not any bit closer to that. Obviously, Jericho thinks it was Deathstroke, and right. it really, Deathstroke's talking like, I'm going to let dance with her, let her dance for me until I'm done with her, and I'm going to slit her throat. And then it happens, and like, so is that, you get the idea, ooh, is it Amanda Waller who's doing it because she has him saying that, and this is the way to kind of, you know. That or just you know, FDN's been compromised and yeah, not well, calling orders Yeah, well, the thing anymore. is, 
it would be weird if it is Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad only because they were just introduced yeah. in this issue. That seems to be just an introduction so we know who Etienne worked for to add another list to the many, Suspect, yeah. many subs- suspects. But I really like this issue. I really – I ended up rating it a little less – only because we didn't get any answers, that I thought we were going to get some answers at the end of an arc leading into a crossover. We really got a lot more questions. But oh, yeah. unlike a lot of other books like this, I really like all the questions. And it, it goes well with the long, slow burn story that it's setting up and all they these tied things. up a lot of stuff in this It did. It tied up a lot like, of uh, things. connections that we never saw earlier. Yeah. And really, the stuff going forward that I want to know about, what is, what's up with Isherwood? You know, he's a freak. Uh, you know, the stuff about Grant, the stuff who killed Etienne. It's it's really the big things that I want to see. I also want to see Rose. You know, what is she going to do? How is she going to react to this and all of that? So I gave it an 8 out of 10. I actually think I went a little low. I probably should have went like an 8.5. I'm giving uh, an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I should have went 8.5. I liked the art a lot. It was just when I was reading it, just the fact that we didn't find out who killed Etienne. Again, going into a crossover, a big crossover, and them saying pretty much all will be revealed in Titans got me a little angry. because <laughs> uh, You know, it says the truth revealed doesn't mean that we're going to get what we think we're going to get. But if we do, it's just shitty for people who – really, actually – I won't say it's shitty for the people reading Deathstroke because hopefully the people reading Deathstroke are interested to go to the Lazarus contract. And it's going to be weird for the people who have only read Titans. And they're right. like, okay, I'm going to pick Titans up. The next Deathstroke I'll pick up or whatever. And all of a sudden in Titans, it's all about who, like, who's this Etienne? Why do I care? But I think it's going to tie in because who knows? The Lazarus part, maybe that's also Jericho trying to bring back Etienne. You know what I mean? That I'm we just don't saying, don't know. go to Dr. Villain for this shit. Yeah, really. He's going to turn you into a fucking freak. But even that, you have Jericho going to town where his bride-to-be is dead while his lover is back but as a freak. So who knows what's going to go on? I'm telling you, Jericho Jericho only likes the pretty people. He's not going to go for that freak. Fuck that. It's going to be one of those, I knew a man who played God once once and he's gonna run he's gonna get the fuck out but yeah for the podcast i'll even go up as an 8.5 and i'll tell you this is starting it's really one of my favorite books mine as and well that's so fucked I, up I found myself, it is. it's crazy to me that i look forward to reading this yeah, every time it comes out i do too and it's just odd for how irritated we were at points but he we here's the deal this is why us having a site and a podcast does pay off for us sometimes. It's not all the time, but it pays off because we have to keep reading and talking about them. We're forced to continue, and sometimes things are set up, and then they come, and it really pays off at the end. So it ends up with, God damn it, I'm glad that we have a site and a podcast that we force ourselves in. Now you get the Justice League, and nothing's paying off there, yeah, and yeah. eventually, but when we end up where we have, say, Tom Taylor does take over Justice League, yeah, we were in the shit, Eric. We can sit there and tell people how great the new Justice League is. You while kids have all it easy the, these days. All the Back rest of the time, people Brian bail. Yeah, yeah then, even then, weeks. there'll be people who are like, oh, man, this is going to be the first Justice League I read in a year. Like, I wish I was you. Seriously. I've been reading it every goddamn two weeks. It's killing me. But uh, we're going to go on to the next book, which is another one. Like, here again, if this book wasn't canceled later and somebody else jumped on it became really good, we can say, you know what? We were there when it sucked because, boy, it is I not was there good. when it sucked in the DCYU <sighs> as well. We've been there. This, they really – it is Cyborg, I'll just say. But, but Cyborg is a book where I just – Nobody seems to be able to get a grip on what they want to do with them, and it ends up as nothing. I mean, there's so much you can do with man versus machine. 
and to go from there, I just wish that somebody, like say a Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker's a guy who likes to write funny little wacky adventures. Maybe that's what Cyborg needs a little of that. A little bit of having some fun, having him do things. Have a team up like it's a shame that Shazam is nowhere to be found because you could have that team up with him and Shazam would be cool. Uh, Just just have some fun. But uh, this book isn't fun. It's nonsense. Tell me about it, Eric. Cyborg number 12, written by John Semper Jr. with art by Will Conrad, Cliff Richards, Ivan Nunes, and Rob Lee. Victor Stone makes his way back to Detroit after video game after his video game jaunt in the pre- previous issue, but the problem is, it's six months later. Instead of going after Anonymous, though, Vic takes it. Uh, Vic takes in a lecture at a local college because he believes that some higher power wants him to. Then he goes to an underground concert to find Exy because in that six months, Exy's become a goddamn famous rapper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This draws out Anomaly's monsters that Cyborg easily beats because Dr. Sarah Charles remotely sends our hero the way to destroy them. I have no idea what happened to this series. Yeah. It's terrible. It's really bad. And the whole thing you have, what? That is Silas, right? At the beginning, that bloated fucking. No, no, that's Rizzo Radima. Okay. I didn't even, that's the thing. I didn't even know. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Now I see what he's saying, but he's just talking in this shit with the OTEC cells and all that. I actually thought he was experimenting on Silas and making him bloated. I was like, what is going on? But yeah, through the whole thing, he's doing this OTEC cells and he's turning Radima into eventually we see that he's like a a goddamn rat monster deal but the whole thing with me that goes is the this goddamn boom tube shit where well, it even looks before like before we get to the boom tube this this whole thing with rizzo radima is a big problem i have because uh, like before we had that video game issue last one it turned out to be like an anomaly is built off this otak cells this is how he originally came into life and how uh, dr silas stone uh, created him He's going to yeah. use these things for Rizzo to be able to take control of the rats and like be able to see through them, mentally control them. And now the cyborg's gone missing. He's using them on Rizzo Radamon because he's like, oh, I can use these to create the cybernetic, like, you know, friggin' uh, race that I've wanted this entire time. Like, th- this has been you the entire time. Why was yeah. this not your go to fucking move right from yeah. the goddamn get go? This yeah. is all you are. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. And it's but just, then we it's... go to the boom tubes. Yeah, the boom tubes. Even before, I laugh because they're really trying to make him look like Cyborg. Or not Cyborg, like fucking Brainiac, too. In that one panel, like, this is just nonsense. But then you go to the boom tubes, and the thing is, you have this whole thing where he's like, I can't trust the boom tubes, but I think they're sending me places I need to be. And I'm like... This is fucking terrible. And well, he I don't up, even know where Cyborg is right now. I know. He's floating through the ether. I'm telling you, the ether, it looks like he's at a goddamn Grateful Dead concert. You know, this shit's all fucking psychedelic, but it's it's not interesting. I, I don't really care. And he comes out then. And he's going to look like boom tubes. But and he's, he's uh, yeah. And the whole thing is he's even going like, I don't know, you know, six months have passed. What the hell? But I guess it knows what it's doing. <laughs> What are you talking about? He ends up using thing- the power to look normal and goes into this speaker who's having this thing. And I, I it's okay because it's well, talking. The, the only thing I could figure out with this whole higher power thing that we're getting out of nowhere where he believes that there there is some higher power that is guiding him to these places he needs to go. Kind of like, you know, Dr. Sam Beckett and fucking Quantum yeah, Leap. Yeah, yeah, Something along these lines. And the only thing I can really think that is going on through like when um, Anomaly infected him previously. We've seen like over the past like two issues – that Anomaly has this thing that's talking to him. That just came out of nowhere. Yeah, Remember, this yeah, yeah. voice has been talking to him. And I'm thinking it's also talking to Cyborg where this, yeah, there's also some kind doing of this, AI maybe. that's like, you know, that's telling, uh, I want to keep calling him OTAC now, but yeah. Anomaly what to do. 
but it's also fucking guiding cyborg. Yeah. I, I have no idea what this thing is because it's out of nowhere. It might be even fucking variant doing this uh, goddamn shit. The weird shit thing about it is because of what happens at the end, I'm just hoping that it's not that it's Sarah. Because at the end, she does end up helping him and giving him yeah. info. If it's I'll be like, this is bullshit. Because, yeah, I'd actually say it is variant. Or another th- that is a little bit interesting to see what's going on there. But it's not set up. So you have no, no idea. It's just him. Basically, when he's saying it. I'm just like, God damn it, Cyborg, pull it together. Fucking find out what's going on. You know, do some diagnostics like you do. You know, all this is happening, but it leads them into a uh, talk lecture, about yeah. genetics, nanotechnology, robotics. You know, they're this, having this, this whole thing with this, the singularity. The singularity yeah. and Which this, is essentially Cyborg. Yeah, basically. And he says, I guess I'm the singularity. I guess that's what uh, it was meant to be. That's why I had to go there. And he comes out. But you, you don't get anything that's pushing the book no. forward to me. You just have – now eventually have- maybe – He'll go talk to this speaker. Of this fucking talk, and I'm like, this yeah. does nothing for the book. No, so, and I'll, I'll say, though, I do like the art in this issue. But no, I like besides the art as well. that, yeah, especially like the guy who's doing the talk, really good. I mean, the, the art's really good, but he goes out. He's been gone for six months. He goes and he sees that on, uh, you know, on the side of a Poster. bus stop yeah. thing, there's posters of Exy, who's DJ Exy Lentz. And he is a, a fucking rapper now and stuff like this. And again, this is only six months. And it goes back and forth. And this is nitpicking. But it goes back and forth for him being this underground guy. But then he has tr- millions of fu- – you know what I'm telling? It, it just – it's trying to push that Exy is ultra popular but not so much. Like you know what I mean? It pushes back. And he, he's become a social media phenomenon and he's got posters on a bus stop deal so he is a bigger deal and all these people are all excited about him but his whole deal is just x he was supposed to lay low when yeah. cyborg left he did he ended up becoming now the thing what is what happened to black narcissus i don't know and the other thing is it's not like he used tech to do what he's doing so i understand that he's just he just became a rapper or whatever no, no, he, it's, did. He, he has a kick-ass laser light show well then yeah yeah, that, that's doing it. But really, he's he seems to be like he he is no Migos here. This is no bad and bougie. He has the song "Cyborg and Me," and it is the worst <laughs> fucking song I've ever heard of in my goddamn life. Now this is a problem where when anytime you have a song, like even when the Black Canary book, and you have the song, you never it never comes off well when you have Tell the song me who just these printed. Who's gonna keep you oh, free? It's so Cyborg bad. And me. It's Cyborg so and me. bad. Uh, oh my I'm looking at it and it's just like and you're in danger and the heat is on don't call the cops they just do you wrong yeah, cyborg and me but like, this is the Who fucking worst a, a freaking great city cyborg and me Woo! I'm gonna do all the things with the, the nowadays rap with the yelling and the damn mama I'll just yell up cyborg it's fucking nonsense and then hey, cyborg Robin gonna come to your D Woo! Oh, and that's the other one. I'm reading it. I'm like, why Why is anybody? Why would Batman and Robin come to your D? I know he means Detroit, but I, I only think of the D, Eric. I don't want Batman and Robin on my D. In the meantime, you have a rat there. There's the tie-in. It's doing, and it uses facial recognition and sees fucking cyborg. So the, 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 the problem is is that Exy is a little too out and about, but Cyborg shouldn't be there anyway. The so if Cyborg just would have gone after Anomaly. Nothing would yeah. have happened at this concert. Because or just wait later. And he has been watching XE this entire time in case Cyborg would show yeah. up. Yep. Yeah. So he's been waiting. There's fucking XE. It's fucking nonsense. He's got people now. It's only six months. 
When did he he had time to record this, put it on YouTube, and now he's a fucking goddamn sensation? He's no chance the rapper, Eric. There's no way with the cyborg and me. And the best part of it is he ends up taking a break. He's like, I, I'll be back. I'll be right. He goes, I'll be right back after a short break. Detroit, keep it real. Boop boop. And he goes backstage, (laughs) and that's where Cyber comes. He goes, I told you to fucking lay low. What the fuck's going on? He's like, man, you left me out here. This is only on. He goes, I only rap in the underground music scene. Nah, you kind of pushed it a little more there, John Semper Jr. He's a little more than just the underground deal. But the best is all over the interwebs. When he comes back on stage. It's the same fucking song. What is this? A goddamn rock opera? Is this the free bird of rap? Because now he's playing basically Cyborg and Me again. The freaking laser light show going on. He only knows. He only knows one song. He he has one song. Who is coming to see one goddamn song? I want to know who fucking takes a break after one song. After one song, and obviously it wasn't even done. So he goes out and he's there. How did Cyborg get backstage? I don't know. You can't stop Cyborg. He goes to get backstage. He gets backstage. Basically, he blew three of the fucking bouncers. Is what what you, what I hear. But I've been he, backstage. yeah, I don't know the, how the, yeah, yeah. There is a uh, there's freaking Xy wrapping it up again. We blasted the robots that were gonna attack. They tried to mess us. We blasted them back. All right, oh, there there's a fucking bit. Well, yeah, <laughs> Mama. He he has there, and it's the light show of when he was on Cyborg's back. And I'm telling you, right there. Not a real great look for Xy. I don't know what you could think. I'm watching the film. Like, are, are they? Are they more street cred like, than riding on the back cyborg, of a robot? Man. Um, cyborg and me. Uh, does this mean they're gay lovers? Because they certainly look like they look like they're playing leapfrog. Cool. They're playing. It is. But I'm saying, what is what is the deal? It's very convenient. But they're fighting these monsters. Fucking nonsense. <laughs> Fucking nonsense. And he's like, God damn it! That's what he did. That son of a bitch taped us and made the footage into a digital light show. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. Uh, but yeah, and then, then they're the attacked. Fucking, the monster Haxon shows up that yeah. they were fighting previously. Yeah, and so you know. The crap, yeah. This is a great oh, show. That's what I'm saying. You know for a fact that when this happens, they're going with the, man, this shit's real. You have some stoned-ass guy in the, man, this is real good 3D as he gets his head cut off. Really, when if I'm at a show, and I don't care what you think, when somebody comes in, it looks like the drummer is dead, Eric. That drum kit is completely destroyed. The drummer is gone. He's dead. I'd be like, okay, show's over. I'm, the, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, I've had enough of this. But that's where Cyborg turns into Cyborg. He, well, he goes, as we, as we all saw in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, when Vanilla Ice was rapping, you can quick come up with a song to depict mutant ninja turtles fighting goddamn oh, other yeah, mutants. Yeah, and you just start doing it, and that's yeah. kind of what go it ninja, does have that ninja, vibe. Go, it has go. that vibe to it, though, doesn't it? And, uh, Cyborg comes up, and everybody, like you said, everybody's like, oh, man, this is awesome. This is great. Cyborg, yeah. yeah, but they're fighting, and then they get attacked by Radama, who's now a rat kind rat of uh, he's rat attack he's a rat cyborg hybrid thing and this is where one of my biggest problems of the whole week i had because really Radama, y- you have two people to blame for this and one isn't cyborg you and goddamn and I, th- that's who you blame you know no, no, don't I'm blame cyborg you, at the end of this issue i blame cyborg as well because well, as, yeah, he as, turns him into fucking nonsense. He pretty as much. As Rat Attack is talking, like he has cyber. He's like, I'm like, they turn, all I want to be is human again. I'm blaming you for this. I don't want to be this monster. I got to yeah. kill you. Maybe like Anomaly will turn me back then. And when he gets this fucking information downloaded into his system by Sarah Charles and use and like re 
reprograms the Otek armor or the the fucking nanobots and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. He turns Rizzo Radaba into a fucking pile of sludge. Like, yeah, you it's like a goo. human again, motherfucker. Yeah, that's what's weird. That and even it's weird because it almost spells out that's what he's going to do. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna turn you into something that's a little bit, you know, uh, easier to take care of. I'm like, no, that doesn't look like it. He says telling them to mutate you into something different. No, you you pretty much melded him into a bunch of goo, yeah. and it's it's horrendous. And I again, I don't blame Cyborg for doing that. He is getting attacked, but yeah, at the beginning That's though, Radama Radama should have been just like, you know what? I'm gonna take a U-turn and go back to who really did this to me. Hey, Cyborg, you want to come with me? I know where he is. We can do this, and maybe you can help me out you in can't the long go run. Anomaly because Anomaly could have done the same thing to him. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It, now you go and you're going to go fight Cyborg. He doesn't. What does Anomaly have over? Now he has. He promised me to do this. You should know he's not going to fucking I round just know he this. turned me into a giant rap Cyborg monster. I don't want to be this, so maybe if I do what he wants, he'll turn me back. Yeah, you, you know better. Eric, you know Look, better. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm a giant rat cyborg monster. Yeah. I don't have a lot of options. Well, and I need to but, do what I can. But here's the thing. All of this happens, and he does. He gets help from Sarah, and they do get rid of Ranima. He's just standing in the crowd out of nowhere, and then disappears yeah, like yeah. fucking Batman. Yep, they get rid of Ranima, but then... Apparently she's the, had to the, go on the underground since fucking well, you know, yeah. Cyborg's been gone for six uh, yeah, months. Yeah, she's out. But the biggest problem of the issues then solved, and I'm glad that it is settled, because while this was going on, Exy has this... I don't know, groupie girl uh, who goes backstage and gives them uh, back rubs and more. Somebody whose partner's a cyborg. Yeah. So the problem is, is that she doesn't really think that cyborg is his buddy. So the cyborg and me, that's nonsense. Are you trying to tell me the song is bullshit? Actually, she doesn't want to know any parts of him anymore. So what happens at the end? Cyborg then says, "Listen, we are buddies. You know that that's for real." And then the girl, and then the girl, yeah. Basically, that's the big ending. (laughs) That Cyborg says, "You know what? Xy is my boy." And she's like, "Ooh, somebody go get their dick sucked tonight." Ooh, (laughs) and I'm like, "That's how you're ending. You have a guy, whether he's radical or not. He is." goop on the street and you're walking away to make sure xy gets late that's all that you end with it's goddamn nonsense it's complete and utter nonsense and they go they even they have a fist bump at one point and i'm like (sighs) i can't take it i can't take this book though this issue is almost to the point of a it's here's the problem it's not fun enough to be innocenti fun we it's getting there this rapping bit is getting so ridiculous and exy and things. So it's close. It's very, very close where I can start having fun reading and talking about it because of how goofy it is. The problem is you throw in the singularity thing. You throw in all this boom tip stuff. That's not fun. So it, I'm Higher conflicted. Power, I need more of the goofy fun. Get Innocenti on this book and I'll fucking love it. Uh, it'll still be what I'd give it, which uh, what did you give it? Fuck you, five. I did like yeah. the art in this book, but I cannot deal with the nonsense that John Simper Jr. keeps giving us every goddamn issue now. Yep. Because we've gone so far away from where we started this issue, and we're still dealing with the same story from the beginning of the series. It is fucking nonsense, and I hate reading it every goddamn time it comes out. Even though the art is decent, the art is depicting fucking nonsense. Yeah. Five out of ten. Fuck yeah, you, I five. give it a fuck you, five as well. Uh, we are in agreement there. Because the, the art is good enough. That it's not like a three, and honestly, but the best it's all part nonsense. Too, me giving this a five out of ten, this this issue did not fuck me like it nope. did last time, where nope. people were giving the last issue like threes and twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the art this, was good enough. P 
people have bailed on this book anyway, and this is the one. This has to be the first book that's outright and rebirth book canceled, right? It so has cool. to be. It's so bad. Yeah, making this once a month and raising the price to three ninety nine. It's no, not going to convince so. anybody to jump on this book. I mean, Sabo I don't. Me. I. If, <laughs> Who you gonna go when you go to the D? Sabog and me! Sabog and me! Mama! It's so ridiculous. Great. I wish I had a bit, a fucking beat gum. But what is your book of the week, Eric? Is it My Cyborg and me? Cyborg and me. Cyborg and me. It is me and your book can have the same. That is mine as well. Even though I, I probably went a little higher, I think, on Injustice. But uh, the book of the week is Superman to me. That was the best. Uh, but you want to hear what is going on. I actually thought that this week we would start the book of the week and the stinker of the week. And I was thinking about this. I was half asleep. And you get these crazy ideas. And I was thinking the stinker of the week. But if we did do that, mine's Justice League. But uh, I think I like that a little. Even though it was a fuck you five worse than a 4.5 for you. Okay. So you go cyborg as the stinker of the week. I do. Oh, I'm such a little stinker. Could you oh. say that? Can you say that for me, Aaron? Say um, it for me. Um, uh, uh, I got to figure out how to say it now. Oh, you son of a bitch. Aren't Here's I a stinker? A, ain't I a stinker? Here know, are what we're going to talk about next week with a little change, Eric. There's going to be a little round, oh, a yes, little right. uh, review change here that I want to tell people about. But the first book that we're going to talk about, uh, Action Comics 979. I'm looking forward to that. See how the Superman Revenge Squad, uh, what they're up to, Eric. Are they going to be rapping? Superman and me. Superman and me. Then you I'll have All-Star Batman number 10, and that's the one. I'm going to start reviewing that uh, because I have liked it a little more than you have, and it's the start of a new arc it's the start of a new arc with Raphael albuquerque jumping in on art which i always love uh Raphael albuquerque and it's a new story that is a alfred centric story we also have batgirl and birds of prey number 10 you always look forward to that Aaron. detective comics 956 which ends the whole league of shadows deal and again i do want to point out it does seem to spoil a bit of the ending of the button, the flash issue that was delayed. Let me hold there, off on that. There until is after the something comes that out. is said in this issue. I'm telling you, it's going to get out and about anyway, but I just want to warn you that if you really, really want to wait, you may have to wait. But uh, well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Gotham Academy second semester number nine. I think there's a couple more of those. Thank God we'll be done talking about that. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 20. We also have Justice League of America number six, Eric. Thank God. Thank God that book's coming out, right? You love it. New Superman number 11. Red Hood and the Outlaws number 10, which, which continues the now. Artemis story, and that's what I traded you. I gave you Red Hood and the Outlaws, and I got All-Star Batman. And I do think that you have enjoyed Red Hood and the Outlaws. While I, I still think it's one Robert. of the best, I still think it's one of the best books in Rebirth. I've just been getting a little tired. It's kind of getting a little stale for me. So you're gonna have that. People are probably like, "What a dick!" Yeah, Suicide Squad number seventeen. Yeah, Supergirl number nine, Eric. Supergirl, we got that's coming out, right? Yeah, two Steve yeah. Orlando books in one week. Superwoman number ten, Eric, and this is where I would assume. I said it last issue when we talked about it that I was really shocked that we didn't get a peek at possibly her having a goddamn costume, a, a, a suit. I would hope that we get that this week. I'm nope. not ready yet, so I'm, I'm probably going to read that tonight. I, I'm interested in that. We have Titans number 11, which will start the Lazarus contract that we're excited Ooh. about. And ending with Wonder Woman number 22, which is the uh, God, God Watch. Watch story, which is mine. 
and that would be that. And I do think just to say we were talking, uh, we wanted to try to get Reggie involved in a spotlight because we have the spotlight each week. We've never had Reggie do it. It's tough because we do it on a Thursday night when it comes out. We actually, 10 minutes before that thing hits the goddamn, you know, internet is when we were doing it. And Reggie has his rap attack. Now it's a different kind of show. It's like an eclectic mix show on Mixler. So we're going to see. And it's possible we're going to do Hal Jordan and the uh, new Superman, maybe something like that. But if not, we would also want to do maybe All-Star and Titans. You know, those two start two big things. So we'll see. We'll see how Reggie uh, is feeling, how he can do. But that is the podcast. I do want to mention, you know, on the site, we do have uh, Marvel Monday. Every Monday, uh, we have a bunch of guys doing the Marvel reviews, a bunch of people from the Get Fresh crew. On Tuesday, we have previews. Now, I did mention that last week. I do want to mention the previews are not up, say, Tuesday day. They do go up Tuesday night. Because DC does not send those preview pages until later. So if you heard me last week and I'm like, yeah, on Tuesday we have previews and you show up at noon. You're like, where the fuck are these previews? It's later on. Uh, Yes, Wednesday starting at 12 a.m. We have all of the reviews, at least the Rebirth reviews going. We have those. And then Thursday Reggie has his best covers of the week. Friday starts the whole thing. I won't even mention a top five because who knows if that's coming out or not. Okay, We might have to take that over. Uh, But on Friday – Starting late Saturday midnight, we have other company reviews. So we have a lot of Image, Dynamite, Dark Horse, stuff like Boom. that. Boom! And for the weekend, and then again, it starts up again on Sunday with the podcast. We also, on Wednesday, we have a pop culture podcast. I already mentioned on Thursday, we have the Spotlight. Spotlight. A lot of shit we do all week, Eric. A lot of stuff. And as you hear this... We also have a new episode of the New 52 Review Up of the Justice League International Volume 1. So if you're listening to this and want to check that out, it'll already be out on the feed as we speak, Eric. And the next one of those in a couple weeks maybe. I Actually, we had hinted that we may do two in a row. I don't think we're going to do it. I I was thinking today, I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's just we never get any downtime. Right now, it is almost 6 o'clock on Sunday. I still have to goddamn fucking edit this. Just our whole weekend's gone. God damn it. Where's the where's Saint Patreon, Eric? Where is he? He's gonna make me do put his my my mouth on his stuff. He is going to make he might do that. Where is he's he? Eric? Put my mouth on his oh! stuff. Oh, oh my god, he's back, Eric. It's Saint Patreon. It's funny, I wish I I wish I had the sound of you unzipping your pants. Be hilarious. But yeah, so basically go to our site, weirdsciencedccomics.com, check all our shit out there, and listen to all our podcasts, and we'll appreciate it. We love everyone, and I'm telling you, my son, uh, Rafe, and my wife love the pop culture podcast. They can't get enough of it, Eric, and they just love me yelling at you and you not understanding anything in pop culture. Yeah, <laughs> they said that anytime I mention any music, they just laugh because you're like, uh, I don't even think you're speaking real words. <laughs> uh, but they love it. But yeah, we'll start it all up then. But Eric, uh, what do we say at the end of this podcast? Everybody have a great week. Great Keep week. it weird, and Proud. we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> That's that.